Okay, now we're started. Okay, welcome to the Tim Vikeslam. This is episode 69. This is a special episode because it's 69. That's not a... Can we start over? Can we do another restart? Can we start over? So I'm I'm a perfectionist. I've, I've been putting way too much thought into this thing, man. And that's a stupid idea because nobody is going to care about the... My mouth is fucking... Remember how I said I'm going to do a restart? Keep it all in. This will be the episode. I want to show how frantic. I want to show the the bad parts at the very at the very beginning where it gave it. All right, let's start over. Let's start over. Jesus Christ. Okay, welcome to the Tim Fikesbaum show. This is episode sixty nine. Let's hold it together. You've done this sixty nine times. This is the sixty ninth. It's a very special episode. I'm putting on a fucking facade of care. I'm doing a character that's called being normal because it took like five tries. It's hard, man. Just talking, trying to look normal is hard when you got nothing normal to say. Every thought that's going through my mind is a crazy one, man. It's not, you know, until you say it out loud. When you say it out loud, it's like, that's not that crazy. So that's what therapy is. That's what therapy is. Now, nah, the only reason I'm so fucking nervous is because um, I haven't practiced. I haven't talked to anybody this whole fucking week since last Tuesday or some shit. It's Monday? Yeah, so the last time I did anything even close to socializing or interacting with another human was like a whole week ago almost. Who gives a f- It was a long time ago. Enough for me to like forget how to do it. I forgot how to do that. I live a very isolated life. My my voice is hoarse. Why is my voice? Oh, because I was singing. Yeah, because I was singing. I was singing earlier to warm up my voice for this. It did the opposite. It degraded my voice. It actually did the opposite. Get the joke? Fucking hilarious. It did the opposite. I was like, hey, you should sing a couple songs to make your voice warmed up. It didn't help at all with the talking part. The talking part is way harder than the singing part. I could sing. It's too hot. In here. I knew it would be too hot in here before I started this stupid thing. I knew I'd be like, you're probably going to complain that it's hot. And like, and I'm wearing this stupid sweatshirt. I like this sweatshirt. I like how it looks. I was like, do I really want to wear this stupid sweatshirt? Do I really feel the way this sweatshirt represents? It's like, yeah, I do now feel the way this sweatshirt I feel this sweatshirt the way it represents. It's a good fucking high quality. So anyway, I am a perfectionist. And also, that's why it took me so many tries to get this shit. I'm always overanalyzing. Fuck that. Even right there, I'm overanalyzing. Because I was like, is that overanalyzing to say that you're overanalyzing? I th- I'm No, it's not. It's just the correct amount of analysis. I'm correct. I'm doing the correct amount of analysis. Perfectionism is a fucking label that people put onto somebody that's like taking too long. It's like, what are you taking forever to set up the lens or the camera and the lighting? Why do you have to care if it's like the specific percentage of red? Oh, you have to turn it down one percentage point of blue? Yeah, because I'm going for a look. I'm going for a timeless look that will be nostalgic, that will invoke a certain emotion for the people watching at home. 
it may be me watching back 10 years later or even like a couple months later because that's how long it takes for me to have nostalgia for me to be like, oh, I was actually having, a, I was actually a different person. Uh, that's why I, I care about the, uh, it's, it's not overanalyzing. It's the correct amount of analyzing. Perfectionism, that's bullshit is what I'm saying. I'm angry about that. It's the people that are called perfectionists are just called that because people don't like that they take forever to do shit. It's like, well, because I'm an artist. It's because I want it to be good. I want it to be not perfect. I just want it to be what I'm going for, which is a specific look. I'll know it when I see it, and when I see it, I won't have to fucking think about it and perfect over it anymore. I won't have to be a perfectionist anymore because I'll be like, that's what I'm going for. It's a, I, it's the type of thing where you just know it when you see it. That's what being an artist is. It's taste. It doesn't take long to know what something that you like fucking looks like. You could just like glance at a, at a t-shirt, which I was doing today. I bought a bunch of cheap t-shirts because I can't afford the good shit anymore. I can't afford the good shit, which is what I'm wearing right now. Sorry to get so over animated. I guess I'm angry about a lot of shit. I didn't think I'd be this angry on this episode. I thought I was just this would be like a relaxed. Okay, so I so anyway this this t-shirt or whatever the fuck it's a sweatshirt. It's, a, it's part of a tracksuit. I have the bottoms. It is a tracksuit, uh, and it's it's nice. It's high quality material, and it uh, I think it costs like I don't know over a hundred dollars for the whole for the who cares? it's a lot. It's a lot of money. To just drop on one item of clothing, but the the benefit of that is that it's it looks good. It wouldn't. So now I'm getting angry about a new topic about fashion about how people think that is bullshit. It's not bullshit. People ascribe bullshit onto things that are not bullshit. Like perfectionism is not bullshit. It just is being an artist is what perfectionism is. It's just some people have taste and some people don't. How about that? Checkmate. I'm going to cross the T's on that fucking envelope of a thing because that's a good point is what I'm about to make. I haven't even made the point yet. The point I'm making is that some people got taste and some people don't. That's fucking why, uh, I don't know, that's one of the reasons why uh, designer clothing costs more is because, is that true? Part of it is the exclusion because it's a brand, and it's just, okay, you're just paying for the brand, just paying for the name. Now I'm, my voice is starting to quiet down because I'm actually, like, thinking about what I'm saying. Oh, maybe there's some nuance to Maybe it actually is not bullshit to just say No, well, the point I'm making is that, like, this designer piece of clothing, which is not high-end, Jesus Christ, it's not super high-end. It's high-end, or else I wouldn't be paying for wearing it jesus christ so many like different varieties of like ways to end a sentence that's why i i uh, stutter that's why i have this stutter whatever you want to call it the speaking problem is because i'm thinking about the many ways i could end the sentence i could say oh i wouldn't even wear it if it was not high end no i would wear something that's not fucking high but then again maybe not these days i pretty much only am wearing high-end clothing but I'm just talking about clothing. <laughs> For, I guess I don't even want to talk about clothing that's not... Jesus. 
So yeah, anyway, this piece of clothing that I'm still wearing and talking about, I'm okay both talking about it and wearing it. Not for much longer, because fucking... Um, so let's just land this point. Let's just take... I'm spending too much time on this point. The point I'm making is that the reason high-end clothing costs more or it's just like fashion costs more they're like the ooh that looks good like if you see a new design like gucci and it's like it like catches your eye that's one of the reasons it costs more is because it's high not just high-end high taste high art high fashion what i mean is it's good taste i don't know it's it actually looks good that's why it costs more i don't i think that's the part I'm struggling to connect the dots with is because why does it have to be the, why does it have to look, why does it have to cost more just because it looks good? Well, I think that's a stupid thought because it, of course it's going to cost more if it looks good. What a stupid thought. It's like going, it's like going back to the ancient times. It's like you see a king dressed super nice. like, is that just because it, he, who decided that that looks good first of all fuck this is getting too existent this is getting, there's too many layers to uh, all we're talking about is fashion i'm learning as i'm speaking here so and so if you see somebody that looks good in something it might just be because society decided that that looks good and you're just going by like like you're latching on to some fucking subconscious part of your brain that's like, oh, it's a suit, I get it, you know, like that's businessy. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like that guttural, that in your gut feeling of like, ooh, that's fresh. That's a fresh look. That's what I'm talking about. If for that, does that have to cost more? For me, it does. So now we're talking about specific tastes, and my specific taste is when I see something that catches my eye, it's usually something newish. That's like in style today. But there might be some retro aspects to it that make it in style today. Because, of course, fashion repeats itself. I have good taste. I'm not. Why did I even say for a second that I didn't have good... I was like, oh, now we're talking about specific taste. No, fuck you. I have good taste. I have good taste. That's why I have to care about the lighting. That's why I care about how close this stupid light is. And I like how I... Here's a thing that I just am pointing out right now. It's too bright. It's too, it's too bright. It's, it's washing out my face. I look like a ghost. I look like a pasty fucking ghost. Literally, not even... Like, scary. I look scary. And that's why... Holy fuck. I just, it's also because I'm still on mushrooms a little bit. I'm on a very good dose of, like... I'm coming down from them now, but like I'm, I was on like these. I took. Fuck. It's too close, man. See, I'm a perfectionist. Now that's better. Why was that? There's no. No, that's just. It's just me. It's just me. It's because I'm looking at it. It's because I'm looking at it for too long and I'm thinking about it and my mind is malleable. That's pretty cool. We'll get more into that later. I'm still talking about fashion. I like good expensive fashion not just because it's expensive that's the point I'm, that's why i'm getting so defensive and worked up it's not just that it's expensive that i like it that's partial that's why it's not why <laughs> see this is we're talking about deductive logic versus uh 
the other kind of logic, which I can't remember the name of, but there's deductive logic, and then there's top-down versus bottom-down logic. So the bottom-down, or bottom-up, sorry, my bad, top-down is good. Top-down good, bottom-up bad, logic-wise. The bottom-up people would take what I'm saying, but, oh, you just like it because it's expensive? Because they see the pattern. They see that that's like part of, all they see is the correlation between, okay, here's what he thinks is good clothing. All of these have this in common. They're all expensive. Okay. That's not why I like them, but yes, that's there's a correlation. So that's why, I don't know, that's, that's interesting though, because, of, you know, I could be fooled by something that's just like from a different era, from a cheap line of clothing, like from a cheaper designer, for example, like the Gap. I don't know why that, but if it's from the Gap, it wouldn't fool me because I have good taste. But I could be fooled, I'm sure, by something that's like from a thrift shop. How about that? That's what I was wanting to say this whole time is like, there's going to be people listening that go, oh, you don't have to spend hundreds of dollars. You can just go to a thrift, st- uh, thrift store. Yeah, but then it's, yeah. But that takes time and effort. I'd rather just have some designer just curate it for me and tell me that this is, so I guess I am kind of the type of person who goes by the brand. I guess I am kind of like a cult follower a little bit. Like if I see it's from a certain brand, it's built in to my brain to just go, oh, it must be good that, I don't know, that's stupid, man. That's not what I'm, I'm trying to say I'm not like that, but I'll admit I'm a little bit. If I see something that's like, oh, it's from Gucci, well, then it must be good. I don't know, that's stupid, though, but then it makes you at least open your mind. How about that? (laughs) If you know that something is from a certain artist that's good, that you already like, but you're like, what the hell is this? It, it opens your mind to be like, okay, if he made it, if he signed off, like Kanye, like if if Kanye drops a new album and, you're, and you just go, what the hell is this? But you go, okay, but it's Kanye. So come on, give it, a, maybe it'll take until like the 10th or 50th. To be honest, music is a really good example of this. Sometimes you need to be told by the you need to be to- told by an authority that it is a good song for you to actually go into it knowing that it's a good song it actually is like okay and then it all of a sudden resonates. I don't know for for me that's true but also I I don't know. It's probably not it's definitely not true. Who cares about other people? But for me like certain Kanye songs like on that album the one with the tits the one, yeah, the one about the tits. It's like, oh, yeah, that's all I remember. All I care about is tits. Like, I'm one of those, like, very dumb people, men, who can't remember things unless it's tits. But there's definitely a song about tits in that album, and I can't even remember the name of the fucking album. It's not Yeezus. It's after that. It's like after that one. It's one that I don't care about. It's, it's not like some one that I don't care about. With the uh, whatever, and it was not my favorite album, but then people go, "Oh, you got this one song on; it's really good." And I was like, "Okay." And then it's still not that 
I don't fucking know, man. I, things are popular for a reason. I th- so now we're talking about popularity versus taste. How about this? The Spotify algorithm. Spotify. It's not an algorithm. It's just. A, it's just. If you go to Spotify for any artist, it'll tell you their most popular songs. At first, Kanye, one of his most popular songs. Might as well just look it up because I'm not doing anything else interesting. I mean, I, I mean, I could always just edit. I mean, Jesus Christ, I'm such a perfectionist, man. Uh, yeah. So anyway, his most popular. Sorry, for, uh, Jesus Christ, I'm, I'm apologizing to myself. Um. No, okay, here's what I'm apologizing for. Sorry for being so frantic and not confident in what I'm doing. That's all I'm apologizing for. And the apology is part of the bad thing that you that, that turns people off. It's part of being not confident. You have to over-apologize. See, I use the word over again to denote that it's a bad thing. Or else I wouldn't have to use the word over-apologize. If you're just apologize. Okay, I already explained that concept a little earlier on and the jesus christ okay father stretch my hands is the song i was thinking and it's on life of pablo that's the album we're talking about not you know that's that album is like i didn't think it was that great but i'm coming from a different pair of eyes my i was coming from his earlier shit and now i feel like a hack for not understand, I feel like an old man for not understanding this album. But anyway, "Father Stretch My Hands" is one of his most popular songs right now, and it's a good song. It just doesn't speak to me as so. Who cares about popularity? How about this? There's merit to what songs are most popular on Spotify. I get it, but. What speak to me are probably not the most popular ones. Anyway, that was boring. Holy crap. That was boring. Jesus fucking. All right, let's start the show now. This is the start. Okay, welcome to the... This is now the start of the show. This is episode 69. The whole 19 minutes or 18 minutes. We're going to dump that. Anyway, I would recommend... I wanted to say this. Uh... Before I started this episode, um, I was like, say this in the episode. Uh, I would recommend uh, taking magical mushrooms and watching a sunrise. That's it. Who gives? What a boring thing. But it was amazing. Like, I can't, like, when you're in it, it's like, wow, this is amazing. Like, you're soaking it in. And, like, the great thing about mushrooms is, like, I've already talked about this, this is why, it's, but not really, because it's like your mind um, bending to the current moment. So the current moment is defining, that's the input. They say set and setting is, is crucial. I don't know, man. I, I guess I'm, I'm I don't, I didn't want to make this all about drugs, but like, this is not a drug. Psychedelia, psychedelics, it's a drug, but it's one that you should do. That's <laughs> like... The, Okay, I take that back. You should do more than just that drug. You should do also other drugs. I condone a lot of drugs on this. Okay, let's start the show here. Sober update. I need structure, man. Like all these topics are too vague. Like like spray tan? Okay, that's a topic. 
okay, I needed to plan out a more rigid schedule for this because now it's just off the rails. Just, But uh, we will get back to all those early. Not all of them. Some of them we're done with. We're done with some of them. Fashion. We're not done with that. <laughs> I still want to go back into that. Anyway, I don't see it on here, but I, I did want to do a... So there it is. Sober update. Okay. Fuck. So the whole point of this podcast, it's not... I mean, there is a point. I mean, I'm, I'm not expecting to for anybody to listen to it, for it to make me money. I care about it. I care about the quality of it, like the audio quality. I care about that shit for only just for my own sake. Just to be like, okay, I'm learning how to... I'm getting... I, I just want to do it a certain threshold of quality. Because if... Because then you can't blame it on the audio. If the audio quality is good and the video quality is good, then the only thing to blame it on is you for sucking. Okay, sorry. I'm being so hard on myself. Why am I being so hard? I said the word sucking like so harsh. So harsh, man. Anyway, I guess I'm just very critical-minded right now towards myself on this podcast. Because I know it's not, this is not a commercial venture. So what? I'm still doing it because I'm, uh, okay, we'll get more into that later. I can't say with a straight face what I'm about. This is a narcissistic podcast. That's what this is. It's this is label. This is what the subtopic is. The first topic is self-improvement. The second topic is how I'm still just not improving. I'm a nar- okay, I was trying to make it funny there for a second. I forgot that this is sometimes like I'm supposed to be funny. Sometimes it's not supposed to be funny. It's like pick a lane. It's hard to pick a lane when you don't want <laughs> when you don't want to. I like to just be like I like to go to different lanes. This is a serious podcast and sometimes I try to be funny. How about that? Was that so hard? Okay, first topic which I'm still tiptoeing around because I'm not sober and it's called the sober update it's like it's not very authentic to be like I'm sober I'm getting my life together while you're currently on a fucking drug (laughs) when you're currently on a fucking drug that makes you see things it's like (laughs) I'm sober man Uh here's the sober update but seriously, I am. So- <laughs> um, we'll get into why that's not funny or why that is funny. Who cares if it's funny or not? It is funny to be like what I just said, how I'm sober. But the point is, I am sober from certain things. Okay, Jesus Christ, five minutes. I guess I'm just picking this shit apart. It's like, really? You're calling yourself sober, from, but you're still doing amphetamine and uh, other shit? It's like, yeah amphetamine yeah amphetamine just makes me confident and so we'll get more into that later (laughs) and i don't give a fuck if you're prescribed shit or not i don't really go too okay you do like technically abuse would be if you're taking something that you're not prescribed if you're taking it not as you could be prescribed something and still abuse it um I'm not even abusing my... Am I? I guess if you put it in... Who cares? Even if you are abusing it a little, sometimes you need to live life a certain... Like, if you want to... If you're a perfectionist, 
Okay, so anyway, let me just get through this sober update, and then we'll get more into the off the rails, artistic part, like the more, what I call is the more like, artistic part. What I just said, I don't have to repeat. I just said this is being recorded. I don't have to repeat myself. Why do I always have to fucking? This is being recorded. We're not going to release. Okay, we are going to. Every time I said that we're not going to release something, it is going to be released. Because I like, uh, at least I like it in the first time I hear it. But this is awful. This is fucking awful. So it should be edited. It should be edited. Maybe this will be the first podcast that I edit. I've done that before, but that just made me want to stop doing it because I because there's so many points of like this sucks. <laughs> We'll get more into that later, why this sucks. We'll get more into that later. I know why this sucks. But we'll get more into that later. We got a lot to get into. I don't think this is going to be... This is going to be a long episode. This is going to be a fucking long... Because it takes me time to warm up for these things. And like I said in the earlier part of the acid trip... I have a... Yeah, I'm an introvert. I'm a... uh, a recluse. I was going out. A recluse. However you say it. I took a walk earlier, and I was afraid to like, inter, like go by somebody's house. I couldn't even make it around my own block before I was like, "Fuck this! I'm scared." I literally said that out loud. I was like, "Nope, too much for <laughs> just to walk past somebody's house that was like going to their job." Like all they were doing was like they were in like a pickup truck. Like that was way too overstimulating for me stimulating or was yeah it was overstimulated you don't have to say over i'm being a perfectionist again but like it was too stimulating for me to see somebody like standing in a pickup like he was super high up in like he was like 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 20 feet up or like at least 10 feet up i was like what the hell is this guy and i was just like i don't even want to walk i don't want to get into his like i don't want to get in his way he obviously has shit planned for today and like i don't i'm the op i'm just somebody that's like literally minding my own business i don't got no nothing to i got no business this guy does have business anyway so i turned around i was like too this is too much for me I, so but i did want to take a walk but not with other people not with like people just waking up to go to their jobs on a monday like i could feel their stress from a mile away and I didn't want to give them more stress so it was mostly me not being a douchebag to them I wasn't like a like you know I'm the nice guy in this story they probably were like what the, this guy's a weirdo he probably like I was like projecting like what does he probably think of me for just turning around well I don't I don't fucking I don't know what it looked like to him but what I thought it looked like to me was like I look like a criminal or something. But the fact is, the truth of the matter is, it was too much for me to like give somebody stress of getting in their way when all I was simply doing was passing. Isn't that fucking fucked up that I live in a neighborhood that even just walking around the block, you feel like you're bugging people? Because <laughs> you hear all these fucking alarms going off. You hear all these stupid like sensors waking up. Literally... All these lights turn on because people are worried about security. So literally, all these lights are turning on. I'm trying to have a peaceful walk and I feel like a fucking criminal 
in my own neighborhood, like, woohoo, like all these stupid security noises. Hey, we're, you're on camera. Smile. It's like, so I turned around. It's like, well, I'm going back to my fortress where I don't get judged for just taking a fucking walk. And I just, I stared at the sunrise and it was amazing. And it just was very good, high quality moment. In the moment, I was like, I was like, this is fucking amazing. Because I was already past the point of like trauma of the mushroom trip where like it comes on and you're, you're thinking about all the trauma from your childhood, not from your childhood, that you're still experiencing as an adult. Fuck childhood. Can't go back to child. No, I wasn't thinking about my childhood. I was more thinking about my last, like literally a couple days ago, how traumatic it is that I'm still going through fucking trauma. That's the thing that people don't get about childhood trauma. It's like, did something happen as a child? Yeah. And then that's why you're, you're fucked up for the rest of your life or whatever. That's why you need therapy. Yeah. But it's not like something just happened. It's that it's still happening. You're still experiencing the trauma. Because it hasn't been resolved. Those people are still, <laughs> you're still experiencing it. Uh, we'll get more into that later too, if I feel like it. That's one topic that I had written down. Okay, now I'm starting to get not as uncomfortable talking into a microphone as the very first few minutes. So let's actually cross this first official to Okay, sober update. I am sober from a couple things. How about that? Give me some credit. <laughs> Give me some fucking credit. Just because I'm still a, uh, doing other drugs, which are awesome. I stopped doing some of the self-destructive ones. All of them. I, I'm not doing any self-destructive drugs right now. So how about that? There's a way to categorize these things. I'm doing the ones that make me relive the trauma. <laughs> like the ones that make me grow as a person too. Or that make me strong enough to let the trauma not affect me in the moment. And then as soon as it... That's amphetamine. But then the mushrooms... <clears throat> okay, so we're, let's talk about the ones that are evil. The ones that are behind me. The ones that are behind me are weed and uh, alcohol. Jesus Christ, it took me so long to just mention these drugs um, that I'm not doing anymore. I made the I made the 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 hard. It is hard because I used to because those are good drugs. No, I don't know. there's there they were good. Weed is like um, there's a lot of side effects with weed. For me, there's a lot of side effects. So it wasn't good for me. Some people, it works to, to bury their trauma. For me, it it was sticky and it did. It works for burying the trauma. But that's not... I don't want to just live life like not um, affected by my trauma. I want to confront it and punch the fuck out of it. And rise above it and not be just affected by it my whole life. Like a negative... Nancy, who has to smoke weed. See, that's what most... Anyway, did I mention how long... I... Can we just get through this? Okay, sober from alcohol. That's the first one I quit for. I'm done with alcohol. Yes, I miss things about it. It's fucking fun. It's fun. That's what I miss. <laughs> 
500, 500, and I guess the reason I'm laughing is because I'm starting to like actually like miss it. Um, it's not funny. I don't know why. I don't know why the fuck I was laughing. I guess I'm laughing because I can't even get through this simple. Okay, it's just ironic that I'm talking about how I missed. Like it's just ironic to say that I'm sober when you're clearly still romanticizing these. Nah, I take that back. I've heard because I don't go, but I heard that in AA they do romanticize. <laughs> they do romanticize their drinking days. Anyway, so that's part of it. So fuck you. I am making progress. I am recovering, so I can be proud of it. Okay, now that we fought that demon, now that we buried that hatch, that deep, literally, I had to ferry, fucking fight a demon. Multiple demons. You're seeing me in real time. That's what this episode this is. What this podcast is me fighting my demons in real time to be like, can I be proud of this? Is this a good strength or a flaw? It's a strength, mother. It is a strength to be 524 days sober from alcohol. That's a big number. It's a big number, and I fucking. Uh, Am I proud of it? Yeah, I'm fucking I guess not really, but I'm I'm happy that I stuck with that. I am I am pro- fucking happy with. It. I don't want to say I'm like proud of it, but I am with the other one. So weed I'm not just I'm not not to water not to say that I wasn't an alcoholic. I was an alcoholic. Fuck you. Somebody that says I'm not an alcoholic. Fuck no, I disagree. I had a great I was it's my one of my favorite drugs. It's my favorite drug, one of them. I would even say maybe it's my favorite drug if I was like just had no, if I was like, if I had a choice between all drugs in the world and I wasn't worried about self-destruction or destruction of other people's lives. Sure, alcohol maybe because it numbs the mind maybe because it turns up and it makes you funnier. You could still be smart on whatever. It's a good drug, but um, is it my favorite? That's the question I'm asking myself. I don't fucking know. Uh, I'm just going by like if somebody gatekeeps. Oh, you're not an alcoholic. Uh, if you don't do it as much as you're not an alcoholic. It's like, yeah, but I was an because I, I liked it a lot. I think that's all it takes to be an alcoholic because if you're using it because you like it a lot to not to like. Okay, maybe not. <laughs> but anyway, 524 days sober from alcohol. I just knew that like I I liked it a lot cuz I had this feeling like in, in 10 years ago, bef- like I was like cuz it makes you nostalgic and like really enjoy life. Alcohol does. It makes you enjoy life. <laughs> it makes you enjoy a small version of like Cause that's not, is that life? Not really, man. Cause you're not sober. So this is very, this is a dark fucking, no wonder I don't like doing this. This is a dark fucking, uh, podcast. The whole podcast, not just this subject. This is a dark subject too, but this whole podcast is fucking dark. Like what is this guy doing? Just talking to himself. He cares about the lighting but then he like talks about how his his, his like his, his all his trauma. I like it. Fuck you. Sorry for I'm saying fuck you to no. I'm very I'm being very. I don't like when I curse. 
now that I have an adult voice, so this is a topic that I actually I don't care that much about it, but like I have an adult voice. I'm spending too much long setting up the topics, and then I go back into like overthinking about it. Like, fuck overthinking. You know what? I take that back. Anytime I cursed, I, I, I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking to my guns. I like saying, sometimes it's a real fuck you, and sometimes it's just, I just say the word. That's the thing. It's such an aggressive word. You really have to say it every two seconds. No. But sometimes I do want to say it because it's genuine. You, It's a genuine, but there's other ways to show genuine emotions other than saying that word. Anyway, the point I was going into is my second top subtopic of the main topic of sober, the sober update is that it's going very clearly. It's not, is it going well? If, is it going? And I'm not going to, I'm not overanalyzing. That's, I'm not overanalyzing. I'm analyzing. I'm analyzing. And I'm looking at myself. You can catch myself. Anytime I, anytime my eyes move, that's me looking at myself in the stupid camera. I don't like that I have that. Stu- I'm closing it. Because I should be looking in the lens. See? I should be talking to the lens. This is just show business 101. Who cares about what I'm talking about? I don't care if it derails a genuine thought or me discovering something. Show business is my purpose in life. That's what I love about drugs. (laughs) They tell you what your purpose in life is. Mushrooms do. Not drugs in general. Some drugs do. All the good ones tell you what your purpose in life is. Maybe heroin just tells you that it feels good to do heroin. That doesn't really help with your purpose. I think heroin just tells you that you don't want to, that your purpose in life is to not have a life. I don't know. I've never done heroin. It just makes you feel really good. But then it just makes you want to, it's just so addictive. Anyway, next, let's just get through this topic. Then we can go back to the artistic ramblings as, as I call them. I'm an artist. That's what I am. Like when I, when people ask me what I am, I'm an artist. I could end it at that. And then they go, oh, are you making money? Do you, What kind of art do you do? Do you sell art or something on Etsy or something? Like, no, bitch. No. I just yell at a camera in my house in an artistic manner that I call art. And that's where the story ends. That's where the career, that's, that's it. There's no career. It's not commercial. Sure, I put clips out sometimes and those get a couple thousand views. Whoopee! This is self-discovery. I guess I do care about that a little bit. But the more you care about just the views, the less views you're going to get unless you only care about that. That was not a real, that was did not make any sense. That was not a complete thought at all. If, but I, to me, what I'm trying to say is if you're only doing content production for views and that's it, Mr. Beast, Mr. Beast, look at his eyes when he does an interview on a podcast. Look at his eyes. Does he have souls? Does he, 
Does he have a soul behind his eyes? No. His eyes are lifeless. He's giving away money. He's getting millions of views. He's getting what he thinks he wants, which is a big number next to his stupid fake name. Look how happy he is on podcasts. Does he seem happy? No, because he's not an artist. He's just commercial. He's doing something that's soulless to get views, and that's all he cares about. I'm not talking shit about him. He seems like a nice guy, but I don't know him. Maybe not. He has no fucking personality. He's just like, here, I'll give you money because I want views. That's not a person. That's not. That's soulless. <laughs> so I am talking. Fuck it. I always try to say, oh, I'm not talking. Fuck it. I am talking shit about somebody like that. I don't know the guy. Fuck it. I am talking shit. And for all the people that's, that look up to him, I'm talking shit about them too. I'm kidding, of course. I'm, for the effect of the joke, not everybody looks up to him. Am I, I have to always like defend my jokes. I have to, not, I'm just kidding. Because there's some people that would look up to him who I would be like, I'm not talking. I, I like you. Like There's this ASMR guy, um, Joe ASMR, some shit like that. And he has like a shitload of... He's like he has a million followers or subscribers multiple millions of followers and he still looks up to Mr. Beast who isn't doing anything. All he does is give away money. And they're like, oh, look at me. It's the next viral video. Oh, I paid somebody to almost to try to kill me on an island for some reason. So it's got to be fucking islands. Yeah, I got buried alive on an island while somebody tried to snipe me from a snipe... And I paid him a $900,000 while making a bunch of McDonald's and going through a drive-thru. Okay, I'm... It's fucking shallow. It has no value. It's just what gets views, what gets people to click the stupid thumbnail. I'm deeper than that. I overanalyze shit. I don't just analyze. I overanalyze. No. I'm deeper than that, is what I'm saying. And Joe, Joe, whatever fuck his name is, why are you looking up to somebody that's doing that? Like, isn't better than you? You're somebody I. People look up to you. Like this JoJo guy, he's a master of his niche, the ASMR niche. He's a he's a master. You can't get better than him. You can't get he's top, fucking of the line, top of the line ASMR artist. And he's a dude, so that's how you know he's really good because he's a dude. Why would I be talking about, why would I be listening to another dude do ASMR if I'm straight? It's because he's really fucking good at it. I couldn't do ASMR. I wouldn't listen to my, I wouldn't listen to a straight guy like me do ASMR. Ugh. Get it, grow some tits or get out of here. That's what I say to most people in real life. So I don't really have many friends is because I go, hey, it's nice talking to you. Not really, but grow some. It's really the most mean thing you could say to another man is, hey, can you stop being a man? Hey, I don't give a fuck about what you're saying at all because you're a man. Can you grow some tits, please? And then I'll pretend to care about what you're saying because it'll give me dopamine. 
because it's like a nice because like it gives me serotonin and oxytocin and other chemicals that and dopamine mostly dopamine but other ones too serotonin mostly yeah, i think it's well who gives a fuck if you're a girl i'll actually want to be around you if you're a dude get out of here and grow some tits and then come back don't literally grow some tits maybe that'd be cool literally sure grow some tits get them implanted don't do that just to impress me don't get fake tits just to talk to me because i don't like fake tits i like women that happen to i like flat-chested women too so sorry men i'm being a dick to men right now i guess it's because i am one that i feel like i could be such a dick to men but um I'm just being honest. The reason I don't like talking to them is because they don't have tits and they're not that they're not women is what I mean by that. They don't So don't take what I'm saying literally men that want to talk to me cuz I'm talented er than you. Like, "Oh, he's funny. I'll talk to him. I'll cr- I'll talk to him." And then never meet your heroes is what <laughs> Cuz if you don't have tits, they don't want to fucking talk to you for very long. Unless you're flattering them and giving them dopamine. Like, unless you're giving them a reason to talk to you. If you're just like, yeah, man. So anyway, I'm in college. I'm trying to be another, I'm trying to be a comedian. And it's like, that's where the conversation gets boring to me. It's like, oh, you're trying to be a comedian? What does that have to do with me? I'm a, I'm already a great comedian. And you're not talking about that. You want to do this? You think you could do this? Unless it has something to do with how I'm influencing you in a way that flatters me, gives me a supply of nerves, then I don't give a fuck. Grow some tits and get out of here. So anyway, the reason I bring that up is because um, that JoJo ASMR guy is a dude that doesn't have tits and he's still fucking amazing at ASMR and he looks up to this soulless douchebag Mr. Beast guy who just has a career or not even a career he just has a uh, a big channel he's just popular by giving away money and like paying a bunch of people to come up with what gets the most views so anyway fuck that I'm an artist that's where this started and Jojo is an artist too he's talent he thinks of like really creative ideas he buys like these ex- he's like I'm gonna buy the most expensive my okay in that way he's chasing views too but that's cool he's creative he does stuff that's creative as fuck and gets views so it's it's a mixture of what will get views and what's creative there's room for that you could be creative and commercial the Beatles That opens up, so if you're trying to be creative and commercial, those usually don't mix. It's either one or the other. Like, Mr. Beast is full commercial. It's not, it's just like a robot could come up with what he, uh, what he, the the ideas for the, sure, there's some creative input, but it's all about what gets viewed. So anyway, if you only care about commercial, that's why music sucks. And by that, I don't mean it It sucks that bad. Like, you'll still get dopamine from it. You'll still get the good... You'll, you'll still enjoy it a little bit. Like, there's some banger song. I could go to Spotify and, like, go to the number one songs. And I'm sure some of them are good. Not albums. No, I don't want to go to... Usually albums, not so much. 
I want to listen to a whole album, but like, but like that song right there, it's good. What about this? Give me the hook. What's the hook? Okay, whatever. I can't play. But anyway, I'm not just gonna fucking play copyrighted music. But the point I'm making is like every song that's on the charts. There's a reason it's on there. It's because it has a hook, or because it actually resonates, or because okay, there's a million re. But mostly the re, the re, anyway sober. We're still on the sober topic. Artist, I'm an artist. Let's zoom out. The other drug that I quit, which is also a debatable if it's a drug or not, it is a f- everything that changes your brain chemistry or your body chemistry or right, whatever. Even that is overdefining it. It's anything that changes your body is a drug. So oxygen is a drug. Okay. But anyway, weed is a drug, I guess. It grows in the ground. How could that be a drug? It grow come on. It's a drug though when you take it in a concentrated form like I was doing. If you just smoke grass, like Mexican hemp weed, or yeah, like Mexican brick weed. Literally, if you smoke hemp, that doesn't do anything. I was smoking C B D hemp cigarettes earlier today. It doesn't do jack shit to change your body or your brain. Other than it looks cool, it feels good to, to to go like that. But weed, when you take it in a concentrated form, in a dose, it spikes your dopamine and serotonin, I guess. I don't know. And then it goes, it's complicated. It, does, it has a lot of side effects. It's not just dopamine. It fucks with your, it, it arouses your cannabinoid receptors. We don't know anything, I don't know. But that's what it does, and so I took a, I'm taking a break from that. Let's get to the point. <clears throat> I'm quitting that, I guess. I'm not just taking a break from it. I'm done with cannabis forever, I guess, because it's addictive. Because it is addictive. I was taking it. You could start with one hit after taking a couple months off, and you'll get such a you'll get so fucking high, and then you'll start having these thoughts that you thought you weren't gonna have. This is the bad part of weed because it, it's psychologically addictive, not physically. Uh, you have these thoughts of like, oh, I'm, I'm, the, I'm a better person when I'm on weed because it, it buries your true thoughts or your, your more animalistic thoughts or your primitive, low-quality thoughts. It turns those off for a few minutes and it makes you think about things more rationally. It's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be such a douchebag. Um, but that could extend to maybe I shouldn't do anything creative. Maybe I should just sit on my computer all fucking day. It's, so anyway, it's not good for me. It's not. I don't like it. I didn't like what it was doing for my life. It just makes time go by. We Okay, it is good for that. If you want to get through a rough... But there's better drugs for that. Alcohol's way better for that, but also it's more dangerous. I would recommend weed if you don't want to... Okay, I would recommend just weed, not alcohol, for people that are trying to get through a long, extended, negative period of their life. How about that? Like, if they're in Alaska and it's frigid outside and they got nothing to look forward to inside except for getting through the winter... Because they have no prospects. They have no social life. They just want to get through. 
this winter, which could last, I don't know how long, in Alaska, nine months of the year, yeah, smoke weed. You'll get through that winter very quickly. That's what it does. It, it speeds up time. That's only if you're doing it every day. The first time you take it, it'll be very intense. It'll slow down time. But once you get used to it, once you have a tolerance, it speeds up time. Probably most drugs that get you fucked up do that. Not a, not mushrooms. Mushroom, man. Mushrooms slow down time. Yeah, mushrooms. I'm starting to love them a lot. I'm starting to become addicted to, to mushrooms. So we'll talk about that in a second. What I'm... Because it's all about switching your addiction. It's like you, you always like switch up one addiction for the other if you're an addict. Which I'm still not sure if I am. Like a full-out, blown-out addict. Or if I'm just somebody that has mental issues like trauma. And low dopamine like ADHD. Because if you have ADHD, you're going to need to get that baseline dopamine level up with something. Maybe there's ways to do it naturally, like sunlight exercise. But if you don't have the the initial energy to even do that, yeah, you need to be on a drug, at least if you want to have a high-quality life. Sure, you could just not medicate it and just let life happen. But I agree with the medical uh, whatever. Uh, what do you call it? The medical, inf- not information, but there's a better word for it. Knowledge, no. Instead of standing here thinking of the word on lo- literature, yeah, I believe <laughs> I believe the literature and not just the literature, I believe the data that the literature uh, says. I actually believe that you could live a, of course, that's fucking true, that you're, you could live, um, I guess it's not that obvious to some people if you don't know much about ADHD, but like it improves the quality of your life. Taking these drugs medications that I'm currently taking they have improved the quality of my life I'm still messing with the doses dosaging it hasn't solved all my problems it just helps me get out of bed because if you have no dopamine anyway a lot of justification on this fucking thing I was like I'm gonna I don't you know I'm very open-minded to being like that's the thing. I'm very open-minded. I'm too sensitive for this earth. That's why I can't even walk around my own block. Well, I was on mushrooms. Give me a cut me some slack. I was on I was like I was tripping out. So I was like so I was sensitive in the most literal I was very sensitive emotionally, but not just that. Mostly sensory input, my sensory overload. It was beautiful. It was a great time. It's a great it was a great time. And I, yeah, it, it made me realize that like, I, I don't have much to, now that I got over the hump of like thinking about my trauma, which is still a thing I'm facing every day of my life, almost the days that I think about it, the days that I allow myself to actually allow the trauma to come to the surface. Now that I got over that in the mushroom trip, it was just bliss. I was just like enjoying the way that the colors of the sunset looked amazing. And it all turned into like this pattern, this over-emergency. Because when you just look at a sunset sober, 
It's just like, okay, that part of the sky looks colorful. But when you're on mushrooms, it's meaningful. It's like the whole sky starts to mean something. It's like the whole sky caters to that. It's hard to explain. There's this over... Uh, I hate using the word over on this pod, on this episode because it's not over. Nothing's overdone. Everything's just right. But when I first got outside, that's how I knew. Like, it was am- I was like, I knew I was tripping a little bit, but when I saw the sunrise, the purple, the whole sky started breathing and like moving around in a way that was so satisfying and so artistically satisfying another word for that would be like beautiful but i I, you know so i was awestruck by how beautiful it was and i'm not somebody that uses that word very often so that's why like really because i don't really look at life as like beautiful that often but it was beautiful and then later on the sun when it got past the purples just to the regular like blues and like this 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 the clouds were very uh, fun to look at. And I know it's boring to listen to this, but I would highly recommend... I just can't believe that some people go their whole life without ever taking that. And, like, those people are... I'm judging... See, that's the thing. People judge me for taking mushrooms. I judge people for not taking them. It's... We're, like, two different camps of people. We both are very we both hate each other we both hate the other camp I look at them with like this like contempt like really you go your whole you think you don't you think you enjoy life the way it is you would enjoy a lot more I don't know maybe not I'm only thinking of people that are like angry and like that need to trip I'm not talking about people that have their shit together okay maybe they don't need to take them like oh if they actually already do get enjoyment out of the little things and they actually have a good attitude and self-awareness how about that you know if they do have good self-awareness and they are have already faced their traumas and all that shit maybe they, whatever but there's people like they haven't even opened the door on their traumas uh by not taking these 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 chemicals and uh they're pussies is what i'm saying they're like they fuck if i could do it and you can't like my i got pretty deep traumas i guess you know not as bad as some people i'm not saying you know but trauma's trauma any dose of it is any dose of trauma is going to be something that is not to be uh looked at as you can't diminish it you can't just be like fuck yeah you can't gatekeep trauma. That's like something that is something I would say is a bad thing. You're causing more trauma by doing that. That's abuse. Trauma is caused by abuse. And uh, if you're saying that somebody's trauma is not as valuable as somebody else, like it doesn't measure up. If you're comparing that and you're, and you're gatekeeping it and you're saying, oh, you haven't been, you, you should see how what I went through and you're still complaining, oh, well, you're being abusive. So you should probably look, maybe, maybe you're the one, you're being abusive, is all I'm saying. Like, you got to look in the mirror. Because uh, 
a lot of people that get abused become abusers. So it actually makes sense that they would be th some of those people would become the people spreading more trauma. Isn't that fucked up? But that's a that's a thing to be fully aware of, I guess. Which is what I'm doing on this podcast episode. This one specifically, the last one, I didn't give a fuck about how I came off because it's I was just trying to be funny, and it is funny to just say crazy shit like oh. But I don't always have, I don't, I'm not always like in that way of like, I'm just going to say offensive. I'm not, here's another, okay. It's not, a, I don't say it because it's offensive. I say it's because it's funny and true. A lot of true funny things happen to be offensive, but that's not the only reason I say it. I don't say it because I think it's offensive. I say it because I think it's funny and there's a grain of truth in it. Like I was saying about Jewish, I was going on a, on a terror it was not that bad. It was not that evil or like, but it was, um, how I look at it as whenever I go about, whenever I go on these very like controversial tirades, <laughs> the reason they're controversial is because, um, they're controversial. But the reason I like doing it <laughs> is because it rings true to me and it's funny no, I don't do it to be offensive. Anyway, sorry for the tangent. Okay, let's get to this first topic of the episode. We're almost done getting to the first topic, and that is weed. So I think I kind of explained why I quit weed. Using the word quit always puts me... That's a, It's hard to say that word because that is means final. But it's addictive, man. And, like, you know, it has high... I just don't like the feeling afterwards. Everybody loves the come up of weed. The come up of weed, unless you overdose, because that could just lead to paranoia, which is fun in retrospect, but in the moment it's terrifying. The come up of weed or just the... Pe when weed is working, um, you feel... I don't know, it just makes you creatively... and It makes you like locked in, for me at least... It makes me able to, it gives me, it helps with my executive function. It makes me, it does what Adderall does for people. I don't take enough Adderall to do this for me, but when I took the recommended dose of Adderall, I don't take that much of it to feel this way now, but it basically made me feel like I wanted to do things very well. And it, I got, it, like I was going, like it made me a perfectionist. That's what weed does. It makes me a perfectionist, but also in a good way, in a way that's pleasurable, not just like painful. It's like, ugh, like it's like it made me get enjoyment out of um, doing something as beautiful as, as whatever the task is. It made me get pleasure out of doing the task very well to the high, to like the best level that I could. It made me want to work my best at something that's what weed does to me it makes me want to work my best at something and i see things in a way that's like okay that's great that's good right there and it gives me this good feel of like ooh, that's good what you're saying that's it's it's i don't know i think all that is is just dopamine which i wasn't getting from being somebody with all, uh, adhd 
But uh, I'm very skeptical. I don't know. It's just so many people get diagnosed with ADHD. Is it really that common? I don't know. So anyway, I'm sober from THC. Uh, that's the point I'm trying to get to is I quit weed because of the the after effects. Once it once you go down the peak, which is only about 20 to 30 minutes, if you already have a tolerance to it, it's literally only about 20 to 30 minutes of a of the good quality, the part where you can actually work. After that, you just want to eat and it makes you hate yourself. When I say you, I mean me. That's just a phrase. It's just a it's a speaking thing that I do. It's a language tool. When I say you, I don't literally mean that everybody has this experience. I'm talking about myself. <laughs> it's just easier to say you than say, "Oh, this is my experience." Every time you end a sentence, it's easier to just say you. Okay, I'm not saying everybody has this experience, but for me. About 30 minutes after smoking weed, I'm just thinking about uh, eating every last bit of food in my house. Every last bit of food. So there's no end to it. I, I would just fill my stomach until the point where it hurts and still want to keep eating. So anyway, that was bad. Binging on food for the rest of the, for every day, literally every single day for most of the day and into the night, however long I stay up. So that was a bad symptom or side effect and then uh the negative thoughts would come up of like this is not there's no point to what i'm doing <laughs> there's no point to whatever i'm working on so i would get no reward for even doing the work that i did like i was super excited about it when i first took the weed hit when i first dosed and it made things feel purposeful but then it would be paid back by uh, feeling worse about it and feeling like there's it's pointless so it was so that's what i felt from weed i don't know i don't know so i and it, that would last my whole life and you have to just keep smoking more and more to be like okay i'm i want to do something today um besides you know because i was still ambitious my whole life when I was when I was smoking weed every day all day, which is most of my adult life, I was still pretty ambitious. So I was like, "Well, this sucks that I'm not achieving any of my so-called goals because those goals don't last. They become not goals anymore. You start to realize that they're stupid goals. And when I say you, I mean me. It's just less words to say you than say, I started to have this thought. I started to have this thought that they weren't, that I didn't give a fuck about my own goals, even though I did, because I'm an ambitious, artistic person who wants to put out as much creative shit as possible that I think is good, too, and not just like shitty, like this is shitty, but I'm still proud of what I'm doing in some regard. Anyway. I am, yeah, so I'm a very ambitious person and I'm creative and that's part of why weed is good and also bad. It made me not want to chase my goals or dreams of being a creative artist because it was like, yeah, you're, it's, you're, you're bad. Um, it just made me feel like um, 
there's no point in uh, in pursuing those goals because they're uh, it's not going to be good. You're not gonna, it's not you're not going to get pleasure out of it. It's, you're going to put out a song or something, and it's it's just not good. You're going to feel like I don't know. It's hard to explain because I've definitely done some things that I'm proud of, even on weed. Like that, I was like, okay, that's good. But then for them to become long term, whatever, okay, this is boring. So, like, I used to have long term dreams of like being a musician. That was my first dream in life. And I still even have that. I mean, it hasn't even gone away. Your dream, you know, your dreams don't really ever fully, you don't grow out of them necessarily. Uh, some people, maybe that's, I don't fucking know, but for me, I fucking haven't grown out of that dream yet of wanting to do something with music. So anyway, weed makes you super excited about it for the first 20 to 30 minutes, and you go downhill, and you go super low, and you go, well, I don't even want to pick up a guitar, let alone I feel like an idiot just singing, calling myself anything that has to do with a musician or art. It's, it's like, what's the point of even trying if I don't even like myself? It makes you hate yourself. Lowers your self-esteem. For me. I don't know why it's so hard for me to just say it lowered my self-esteem. I guess I just don't like using the word my. Me. My. It's easy to say you. It's just an easier word to say. I don't know. There's a reason people do that. I'm not the only one who does this. Like they'll be talking about something super personal. But they keep saying you. It's like John Lennon is. Why do you keep saying you? You're the only one in the Beatles. We're not in the Beatles. You can't just say you. Like, yeah, you get tired of doing the same shit with the same people. You know, you get, you get tired of making Sergeant Peppers every day. It's like, what are you talking about? No, we don't. We don't know what that's. Stop saying you, John Lennon. Anyway, he's not. I'm not the only one who does that. Is what I'm saying. You get tired of just working with the same four guys or three guys. Like, do you? Do you, John Lennon? I'm pretty sure you're talking about yourself right now. We can't relate to that. We weren't in the Beatles. Nobody except for you is in the Beatles. Yeah, there's other Beatles, but you're the one who broke them up. You're the one that we're asking why they stopped doing the coolest thing ever. John Lennon, we're asking you for a reason because you're the one who knows. And he just says, well, you know, you know, you get tired of work with the same guy. You get tired of making Sergeant Peppers every day. You get tired of like going downstairs and singing a new song about Lucy about like LSD every day. You get you get tired. It's like, no, we don't. That's why we're asking you. We don't get tired of doing that. We don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. We can't just sing a fucking new song into a studio that's dedicated to you doing that. Are you kidding me? No, we don't know what the fuck. Why did the Beatles end? Why did you break up the Beatles? And they, but he gave you the answer. He just used the word you because it's easier because he didn't want to get personal. He's like, well, I, sorry. Oh, okay. I broke up the Beatles. Woo. Sorry. I said it there. I said it. Fuck it. Stop. You got what you wanted. I broke. I stopped because you get tired. You get tired of making the White Album and Abbey Road and being brilliant gets old. How about that? So stop asking me why I broke up the Beatles. Yes, I, John Lennon, woo. So that's why we say you. That's why people, 
Cause I don't know. Cause it's just like to be relatable. Anyway, I'm not the only one who does that. Is what I make. So anyway, final thoughts on the first topic of the episode. Um, or if, yeah, first topic. We're almost done. Sober update. If it's taken an hour to get through this topic, clearly it's not a good update. Clearly, it's not going well. If because usually no, <laughs> no news is usually good news, especially when it has to do with sobriety. If you have a lot of news for sobriety, ooh, that probably means you're not doing well with sobriety. I don't know, maybe not. I actually am doing well with sobriety. I actually am proud of the fact that I am making some progress on it, like that I could actually enjoy a sunrise. Sure, I had to be on a hallucinogenic in order to even consider going out of the house to do that, but it's still, I was still there. It was still like me, and it was it was great. And sometimes you have to be on a drug to enjoy a sunset, um, to actually get everything out of that sunset, even stuff that's not there. I got more out of the sunset. I'll tell you, hey, I overanalyzed that sunset. How about that? I overanalyzed that. So fuck you. I didn't though. That's why I said fuck because I didn't overanalyze it. That's why people talk about sunrises so much is because they are a thing to be uh, absor- like they are fucking not overhyped is what I'm saying. They're not overhyped and they're worth the hype. Sunrises are worth the hype. You can't overanalyze a sunrise. Sure, you could say, oh, I was on mushrooms, so I was hallucinating. I was seeing a bunch of shit that wasn't there, but it was part of your experience. And there's no, it, it's, it's there. I mean, because you're looking at it through human eyes. Even if you're sober, it's still only a version of what is reality. Your mind is, okay, you're right. I was just on drugs. You're right. It was just, you're right. This doesn't count. As I was overanalyzing it. I was overanalyzing the sunrise. It's just a boring, it's just light. It's just light scattered by an atmosphere because there's different gases in the atmosphere that cause the the photons to get absorbed or get bounced around. I don't know the exact science. That's as far, I know it has something to do with that. It's light scattering and all that and the atmosphere, obviously. Obviously it has something to do with the atmosphere, The point I just made, I hope, if you're not too dense for me to not have to explain it, if you are too dense for me to not have to explain it, the reason I started talking about science stuff is because that would be what an atheist would do. That's what a boring person would do who doesn't know how good sunsets are. That was the old me talking. What I just did there... That was an illustration of what the old me would have done. It's like, oh yeah, it's just fucking a stupid sun. It's just light. It's just purple light. I could see purple light any time I want. What's so special about that? Well, because you weren't on mushrooms. Because you weren't 500 days sober from... Okay, it wasn't the alcohol that made me enjoy it. It was mostly the weed, I think, and the making progress... Trying to defeat my demons. That's what made me enjoy this sunrise. Because I defeated my demons 
enough to. And one of those demons is THC. It's not a demon, but that's something I was using to cover up my demons. Let's get let's be uh, specific here because you can't. Bl I don't blame the chemical. I don't think of THC as a. De I don't care if somebody's smoking it around me. I try not to get it in my lungs. But I don't give a fuck. I'm not that triggered. I'm not like triggered by it because it's just something I have control over. I have to be the one in control. It's not like you know cocaine where it's that addictive thank fuck i'm not addicted to cocaine yet i certainly romanticize it very often like i do with every other cool drug that's one that's worthy of why do you think they have submarines that transport this shit if it wasn't worth romanticizing and writing movies about because it's a good drug it's a fun good drug you mean but you know what i mean by good i mean it's one that's fun to abuse which is the only way to take it. If you're taking cocaine, you're abusing it by definition because it's illegal. So that makes it cooler. That makes it more cool. Is that it's illegal and it's fucking fun for only a few minutes. And it's super expensive and hard to get. It's hard to get the good shit. So if you get the, <laughs> so if you get the good shit, ooh man, that's fucking cool. Even people that don't do cocaine... If they see somebody that's like, hey, I got really good coke. That guy has really good coke. He's cool. You look at him differently. He's like, oh, I respect that. And it puts a pep in your st step if you're walking around with good coke. If you just know a guy, if you just if you just have good cocaine, you're going to fucking be confident and like have swag. It doesn't even matter what you're wearing because you know that you're somebody cool just by having a drug. On your person. Anyway, so I'm sober from... T weed is the... That's what I was talking about. This is a very long sober update. And a lot of glamorizing other drugs. Which is not very conducive to sobriety. But you can sling coke and not do coke. So that has nothing to do... With, you can still glamorize the cocaine industry... What the effects of cocaine and just what it does to people, like I was just saying, just how it's a status symbol. It's a currency for status. It's, it literally, it's interchangeable for money. You could be like, do I want to get paid in money or cocaine? Probably rather have the cocaine because it'll make me better at comedy for comedy sets. Fuck, I feel like I'm going to become a cokehead very soon. Because that's the only thing missing from my life to, to get me back on stage. Because I could be funny. I just need a huge amount of uh, cocaine. Not cocaine, but I need a huge amount of stimulating chemicals or dopamine. I don't know why I, it took me so long to think of that word. It's not that I didn't think of it. It's that I didn't want to say it because I oversay that word. I overuse that word. Do I? No, that's why I looked into the camera because I was joking. I don't overuse that word. I use that word the perfect amount of times. I use that word as often as necessary because I'm a perfectionist. I use it as often as necessary. I don't overuse it. That wouldn't be perfectionism. That wouldn't be a good job. I wouldn't be doing a good job if I overused it. So anyway, dopamine is this thing that I am lacking to do stand-up comedy. I used to be good at it. Bef because it gets boring 
the reason you don't see a lot of like okay it's i can't generalize why other people quit comedy i it's probably similar i'm because there's not a lot of okay we'll get more into that later i know that this is a super long podcast episode but like it takes me a while to get warmed up and this is episode 69 so i'm allowing myself to uh, go a little bit over time this is the only platform i have for artistic expression that i'm allowing myself to do because i it's the only one that i have the energy to do i would love to be doing other things i would love to be going out and doing stand-up or writing and singing music that'd be great to be a singer in a band or something or just producing my own songs at home but i don't got the energy for that the executive function so give me some slack here cut me some slack and anyway and now that you know i could kind of form cohesive thoughts so let's start the show okay so final let's end this first topic we're almost done sorry it just keeps opening these drawers these new tangents which are not tangents i hate that word i hate the word tangent because there's nothing wrong with a tangent it's not a tangent to talk about when i go on these tangents I wouldn't be doing that if I didn't think it was worthwhile. Because the sober update, that is a, such a vague thing. It's like, what is that? What's the update? You're still sober. Okay, move on. Why do you have to keep lingering? Why is it taking you so long to say the number of days? And the reason for that is because it feels like I'm bragging. It feels like I'm. I'm saying it to like show that like I'm making progress. Like it feels inauthentic. That's why it's taken me so long to say. Yeah, I don't know. So anyway, I am 91 days. Yeah, sober from. I guess it just feels like you're making this proclamation. It's like who cares the number of days? But like, it's just a number. Okay, the reason I'm okay 91 days from THC. So that's a long time. That's three months. So three months sober from THC. So I've not been relying on THC to get through life. What a horrible way to say things. What a what a weird thought that is to get through life. Who the hell just wants to get through life? Some people, I guess, want to just get through life. This is dark. This is a first... <laughs> This is not the funny part, apparently, but maybe, maybe, I'm just not always willing to be funny because that takes like a certain mood and hyperactivity, which I don't have all the time. I'm not Robin Williams. Anyway, so some people just want to get through life. What a horrible outlook on life. What a shitty way to look at life. I just want to get through it, man. Maybe live until I'm 70, 60-something, 70 do I have to be older than that? Yeah, you'll probably want to keep living into your late 70s, 80s. Most people could still be happy in some way, alive into their 80s. Fine, I want to live. But that that's so... Nobody wants to be 80. But as somebody 
that has been around 80-year-olds, they seem pretty happy. They're not, like, pissed off that they're alive. They would kill themselves otherwise. So being 80 is not that bad. So, sure, I'll live until my late 80s. But 90s? Do I really want to be a fucking 90-year-old in this fucking body? With this attitude? There's no way I'll be a good 90-year-old. I'll be the most curmudgeonly... And also, I just don't want to live that long because people will be like, it's better to burn out than fade away because I'm an artist. So most artists, they don't fantasize about living until they're a hundred because they want to put out their best work and be remembered by that. They don't want to like stick around and see it all go downhill and be mediocre, mediocre. They want to go out with a flash, with a bang. I'm talking about me, not you. Not everybody's an artist. That can really... We want to stay relevant. We want to be known as like still fucking good at our art. So I don't know, 90s, the problem is because you lose your motor function. You lose your abilities. So that's why it is kind of cool if you want to be a great artist to die at a certain time. Because you want to die right when you're still good. Not when you're like put out your... <laughs> not when it's like very obvious that you're not good anymore. You know? But like that depends on the art. Like Picasso, he was still putting out some banger hits into his 80s. I, but that's just his medium that allows that to happen. Comedy, you could be funny into your 80s. John Cleese is who I'm thinking of when I say that. And also uh, Rickles and Pat Cooper is even still alive. He's not as well known, but he's fucking, he's a killer. He's hilarious and on, uh, he's, he's funny as fuck and he's still alive. So anyway, comedy. So maybe I will, yeah, I'm saying for me, sure, I want to live into my 80s, but I don't give a fuck if I don't, is what I'm saying. I will gladly, I will be fine if I die in my whatever, even today. Not today. I don't want to fucking die today. I don't want to, not saying I want to die anytime soon, but you got to be okay dying soon. I think that's the right attitude. You got to be like, yeah, if I, <laughs> I don't fucking know, man. Like this, this thought started on a totally, this thought started on people that just go, oh, I want to get through life. So my point on that is, That ain't life, man. That ain't life. You just want to get through it? No, you want to do something in that. You want to give life hell. That's something I said on a older episode. I was like, don't just let life happen to you. Give something back at it. Throw a fucking grenade. Don't, not that. So this is a good point that I brought up is violence and how a lot of people choose violence now over art. I'm an artist. I'd rather be a failed artist than a successful, uh, violent person. I hope that's the case for most people. Like, it's easier to be successful at violence. So, I guess that's why a lot of people do it. I guess I'm acting as if I don't understand this because I really, I, I don't know. I'm not violent, but I get, I, I, you know, I understand violent impulses. 
like oh that guy I, oh i want to punch somebody or something but like when it actually comes down to actually punching somebody no i don't wish i don't i'm not a violent person i don't like to hurt people um so okay some i'll take that back i don't but there are times where i feel like some people need to get punched in the face how about that like i go i think about certain people that i've interacted with that i just despise because they're ter- they're just awful people and i go man that person should really get punched a, a lot more often than they do they should go from getting punched zero times to getting punched at least a couple but i don't want to actually do the phys- i don't want to punch okay i so sure i would be the one to punch them if i were a violent person doesn't matter who punches them but then if i punch somebody cuz yeah you could just hire somebody to punch somebody you're still just as bad so you might as well be the puncher but the second you punch somebody <laughs> you're an asshole it's not a good thing to do to punch somebody you know it's not nice it's not good behavior and we're not animals but sure sometimes i have those thoughts of like oh this person they should get punched in the face more i guess whatever but that's just my animal that's just me just wanting to this is because i hate them as people because they're somebody i just despise um it's like wow that person i hope something bad happens like but now not really i don't really wish pain on them but for them to not i don't know like i'm not angry right now at anybody but like when i get those pains of like narcissistic when i get victimized like when i am the victim of narcissistic abuse which has happened a few times in the past month i guess you could call it that it's a big word to use the word the a word the abuse but like sure you could call it that i'm not in relationships with them but even as friends friends with narcissists you could get into these conversations that turn into like them gaslighting you which is a form of abuse but it's like okay i i'm okay i'll recover from it but since I keep thinking about it, it's like, wow, they did get under my skin. I, like, so I, so it is abuse in that regard, like, because it keeps affecting me. It's like this, some level of like burden that I had just by having this, this like, this argument with them. It's like, wow, this person infiltrated my uh, defenses. They got into my defenses just by being a narcissist. Because I don't know that's what they do because it feels like they robbed you of something and should you get angry at them because you should be angry they're bad people they infiltrate they take advantage of your empathy and then pay nothing back they just punch you in the face for giving you the empathy the second you <clears throat> stop showing empathy all that empathy that you paid them up front and never got back is still paid up front so it's like well i just because i stopped giving you it now doesn't mean you still owe me so then they punch you then they they disregard you completely as a person they start insulting you and belittling you it's like well not only was i nice to you and gave you all this empathy now you don't even value me any anyway so that's why you get you get that's what it feels like you feel like robbed it's like i gave you all this empathy you gave me none back and now you're attacking me now you're actually like sh- shoving me around like 
sticking me with a needle, whatever, a sword. You're jabbing me. You're actually attacking me after I have done nothing but be empathetic to you? Okay. So that's why it causes rage at them, justified anger. And in those moments of anger, I feel like there's no, there's nothing you could, it's just like you feel like so um, infuriated because there's, they don't have the awareness of what they're even doing, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's like, I feel like I explained it enough, but like you feel so shortchanged, I guess. I don't know. There's different way, different types of narcissism. And then there's apathy. I don't know. I'm talking about specific things, two different things. I'm just thinking about the many different angles here. But anyway, there's no cure for narcissism, unfortunately. That's kind of what I was saying on the last episode. Like, um, it causes me to it, this these experiences with these narcissists has caused me to be so um, not angry at them, but like hateful towards them. <laughs> like not even anger anymore. It just turns into hate um, towards these individuals, and it's like I don't know. Like I, there's nothing. I have nothing nice to say to them at this point. <clears throat> It would bring the worst out of me. I would say nothing at all to them because all you want from them is to be distant from them because the second they start trying to get their hooks in you is when that's the first step for them to start gaslighting you down the road or slinging insults at you and thinking that they're justified insults. It's like, well, you're just not, you're just sensitive for not taking these insults that are unfounded in the first they're just it's just character assassination it's like sure you could believe that but like i like myself the way like these are not even necessarily things to work on they're just how i it's just like they're not even flaws it's just like you're assassinating my character because you want to feel above me so anyway fuck narcissists and the only cure like so the only thing i would say to them is something extremely negative i would say to them something that you can't say in public you can't say this to people it's that bad <laughs> it's pretty dark it's a pretty dark realization is that i have these thoughts about people that they um not that they should off themselves not that they should kill themselves but that that's how i feel about them that's like i don't think they should actually follow through on that um but when i am yeah that's kind of how i feel about them is like that's all i have to say to them is like kill yourself that's a pretty bad thing to that's a and that's permanent like that feeling hasn't changed since I last talked to some of these people. It's like, not really. Some of them, I shouldn't say I have that dark of a response to. I don't know, because I don't really think, of, I don't really, it doesn't come from a super, like, heated place. It's just like, if I had anything to say to them, it would be, have you thought about <laughs> Have you thought about killing yourself? Have you thought about... I know you're not allowed to say that on YouTube. 
Um, and I am being serious too. That's why I'm, I'm such I'm dancing around this subject. But like, let's just use a different word for it: deletion, self-deletion. Usually, it's the opposite. Usually, people are, don't advocate for self-deletion, but in the sense of, for, in the case of certain people with certain personality disorders, and they're only making that's a little bit black and white like even the worst narcissists still have some positive they still do some things to the world that are not all negative so i guess that's why it's kind of weird to just like suggest that they self-delete but like This is a tough subject. This is a tough subject. Did we get through the sober update? We did. I'm 91 days sober from weed. Three months. I'm facing life without... I'm trying... And, and uh, so the thing on that is... That's enough time to be getting through some of the... I don't know if I'm getting through anything. So the thing I'm going through right now... if To make this a, the boring part about my life, my blog, my vlog... yeah. I'm too bored to even talk about this at this point in the episode. It's too late in the episode to get into this. But uh, pause. Post-acute withdrawal syndrome is what I've been going through for the past uh, three months. And it's pretty, really bad because of anhedonia. So anhedonia is where you don't get pleasure out of life, out of anything in life. You just It's like everything just feels bland. It's like, so I had to do, I, I would need to, it made me not want to do shit at all. Just lay in bed. Thank God for amphetamines and caffeine and mushrooms because without and exercise and sunlight and that's it. Po other people, I, I don't have much contact with the, with other people that make me feel good. Unfortunately, most people that I meet in Austin are even more mentally ill than me. That's why I was just talking about how I want them to fucking <laughs> like some of, that's why I was just talking about like how they should like delete themselves there's the most people that you meet is in austin especially in the comedy scene they're really like mentally ill man but some of them are cool and i guess some of them would do make me i don't know it's been a while since i've talked to one that made me feel good but uh by a while i just mean a couple weeks i don't know even the people that say good things to me that make me feel good and like that all it takes is for them to say one thing they go oh never mind you're not cool i don't know i'm so i'm a i'm a fucked up person i'm a narcissist too um obviously but like not enough where i have zero empathy and i got yeah so it's just trauma trauma causes narcissism and my traumas are ones that I could work through. It only takes about a couple, maybe like 30 minutes of mushrooms to get through the trauma. And then I could just hang. Then I could relax. Once I think about my parents and how I don't have a good relationship with them and how they cause current trauma every time I talk to them, anytime I communicate with my parents, it causes more, it just causes all the trauma to just come right back up because it's in the moment happening not being addressed um once i get over that part of the trip which is about 30 minutes then i could just relax and watch the colors change and look at these beautiful 
impressionistic painting like globular like the the sunrise it reminded me of monet it looked like an impressionistic painting but also synthetic and a little bit digitized like photoshop like illustrate photo like the adobe illustrate like vector i was like okay that looks like a painting but not quite it also looks digital and it was just whatever my mind was like your mind is what creates the imagery so if you have a certain look i don't know it's fucking amazing man it was it's just the, it was not enough to freak out but even if i i was freaking out only in a positive way i was like oh whatever so i'm done i i'm done with the, this episode <laughs> i'm starting to lose my enthusiasm over some of these topics because this is a very exhausting some of the things i talked about are pretty exhausting to talk about but um i don't know self-love i'm learning how to forgive myself because i'm learning how to not hate myself because weed is a mask it's a it's not really a mask. That's not the best metaphor. It's it's a it's armor. Same with this, these sunglasses and dressing a certain way. That's armor. Having cocaine. Now we could get into that topic. Or other now they're into the now they're off the one of the fuck. All these topics are boring to me right now only because Okay, one other topic, Kanye. And then we'll go back into the other shit. Kanye said that he likes Jews now. He posts on Instagram saying, I watched 21 Jump Street and now I like Jews because of Jonah Hill. So, as research for this episode, I watched that film. I watched 21 Jump Street. I sat through, I forced myself to sit through it. It was a pretty good movie, but it's not one I really, it was good. You know, but for me to sit through a movie, I don't have the patience for that. Or the it has to be, you know, low dopamine, dysthymia, anhedonia stops me from watching films. Anyway, so I watched Twenty One Jump Street as research to see if Kanye was right to change his opinion on the Jews based on one movie, just with one actor in it, with Jonah Hill. Because my first instinct was, wait, Jonah Hill is the reason you're taking it all back about Jews. Just just Jonah Hill. He's not the best representation, is he? He's likable. He's funny. But he's also a Hollywood... He's the He represents the stereotype that you're exactly talking about. He's a guy that got into... Sh he's like a super elite... Hollywood Jew like how do you how is that the example of somebody to change your opinion <laughs> to make you like them all it does is confirm that they're everything that you already thought that's what my first opinion was and I still stick to that he's a funny likable Jew as a good movie it's like a sequel it's like a spin-off of Superbad it's like very it's similar to Superbad it's a cop similar style of humor I guess whatever it's a well it's a good movie good movie good flick not great not great 
but good for how early in his career that he wrote that movie and he was good, well acted jonah hill funny he's hilarious he's funny great comedic actor the other dude channing tatum fucking he's a flash in the pan nobody he just happens to look good he just looks good whoopee he's an attractive guy he's a chad whoopee so he did he had he added nothing to that movie he was not funny in it even with all the writing in contrast he, he bombed he wasn't funny in that movie he was just a good-looking actor that said the lines and that's why nobody talks about him he's not famous anymore who the fuck was the last time you heard about channing tatum he's a nobody you know um no soul so anyway jews have souls jonah hill has a soul and i don't hate the jews i look at them as stereotype there's a stereotype um i generalize you could but do i hate them no i don't know what the fuck kanye was talking about with this whole hating jews and like endorsing nazis like too black and he's being a little bit too like narrow-minded like the whole black very black and white um it's more nuanced than that there's a reason people hate jews but there's also a reason they shouldn't it's black it's not black and white obviously jews earned some there's a reason people hate jews it's not just random it's like oh let's just throw the throw a dart at the see what race to hate no it's it's obviously because jews uh, are very like uh, powerful they love power they love to um hoard power over other people and like social like they're smart and they are social they're like whites they're supremacists they hate other people it's very complicated to say in two seconds to give you like a tiktok version of why people hate jews but like not saying it's justified to hate but it's certainly justified to to question to like to have irritation i guess i don't fucking know but violence i was talking a little bit of violence a little bit earlier in the show this is not a fucking sh- is this a, is this a show yeah this is a show um violence i don't endorse violence i endorse thinking about shit you could think about whatever the fuck you want you could fantasize about whatever not even not even talking about violence you could you could question why people do things out of hate why people attack certain groups i like to do that there's no harm in that at least when i do it i'm not harming anybody um if you're dumb enough to be violent based on what i say i'm just gonna look at you like that i'm just gonna look at you like you're fucking dumb i'm gonna look at you how i look at myself when i'm a when i say something dumb I used to be dumber than I am now, and I used to look at I used, I don't know, man. I grew I've grown up a lot, so I expect other people to grow up. Sorry for scratching. My, who cares? No one's gonna watch this fucking thing. We're fucking hour, we're almost two hours in, and it's itchy. That's why I'm scratching my nose. It's itchy. I'm not picking it. I'm not picking my nose. I'm scratch i'm rubbing my nose because it's it itches a lot fuck it everybody wants to call you on every little oh you picked your nose yeah yeah i picked my nose 
on on a podcast. Yeah, I'm stupid. I'm I have no self awareness that this is being recorded. That I'm gonna pick my nose. No, but I scratched my nose. I scratched my nose all because it's get it's itchy. I don't give a fuck how it. I know it looks bad. Okay, I care a little bit. That's why I'm talking about it. It looks bad. It looks bad to scratch your nose on camera. You don't see that in movies too often. You don't see like people, like actors in movies, like scratch their nose during a, a scene. It looks because it looks bad. The nose is the a hole of the face. It's the asshole. It's true. It's not, it's the least good-looking part of your face. So if you're gonna like fucking move it around, it's a, it's like looks bad enough how it is. You're gonna move it or you're gonna stretch it or move it around. So anyway, I know a lot about show business. That's why I I, I don't watch a lot of movies because it I have this love-hate relationship with movies because I hate that I'm not making them. I love movies, but when I watch them, I go, fuck, I, I should be making movies. I should be doing that too. I have I'm, I have just the same creative fucking thoughts that these guys have that are making these movies. It pisses me off that I'm not one of them. I'm just sitting here watching them. I feel like a sucker. Oh, I'm just going to sit and watch a movie when I could be making them? Not everybody has that thought. That's not a relatable thought. That's why I said I instead of you. Because I know that most people don't just go, Oh, I could have I could be making that. No like most people just don't have that. They just go, Okay, I wanna go to the movie theater and be entertained. They don't go, Oh, I wanna do this. So that's why most people most people aren't fucking Jewish. Most people don't have that instinct of like, I need to be doing something creative. Jews are super creative. So that's why, I don't know, I'm very um, interested in uh, why I'm creative and why Jewish men have like that same feeling of like, oh, I got to be something big. So anyway, it's not just a Jewish trait. There's Italians. That have, many, anybody could have that trait of like, oh, I got to be big doing something I gotta be important that's just narcissism um I don't know just a who cares I'm not making this episode all about Jews um Jewishness whatever the phrase whatever you want to call it because it's it's very divisive um and I don't like always being divisive I could feel it in my bones whenever I'm saying something divisive that's another thing that I don't know if everybody knows is like you could be an edgy comic but if you're not aware of what okay this is just a conversation i had a couple weeks ago with somebody i was like i don't get offended but i could tell when somebody is saying something offensive if somebody brings up race on stage at a comedy show they're trying to do a joke about race. the second they start talking about it I could feel the tense energy. Like, I'm not a sociopath. I'm not, like, autistic. Is like, I don't know. I could tell when somebody, and me included, is saying something that people find uncomfortable. But that doesn't mean I get offended by it. But you should still know what you're saying. 
and why it doesn't get a laugh. So this is another very unpopular, like very like low traffic niche is talking about how to do comedy. This niche of podcasting that I often gravitate towards of telling people how to do comedy, which I have very little business doing other than the fact that I'm funny, but okay, you have no credentials, but I'm funny. So I guess I know what I'm talking about. And that's all you need is to be funny. I get whatever. So I know what I'm talking about, but it's a low traffic niche. Not a lot of people are Googling, how do I be a comedian? And even if they are, there's already, I don't, I don't know. There's, there's not that many people trying to be a comedian. In Austin, there's thousands. Somebody was like, oh man, this new Rogan Club opening. There's, I heard there's going to be like a hundred new comics moving here just for that. And I was like, a hundred? Are you fucking insane? Are you fucking retarded? You think only a hundred people have been moving here by the truckload? For the past three years since he started talking about it. A hundred. It was going to be a hundred. Most naive fucking. People are so fucking naive. Only a hundred people are going to move to Austin. To do comedy. Because of Joe Rogan. Okay. Times that by a thousand maybe. And you'll be more accurate. It's more like a hundred thousand. Maybe not that moved here. Obviously I'm a jet. But thousand. At least a thousand. Have moved here. To pursue stand-up comedy because of Joe Rogan, and that's it. That's the only reason, and because they don't want to, because they can't do it. Other, because their hometown doesn't have comedy. They have like one club, or because it's too woke or something. That's my. That's why I moved here. Is because of Joe Rogan, because I came from a woke scene, and I didn't want to just do woke comedy. Fuck that. I didn't. Not that I. That's not the only reason I left. I was doing fine there. Um, but it was awkward. It's just it's just like cringe. It was like annoying being brought up as like controversial. Like having people say shit to my face who I don't know. Like calling me racist. Oh, you're sexist. You're racist. Like I don't know you. I've never had a conversation with you. Maybe I am. But, it, it, that, but fuck. I don't like having negative feelings about other people. Like it, like okay, maybe I'm racist or misogynistic. That's for me to figure out. That's for me to look into. But you calling me that word just makes me not like you. I used to like I had nothing bad about to say about you, but now that you're calling me these bad words, that I, whether they're true or not, like they're bad. They're bad words, and um, I'm not a bad person. So like. It makes me not like the person. So that's another reason I left. It's not because I was not doing well there. I was killing. I was I was pretty funny. I was like, I'm a funny, I was a funny comedian in Chicago. So who cares? And I was one of the few that was not woke. Like I was one of the few, if not the only one that I could, like that was actually funny and not a cuck. Like actually talked about how maybe it's okay to, think about issues on both sides and like how maybe it's okay to not only go with uh, the leftist agenda all the time maybe it's okay to to think that to not hate republicans maybe bigotry isn't a good thing maybe calling people bad words is 
part of the reason that they, um, you know, maybe that causes the division in the first place. Maybe the people that you think are divisive are actually normal and you're the ones being divisive more than them. There's some far, there's people on the right that are divisive, but not as much as on the left. And I think even left people on the left will admit that these days, every leftist has already been uh, what, eaten by themselves. Like even like, what is his name? Bill Maher? He's on the left, but even he is not on the left because he's like, even he's like, yeah, these guys are fucking assholes. They're bigots. I don't know, maybe not to that extreme. Maybe he wouldn't call them bigots. In some ways he would, I guess, when it comes to like the the anti the the COVID thing. He's very like whatever. He, he whatever. He he's cool. Anyway, I just like cool people that don't call me bad words. If you call me a, like evil or a bad word that's like means I'm bad and that's the whole story of our relationship is you Every time I talk to you or I'm around you, I just get this feeling that you're judging me as a bad person. Yeah, that's why I, I that's a good reason to stop hanging around those people. And uh, so as soon as I left Chicago, that stopped happening and it's never happened here. So that was the, the problem was the locality. The region was the problem, the city, not me. I moved to a different city and all of a sudden nobody's calling me racist anymore. Nobody's like giving me evil looks. Nobody's saying I'm a, like, a, nobody's using these attack words, these mean words. Um, and that was it. So that solved the problem. Now I could do whatever I want. Now I could like, I don't have to feel like wokeness is, is stopping me. Now I'm confronting myself. I'm the thing that's stopping me. And that's mental health. It's trauma, childhood trauma. It's like current adult trauma. It's being around. That's the bad part is if you go, if now that I am at a place where wokeness isn't a problem, there's people that also came here for the same reason to get away from the wokeness, which is like terrible. It's a, it's like, it's a bad religion that's being infilled. It's like consuming the culture. Um, so a lot of people, most people, don't want to just like bow down and you know suck the the teeth of woke, the Pope woke, whatever the like. Pretend that it's uh, valid. They want to live life and just be themselves and not feel like they're walking on eggshells all the time. So anyway, so there's millions of people moving here to get away from that and to be normal, like a breath of fresh air. So I like Austin for that. The downside is those people that aren't woke, they're delusional. Like, why is that? Because I'm not delusional. I'm not woke either. But why are they so delusional, the ones that are not woke that I encounter? So far, most people that I've met that are also like Trump Trumpers, like also like kind of lean conservative. A lot of them are still fucking crazy. They're still mentally ill. And people I don't want to be around. People that don't make the lives around, like they're not contributing anything. They're 
They're bad people, worse than me even. They don't know how to censor themselves. They don't know how to like, whatever. I'm, some of them are, you know, part of narcissism is you have low self, like you have a fragile self-esteem. I don't know. So I think they themselves have these thoughts. It's like, oh, fuck, maybe I am a bad person. Maybe it's bad that I am putting myself out there this often. But anyway, I'm just talking about the delusional ones that don't have those thoughts. Man, there's a lot of delusional comedians that move here. And uh, they don't, I don't know. I don't, I can't go out. I can't compete with them. I can't go to open mics trying to get three minutes of stage time. If a bunch of people that are just starting out skip the line because they're Neanderthals and they don't have any respect for other people except they just it's like well i'm just gonna cut in front of the line because that's what i see other people it's like okay i can't compete with i'm i'm a good person and that's i don't like to skip the line like i i don't know i came from a city where there was an actual established comedy scene and usually the host would tell the comics hey f go by the order that you showed up it's not that hard most Open mic hosts in this town don't do that for some reason. They're they're just not from a whatever. They don't know. Can't get. I mean, they just don't know. They're. It's not because they're new. They just haven't been brought up in a scene that had decorum. That was a good scene. Chicago. As much as I'm talking bad about the wokeness, that's temporary. They still have a structure to it that is has basic respect sure people will say nasty things to my face um but they won't cut in front of <laughs> okay some of them are assholes but i'm just saying in general there's less assholes there there's more respect for the the uh whatever the sign the process i guess austin's a free-for-all and most people here are not that f good at comedy. I don't know. It's hard to say because I don't find anything funny. I don't even find myself funny. Except for in tiny moments. In tiny moments, I'll, I'll be like, okay, that was funny. To myself. I'm talking about myself. I'm not other people. It's rare. I'm too jaded. To be like, oh, that guy. To actually like laugh. Like, hey, hey, hey. At a comic on state? No. Only when it's going bad. That's what being jaded does to you. That's what being an older comic, 10 years, whatever, however long I've been doing it, it's been long enough where I don't laugh at like the good parts. Like other when other people get laughs, when the audience laughs, I go, okay. That joke has been done before that's just that's just like a, a joke you did a joke okay whoopee i like it when something bad happens like when they forget something like when they say a bad word that they're not supposed to like when they call the host a bitch or something i like when bad shit happens that's when i laugh i'm an asshole man when you see me laughing that means You're not succeeding at comedy. You're not succeeding at stand-up. But in my book, I don't know. Maybe you are. Maybe you are. Because I respect people. I don't know. It depends on the context. If you're just making an ass out of yourself, 
and that's why I'm laughing, I don't respect that. But if you're making me laugh in a way that I think is funny but the audience doesn't get, then I will respect you as a comic. Fuck the audience. The audience doesn't know what's funny. They just laugh if other people are laughing. You got to be the first one to laugh. Okay, this is two hours. Okay, sorry. I apologize for the file size. I apologize for the the length of this podcast. I, I mean, who cares? Nobody's going to listen to it. Actually, if somebody listens to this whole episode, um, I'm not going to pay you because I don't have money, much money to pay people just to listen. I don't care that much. I'm not going to like pay people to listen, but just to say that you listened. Actually, I would probably not respect you. To be, I'd be like, you really? That just serves. That just shows that you, you're. Um, that's like shows such a level of. That'd be weird. I don't. I'm not coasting off my own uh, fame right now. I don't have a lot of fans. So it would be shocking to find out that somebody actually watched this entire thing. Because yeah, I know that I don't have a following, you know, and I'm happy. I'm. I'm not happy with it. It'd be cool. But I'm not ready for it because I'm too sensitive to what other people think or say about me to actually even like build a following kind of. I post videos that I think are funny sometimes, but it's excruciating to make them. To Once I make them and I'm proud of them in the mo- and I think they're funny, I do feel good about myself. But I don't care. I don't check if they. Ex- I don't know. They don't. I don't. I, don't, I know I'm not getting famous off talking shit about Jewish women anytime soon, unless you do it in a stand-up. You could do it in stand-up comedy club. Okay, let's end the episode pretty soon here. So I watched Jump. I watched Twenty One Jump Street comedy purist. Okay, here's a topic that also has to do with comedy. My favorite topic. The thing that I don't do ever. I still like talking about it. I'm a purist when it comes to comedy. I won't book anybody just because they're a chick. Unless they're a funny chick. If you're a funny chick, and by chick I mean like biological woman, trans girl, um, that's not what I'm talking about. Because that's like a, it's not what I'm talking about. That's a, that's like a, a biological male. Talking about a, a biological female that happens to be funny, I would book them, but would I give priority to that person more than a dude? Just because they're a chick? Yeah, probably, I guess, just because from a marketing standpoint or from a giving the audience what they want, yes. Not even a marketing standpoint, because unless they're famous, it doesn't matter. If you put a girl's name on a lineup that's not famous, that ain't going to help sell tickets, I don't think. Maybe it will. Maybe it will just a tiny bit, like one, like a couple more people will buy tickets just because there's a girl. Okay, so from a marketing standpoint, sure. But from a what-the-audience-wants standpoint, for sure, you want to have a female comic on there because they just want... They want a female voice. Not everybody, like, but women do. Women, you could observe if you have the brain 
power to absolutely to actually look at things on a not just your own if you have empathy for what the audience wants if you know how to read the crowd the room you could tell that women get excited it's not that fucking hard for female comics just when you when they know that a woman is going on stage they get excited because they're women obviously obviously but would I but yeah the point I'm making so yeah I would book a female comic if they're funny if they're not funny and just happen to be female that's the thing this is where the purism part comes in if they ain't doing comedy up there if all they're doing is bitching about being a woman and it's not getting any laughs if they're not even making other women laugh for fucking get about it forget about it I don't care if they suck my dick better than I don't care if they suck my dick Amazing! If I don't care if they do it, thinking they're gonna get something out of me. Sorry, I'm just thinking about if I would actually let a chick suck my dick who's a comic thing and lead. That's a bad thing to do. Don't lead somebody on. If you have any power in this comedy scene, in the comedy world, by that just means you run a show, which is power. That's considered having power. Just running a show at a bar <laughs> that pays like five bucks or whatever. That's considered power. Don't lead women on to think that they're going to get a, a, a spot by sucking your dick. That's a slimy thing to do. Tell them ahead of time, hey, I love you. I would love for you to give me a to do that for me to suck my dick you know but i am not gonna give you a spot on my show just because you suck my dick because i'm a comedy purist i respect the art form i don't just do it i, I can't i'm not easily manipulated I, I it's not an exchange of sucking dick it's not like oh you did something for me i'm gonna give something for you no I book my show based on who I think is funny and going to entertain the audience that I am working my my dick off, which you just sucked very well. But yeah, I'm also working that dick off. So I don't even have a dick anymore because I'm, I'm working it off so hard to make it so an audience comes to my show that you ain't ever going to get on, honey, unless you get funny, which maybe that'll happen. Probably not if you're already sucking people's dicks. For sure. But anyway, that's just something that crossed my mind. Never mind the dick sucking part. That's a very like I don't even I don't know if that's if that happens that often. But let's just say a woman expected me to book her. Okay, fuck forget the dick suck <laughs> forget about that. We don't even have to entertain that possibility that someone's gonna suck my dick for anything. Let's say it's just somebody that I'm friendly with but don't think they're funny and they ask me to be on their show. I would say, I would have to say no. They could be on my podcast. That's different. I need somebody to take away some of my... Uh, I need a co-host on this podcast. That's way different than stand-up. But no, I want to. I want to book somebody on a showcase or a show that I run. I guess, yeah, that's gross, man. Talking about the, like running a showcase just to 
for to know who you're going to not book. That is gross that I am having these thoughts. But because I don't want to run a showcase, but I th- I mean I might be doing that with somebody for a second and I don't know, I might, but uh it's not something I'm trying that hard to do. I've much more grandiose ideas than just doing a fucking showcase. Like, okay, I'm going to put... But if it makes me money, of course I would do it. That's the thing. I forgot about the money. I'm so focused on the art and the power part that I forgot that there's actually, like, money involved. Thanks to Joe Rogan, like, you could be in... You could be two years into comedy and selling out shows. Pretty nuts, man, just because of Joe Rogan, just because of him. And because comedy in general is becoming very popular right now because people need a laugh. So if you aren't jaded and you actually do find shit funny, like amateur comedians funny, semi-professional comedians funny, because of course it's not that funny. Paying 20 bucks, most of these comics that do these showcases in Austin are not $30 worth of funny. But if you haven't seen a lot of comedy, sure, you'll be, and you're rich because you live in Austin, Texas, and you're a yuppie, you won't complain that you spent $30 on a semi professional comedian who's only been doing it for a couple of years because you really needed a laugh. And you just, I don't know, it feels cool to be going to a comedy show. There's many reasons it's worth that much. The market wouldn't pay it if they weren't, but the comedy itself. It doesn't make me laugh most of the time. Like 99% of the time, I don't fucking laugh at somebody that's been doing comedy for three years. I know all the tricks that they're doing. If you're only three years in, that's not enough time to think of new tricks. You're just copying somebody else. So I don't really have that much interest in running a showcase except for the money part. And then I would kind of feel like a sellout a little bit for that. But the whole point is to get to bigger and better things. I do want to run a show that actually has an artistic uh, novelty factor to it, like Kill Tony. That's something that I'd actually like give my life purpose, not just fucking power and money and dicks. Like, oh, you gotta, even if you like all that bullshit of exchanging favors for spots, somebody wanted to give me a spot on their show if I gave them Adderall I like wanted to punch them in the face like I'm not that desperate for spots not that like trading out like it's just the thought that he thought I was that that's such a uh, very like uh, belittling thing to do to somebody it's like hey can you trade me your your prescription meds and I'll give you a spot like just the thought that I was that desperate for show for a uh, for stage time. It's like I could ask to be at, I could get on show like the like he was basically bribing me in a way that it was like almost too good to say no to. That is such a manipulative, nasty thing to do because in to be honest, I would wanna be on that show, I guess, that he offered, but not for the reason that he was exchanging not for that reason not because i'm because i have adderall so 
it caused me to be extremely angry, um, justifiably, because that's a nasty thing to dangle. It's like it's so manipulative because you know it's almost too good to say no. It's like high-quality stage time. So it's like you know he really wants it, but he's going to have to trade his medicine for it. So it's like, fuck that person. I want to say they should delete themselves. That's another person that I want to for them to... <laughs> this is a fucked up episode, man. But I'm being honest, man. You come you come across some bad people. I, I, I said it again. You. I come across bad people. Other people don't have the same empathy. They don't... They're not as, like... It is, it, you know, they, not everybody gets involved with these types of people to the point where they're even. But they do. It's not just me. I'm not that special. Other people also don't like these people that I'm talking about. Um, and but I get super involved with them because I let them because I empathize with them because they're funny comedians. But then I realize that they're narcissists. And they do the, they're like, talent does not account for being a narcissist. And it's, it's limiting. If you're a narcissist, you're not going to grow to the point where, I mean, maybe you, you could become super famous and be a narcissist, but you kind of plateau after a certain point artistically, I think, if you're a narcissist because you're not willing to grow as much. I don't know. Maybe that's not true, because some narcissists do. Um, I'm talking about. My, I'm just talking about myself. I have narcissistic tendencies, and I want to keep growing and getting better. So maybe I don't know. It's very it depends on the person. But the ones I'm thinking of, some of them are too narcissistic. They're like, you know, to the point where they are not fun to be around at all they zap they uh they rob you of your spirit not your your, they just they just rob you of your empathy and then you feel like you got robbed like it was literally like they stole something from you and it's like hey man that's not i don't like that's not cool so you gotta shut them out out of your life man it's fucking draining as fuck so anyway that's something i realized earlier is why do I have so much fatigue? Like right, like right now, I have fatigue. Why do I wake up after sleeping all night and still feel like crap? Why does it take me so much effort to get out of bed, move around, talk, form thoughts, brain fog? Why the? Why is that? Is it physiological? Is it just my something going on in, in my body or is it mental and i discovered the mushrooms what they told me is that it's uh it's trauma it's the buried trauma that is causing the fatigue this chronic fatigue it's because of mental trauma so I I don't know I'm trying I'm gonna what this 
podcast is about is self-improvement and what that really means. This part of it is not just like doing push-ups or getting on the right meds. That's part of it. Or getting off the wrong meds or drugs. That's part of it too. But now this part that I'm going through right now is a hard one. It's a very... It's one that's going to... It's like one that takes brute force um, confidence in myself and self-love and effort. It takes real effort to get over this. But I'm... Uh, yeah, I'm too, I'm, I don't know, I keep stopping these sentences because they come off as narcissistic, but the reason I say these things about myself that are very narcissistic, it's not like I'm too good to not do what I want in life, I don't know why I had to say that, it's a weird way to phrase it, I'm too good, okay, what does that mean, so I do say some very grandiose things about myself all the time, um, and I don't know if that's narcissism or just true belief in myself. Um, but whatever it is, I think it's true because I uh, it's it's been validated by the outside world. So I'm better now. I'm very like fragile when I talk about this stuff because I know how it sounds. But like also I don't know. So the reason I do that, the reason I say these things. Because I know they're true. I know I have certain traits about myself that are true. Like I say I'm funny. That is a very subjective thing to say about yourself. But it's true. It could be proven. It's something that could be measured. I get. I don't know. It's subjective. But it's also some people have it and some people don't. I have it. I'm not, sh I'm not funny right now. I like that though. I like that I could say something... I like I think that's funny to say that you're funny and not be funny but still think you're funny cuz that makes me feel crazy sometimes or at least it makes me look crazy but I know what's going on from my point of view the reason I say I'm funny is because I am I just I know I am the reason I have to say it is because I don't know. Why do I have to say it? Good question. Because I want to do it for a living. I want to do it. And I can't. That's a weird thing. It's like, okay, you're funny. Okay, I don't, you're not being funny right now. You're being dead. You're being serious. You're being depressing. This is the opposite of funny. You're, make, you're talking about how you want people to kill themselves. That's not funny, dude. That's like the least funny thing you could be doing. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Not right now. I'm not funny now. Doesn't mean I'm not funny overall. It's a trait. It's not like, it's not how I always am. So that's a weird thing because if you're not ever funny, like 90% of the day, if you're, if you're never funny, how could you say you're funny? It's like, oh, you used to be? Okay, say you used to be funny then. Maybe I'll do that. I'll I used to be funny. I am going through a mental health thing right now not crisis i'm going through a mental health problem i don't know where i can't be funny even though i know it's in there still i still have a sense of humor it's not dead it's just not a lie it's just take it's dormant like i watched the movie airplane 
That's an undeniably funny classic movie. Did it make me laugh? No. But I understood that it was funny, and it it kind of like was like okay, that was like it raised, it gave me some good like it it I thought it was funny, so I'm not saying it didn't do anything for me, but it didn't make me laugh. Very few things make me laugh, except for when I say something very fucked up, which I've been doing. When I do comedy, when I do stand up, I go up there, like I do with this. I go up there and stammer. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. It looks like it looks like somebody that's been that doesn't know what the hell they're doing. But I have stage presence that it doesn't go away. So the anhedonia, the problem with fatigue and long COVID, whatever I called it, this low dopamine threshold. The one thing that hasn't gone away is I still have state. I can still do. That's easy to turn that on. The way I talk, I could still get people to listen. That's the fucked up part. Is I'll have a terrible set content-wise. I'll say something that's not even a joke. I'll just do what I'm doing now. Just talk about how I'm just like, yeah, I'm not trying to get a laugh, right? I don't want to be here. I'll just be like purely negative. But people listen the whole time, and that's the part that gives me adrenaline. And then that adrenaline converts to, I guess, dopamine. And it makes me want to do it again. Unfortunately, it doesn't last until the next day. That's a problem. The baseline dopamine levels are just, they drop off. And it's not enough to want to do stand-up the next day. And today is a day that I could be going out and doing stand-up and... uh, the Comedy Mothership, they have a mic there, which is awesome. It's fucking awesome that they have a mic there twice a week. It's new. It's Everything about it seems like I sh- it's for me to do. Not f- only for me, but it's something that I kind of moved here to do, right? No, because I don't give a fuck about... St- I'm not trying to... I don't have an act. I'm too dark. I'm going through a mental health, not crisis. (laughs) I got to think of a way to call it because it's not a crisis. I'm getting better, but uh, I can't do stand-up. You know? And that's what's painful is that it's something that I used to be able to do. I don't know, not really. I never really used to be able to do it at clubs. Like this This is for like a club for a paying audience. I was always not that good at clubs. Unless I was like drunk and super not give a fucky. Because you could get away with pretty much anything if you don't give a fuck and you think it's funny. You could say anything. You could say something very, literally anything. Yeah, if you have enough dopamine. That's all it is. I'm not overusing that word because anytime you see a comedian having fun on stage because they have a dopamine supply, anytime you see a, a newer comic kill, it's because they have higher dopamine. And then an older comic like me goes on and fucking bombs. It's because we have less dopamine because I've been doing it for long. I don't get, it's, it's not as interesting to me to just do an open mic. I'm not going to get anything out of it other than adrenaline for bombing so hard. And it's like, wow, that was embarrassing. But, like, I don't have the dopamine to actually kill. 
um, that a newer comic would have. It's just what it comes down to. Doesn't mean that that comic is good. Like what they're saying is like, okay, that's hack. <laughs> so you get better even if you're depressed. My depressed sets, I still like. Now I do. I I, I still enjoy them more than other people's because it's me. I wouldn't want to watch them back, but there are some moments in them that I go, okay, that's something only I could have done, and it comes from this experience of being dedicated to it and like whatever i i'm not saying i'm completely kaput but the way that this podcast has been a reflection of my current state of mental health and performative health not just mental health how i am able to perform vocally with speech i'm like joe biden i'm like worse than joe biden in some ways and that's low dopamine. I could have snorted an Adderall before. I could have like done that if I really wanted to, but I'm not a drug addict. I I don't just sniff. I don't just chase whatever drug gives me the most dopamine. But I was thinking about it's like there's a reason. Um, actors and performers do drugs. It helps the performance, like, and then they they need it to perform at their best, and like, so that's why it's addictive. I don't really feel addicted to that, to Adderall, because it's so it doesn't. I don't really feel anything when I'm on it. Thank God. I mean, but I understand what it feels like to be addict to be addicted to these chemicals or yeah, these pills, whatever you want, whatever. Because I, I like how I feel when I'm on stimulants. I just like being stimulated by life. I like performing at my best. I don't like going through life, getting through life, not feeling like I'm accomplishing anything. So anyway, I just need stronger stimulants. Not you know I'm not going to start abusing the ones I got. I could. I could just start doing that. I'm thinking about it. I don't know. Cocaine is good for comedy. There's a reason that they paid people in cocaine. Like, especially people like me who are like, they needed it. They need it, man. Like, if they have no motor, you need to take the cocaine and, like, it makes you want to move around and tell jokes and hack jokes might be. They're not a hack. If, I don't know. Whatever. I've been very difficult on myself this episode, but it, does, it doesn't mean I hate myself all day. I've been... Okay. Maybe I'm going to do this podcast. What if I just did a all... Like a seven hour... I couldn't do more than that. I couldn't do more than, a, than six hours. <laughs> Definitely not all day. Like an all day podcast. Like a 24 hour podcast. That'd be cool. Not going to do that today. But that's what this is feeling like. This is feeling like an all-day podcast. And it's more like a deposition of like my mental health. Of like what is bothering... I need to put it into words. Until I'm satisfied. Before ending this thing. And so yeah, I'm very saddened, I guess. By the, by the fact that I can't do 
the Joe Rogan open mic, I am unhappy that I am not functional enough at this point in my life to sign up for that. I did it last week. I signed up last week. That was only a week ago. It feels like longer because time's going by slow, I guess, you know? Yeah, I just can't get my brain to put an act together, to put a set together. And even if I did, I don't know if it would be funny because I would lose the interest in it so quickly, man. So it sucks, man. ADHD sucks. But not just ADHD. Recovering from pause sucks. Post-acute withdrawal syndrome. That could last up to two years, man. But I did enjoy the sunrise today which shows that I'm still able to enjoy things in life. Yeah, it took mushrooms to do that, but it was stronger than normal of a positive feeling. Like, it was... I felt like I wasn't... I felt like I was making some progress. I don't know. I feel like usually mushrooms do that. Mushrooms usually... You you feel like even though it gets difficult at times you feel like you figured something out afterwards at least if it's a good trip and like but sometimes you might figure out something very negative but today i found out that i'm dealing with trauma and that's something that is going to take a lot of work to get over that's why i'm fatigued it's because of trauma not because of some lack of supplement and yeah, stim- stimulants are pretty much the best thing for, to that help with getting over this trauma because you need to be awake to get things done, to keep your mind off the negative thoughts, and to over you have to be goal oriented. And I have goals; they're not very well defined right now. I guess my goal is to get over the pause, get over this negative thing of like not having motivation and waking up unrested. But that comes back to what I'm just talking about. To get over that fully, who the fuck? No, like it's going to take more time and effort and working out and not being a bitch. But it's okay to be a bitch too. It's okay to let yourself feel negative. As long as it's not inward towards you, as long as I'm not mad at myself. It's fine to be mad at people that wronged me. That's fine for motivation, but I I don't want to be mad at myself. I'm tired of being mad at myself. I'm only mad at myself when I ain't sticking to my goals. If I'm sticking to my goals, I have no reason to be mad at myself, which uh, I'm trying to stick. I'm doing okay right now. I'm fasting intermittent fasting is a way to say f F you to the world because it clears up your body and mind to it gets you through the bullshit you could see things more clearly and it you could do a lot of problem solving when you're fasting and when you get into the ketogenic into ketosis you have more you just feel more human you feel like you're actually looking at things clear and it gives you more fortitude so people that just eat you know shovel food down their 
throat to get over their traumas and laugh. I understand. I'm there, right there with you. But life is too short to just be getting through it. You want to leave a fucking welt in the ground. You want to leave a crater in the ground. You don't want to just get through it. You want to be a monster, as they say. And you don't want to just cause violence. Like, so to wrap it up on this topic, which is a fun top, great topic. I was reading about Columbine and watching a documentary about Columbine. It's just fascinating that, like, these kids that, like, had a normal childhood, you know, for the most part, privileged kids, just these, rant, these regular kids, just for some reason, just decide to do something so violent and they commit to it like they actually follow through with the thing that they know is fucked up like it's one thing to have the idea it's the next thing to plan it out to actually do it and follow through on everything and have self-awareness of it and like know that this is bad that you you still got to do it I used to get offended when people said I looked like a school shooter, but now I go, fuck yeah, rock and roll. Because it's like people now relate to them more. People now relate to mass shooters more than any, any, any other time in this. More than any other time. That's just a joke I had. This is a premise for a joke. It's like, it's like, yeah, fuck. Yeah. Like, I used to think that they were saying that I look like a school shooter because I. And like, that's a bad thing. That's like, oh, I'm evil. Oh, yeah, I'm going to shoot. It's like, yeah, but now everybody kind of wants to shoot up something, right? So it's becoming like, fuck, yeah, you're kind of relating. You're saying I'm cool. You're not. You're saying you relate to. You're saying I'm a certain type. So it's not that bad that they're saying something that is offensive. Like I used to just take it as face value. Like, oh, you think I look like a school shooter. I would just have a knee-jerk reaction of like that's offensive because it's like hack. It's like you could say that about pretty much any white guy who's dark, who has a depressed look to them, and you can. So I was like, that's kind of race. It's like easy. It's like only you could say that for white people. You can't really say that about anyone else because it's just kind of a white stereotype. But I'm starting to embrace that part because all they're doing is recognizing that hey you have a dark look you look depressed you look scary that sure that could offend me because i don't feel scary i don't feel like a dark person but i kind of am i kind of am i do kind of have dark thoughts all the time not all the time but i relate to them very often so I don't know, and that's fine. It's fine to be somebody with those with like a dark personality, and that's what metal, that's what death metal is about. Like, so it's relatable to have a dark personality. So if somebody says I look like a school shooter, okay, it's implying that I might do something criminal, which I take. It's like fuck you. No, I'm not a I'm not violent. Fuck like I don't like attributing it. I don't like the fact that I have a dark personality mean 
that I have a violent personality. I don't like that, uh, how people confuse, like they, I mean, I don't blame them, I guess. I mean, you can't blame, it's like, okay, if you have a dark personality, you might be violent as well. But it ain't the case, because most people that listen to death metal, they're not violent people, they just like darkness. And I have a lot of thoughts of like, what's the point of anything? What's the point of doing anything like getting out of bed doing a job for what to just pay your bills so you could do what in life if you don't enjoy life there's no point in even getting out of bed or doing anything so i kind of like living on that intersection of like what what is the point of this i like having that because it's freeing when you're able to have that thought as depressing as it is you ain't the only one who has that thought it's like why am I what's the point of this I wake up and then I have to be around people and get trauma dumped and get abused by like all this is is like gonna end up bad so it's like there's no it all ends up bad in the end so it's like what's the point of this so it's, I don't know I like lingering in that and like embracing the fact that it's okay to have those thoughts I think um doesn't mean I I'm endorsing you know cause I'm I don't know it's okay to have those thoughts of course I'm not advocating for ending your life or deleting yourself but I don't know. Doesn't mean that's it, a weird conundrum. It's like okay, so you don't enjoy life, isn't then? So you, wh why are you still doing it? It's like well, because I don't want to end it. It's not that bad. I don't hate life. I just don't enjoy it. There's a difference. So you could be a dark person and like not enjoy life and think it's all bullshit and be a nihilist, but. It doesn't mean you hate being alive, right? I mean, you can, you still get something out of it. I don't know. I do, or else I wouldn't be here, I guess. And then there's some people that say, well, the only reason I haven't deleted myself is because my parents would be sad. Okay, that's the next threshold that I understand, yeah. Some people don't enjoy life. They just know that they would hurt people by, yeah. So I don't know. I, I I respect those people that stay alive just for the sake of other people. I respect people either way. I respect people that do delete themselves because they just didn't want to be here. What's wrong with that? Okay, you don't have to be here. <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's okay to talk about this in a way that's and make light of it a little bit because you can't stigmatize these thoughts. You can't just assume everybody has a purpose that's like makes it worthwhile to not have these it's like what's the point of we're all just it's whatever i like it i like having dark thoughts as long as you don't act on them it's fine to have them i ain't acting on shit i'm barely even doing much shit. i'm doing i mean okay this didn't take this took a lot of work that's why i'm still going that's why i'm going so long episode 69 what am I going to call this episode besides do not listen? 
I don't want people to listen to this. This is embarrassing. Um, but anyway, that was a fun day. It was a good morning of like, okay, let's see if there's one more real topic. We talk about chronic fatigue. I'm figuring out a lot of shit about myself. Like, I realize, like, I've been doing comedy for 10 years. So, that's enough time to know why you're doing it. Uh, so like so i most people do it because they're they think they're funny but the ones that actually keep doing it for 10 like their whole life and don't always get much out of it like they they just end up in the gutter and the soup strainer of like okay whatever like me i will never not do comedy because it's like I just have to, but uh, even when it's going bad, even when I don't have the mental, even when I can barely get out of bed, I still think about when I am feeling good, I think about comedy and doing comedy. It's crazy, man. It's very, it's a very specific thing, but there's nothing else that could scratch that itch. You have to go on stage. Uh, anyway, so there's people that are just starting out that I come across and they're so fucking new and wide-eyed that they don't even realize that the only reason they're doing it is because of trauma. They might have heard that, like, yeah, I'm, I had trauma. Like, but they don't fully realize that that's all they're doing out of this is trying to get approval from... They're trying to fix tra- childhood trauma or adulthood trauma by doing stand-up and there's nothing wrong with that i'm just saying that's all it is (laughs) like that's great use that to entertain other people that's a very generous thing to do but at least realize that i don't know it's just nice to know that's what it is that's it's just nice to have that such uh in such a it's like, I don't give a fuck. Like, once you realize that it's all about that, it's like, do you still want to do it anymore? Why not just resolve the trauma? Because then if you had good a good therapist and you actually resolved some of these issues, maybe you will be able to assimilate into society and leave your house, walk around the block, without getting afraid of the neighbors maybe that'll happen and you won't have to do open mics anymore and be around other mentally ill people that haven't done this work isn't that probably the, for the best it's like yeah but then I'll probably even be able to do even better at comedy I don't know yeah probably I'll still want to do comedy even though that's the reason I got into it, I still want to do it, though, because it pays the dividends. It makes me feel like my life is purposeful. But never. now I'm talking myself into a corner here because I just said your life only doesn't have... If your life's purpose relies on only what you get from doing comedy... That's a bad place. To, that means you have some unresolved issues, probably. If your life is not 
if your whole life purpose is based around comedy, man, that is flimsy. It's it's like a slippery slope, man, because you're going to have some really bad... Because that means when it's not happening, comedy-wise, you're going to be depressed and not feel like your life is worth living or that you have a purpose in life. And that's exactly where I'm at right now. But if I resolve the traumas that caused me to be this way, I'll have another purpose in life, maybe. I'll find a more healthy purpose. How about... Yeah, comedy is not a healthy way. It's just not a healthy life purpose, man. To own, like, it's it's just very sketchy if that's your whole purpose in life. You'll, you're probably, it's just like, good luck. Good luck getting out of that alive. But it's also an art form. So you could still do it even after you work out your problems. I don't know, man. I'm going to keep doing it. And I, I figured out with the Timmy Gusto thing, there's nothing wrong with that stage name. I had to turn it into a character for some reason because why not? I just something I did, but like I started to distance myself from that stage name because it sounded too fake and it just wasn't me, you know? I don't like going up as a fake name, but that's show business. So I just have to toughen up, you know, because it's not that bad. It's cringy a little bit like Timmy Gust. It has a dumb, like annoying, uh, self grandy. It's like a, I don't like it that much. It's, it's not subtle. Timmy Gust. So I don't like it. I strongly dislike it, actually. <laughs> Just the gusto part. The Timmy part is fine, I guess. But that part's fine. Because that's my actual name. The part I don't like is that gusto is too in-your-face and obnoxious. Gusto? Ugh, ugh. I hate it. It's not who I am. So, unfortunately, I already chose it I don't know I, I should have put more thought into that I should have <laughs> I should have thought of something that's not as obnoxious to me at least you know I don't it's not important what other people if I don't like it that's what I'm presenting to people that's why I don't really like going up is that I don't know yeah I don't like it it's too in your face like boom gusto like ugh why did I pick that Anyway, I picked. A, I know why I picked because I wanted something obnoxious and in your face. But like now that I'm actually like living with it, it's like that's not who I am as a person. I'm not like always in your face. It, you know, I'm more nuanced than that. I don't want to. I'm not just the guy that just goes. You know, just has like this self-aggrandizing feeling about me all the time. But like, yeah. So I don't like it, man. But that's fine. I guess you don't have to like your stage name. That you don't have to like it all the time. Then why did I pick it? Yeah, I've changed my name too. But I can't keep changing my name, man. It's a sign of mental illness to keep changing your name. Um, 
Yeah, it's hard to go on stage using a stage name that is not authentic to who you are, that you can't relate, that's like, ugh. But I need a stage name. I don't know. I'm trying to convince myself that it's okay to keep using that name, but it's a bad name. Because I don't like how it calls attention. Anyway, a good name, That the reason I bring that up is because it's okay to have a stage name just like that, like something short and cutesy, but not that, but like, not that glammy. But Bobby Darren, that's a singer from the 50s, and he's, he was a genius, and he, had a, he picked a stage name. His name is some long Italian shit from a mobster, and he joked about that. Like, it wouldn't look good. Good, his full name wouldn't look good on a marquee. That's exactly why he picked Bobby Darren. He just looked in the phone book. So that's not too far off from what I'm doing with Timmy. I so that's I already got that part. It's just the last name that drives me crazy because it's not subtle. I should have picked a more subtle last name like Darren. There's no like, it's not in your face like Darren. Okay, because then it it doesn't put a, all this weight on the name itself. Gusto is another way to say it. Timmy Gusto, and I don't like that either. Timmy Gusto, Timmy Gusto. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just right now I don't like it. I don't. I've never liked it. Any the second I started using it, I didn't like it. So why the fuck did I nail it? Why did I keep using it? Why did I like decide? That was probably just the Adderall. Maybe I don't know. I was like, I don't know. I picked it for Kill Tony, and yeah, I could have shopped her. I could have looked in phone more phone books and like picked a less obnoxious last name. Yeah, I f it sucks, man, because you can't change your stage. Like, But also, I'm being a perfectionist, I guess. I'm being a perfectionist because who cares? Who gives a fuck? It's just a name. And you should care more about the content, not the stupid name, not the shell or the cover. You should care about what you're actually doing with the name. And if this is an example of it, I'm glad. It's, I mean, this is the Tim Weichselbaum show. This is my real name. If this is the content that I'm capable of, holy crap. You shouldn't be worried about the name. You should be worried more about the fact that you're doing a three-hour podcast where you just stand there thinking about your stage name that you don't even... Because you're and you're not even a, doing open, you're afraid to even do open mics, and you're worried about your stage name. Well, that's fucked up. It's like, is that neuroses or just, I don't know? I think it's fine to think about this stuff, but uh, if I had to go back, if I could change it, I would pick something less obnoxious, less in your face. So you know. I guess that is unfortunate, but it's just, a, you know, it's a name. I made it a character, too, to try to 
because I'm ashamed of how dumb the name is, so I had to make a character around it, which is fine. I like being a character. I realized it's just Tony Clifton. That's all it is. It's just the same idea. It's almost the exact same character as Tony Clifton. The same attitude, the same how he, he's a singer. He's like this guy that thinks he's a sought-after lounge act. There's so many parallels. He wears sunglasses indoors. I didn't even realize this. Not even subconsciously did I think about Tony Clifton. Maybe subconsciously, but it slipped in because it was not, I did not realize how on the nose it was until now. Like the way that he's exactly the same thing as Tony Clifton. Timmy Gusto is just Tony Clifton, a modern, just me, my version of Tony Clifton, my take on it. So do I want to do stand-up as that? Yeah, if I want to get played off. Yeah, it's also like dice. Anyway, so this was a three-hour, this is, a, this is a episode 69. And the only reason this is so long is because my energy levels are not high enough to be succinct and I want to just break down until I got nothing left to say and it's just going to be funny to I don't think it will be funny to look back at this and be like wow that's that's sad I think it will it won't be funny but it will be sad and then funny if I keep going in life if, <laughs> if I actually if I actually get somewhere in life where I have people that give a crap about what I used to do, they will be like, holy crap, that episode 69, he was really not doing anything valuable. He was like at such a bad point in his life. But I'm, it's not as bad as it, look, as it looks and sounds. I think I'll get out of this. Knowledge is power. And I have, I've been finding out a lot of knowledge, finances. I don't care about that. This is a, this is. I need to start caring about that, or else this this studio will be a loss, and I'll have to uh, close my business. It's not a business. It's a corporation. It's a company, holding company. This has to generate some income, or else it's a hobby. You can't. It has. I have to generate income from this studio, or at least I have to try. So we'll only. I'll have to. I don't know. I'll. F I. That's the part I gotta figure out. Because this is not a viable product to sell. This is terrible. This is not something I would try to like make any money off, unless I had a sponsor. But who would sponsor this? Nobody. I have a better chance of starting my own product and then sponsoring it on this. Okay. I'll start selling a product. <laughs> Not supplements. Okay, let's spend the rest of the episode brainstorming about how to make this commercial. Not this, but like a product that I'm going to sell on this. Sponsor this podcast by. Same company. I have to figure this out or else I can't deduct all this crap that I'm buying if it's not 
this is real life shit that I got to figure out that I got. It's just part of being a business person because this is not a hobby as much as this looks like not even a hobby. This looks like less than a hobby. This looks like something like that you do out of not even recreation. What would be below a hobby? Like <laughs> addiction. Like this is not even an addiction. I'm I'm not even like what is this? If it's not a hobby, it's a failed we have to call it a business venture. So right now it's a failed business. It's not failed. It's still new. It's only episode 69. And this is, pro- this is one of the best episodes I've done. I'm not going to... I mean, Jesus, this is horrible. I'm not going to listen to this. But anyway, I'm going to sell something on this podcast that I will also call... It'll be the sponsor. I'll be like, this show is sponsored by tequila. Like this tequila that I made that I sell, that I don't drink, because I'm sober, because the whole point of this podcast is that I'm sober, that'd be funny, that'd be funny, but I don't I don't know how to sell liquor, I think you need like a, not a license, how do you sell, I don't know, it's not that hard probably, to sell liquor, you gotta make it, I don't want to do that, I don't want to make liquor, that's something I could actually make in my, like around here, what could I make or sell or package? I gotta think of something. So it doesn't have to be a physical item, or it, it, it could just be merchandise. But that's stupid. That doesn't make any. Oh, this is sponsored by merchandise. It has to be. I mean, I am into fashion, so I was thinking maybe something along the lines of that. But it would have to actually be something. Intr- okay, maybe I'm not saying I don't want to sell fashion like but the how the hell do you that's hard man not the design part but the getting people to make the clothing and distribute the clothing moving it around shipping it that's the part I would need help with man I could design the shit out of clothing man because I go on these websites I was on this website sheen shine this huge Chinese clothing company that sells all this cheap, horrible clothing. Sheen, S-H-E-I-N. And they sell like $10 shirts. And they're all like colorful, like 80s nostalgia. And they use algorithms to design these shirts. And then they, they, they determine which ones to sell more i mean they use algorithms to to design their clothing so it's very inhuman and it's not very good it's not as good as designer clothing that actually costs a lot of money and it's not good quality and it just goes in the landfills so i'll be wearing some of that on the next episode because i bought 50 dollars worth of shirts from sheen and none of them are that great but i liked some of them but I was looking at all these shirts and like they're like they're all like so tacky, man. Like they're just almost some of them are almost good enough to wear. But like the colors are too bright. It's like tacky, man. So I have better I could make something better than than that. Doesn't mean it's gonna sell. So anyway, fashion, that's one thing. Fragrances. What's something that people would actually buy that like product wise that I could actually 
So it wouldn't be supplements. And, you know, supplements, I'm not a big believer in supplements, except for mushrooms, but I don't, I wouldn't, you can't really sell those legally. And even if you could, I don't really want to just sell drugs or supplements. So it wouldn't be that. We're getting there. We're going to think of something. Um, maybe not. Not. We're definitely not going to think of anything on this podcast. We're definitely not. Someone with ADHD, like maybe like a fidget thing. Probably not. Even this is kind of like a fidget thing. I could sell coffee. That's boring. I don't even drink coffee. I drink caffeine. Like, Yeah, I'm a very big on drugs, but not selling them. You could s- you could sell something to do do the drugs off, do the drugs, like a meth pipe. You could sell meth pipes. You could sell crack pipes or cocaine mirrors or something, a place to store your cocaine. I don't know, man. That's desperate, man. We're getting desperate. If that's the best idea so far. I like the clothing idea, like maybe like scarves or some shit like that. T-shirts that say good shit there's a lot of funny t-shirts that say witty thing that's been done to death i don't i'm not down with that maybe like one word like maybe something that's like subtle like just like one word on it there's one that was just said melanin that was pretty good i almost bought that one and even though i'm not a colored i'm not a person of color i just thought it was a cool shirt um so I'm into stuff like that, like like very like minimalistic fashion. I don't know. It doesn't have to be minimalistic. It just has to be. I know it when I see it. Taste it takes good taste to both to create this stuff. But anyway, I don't know if it'll be that. It has to be something. What's a non-physical thing like? I can't. I make software. I'm gonna make. I could make an app. Okay, that's probably the most realistic thing. An app for what? We we already got apps for everything. Like sober tracking, journaling, people like me. Like if I needed an app, what would it do? I'm already using a bunch of them. I'm already using the fasting one. Uh, yeah, I already use a bunch of apps. The ones that tell you if you've taken your pill yet. The ones that tell you... I'll think of an app, maybe not right now, but that's a realistic one. We could just make an app. It could just be a novelty app. It doesn't have to be useful. It could just be novelty. Huh. Nah, it has to be useful. Can't sponsor something. Can't be based on something that's just a novelty unless it's recurring, something very interesting that is useful because it's so different every day it has to be like a, an app that does something that you need like people like me in the self-improvement community because there's already a lot of shit for that there's already shit that like for self for like giving you quotes like meditation like here's a happy quote like the sober app i have just gives you an inspirational quote Every and it tracks how long you've been sober. I want it to be funny too. I don't want it to just be like a serious, like okay, self Are you getting better? Are you still mentally trauma? How do we make money off that? 
I want to profit off of people's trauma while also helping them. That's what better help is for, I guess, therapy apps. Not quite that deep, not like the Uber, not like that. Just something good, something healthy, something that helps you work towards your health. I'm not going to put this episode, I mean, I am, but like, anyway, I'm not going to send it, I'm not going to promote it. (laughs) Okay, apps that do something for the benefit of what do I need in life? I need something to motivate me to do comedy but what the hell would that that would be like a uh, like I don't even know what that would take I don't even know that you're on your own with that see that's just something that you can't just get an app for an app that helps you do comedy or motivates you to do it yeah there's apps that help you organize your jokes and like but what's one that actually motivates you to be a comedian nothing Trauma. That's what motivates you. Like trauma could be a good thing and a bad thing for comedy. It's what gets you into it. It's what makes you good at it. Motivates you to keep doing it. But when you've... Yeah, you have to be functional though. It'd be functional to some degree to be funny. So what would make me more functional? Something that boosts my ego would be nice. Something that it would be an app with my face on it. No, I don't. Yeah, something that boosts, that makes me feel like good about myself. That's personal to me, though. Like it would be my something that encourages me that I need to keep being myself and not be ashamed of myself, which I'm not. I'm ashamed of this episode, but uh, that's just one episode out of many. Anyway, I'm not ashamed. Yeah, I'm trying to. <laughs> yeah, an app that makes you less ashamed of yourself. How about that? But like, I just thought of like some that just shows you a nice little nostalgia thing of like who you were versus who you are today. Like, it would show you like a collage. Of your old photos, you know, like kind of what, like what the photos app already does. Like one year ago today, here's a little collage from your phone. I don't really like being reminded of that, but I need something that's like just the things I value. Like show me, give me a nice slap in the face of positivity. Of who I am in essence, my essence, and who I, because then it, that's what would spark me to keep going, to keep getting out of bed, and keep working, keep making content, comedy, and going out and facing the negatives of being around people that are also mentally ill. That takes a lot of effort, man. It takes effort. Yeah, I need that. I need an app that gives me that slap in the face every day. It's like, here's who you are. Here's where you sh- you want to be. Get to it. 
and it's like short and sweet just like a couple it's an ai generated like you know picture type like it shows me me as a person running towards my goals in a way that's different every day it can't just be the same thing it has to be novel every day to give me dopamine of course it has to give you dopamine or else it's a failed invention every pause every successful invention and song every hit song gives you dopamine that's why it's good any creative decision that doesn't give you dopamine it's like okay it should give you something anyway you should have a reaction to it a positive one this one would give me dopamine because it would show me trying to be can't be like too optimistic can't show me doing things that I know I can't do because some things I can't do like going on stage tonight I can't do I can but it won't be good it'll be bad I'll bomb and feel bad about myself but that's not the worst thing in the world the problem is I'll be too tired by that time it's only 12 in the morning 11, 12 p.m. it's 11 a.m. and I've been up since 2 a.m. So, yeah, I'm going to be exhausted by the time comedy happens. So that's depressing. That's kind of sucks, but uh, that's part of being fatigued. Part of having chronic fatigue. You can only stay up for a few hours of the day. I kind of want to take more mushrooms, dog. Dude, I should just keep going. <laughs> I should do like a four hour. I thought three hours was bad. At this point... I should just keep going, man. Let's go for 69 hours. No, 6.9 hours? Nope. It would have to be something like that. Something like 69, 690 minutes? How long is that? That's 10 hours. <laughs> it's more than 10 hours. Damn, that's a long time. Wait, 690 minutes? Oh. Yeah, that's what, 10, 11, 11 and a half hours, I believe. Let's do the math. At this point, do I care about silence? Do I care about radio silence at this point? Come on. Okay, so 69 divided by, what are we doing here? 600 and, 690 divided by 60. Yeah, 11.5. Yeah, we're not doing that. That'd be insane. I don't think the file size would even go that big. I'm sure, I, I guess the file size, I could handle that. I could do that. That'd be like 40 gigabytes or something. Probably longer. Yeah, that would be like 100 gigabytes. <laughs> how long? Okay, well now i got to figure out how many gigabytes that would be. So usually it's about 7 gigabytes or let's just say five gigabytes for an hour. So that would be not that bad. The lowest it would be like around sixty gigabytes <laughs> at least. Once it's edited, it usually goes up. So it'd be around eighty to a hundred megabytes around the give or take. If we did uh six hundred and ninety minutes. I can't, I, I mean, that'd be funny. 
That'd be funny to do a 690-minute podcast. But I'd have to take a break. There'd be literal dead air of me. I'd have to take more mushrooms, for sure. Because it makes things less boring. Probably not a good idea to do that trauma like for your brain. Because it's mentally taxing at first when you take mushrooms. Once I got over the hump of like the trauma part and like the anxiety, it was beautiful and I wanted more. I almost did take more because I was just at the beautiful amount where like the, the, I had visuals like the, it was fun. It was only positive and it makes you so creative, man. Like you think of so many positive you think of so much creative shit when you're on mushrooms. You just have to get over the scary part. The the upswing. The come on of mushrooms is pretty scary. Even if you're used to them. Even if you've done them a thousand times. Um, you never know how it's going to go until you're doing it. It's like, well, yep, that's scary. But it's such a memorable, recognizable feeling. Like you've also... You know, it's not good to abuse them because they are something you don't want to keep doing over and over because it's like they tell you the same thing. It's like, dude, you've been here enough times. When you get the message, hang up the phone. But it's like, it's like yeah, I got the message, but um, I'm going through a thing where I need more of the medicine. <laughs> it's like there's a way to justify doing it as often as I do it. Not microdosing. Um, this is beyond microdosing. <laughs> but uh, the justification is that I'm... It's fun, first of all. So it's that is recreation. Recreational purposes. It's for entertainment purposes if you count this as entertainment. But then again, so we're three hours in out of 11. There's no way. I can't do 11 hours. I can't do an 11 and a half hour podcast. I say that knowing that it's possible, but it would be really sad. Like, this is you not even interacting with other people. This is you just talking to a camp. Like, it would be different if it was a live stream. I didn't even think to do this as a live stream. Thank God. It'd be better as a live stream. I don't really have a platform to live stream out. And, and uh, who cares? I'm not going to live stream it. It, But if it was, it'd at least be when people live stream, they could kill time by talking to the streamers, the chatters. I've done live streams for like a long time. Like 12 hours, I think, is the longest. When I actually did it on in front of people and interacted with the audience. I had some fun live streams. I was drinking. <laughs> I was drinking throughout the entire thing because I used to be an alcoholic. I used to be able to just consume alcohol for the entire night. And you have such stamina. The alcohol gives you stamina. I would need to do something to get stamina. 
which I don't have right now. I'm running out of stamina, running out of steam. I have stamina. I would have ended this if I didn't have that. If I was like completely too tired, I'm not too tired. I'm just not satisfied with ending it on a this type of energy. It's like when you go on stage and you you are bombing and you can't get off stage because like, I can't get off stage when on this. I got to end on a good note. So maybe I'll just end it on a good note. <laughs> but now that I got it in my head that we got to do 6 that we could do the uh, 690 There's no way. That would be 3 times longer than I've done already. Right? Yeah, 3 times longer almost. More than that. Cause we're only three twenty, so it'd be three. <laughs> Holy crap! How many hours? Who cares? It'd, yeah, it'd be a long time longer. It'd be a long time to keep doing this, and I don't think that's gonna happen. That'd be quite a challenge that I did not sign up for. And when would I end if I did eleven? Cause we started, I don't know, three hours ago. So eleven. Minus three is, I don't even know, eight and a half. Doing math in front of a, yeah, eight and a half hours longer, some sh eight hours more. We'd be, <laughs> let me see, let me check. So we're about three and a half hours in, so that would be eight hours more. Are you kidding me? Yeah, let's do eight hours more of this. This wasn't even a good episode. And you're thinking of doing eight hours more of it. Maybe it'll get good by the eighth hour. Who knows? Maybe this maybe it just takes that long to get good. By hour six, I might be swinging into my... I might be good. Okay, so eight... Holy crap. I'm going to check my email now that we're thinking about not ending this thing somebody invited me to something on linkedin what san mark i don't own a television i got a i got an invitation to connect with somebody on linkedin and I, do i know this person i think it's somebody that listens to the podcast actually shout out to the people that have listened to this podcast this will be one that oh man if you listen to this podcast, <laughs> thank you. I genuinely, I do appreciate even if one person is enjoying anything about what I'm doing here. I know that not all of it is good. I know that there's not a single person on the planet that would enjoy all of it, especially this episode, which is the worst one I've ever done. It's a lot of me. It's so much of me that I'm feeling like I might as well just keep going because, hey, it's not going to get any better by – it can't get any worse. It's like, well, no, I think it can. I think more of me is probably not the way to get more people to listen. I don't think making this episode 12 hours long is going to be the thing that helps, but it'd be funny. 
What's the longest? I'm sure that there's a record for longest podcast episode. I guess I'm doing this out of spite for people that don't support me. The fact that I don't have thousands of people listening to this, that's why you're getting this as punishment for the people that... I guess I feel it's like my way of defying my own lack of success is by doing more of the same, even worse, and for longer. That's my way of showing that I don't care about climbing the ladder of success. I don't care about views. I do, of course, I want more of them. Like on uh, when I put out a short, if it only gets like a couple thousand, I go, okay, that was a waste. That was a failed short. It's been a while since I've had one that went over 5K. Sucks, man. You know, like you you think I should be happy with just that 2,000 maybe, but it's like, I guess it's better than I am happy with it because maybe because that gets you a couple subscribers and you got to be happy for every little, every additional subscriber you get. I guess you got to be happy with. Yeah, that's fair because if I did have a lot more people coming in, it would mean I, I would have to keep doing something to please them. Once you have an audience, you got to keep doing something for that audience. So the fact that I don't have an audience, a, a big one, means I don't have to worry about disappointing them. So I'm fine with having literally one or two people listening to this. Because even that is, is crazy to me. That even more than one person, even just... Because I don't, I don't even like this. I like certain parts of it. I like certain episodes. I do like some of the past episodes. Um, just not this one. This one, I'm not happy with at all. Because um, it's long. Because it's long-winded and there's many... Because I'm spacey and I look like I'm... Reti- I just look disabled. I, I t- I'm talking like a disabled person. Mentally disabled, and I am. It's kind of what I've been talking about this whole time. Is how I'm like too depressed to do comedy, and I don't enjoy life. And but at least I said all. At least I got that out of the out in the clear. Now that that's out out of the way, what haven't I said that I'm worried about saying? Nothing. So if you're, I don't know. That's that's like freeing. It's like that gives you a little bit of like uh, makes you feel. It's cathartic to be like, well, I have nothing to hide. I could talk about literally any thought I have. Not try to be funny and still put this out and be embarrassed of it. The thing I'm proud of is the the only thing that I'd be proud of is if I did this for another eight hours. If I actually do do this for 690 minutes, then... That's an accomplishment. If it's just three hours of this, it's like, that's an arbitrary number. It's like, why the hell did you not edit that? Why did you do that? This is illness. This is just psychotic. It's just mental illness on display. Why would you waste hard drive space, let alone upload it? But 
if you do 690 minutes, then people, I could tell people, I'm still not going to tell people. Who would I tell that I'd be proud to say that I did a 690 minute podcast alone in my house with the air conditioning? No, I wouldn't tell anybody, but they maybe would find out. I would tell Instagram. I would at least make a post about it on Instagram. But aside from that, I wouldn't necessarily be like, yeah, I'm killing it in comedy. Oh, man, my comedy career is going fucking great. But I don't care about that because I don't, I don't, I'm not even trying. I can't call myself a failure if I'm not even like trying to do it. I'm literally, I can't even do open. I'm too afraid to do open mics because I'm, I don't have a joke. I don't have bits. Okay, we'll wake up. I'm. This is still early in the day for me. I'm still waking up. But yeah, if I did a 690 minute podcast, I'd be like, yeah, okay, I did that. Never going to do that again. I'm going to go back to doing it for an hour. I guess it's just because somebody told me that this is too long and that made me like, so now I'm defying them. I go, oh, you think it's too long? Okay, I'll show you too long. This was too long 20 minutes after it started. I could have said everything I wanted to say in 20 minutes of this thing. And I kept going on tangents. But there were good tangents. We learned a lot. I learned a lot about myself on this. What did I learn? I learned that I'm afraid. I don't know. I'm very like hard on myself when it comes to talking about certain subjects like my sobriety. It's a vulnerable subject. It's a very vulnerable. Because it's like. It's like yeah. Okay, it's not interest. It's it's only interesting to people that know me. I don't know. Not really. That's not true. Sobriety, but you can't. But nobody cares. It's got to. You still got to be adding value to the subject of sobriety. I don't know. You'd have to really cherry pick the parts of this to make it valuable to that subject. I think overall it was a very destructive look on sobriety because I was saying how good drugs are I didn't say anything okay weed I did say bad things about weed that's the only one alcohol I said was good because it because it's fun and it gives you this cozy like it it makes you just um, to be blunt it makes life worth living for some people. For, al- for alcohol, gives you a reason to do stuff. Mostly bad stuff. <laughs> like it's not like alcohol makes me work on my act. It was good for thinking of premises, but going back and working at it, nah. It made me better at stand up because I was more confident, and it gave me dopamine. So, you know, I do kind of, you know, alcohol, you can't just write it off. You can't just be like, oh, you're stupid if you drink. No, alcohol is a good substance. It has its benefits. Um, in terms of enjoying life, 
And then you sober up and you feel really bad about all the things you did the other night. The night before, it's like, oh, that was uh, that was a bad version of me. So that's why I quit alcohol. See, it's been a while. It's been five. It's been a year and a half almost since I quit alcohol. So that's why I'm starting to forget why I quit. It's because, yeah, it's fun. It makes it takes away the filter, and you say whatever you want to people, and that's fun. But the next day, it's like, well, I would never do that sober. So I don't like that I did that. I don't like that I. <laughs> And then you do it the next, and you just do it anyway, because you're because it's fun, because it feels good, makes you feel good, and it's makes you talk to people more. Just being drunk feels good. Anyway, but then the next day it's like, okay, I would not. That's not how I am. That's not me. That's the worst version of me. So that's why I quit alcohol and I have, that's why I have no plans to go back to it is because I'm trying to be the worst version of me without it. That takes effort. That takes like confidence and you have to kind of just lean into it, kind of just let the uh, emotion, like when I, like last episode, I was trying to be, I was just being outrageous and didn't give a I wasn't being serious at all I don't think for the whole episode it was mostly ironic yeah so anyway I was just using my instincts my comedic instincts to get through that episode and it was fun I liked it um but parts of it were pretty hard to listen back to because I I cursed a lot but other than that, that's who I am comedically. I'm that person comedically. I'm very like outrageous and overconfident, and like I just lean into whatever I'm saying, and that's you know it's kind of what you got to do if you want to sell a joke, especially if it's a raunchy joke. You just got to keep piling into it to show that you don't care what you're saying. It's it's a joke, and it's funny to do that. You can't show fear when you're on stage. So, on this episode, I'm showing all sorts of fear and negativity, and I'm I'm not trying to be funny. I'm tired of standing. I'm going to have to get a chair if we're going the whole way. What was I thinking about? On the, before I got on that tangent of oh yeah alcohol I yeah I want to be the version of myself that's that I got to on alcohol without the alcohol and that I, I don't mean the bad parts where I regret the things I say I'm talking about how I was able to do good stand up on alcohol I I I was so. I want to get there without it. And also, I want to have a good time without alcohol. And that's tough. Can't just act like that's easy. You need another substance for that. I do. You. Not not you. I need another substance to have a good time. Only right now, because of post-acute withdrawal. 
which lasts up to two years. I can't just be without anything. I won't even get out of the house. I won't even leave my bed except to eat. And that's it, except to eat and to look on stuff on the computer. Like if the stock market's doing something very interesting, that would give me enough dopamine to get out of bed. Uh, but you might as well take Adderall anyway because that goes great with that too. Speaking of that, how is the stock market today? I usually check, I don't know. It's open. The stock market's open right now. I might as well look. Nothing new there. Nothing interesting going on in the stock market. That's fine. I'm curious where that bank is at that I invested in. Uh, First Republic Bank is up 13%. That's cool, but it's still down 88%. <laughs> FRC. It's like, oh, that's good, up 14%. But then you go to the one month, it's down 88%. Holy Moses. That's not good news for me yet because it needs to go up a lot more for me to get my money back. I could have made money on that, but I, I didn't sell a single share. I was like, hey, I want it to go up even more. I'm greedy. I want to make the maximum profit. And it turns out I made zero profit. I made a loss. I'm at a loss now because greed... I was like, it wasn't just, it was like greed, but also it was like greed. I was like, eh, it'll go back up. Because it's down 88% still. And like, okay, it'll go back up, right? A little bit. It'll at least be able to break even. It's super down, dog. It was just up, it was, the stock price was $143 just over a month ago. Now it's $14. So if it just recovers, it's not going to fully recover to where it was because it's going through a crisis. They had to inject money into it. They cut the dividend. But in the long term, if it survives, it could go back to a lot, to 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 more than break even. I could become profitable on it. And then there's another bank that I invested in called Western Alliance. How's that one doing? That one's still profitable. I made money. I'm profitable on that one. It's up 4%. But it could go up even more. So that one I could sell and make a good profit right now. But I choose not to because I'm greedy. And you have to be high risk if you want to build your portfolio aggressively. If you want to double, triple, quadruple your portfolio size in less than a year, you have to make insane day trades like this that turn out to be much longer than day trades. Um, but if I did day trade, I'd be better off, I guess. That's just that was just one day. In the long term, I could pan out. I'm trying to. I have two portfolios. One that's I only invest in individual stocks that I do research on, and I have to check that more more often. And then I have another one that's conservative for just index funds. ETFs is ETFs mostly just not mutual funds but index ETFs which I don't have to check as often but I I do check it pretty often because I'm addicted to the market I'm just addicted to watching if it's a good time to buy more of the index funds but anyway so two portfolios, and one is uh, so one is going to slowly grow, 
and this other one is way more volatile and it has much more upside potential more tech stocks the other one is just index funds eventually all my money will just be in probably mostly index funds not individual companies unless they're super unless they're companies that I really believe in but like like Apple Microsoft a couple I'll still have some individual stocks my whole life because that's still a very good thing to do to maintain wealth and to continue growing your wealth you don't have to, yeah but the most conservative thing would be to just have all your money in index funds if you're talking about stock market and then not I'm not saying you should only not all of your money should be in the stock market but the money that is in the stock market the most conservative thing would be to put it in index funds that have a low expense and pay a little bit of a dividend but not too high of a dividend just low cost index funds if you but then you got to diversify that is diversification index funds by definition because they measure an index usually means divert pretty diverse companies but if you're talking about you know there's different index funds there's index funds that measure the that have every single stock in them so that's a total market and then there's ones that just have different sectors of the of like tech stocks whatever so there's different ways of there's but the most conservative would be just to buy the entire market to buy a total world index fund that just has every single company in the whole world in it so that's pretty diversified it's also very boring it barely moves up and down because the whole world so it has to take a lot it's just the whole market so anyway that's the most conservative but then you should also have your money in bonds once you get older bonds is an, is less risky than stocks and then you should have money in uh that's it just stocks and bonds you don't need to have money in uh real estate it's not a it's not a necessity you can invest in real estate of tr uh, trusts reits real estate investment trusts you can just do that O is a ticker that is very has been very successful. Anyway, if you invested ten thousand dollars in O, you'd have like four hundred thousand in nineteen ninety five. So it's like thirty years ago, whatever. It's a very good that was a successful. Anyway, real estate. I don't know diversification. And then there's crypto, which is insanely volatile and risky. And then there's gold, precious metals. Gold as oak is boring. It's a boring one, but when the when people when the banks close, people buy gold. This financial this bank collapse thing, people bought gold. The gold value went up a little bit. Thanks to that, I'm bored of gold. Gold doesn't pay dividends, and I'm addicted to dividends. I love seeing money coming in. I don't like it just a portfolio that just goes up and down with the stock price. I like it to also generate income so that it could buy more shares of something else maybe. Just I just like seeing income coming into the portfolio. 
Gold doesn't generate income. It just sits there. And crypto. Crypto has changed my life. And we have time to talk about crypto on this podcast. On this episode, we definitely have time to talk about anything that the most boring topic in the world, which crypto is pretty boring. Most people don't want to hear about crypto. It's only people that are really kind of are into it that want to hear about it. And even them, it's like, all right, it's not doing anything today. What do I got to hear about it for? There's all this cope, like hopium, all these people trying to convince themselves that like it has a future and that it's the future of currency it's like not even close to that because we have to still have to go through a financial institution and pay uh, capital gains on it and it's there's only one that has survived that you could do that with it's called coinbase coinbase is like the only institution that has survived they're all they've all gone away so it's terrible it's a couple more but that's the biggest one by far and they are going through a sec fuck like a thing where they are getting they're going to get penalized by the sec for some bullshit so that's the latest thing about crypto is that it's not going well and i'm going to google that right now to see where if there's any news on that 13 hours ago, ARK invests scoops up Coinbase. Good. They should. Yeah, why not? Buying Coinbase stock is kind of like buying an index fund for crypto. It's a way to get exposure to crypto without actually buying crypto. If you just want to buy Coinbase stock, that goes up and down whenever crypto goes up and down for the most part. It's a stock that I like. I'm invested in that stock because if Coinbase goes down, there really ain't any other exchanges in America for crypto. That's the biggest one. So either you don't trust crypto or you don't. So if you if you if you trust crypto, you kind of have to trust Coinbase because there's no way to transact it into your bank account except for a couple other ones besides Coinbase. You have to rely on a centralized party to hold your crypto to buy and sell it and then you need to tr- you need to transfer it to your bank if you want to actually s- do something with it besides just look at it i mean the banks are not a big fans of crypto because they realize that it's all just a lot of it is criminal uh revenues and it's hard to track where that revenue came from without a, without financial institutions. That's why you have to verify your identity anytime you send you buy and sell crypto. You have to verify your identity. But if you acquired crypto ten years ago, and all of a sudden you're transferring it to these exchanges, they don't know where it came from. They have no way of knowing. They could track it. By looking at the the addresses, be like, okay, this was used on Silk Road, but if it's just some random wallet, they won't know how you acquired that crypto. And banks don't really enjoy going through that KYC process of being like, okay, are you a criminal? Where'd you get this stupid Dogecoin? It's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's there's a lot of friction with crypto, right? It, it's it's exhausting 
And if they regulate it even more, I don't know how much more they can regulate it. They already have a lot of shit going on with FinCEN. You already have to um, notify, you already have to pay taxes on it. Same as any other capital gains property that you buy and sell at a higher price. If you make money on it, you already got to pay taxes on it. You already got to know where it's coming from if you if you make money. I don't know, man. It has to go through an institution to get into your bank account. And all of them require KYC. So if you send a big amount, they're going to ask where it came from. So they already are regulating it. They can't ban it because it's just a network that runs on machines. <clears throat> you can't really ban something that's decentralized very easily. They could try. Maybe they can if they do a if they buy enough servers to do a uh, whatever you call it. Fifty one percent attack is not inconceivable. The government could probably afford that, but it's hard to ban. As it is now, it's just it's hard to tell people, hey, don't use crypto because like, you could easily just log in on a server with a VPN, and they don't know what's on that server if it's hosted outside the country and you're connected to it privately through a VPN. They don't really know what you're doing on that server. You could be you could be running a crypto wallet on there and transacting millions of dollars just by from a Linux command prompt. That's the scary, that's the crazy thing about crypto is that all it is is software that's open source and all it is is just a Linux command line away from sending millions of, just one command is all it takes to send an unlimited amount of funds. And once you press that, once you transmit the transaction, once you broadcast it and it gets picked up by other nodes and they verify it in the Mem, what do you call it? The the memory something or other. It's been a while since I've looked at since I've actually done this. Anyway, once it's picked up, once it's in the network, you can't really unsend it. And then once it's confirmed, it's confirmed. You definitely can't unsend it. Mempool, yeah. Once it's in the in the mempool of enough nodes, it's pretty much in there it's going to be confirmed i guess in some networks there's a way to unsend it maybe be like whoops never mind don't verify don't uh confirm this take it out of your mempools but once it's in like a couple hundred mempools it's gone it's the the, the ship has left the station and it's final and we're talking this is real money even though it's all just based on software and a consensus billions and billions of dollars has been transacted and profited from many many businesses and individuals and so it, it's re it's real money being sent from a command line obviously bitcoin has a monetary value has a very high monetary value right now so it's just crazy to me that like we figured that out that the word that software engineers figured out a way to do what banks do without an authority 
a centralized authority. It's just anybody who has a computer is part of the verification process that makes it work. The miners are the ones that do the heavy lifting, but not everything is is uh, proof of work anymore. Now it's like mostly proof of uh, stake. So that doesn't take a lot of power. It just takes value. I don't know. It's very fascinating, and I'm glad to be a part of it. It it gave it changed my life, as I was saying. I wouldn't be here without crypto because I would have to be working a a different job that did not pay as much as I made from crypto. So I'm very grateful for that. I'm still grateful for that. It doesn't show. Like I was tripping on mushrooms earlier, and I was very happy and euphoric about the fact that I have my own house. And I was in front of my house earlier and I was like, it's weird how afraid, it's weird how I don't even want to be seen in front of my house. Like I'm afraid to be seen by my neighbors on my own front porch that I own. It's my property and I'm a fr- I feel like an imposter. But it's pretty cool to have that and it gives me confidence that I'm at least doing something I at least have figured something out in life if you have your own house you're doing something and you didn't inherit it you actually made it like you actually made the money yourself you didn't just get it from your parents that's uh, that shows that you're doing something right you figured something out that's it Uh, but that was a while ago that I figured that out and I haven't made any money since. <laughs> it's embarrassing. So that that uh, easily weighs down the uh, positives. Is that I haven't made any money since uh, 2021 is the last time is is when I actually made money. I closed my business last year. Still technically open because I'm still allowing users to withdraw their funds, but it'll close for 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 good. The business operations ended last year. The actual entity will be closed at the end of this year, and that company, that business app, changed my life. It was a very good source of dopamine, but also. And it was it gave my life purpose, but also it was a lot to handle. Too much for one person to handle. I knew this in twenty a long time ago. Twenty twenty is probably when I realized I needed to start thinking about getting help to help run that thing. And I didn't do that. I always ended up being the only employee, the only administrator of the entire app, which had millions of users not daily not daily active users but it had over 7 million total users and about 70,000 I don't know 100,000 ish daily users so not not crazy but that's a lot for one person to handle being the administrator owner the like support system technical support guy I was everything. I was the pro. I was the one building the features of the app, testing the feet. I I let the users test the features too, of course. They were the ones who found the bugs. Anyway, I'm very 
proud of that. But it's over. I ended it because it was too much for me, man. Dealing with all these clickers and these scammers in the crypto world, which I was not. And this is a point of pride as well, is that I actually had a legit business in crypto that was not a scam. It was a way for people to find out about things that maybe were not good. And that's something I had to moderate. I had to delete stuff that was not allowed on the platform to be advertised. It was an advertising platform. Anyway, and it was a good idea because it worked. It's one of those ideas that I thought of it and I was like, okay, this will definitely get some users. I don't know if it's going to be successful. That much. I don't know if it's going to get... I don't know. I just knew that once I had the idea, I had a good feeling about it because it was based on real life problems. It solved a problem. It was like, okay, I see people advertising these referral links. I need to somehow profit off of people clicking on stuff. So anyway, so I thought of an idea and it worked. It's called is a pay to click service. You get paid to click on links and you get paid to view websites and perform other tasks on Telegram. I did it all based on a messaging app called Telegram and I was the first one to think of it and implement it and I implemented it pretty well. Like it was very easy to use. People from all over the world used it. And the only reason I'm going on and on about this is because I'm trying to go as long as possible. I've I I mean this is I don't even I don't even know. I gave up on caring about everything on this podcast. Except for the fact that I want to do 11 hours, 11 and a half hours, so a lot, a lot longer. Six more and a half hours. Nope, I was wrong. Seven and a half more hours. I wonder if that's even possible. I wonder if the, the software will even let me record that long. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, I started that pay-to-click service based on Telegram because nobody wants to go to a website anymore. If you have an app that already sends push notifications that millions of people use, you just make a bot for that messaging app and you tell the bot walks you through the process. It's the genius of Telegram. The brilliant thing is that Telegram has these bots that you could program to do anything, to send any information to the user, and you could tell, you could give them a bunch of buttons to press, like okay, yes or no. Do you want to go forward with this? Okay, press the. Millions of people use Telegram, so any if you just make a bot, that bot could pr- perform any action that a server could perform, anything that a website could do, that bot could do. So I got ten thousand users overnight the second I opened the app 10,000 users within the first 24 hours so I was like okay that's more than I thought I didn't think it would have spread that fast but it had a referral program so these are this type of business model it's too uh, good to fail it's it's pretty much a guarantee that you're gonna get something because uh, it has a referral pro because it's an incentive program if you incentivize people uh, to do something 
by paying them money, by paying them Dogecoin in this case, yeah, they're probably gonna you're gonna get some people, some takers. Some people will be like, yeah, I want Dogecoin. What do I gotta do? Click on this link and I get two or point two Dogecoin. I don't remember what it was when I first started. It was enough to get a couple Dogecoin. You know, I don't remember. It's not a lot, but it was it was back then. It was when Dogecoin was worth a lot less than it is now. So people accumulated Dogecoin by uh, clicking on links, and I took a profit every time the advert the advertiser was paying me Dogecoin to, and then they set up their ads and their ads. They launch the ads, and those ads get fed to the users, the clickers, and those clickers get paid to view those ads. So I took a nice percentage for per click. So I had all these people clicking on links, millions and millions of clicks per day. And I took a nice little percentage. And uh, so I accumulated a lot of Dogecoin. Um, and I had a good feeling about Dogecoin. I liked Dogecoin very early on, not that early. Maybe about 2017 is when I became a big fan of it. It was already hugely popular by then. People had a great community and it was a meme coin. But I liked what I liked about it was the denomination, the fundamentals about it. I liked that it was cheap. It was one of the first coins that you could buy like a thousand of them for a couple hundred bucks or less than that even. You could buy like a lot of them for a couple hundred for like not that much money. So you had like 10,000 Dogecoin, not just 0 0.01 like with Bitcoin. So that's what I liked about it. And that's what a lot of people liked about it probably. And that was one of the first coins to be that cheap denomination wise. The market cap was not that bad. It was like a couple hundred million when I first got into it. Now it's in the billions. So I got into it pretty, not that early, but early enough. And so I accumulated a lot of Dogecoin. Anytime, I, you know, I had to track every time I got a, a little bit of Dogecoin, I had to keep a record of that. Like how much was it worth when you first got it? How much did you give out to people? How much was withdrawn? Very complicated accounting. Mind-bogglingly complicated accounting. That's one of the reasons I couldn't do it anymore, man, because the accounting for it was insane. But I I did walk away from it with more than I gave out. So that's all that matters is I made a profit in Dogecoin. Life-changing amount of uh, profit from Dogecoin. I didn't think... Did I? Yes, I did predict. Not predict, but I did have a good feeling that it would go up in value along with Bitcoin because in 2017 it did go up to like a penny so I was like okay it's way less than a penny if it just goes back up to a penny I'll make a huge profit so let's just accumulate Dogecoin so it it then it slow and then it did go up to more than a penny it went up to 69 pennies so that's a lot more than I even cared about so it was a life-changing number to me. Um, to me, it was a life-changing number. I'm not a rich kid. 
I was feeling very uh, successful and it changed my perception of what it's like to to have that kind of money just or at least that kind of monetary value because I didn't capture all the money I didn't sell all the dogecoin when it was at 70 cents almost 69 cents I did not sell all of it I couldn't I was bound by liabilities because some people were going to withdraw that and it could have kept going up I didn't know it could have gone to a dollar or two dollars if I sold it all at 69 cents and it went to two dollars I'd be in trouble because I would need to account for more money that I had in US dollars worth so I did what I did to the best of my knowledge at the time I sold as much as I was willing and comfortable and logistically made sense to sell in retrospect yeah I should have sold a little more but the good thing about not having that kind of money at your disposal is now I actually want that money at my disposal knowing that I could have had that kind of money and that I don't no, makes me really value it if I ever get it back if I ever get if dogecoin ever goes to like a dollar I'll be right back to where I was and I'll be like okay now I'm ready to take profit and I will actually value the money because I won't just be like oh I didn't earn it oh no I've, I've been waiting for it and I did earn it and I know what it's like to need money. I know what it's like to... Because when I first had that windfall, that was before I had to pay taxes on it. So once you pay the taxes on it, you get struck with this reality of like, okay, it's not as much as you thought. After taxes, you got you can't just spend it all. You got to save some for taxes. So knowing what I know now, I would be much more conservative with that kind of money. I would put it I wouldn't buy stupid stuff like a Tesla, which is one of the things I bought, not just a Tesla, I bought the most expensive one. That was a stupid idea. I don't regret it though because I learned. Now I don't have to buy it ever again. Now I never have to do that again. I got it out of my system. I I know what it's like to drive a six-figure car. It's not necessary. It didn't raise my it didn't make my life that much better. It didn't make me happier. If anything, it made me more depressed because I was like, well, I'm still just as lonely. I have nobody to show this car to except for alcoholics that I don't even like. So that's kind of sad. It's cool, I guess. Like, okay, you got this crazy car, but you have nobody to even show it to. Like, you have no friends. So it's like, it's just, if anything, it just highlighted how much of a loser I was. It's like, so you got this nice car and nobody cares because you don't know anybody so it's like what's the point it was fun to drive but also a liability it costs a lot of money to drive it was expensive to replace the tires every time you go somewhere it was a race car it was extremely crazy fun to show off to random people at a stoplight when it turns green you go zero to 60 in two seconds but it was like it's like that's dangerous man and it didn't have good stopping power I don't like the color. I don't like how this light is white. It's I'm going to turn the I'm going to crank it a little bit to that.
Nope, wrong dial. Oh, it already was. It already was all the way to yellow as it could be. Okay, too late to worry about the lighting. I mean, we're already four hours into the show. Does it really matter what the lighting is? So anyway, the Tesla, that was not something I regret, but it was a dumb purchase. I knew it was a dumb purchase. I needed that dopamine, though. I was also going through a negative... <laughs> what a fucking surprise. I was also... That was when I just quit alcohol, so I was also very low in my dopamine reserves. Not ha I was not a happy person when I got when I got that car, and so I sold that. Never have to spend that kind of money on a car ever again, unless I have um, a huge fortune, because it just depends on where you're at. Income wise and uh, yeah, net worth wise, if you have a huge, if you have a certain net worth, yeah, you could justify higher purchases. But I can't justify doing anything like that anymore. So anyway, I, I would drive a cheap car right now. I like the Miata. The Miata is not a cheap car. It's not an expensive car either. It's it's just not a cheap car. There's way cheaper cars. But anyway, I like to, to compare to the Tesla, it's pretty regular, but I still love it. I still like it. But anyway, so I'm scraping by. I got no income, and I'm waiting for. But crypto is life changing to me, and it, it jaded me a little bit because now I kind of. I don't know. Do I take things for granted? I don't know. I don't fucking know. I know I can't really get a job ever again. Can I? No, I could get a job. What am I talking about? I could totally get a job. It would just have to be not a shitty one. Like, I can't get a job uh, working at Wendy's, probably. I don't think I would enjoy that. Only because it would hurt my soul. It would make me, like, feel like a loser. But I have nothing against people that work at Wendy's. It's just that I would feel like a loser working at Wendy's because I already don't have to so going down to that type of employment coming from somebody that shouldn't if they were just good with money would never have to work again that's the thing once you make a certain amount of money you never have to work again that's part that's one of the true things about capitalism some people oh shit my ipad we definitely want to charge the ipad i forgot about that We're not ending the show. This is just a little bit of maintenance because I didn't plan on going this long. A little bit of behind the scenes here. Okay, the iPad is staying on. Not that I need it, but it's part of the show. This iPad is part of the show. I have barely needed it though. We still got a few topics on there. And I do want my tea. My cold tea. This tea is very very concentrated right now it's like the color of it's like dark green yerba mate sludge so anyway i got out of the crypto I, i'm no longer running a crypto business haven't made any money in a couple of years i'm trying to make something of myself i put out little dribs and drabs of uh, content this is a huge pile of this is a piece of garbage this episode of this podcast and the entire podcast itself is 
not a commercial product but that'll change very soon because we're gonna be we're gonna continue thinking of a new product most likely the most viable thing would be an app I just need to think of a new app could be a telegram app I did have an idea for an app same similar to the one that I already did and talked about that incentivizes the users to click on links I had a new idea which I am very weary about because it's a little more uh, gray it's a little more uh, borderline um, I don't know I like it though it's just one I have to figure out the logistics I just have to figure out how to get a cheap person to pump out fashion products for me and it's a similar idea I'm gonna pay people to wear my fashion they have to buy it first that's the thing it's an MLM that's why it's sketchy it's not though because I'm transparent and I'm not gonna rip people off it's just gonna be whatever the cheapest I could get them the fashion and then they could get paid not all of them just the ones that put themselves in the, that that advertise the fashion this is a crazy idea. I can't believe I'm saying this. Good thing I'm four hours in because no one's going to... Okay, good. No one's going to hear it. Okay. I'm going to pay people to by contest. The people that get the most views on TikTok or YouTube or whatever, Instagram, of wearing my fashion products, they will get paid. They will get paid some money. Like a contest. The top 100 or top a thousand I don't know it depends I would like to pay as many people as possible we could do top the thing is you have to advertise the products you can't get paid nothing for doing nothing with it it's so some people obviously like they won't get paid anything they will buy the product and that's it they won't get anything back I need to be making a profit somehow um so it's like capitalism the people on top get all the money on the bot from the people on the bottom so that's why it's a little sketchy it's like an mlm pyramid scheme you know but the worst case that happens is people waste ten dollars or hopefully not that much more than that realistically it's probably going to cost more than ten dollars to ship the bare minimum products so that's why it's i'm kind of hesitant to put this into action it would get a lot of publicity people would copy it but I would be the first to do it just like with the other idea a lot of people copied it I didn't get into that I did it better than anybody else so I'm good at running I'm good at not just thinking of the idea I'm also the best at implementing so that's why I have such a narcissistic that's why I'm so arrogant because I, I have something to base it on I actually did something very well and successful and it was life-changing so that's where that came from and it doesn't always translate to comedy because just because you did something in business doesn't mean you're funny but the confidence sometimes can bleed over anyway it doesn't often right now if you're just in an entrepreneurial mood that ain't that ain't mean you're funny Anyway, so this fashion idea, people will spend 10 to 20 bucks around the world. That's a lot of money. 
That's a lot of money. So I feel that's why it might not work is because if you have to invest even $20 to even play the game to get a shirt, maybe even a sticker, I don't know, I'll have to be creative, something cheap, something cheap that has the logo on it. I mean, the whole point of it is to advertise a brand of fashion to get my fashion seen by as many people as possible that's the whole point of it so people got to spend money to get the clothing and then they got to make tiktoks and if they don't get any views on tiktok and they don't get on the leaderboard of my system of my of my app if they're not even on the leaderboard yeah they're not going to get paid that for that month or whatever that week i don't know it's based on views. Whoever gets the most views gets the most points in the leaderboards. They'll be paid the highest prize. So it's a brilliant idea if you have no scruples. If you don't care about people um, like a pyramid scheme, <laughs> which it is. It's an MLM, multi-level marketing. It would have a referral system, which is where the multi-level part comes in. So some people will just make money by promoting the marketing system itself, just by promoting the system to other people. They will make money just by referring other people. They don't have to buy a single piece of clothing. So, you know, there's room for that, too, if you just want to. But somebody's got to make the purchase price. Somebody's got to purchase the product. So this that it is technically an MLM. Just like all other MLMs, it's not about the product. It's about getting people to refer other people to the program who then buy the product so they could continue down the road, can keep doing that and not actually sell the product itself. MLMs should be about the product, like that's, but they're not. It's like if it's a good product, it would you wouldn't need an MLM, but. It's all about referring other people. It's a pyramid scheme. It's like a Ponzi. The first people usually are the ones that do the best, and then, and some will sell the product. You could sell the product and get affiliate bonuses or whatever. But this, my idea, wouldn't involve them selling the product. I'm the only one selling the products. But their job is to either refer other people to the program. Or advertise the product itself. Just advertise the product. You don't have to sell it. I'm just trying to get views on my designs to make it famous. I'm paying you to make my brand famous. And that's shallow. That's all it is. It's like what the pe millions of people will see this brand. They'll be like, what the hell? Why do so many random people have the same t-shirt? And then they'll look into it and realize that it's just an MLM BS thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that. It's it's too scammy. It's not a full out scam, but people will be like, yeah, this is a scam. They will call it that because they'll see that it's an MLM and they'll see that it's just a stupid charade and the whole reason they're wearing the shirt is because they're trying to make money. And I, you know, it's not that bad. There's nothing illegal about that. It's just that it's not a scam because I wouldn't lie to people. I'd say you're, there's no guaranteed nothing. There's bonuses. 
if you play this game it's a contest if you participate in the contest after purchasing this product there's a chance if you, it's a very fair contest if you understand if you're willing to play by those rules there's no scam part but not everybody's gonna win so some people will not get their investment back you know so it's a weird idea <laughs> and I'm not sure if I'm comfortable actually putting it into action only because of what I just said that it's a pyramid scheme and that it's an MLM the products itself they will be good I will try well not good quality material wise they'll probably be like uh, the sheen quality like very low quality material and they won't last very long but that's not the point at first the point at first is to get the brand out is to make the brand a well-known brand who cares how it started if enough people like it after well if they recognize it it could get a life of its own even if it starts off as a with a reputation of being a pyramid scheme people won't care if it's good if it looks cool they'll be like oh that's the thing that started as a pyramid scheme. I don't give a fuck that's how I that's how Andrew Tate started. I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure he, he like incentivized people to uh, share his videos or something, and that's one of the reasons he got... F people don't care about that. They care about only what he says now. They, so he... It doesn't really matter how you become famous. <laughs> it's that you're famous. So a lot of... I, I'm pretty uh, fucking... I think this is a pretty thought-out idea. It's just that it's sketchy. Because I don't want to rip people off. I don't want people to buy something for like $40 and them get feeling like they got ripped off by like having this crappy piece of gear, piece of attire that they don't even like. Obviously, they don't like it. They're just doing it for the contest. So I want to make it fair as much as possible. Well, it has to be profitable too. It's a business. I have to be making a profit, but... I want to make it so at least it's as fair as possible, you know, but it's it's a giveaway type of thing. It's not like they work for me. They're not contractors. They're just people participating in a contest technically. Um, that's it. If they don't like it, they could return it too. That's a good question. Most clothing companies do have returns, but this one is very hinged upon me giving money away, which I, I, if people are returning their clothing 90% of the time, that would kill off a lot of the profit margin. But that's to be expected. I mean, that's just something I would have to account for. It's like, okay, 50% will return their clothing and they'll get a refund. I doubt it because after a f they'll have to do it pretty quick. If they do it after a month, there's obviously a, a limitation on how long you could return something. I don't know. Depends on the distributor that I use. Depends on the policy. I'm fine with returns, but that'll have to be accounted for. A 50% return, I lose 50% of revenue. That takes out from how much I could pay back to the people that are putting it on TikTok and making it famous. 
the problem is fan like okay that then that's the thing the hope is that if it becomes well known and people actually do like the design then the hope is that I'll get additional sales without worrying about the program It'll just be people who genuinely want to jump on this trend of like, oh, I saw that shirt on TikTok. It's cool. Oh, I want one too. And then it will get a life of its own, hopefully. And I won't have to do the program anymore. I won't have to bribe people to wear it. I'll just be like, yeah, I'm famous now. This is my brand, Timmy Gusto Clothing, line of fashion and it will just be a well it'll just be known on its own and i'll be able to actually get a real uh company you know i'll have to i'll actually get good quality garments and because all it just has to be famous you just have to um that's like people buy designer clothing because it's well known because it's a good because it's a brand that they recognize so that's it once it's recognizable I will be able to charge higher prices and have higher quality materials and more exclusion, more exclusionary. It will start off as cheap and everywhere and it'll slowly become more exclusive as it becomes more famous. So anyway, I like that idea. It's something that I don't know if I have the balls to implement because also I'm also the designer of the fashion because it's such a ambitious idea it's a way to get people to force people to get your clothing by promising them a possible incentive of making money more than they spent on the clothing it's a it's a potential way to make money themselves by promoting my fashion line um, so that's a pretty ambitious idea. It's like very evil, like very mastermindy, because it's like it doesn't even matter what it's what's on the stupid clothing at this point. They will pretty much buy it, guaranteed. Some people, if they see the potential, if they're convinced by the sales pitch of the program, so that would take some time to convince people to buy them. And once they see that it's actually legit and that people actually are getting paid. It'll grow pretty quickly, and I'll get sales and shit, like, and I'll get plenty of sales. But I, I have to make it cheap enough. Can't sell t-shirts for like fifty bucks. I just I would feel bad. But they gotta be good-looking t-shirts, man. They can't just be stupid little iron-ons of something stupid that wouldn't even sell on uh, Sheen. It'd have to be something clever, edgy, something that catches your attention. So I would focus on the design. So that's the thing. I am only pursuing this as a fashion designer, um, aspiring fashion designer. I am only doing it because I, I want to be a fashion designer. This would just be the way to get into the business without just doing it the old-fashioned way of like, okay, here's my website. All you get is the fashion and then you gotta market it yourself. No, I'm outsourcing the marketing. So that's all it is. It's just outsourcing the marketing aspect of this product with an MLM pro MLM program, just like many other companies do with their shitty product. Um 
I mean, let's face it, most design, like most, I'm not, like, if if I was such a good fashion designer, I wouldn't need to think of a way to market it this way. I would just, I would just do it the old-fashioned way, but I'm not that, I don't think I'm that talented or some white dude, like, people aren't going to care about some, there's got to be a hip factor to it. Like, if if there if it was woke fashion, that'd be funny. If there like if it was like shirts that said melanin on it, which is something I almost bought. Even I am almost marketable to, mostly because of irony. But even people like me still find it cool to wear woke clothing. So anyway. Maybe I could think of something along the lines of that, like like something that virtues, something that signals people's virtues, because with fashion, with this Sheen company, S H E I N, I don't know if it's Sheen or Shine, but the Shine company, their uh, their shit doesn't last. It falls apart, and you got to throw it away. You can't donate it. So it's not earth-friendly, it's not climate-friendly, so that's another thing. Mine wouldn't be either at first. Mine would be probably very low-quality. But I'm trying to get my foot in the door. The vision is to become an independent fashion designer. you got to be cutthroat to compete with the likes of Sheen and Shine and all these algorithms that do all the marketing. they got it down to a science. So that's why I got to get it down to a sign. I got to be creative in the marketing department. And then the design department, it just has to look tasteful. And it has to have a, a recognizable logo, I would think. And I guess Timmy Gusto would be the name of the the fashion, the line, the clothing line would just be called Timmy Gusto. That'd be the company. Because why not? I'm not saying it's genius. I certainly ain't. I mean, yeah, the the clothing itself might not be that cool, but to me it will be, and I like that's it'll be called Timmy Gusto uh, fashion line. So I don't care, you know, what it's called. I just think that that's funny, and it'll get me a lot of publicity. As a, it'll be funny to be like, oh shit, that's you have a fashion line. It's like a bunch of people on TikTok wearing. How did you get people to do? Oh, I paid. You paid them. Okay, that's weird. It's like, no, I didn't pay all of them. It's like, okay, that's even worse. So why should I respect you? It's like, I'm not saying you should respect me, bitch. This is business. This is What do you do? Hey, I ain't pissing on your fucking parade. I don't go to your house and tell you what not to do. There's nothing, uh, Ill, nothing that problematic with this idea. I just have to do it and make it clear to the people doing it participating that this is an MLM don't you ain't gonna get rich doing this even if you have millions of followers I'm still only gonna pay like a probably the top prize will be I don't know a couple thousand it's not enough to get rich off it's just like hey I made an extra couple thousand dollars the top person I'm talking the first prize would be somebody that already is successful but it's like, oh, all I got to do is wear a shirt and I could get more, a couple hundred, whatever, some extra money. It's like, fuck yeah. So I could see that. And then obviously people will see that shirt and be like, why is he? Oh, I want that shirt. Some people, a very small 
Anyway, it's a brilliant idea. It's just a little bit. It's one that will take some some planning out and design. So it's artistically created. It's it, it'll fulfill me business wise and creatively wise. It'll get my foot in the door in the fashion world and get my name out as a fashion icon. It won't it won't have my face on it. I'm just the white dude. That scared me. I'm just some white dude, so I won't have my face on it, but I will be the face of the brand. Okay, anyway, we're not wrapping it up, obviously. we still got a long ways to go. I would like to know what time we got to go until. I just know we're four hours. we got seven hours left. And it is, okay, so seven, about 8 p.m. Seriously? Seven hours. We're going to do this for seven more hours. I just feel like something's going to break. My computer is going to crap out. The software that I'm using to record this will be like, okay, that's enough of you. My camera will overheat. Probably. Uh, what else could go wrong? These lights could overheat. Maybe. Nah, they're LEDs. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. They're hot, but they're not going to over. They're not going to overheat. I don't like the color. I don't like how that one is yellow now. Now, for some reason, I don't like the yellow, I, I, even though I wanted it to be. See, I'm very particular about lighting because it's shitty. I just know it's shitty right now. I don't like how this is like like yellow, like pasty, the color of like Elmer's glue when it's been sitting out for a while. No, I like it to be tan. If it was tan colored, that's what I'm going for. I could make that one tan, but this one only goes, it's very, try putting it back there. That made a big difference, just a couple, that's like one foot away. And also uh, another thing I've been freaking, I've been like spending so much time, like how, where should I stand? How close to the camera should I be? I might as well be pretty close, right? I might as well go pretty close and personal because this is a very personal podcast, and the contrast is pretty high right now. At least in the, like it's whatever. I just feel like the lighting, it's not good. I don't like the yellow, the skin tone. I just look sickly. I look sickly, and let's just see how it looks when it's turned to the white. All right, so that's the opposite end of the extreme, and that's really bad. That's even that's so. This is undeniably bad because I'm the same color as the wall, and that brings me to the next topic of the podcast. But let's first change this back because that's awful. We're still going. Okay, I still okay. Now that I see what it's like the other way, that's better. But I still look sickly and Yeah, it's like purple on the other side, like purple and like pasty glue yellow. It's like not a good look. And I'm obsessing over this. Like how could I f- fix this? 
I feel like it's just because that's purple. If it was a different color, it wouldn't be as bad. So we might have to change that. We will change that. Um, but anyway, in the meantime, another topic that I wanted to get into was uh, how I need a tan. Not a real tan. I don't want to go out, sit in the sun for two hours, eight hours, whatever. I prefer a spray tan, which I've never gotten in my life. But I will be thinking about, I'm thinking about getting a spray tan by somebody that's not creeped out enough to give a spray tan to men to a single man that lives in a remote part of the town that not even in austin that lives in a remote part of texas the state to go to their house i would go to them i guess yeah as long as they're not creeped out by that idea of giving me a spray tan they gotta be a woman that's the thing. They got to be a woman because I'm creeped out by men. Those are two. It's a conundrum. They got to be not creeped out by me, and I got to be not creeped out by them. They could be a woman of any age, you know. Just one that's not creeped out by a single dude coming to their home to spray the, and being sprayed with, you know, for them to be sprayed with a solution that makes them hotter. Full body. I will go nude, but hopefully, I mean, probably, I don't see that being a thing. I don't know if that's what they do. Uh, uh, probably not. And that would be awkward as fuck. So I guess I would have to wear a thong or boxers or whatever. I would just wear my underpants. I wear my under, yeah. What I'm wearing right now. Boxer briefs. And uh, yeah, I need. A, I want a spray tan. I, I, I think it'd be funny. To have a spray tan like Donald Trump, have have orange skin. I don't know. I need I need to try everything to to like fix my uh, my image. Who cares about what I'm saying? We've already established that I got nothing to say. I want to look cool. I want to look hot, as hot as possible. And one of the first things is my skin color. Let's fix that. Spray tan. Hit me up. You could write to me at timweixelbaum at gmail. Um, that's how you could reach me. I don't really look on Instagram that often. That's another way to reach me if you're not in a hurry to get a response. The quickest way to get a response is uh, email. Don't come to my door. If you show up to my house, you won't get any response. I don't ever answer the door. <laughs> Somebody rang my doorbell two times yesterday. They had a dog with them. And it's like, I don't want to talk to you and your dog. I don't want to meet a dog. And they didn't say anything into the camera. They could have just said, hey, I was one. I just needed to. Here's why I'm here. They didn't even. They don't really realize that everyone's got a camera. If you press the doorbell, you could talk into the doorbell. It's going to record you. So if you have something you have really have to say, just say it and I'll maybe I'll answer. But it didn't seem to be urgent because she left. And she had a dog. What could she have been wanting to tell me? I I mean that there's I, mean, I don't I don't know. To clean up my house better, to clean up the lawn. Cuz people you know. I don't have a dog. I was thinking about it. I was thinking about, "Hey, I'm almost good enough I'm almost taking care of myself enough 
to where maybe I could I could get a dog. I almost I I thought I had that I was like you know what I'm I'm getting better at taking care of myself. I'm almost good enough to be a dog owner. Not sure. Just because I I don't know that's the thing I don't want to I don't really want a dog. Because of the cleanup, because of the mess, if you know that's it, and because they make noise, they bark, and it's same with cats. I don't want a cat for the same reasons. They meow, and they get their fur everywhere. I have never had to clean my floors here since I moved here because they don't get dirty, because I don't do anything. They get a little bit of dust. Okay, I vacuum. I've never had to wash my floors yet. If something happens, I just clean it up right then and there. It would look not any different if I got an actual, if I actually washed my floors, you wouldn't notice a difference. They're already just as clean as they could be. Because I don't have a dog. And I don't exist. I barely live in this house. So vacuuming has been enough to get me this far. And the house is holding up pretty well, you know. No tornadoes have torn it down yet. That'd be scary. That'd be cool, though. If I died in a tornado, I would be fine with that. Because that's a cool way to die. You know how I was talking about, like, being okay with, like, death? Like, yeah, I'm not looking for it. But there's certain ways I would be okay with dying. Like, if somebody... Like, tornado, that's one. I would not be happy if I accidentally got hit by a car or some stupid shit like that where it's like super avoidable on my part where it's like or like I accidentally overdose. That'd be awful. That'd be sad. I would be very sad for myself if I accidentally overdosed. But if I got killed by a tornado, I don't think anybody would be sad. They'd be like, well, that's cool. I mean, I'm sorry. But that's commendable. That's like getting killed by in a war. It's less sad than that. Because that's sad. Getting killed in a war is sad. Getting killed in a tornado, that's cool. Because that's Mother Nature killing you. And that's not your fault. That's nobody else's fault. Getting killed in a war, that's somebody's fault. That's the other soldiers. That's the person that killed you. Somebody fucked up. Somebody got you into that war to begin with, and that's sad. But a tornado, nobody fucking, like, sees those coming. Yeah, they tell you the general area. They go, hey, you got a tornado in that area. You better buckle up. But there's no basements here. So you can only do so much to not get killed by a tornado. So if you do get killed by a tornado, I'd be fine with that. Because I did my best to not get killed by it. It's like, okay, I huddle, I huddled up in my closet. You're supposed to just cover yourself in blankets. Like that's going to do anything. If a tornado's ripping through your house, you're dead. If you're unlucky enough to have a tornado rip through your house, your closet, wherever you're hiding, um... You lived a good life. I mean, that's cool. That's a cool way to die. Seems painful because it'd be blunt trauma. 
You know, it could be very painful. Hopefully quick death. Probably a terrifying way to die. But nobody would really be sad at my funeral because it'd be like, wow, this guy died in a tornado. That's kind of cool. Glad I didn't die. Glad I wasn't him. But, you know, but like I respect him. Because now I have a story to tell people about how he died. It's like, tornado. Mother Nature just killed, decided that he was, it was his unlucky day. So I don't really get too upset about tornadoes. I wouldn't want to die from getting bit by a, a rattlesnake. That would suck. Not that that's that deadly, but I wouldn't want to die from an animal attack. That's similar to Mother Nature. But it's more sad for some reason. It's just more sad for some reason. Because it's not as cool. Which animals even kill people? Like it'd be sad. It'd be. I don't want to die by that, or by cop. That's a sad way to die. Suicide by cop. Suicide in general is sad. I think that's a very sad way to die. That's not how I'm gonna die. Unless it's like when I'm already dying from something else. Like maybe I would like take a, I like, I would do uh, medical assisted suicide if I was already like on my deathbed but that's different I'm not the type of I'm, I'm definitely not going to kill myself but uh, I'm just saying there's ways that I would be fine with getting shot on stage would be pretty cool if somebody just like doesn't like my comedy so much that they commit like second degree murder it wouldn't be it, like first degree. First degree murder is pretty cool, but is it cooler than second degree? Because second degree is less planned out. Second degree is like somebody just hates you for like a second spot. They just meet you and they already decided to kill you. First degree is where they plan it out more. It's premeditated, so they knew you already. Maybe that's third degree where they don't know you. Like third degree murder would be like, oh, this guy, I hate this guy. I'm just going to kill him. I don't want to get to know him better. I don't want to give him a chance to defend himself. Let's, I'm just going to shoot him. That'd be cool. That'd be funny. Premeditated, like first degree murder, like if some crazy woman killed me, that'd be sad. I'd be martyred i'd be whatever i'd be people would like miss me probably more because it really depends on how you die that determines if people miss you or not if you get murdered everybody misses you even if they don't they go oh he was murdered oh i'm that's sad i miss him but if he just died in a tornado it's like i'm glad he's not i'm glad he died because now that now i respect i have a reason to care about him no, it's weird how that works. Suicide, everybody misses people that commit suicide for the most part. Except for narcissists, as we talked about earlier. When narcissists delete themselves, that's the only time where a suicide is uh, not sad. It's still sad just because people love them. Some people still had a deep connection or relationship, not relationship, some people still love them, you know, their parents will be sad and some people will be sad that it's just sad when somebody dies, I guess. But 
That's the one where it's not that sad when a narcissist does it. Bipolar people and then people with borderline personality disorder, that's a bad one. They have a high suicide rate. Yeah, I don't know as much about that disorder. It's similar to narcissism, but different. It's not the same. They don't have good relationships with people. They get, they, they, yeah. I don't know that much about it. I don't have it. I don't fucking have it. I mean, I would know if I had it by now. I'm just a mild, I'm just like a, I don't know what my diagnosis is in terms of mental, in terms of like full diagnosis. You know, ADHD covers a lot. ADHD covers a lot of depression symptoms and uh, all the shit I laid out, lack of motivation. Uh, But not the trauma. The stuff that I'm experiencing where I don't enjoy, where I uh, have this, uh, what I consider trauma buried in my head that causes fatigue that's not ADHD um and the lack of confidence i don't know i i don't know man i just know i need more stimulants right now in my life i need more hard stimulants to get me to actually do the work i need to do like the editing work on the not this podcast. This podcast is not going to have any editing. Maybe a clip or two, but I doubt it. Because that would involve watching it back or listening to it back to actually to find out which moments are worth making a clip out of. And I think everything I said I'll remember for a later episode to say in a more concise, funny way. Sure, there are some moments that were funny, but I don't have the patience i can't listen back to this not this my limit is about four hours of listening back to myself and even that takes it's excruciating it's excruciating most comedians are like that most people in general don't like watching themselves back they hate it i hate watching myself do stand-up even even if it's good even if it's killer it's still embarrassing to me Still fucking embarrassing for some reason, even if it's good. But you got to do that sometimes. You got to edit yourself sometimes, unless you're big enough to hire people to do it themselves who are just as good as you, who have the same instincts as you, if not better. It takes a lot of creativity and instincts to, to and skill to edit any sort of media in a way that's consumable. So... I have to do it myself to get what I think is the best quality content until I'm good enough to, I don't know. It, I would be happy, I would be fine with somebody else doing it. Um, but it, uh, I'm not there yet to have somebody do it in a way that is uh, the way I would think um, beats the, is, is of quality for what I'm looking for. It just takes a lot of work, man. To make a clip that's good enough to go viral. 
um i don't know i haven't gone viral in a long time in a while ever i don't think i've ever gone viral except for unless you count 2007 okay i went viral fuck it. I, went, I went back it was not edited though it was just uh the back in the day when anything went viral on youtube it was easy to go viral in 2006 just film your friend smoking salvia and put it on youtube and it'll go viral in 2006 it's not that hard i was one of the people to do that and it did well a lot of people liked it a lot of people enjoyed it i thought it was fucking awesome the friend who was mostly featured in it that was the you know the whole point of the video he uh he didn't like it after a while he was like yeah i'm kind of i don't really like that that's out there of me just doing a drug and freaking out and uh, acting hilarious. I, I, he, I guess he just didn't like it for some reason. It was on the news. It was featured on like a lot of news channels. Dateline, NBC, I believe. And I thought it was fucking hilarious. And it was. And it still is to this day. I don't talk to that guy anymore. <laughs> I don't talk to this guy anymore, but only because we grew apart. I was, you know, I would be friends with, I would hang out with him, but there's a reason we stopped hanging out. <laughs> I don't know. Some friends, you just grow different ways. You just go, you just realize that you're not on the same page. You know, you just can't hang out with them for very long until they start bugging the shit out of you. Because they they like have very specific they have like very hardline opinion like they're very like opinionated in a way that pisses you off because it's like annoying to them it's annoying to me. Um, I'm not that way. I, I'm not opinionated. I'm not insufferable in any imaginable way. Everything I'm doing is uh, consumable and. Nobody complains. I've never been told to, to edit myself. I've never been told to stop doing my podcast. I've never been told that this is too long. I've never been told to not do a 690-minute podcast. I've never been told that I need to improve my personality. It's I mean, the opposite. I need to stop being so... I need to be worse. People say... Hey, by comparison, you're making me feel like a douchebag because you're so good at life. You're such a good person and generous and like empathetic and like you're making me feel like a dirtbag. Can you please stop being so good of a person? And then I go, um, yeah, sure. No, I, I'm. This never happened. That was a. That was not even a good joke. That was a terrible. That was like I couldn't I couldn't even sell that for a second, man. Of course, no one's ever said that to me. No one's ever said that I have a good personality. I can't think of a time that's happened. I've been told I'm funny, uh, but everything else is negative. They usually just say, "Damn, you're very like judgy and cynical and like, you know, yeah, cynical." I get that. Damn, you have a dark... You're, like, mean. 
<laughs> so anyway, we're going to take a little break um, just to refuel. My joints are starting to hurt from standing for so long. I'm, I'm not used to standing for four hours. You know, I stand a lot. I mean, standing is not unhealthy. It's better than sitting down, they say, for dopamine. It actually gives you dopamine just to stand. And anyway, so we're going to refuel, as it as it is, as it were. Um, doesn't mean we're ending the podcast. I just have to quickly go into the other room and fix myself. I'm probably going to have to go to the bathroom at some point. What is it? Yeah, so I'm definitely going to have to go to the bathroom. There's no way I'm going to be doing There's no way I'm going to make it to seven. There's no fucking way. I'm going to be doing a 690-minute episode. But it's possible, but I would have to take a lot more drugs, stimulants, medicine, whatever you want to call it, stimulants. I would have to take more Adderall. So I'm already getting tired. It's only been four hours. If you get tired four hours into a show, you think you could do three times that? Two and a half. Anyway, I start this episode like I started off in such a euphoric. I was euphoric from the mushrooms, but the way I was talking really threw me down a bad loop. Like this, the way this episode started was very bad. Like I had to keep restarting it. I was like, oh, okay, that was bad to re. But it was just that I wasn't warmed up, com- talking wise. I was warmed up singing wise. I, w- I mean, if this was a singing podcast, I'd, it'd be much easier. And I was listening to myself sing earlier, and I was like, okay, this decent in terms of uh the tonality and mostly the pitch i was very good in in my pitch i was singing in tune pretty well more than normal i was like okay that's noticeably better i've made a improvement in pitch because i do pitch training exercises every single day so i could hear myself fucking up but anyway, the talking, oh man, the talking. It's not good to do a podcast while on mushrooms because you can't form your thoughts into cohesive sentences and and I'm still struggling to do that. I'm getting better. I'm sm- I'm getting a little bit more smooth and confident because it takes that long. I don't have any co-workers. I don't have any friends. <laughs> I don't have any people that I talk to. Some of my my uh, parents, my mom. I talk to <laughs> That's pathetic. That's it. That's the only person I actually talk to in long periods, of t- like in long conversations. Okay, sure, I have acquaintances. I go out and I talk to comics and wannabe comics and the, it, for longer than a couple minutes. But... Uh, they're acquaintances. They don't know me that well. And I'm not getting much out of it because um, they don't know me that well. And I can't fully be myself. I can't fully 
get what I need out of those relations. It's just a fucking, it's, you're, they're not close enough. So that's my thing is that I'm going to be, uh, that's a goal is to actually find a true friend who's not a narcissist and isn't just looking up to me and me being the narcissist. That's another thing. That's not a friendship. If one person has more power over the other person, that's like a job. It's like they're your boss. I ain't looking for that, but my goal is to find a actual friend that I could actually like count on and that can count on me. That I could actually hang out with and not feel like it's a waste of time. That's a challenge because I often feel like things are a waste of time. This not a waste of time because I'm doing it. But if other people were doing this with me, I'd be like, this is not good because I don't have control. The second I give somebody else control over something is when I feel it's not worthy of me being there. Most things. That's pretty damn harsh. There's very few things that I feel like are good enough for me to even care, like be a part of. Open mics, I feel like, are too good for me to be a part of. Like, comedy shows, those are too good for me. I'm not good enough for those yet. Or else I would be doing them. So anyway... And this is not something I could brag to people about. I can't just go up on stage and be like, so I just did a uh, an eight-hour pod, or however long, 11-hour podcast. They'd be like, okay... And we're supposed to, what are we, where's the punchline? What's the funny part? That just means you're weird. That just means you're like very self-indulgent. It's like, okay, you're a big, you're such a dedicated podcaster. It's like, whoopee, no one, that's something you do alone. <laughs> something more impressive would be to do a 11-hour uh, comedy show, but that would suck it'd be more impressive only because of how long that is if you stayed on stage for that long that would be impressive that would be very impressive because that's above what I'm doing now that's way more energetic and takes more energy to be on stage and doing stand up you'd be sweating So I respect people that do four-hour sets, like Dave Chappelle. I guess he does a he does super long set. That's impressive, and also, I'm not saying it's impossible. Like I get it, how he's able to. If you're that comfortable, like if you if it's not it's not impossible to do that. Like I'm doing, it's just a better version of what I'm doing now. It's with an audience. It's like, and probably not as introspective though. I don't know. I'd have to see it. I'd, I'd have to see what the hell it is to really know what it would take. Because I think he's one of the only people on the planet that could actually do that. A four-hour stand-up set. But if I could podcast for 12 hours, then I should be able to do at least three minutes on a stage on a, of comedy. Turns out, not the case. I can't even do three minutes. That's not not that it's too long. 
it's that I won't have the energy. I don't have the uh, the confidence. Because if you're confident, you could make anything funny. If you're funny. I'm not saying you, like, not you, but me. Me, I could make anything funny if I'm confident. Pretty much. Not every single sentence, but I'm saying it would at least be worthwhile enough where it would feel like a full set. It would feel like a good set if I was just confident. Not every single thing I say would be amazing, but in the overall it would be a good set even if I didn't plan it out. Even if I just go up there with zero plan, I could uh, get huge laughs just from being confident and uh, feeling like I'm funny and like pretty fun it's pretty nuts and you do it mostly with your voice not with what you say it's with your voice like just by going like hey hey I don't know just by the inflection of your voice you don't have to like fill the set up with words you don't have to like vomit a bunch of words I'm a man of few words on stage I'm very comfortable with with silence I, I enjoy taking long breaks in between sentences to build awkwardness and to show that I am bad at it, I guess, to show that I, it's like this anti-comedy type of thing. It's like, yep, I'm supposed to be doing jokes right now, but guess what? I'm going to change it up by uh, not doing anything. How about that? I'm just going to stand here and look at the crowd. That's my act. That's what I do. And that could be funny a few times for a few seconds. Um, it's weird to do that the, all the time. It's weird to do to just be like a somebody that is like uh, not. Uh, I'll think of it. We got time. I'll think of the word. Somebody that like has no energy that they can't even bring themselves to like move their mouth. I've been there. I was too lazy to get off stage, you know? Last time I went up, I was like, fuck, I'm too lazy to even get off stage. But that was fun. Sorry. Well, now I gotta... Can somebody help me get off stage? I'm just too lazy. I'm just, I don't have the willpower or the energy. Yeah. There's a word for it. It happens to people that are severely mentally ill. Not cathartic. I keep wanting to say that. It starts with a C, I think, though. It's just me. It's it's when you can't, you can't even do any... Catatonic. That's how I am. That's my comedy. That's how I would describe my comedy. Catatonic. Literally. I literally go up there and I go, Well, I'm standing. That's about all the energy I have for you. Is to just be up... Not lying down. That's all I could do. Catatonic. That's how I would describe it. I'm a catatonic comedian. That's how it, I make. I get catatonic laughter, as well, which means none. Because catatonic people don't laugh. They're too busy not doing anything. So yeah, I'm doing well, as you can clearly see. I don't know. I feel like I'm. This is like 
can be described as a mental breakdown, but I didn't have to. I don't have to do this. Uh, I could just be spending my time doing nothing, which is all I would be doing otherwise. I mean, yeah, I, I really don't have much energy or motivation or desire to do anything really else today. Like, I, I there's always a desire to do other things but when you have this type of fatigue and mental blocks you know when you don't have the ability to you can't so you just lie in bed and watch Netflix you know I was watching Netflix earlier was I was that today before I did the podcast I was watching yeah I don't yeah Maybe not today, but last night I was watching Netflix and then I went to bed. Today I woke up and I went straight to, I started the day pretty good. Like I got out of bed pretty quickly and I went straight to the exercise machine and watched a little bit of an Andrew Huberman video while exercising. I did about 45 minutes of cycling. So I was in a pretty good energetic mood. I was like, yeah, I'm I felt powerful before collapsing into this dreadful podcast. But before that, I was feeling pretty damn good in myself. I was feeling myself. I was also thinking about people that I wanted to say mean things to that caused trauma in my life and negative feelings that I wish they would uh, be, you know, I wish it could be resolved. I was thinking about that. And I took the mushrooms and I was waiting for them to hit. And the very first thing that I felt was just this rage. And and then a little bit of anxiety. I was like, okay, is this rage or just anxiety? And then that subsided. And then I started tripping a little bit. And then I went outside and I looked at the sunrise and it was purple and I was like, fuck yeah, this, this, that's awesome. It was already purple, but I just mean the, the shape. The, the whole sky started pulsating. And all these lines that weren't... Like, it started forming this unifying pattern that was like so surreal and majestic and surreal. And it made me want to stay out there. It's like this is amazing. This is this is why people take this drug, not just for the trauma shit, not just for the introspection, man. It's to actually enjoy the deep, rich colors of of nature. And then a bird flew over me, and I could hear its wings flapping. And I was like, that's why could I, you know, I don't normally hear their wings that much. And I was like, can you, can you stop? Can you shut up? And the bird was like, I could tell that the bird was like, yeah, sorry. Sorry, I'll, I'm just trying to get through. You know, because birds are self-conscious too. They don't want to bother people. They're just trying to, like, they're like, oh, sorry, this is your neighborhood. Sorry for flapping my wings so I was like, you quiet down? 
trying to enjoy the sunrise. And I did enjoy the sunrise. That's why I'm still talking about it. It was a very good sunrise. And whenever I'm on shrooms, whenever I'm having a very good experience on psychedelics, for some reason I always think, oh, I can't wait to do this again. It's like, but you why? What you're already doing it. What does it matter? Why do you think about the next time? It's like, oh, I hope I get to do this again. It's like, why does that matter? Why do you have to worry about the next time you do it? Why can't you just enjoy it now? But that's what I was thinking. I was like, you really want to do this very often, don't you? You really think... And then I started feeling like, what, did I just see something? They see Okay, I didn't see... I, I don't know. We're getting close to bug season here. Anyway, I'm not seeing anything right now. I'm pretty normal right now, but... Uh, I was like, is this the whole reason my life... Is this the whole reason I'm alive is to do psychedelics? <laughs> it's like, kind of. Right now it is. Because it gives me purpose. Even if that purpose is just to look at the sun. Today's purpose is this podcast, but it's not as important as looking at the sun. I got more out of that than I did out of this. This is like evidence for like a, a psychotic meltdown. And uh, yeah, but like I was saying, I could easily not do that. I mean, I, with or without this piece of evidence being out there, it's happening and regardless so i might as well film it and put it on the internet because why not i mean i don't really feel bad about it that much i just know that i ain't gonna watch it i ain't watching this it's too long if it was shorter sure but like it'll get better maybe also, i'm getting tired man i only have a few hours of the day that i'm like up and functional i'm already starting to get tired like as in, like, ready to go to bed, tired. And I only have been up for less than 12 hours. Because that's part of fatigue. So we're going to exacerbate. We're going to do something not responsible. Which is to push myself to do more. Yeah, the thing, you don't want to take mushrooms when you're tired. Taking them at, at dawn, I would recommend, because you're. I was still fatigued. I was still angry about that. I was like, "Why am I so? Fit Why do I go to bed and sleep for twelve hours, like eight hours, get a full night's rest, and have this fucking background fatigue?" And like, it's it's like, I was pissed off about that, and like I realized it partially is from emotional trauma. And I want to fucking beat the shit out of this trauma. So it's a frustration that I'm going through of like, yeah, I have this trauma. I want to beat it though. I don't want to just succumb to it and lie in bed all day and not do anything. I'd rather do something like this that's horrible. Because then I'll at least be like, okay, that's something I did and I'm never going to do again. Next episode will be a normal one. 
I'll do a normal one. Well, maybe. None of them are normal. The last one was weird, and a lot of them before that were very weird. But for some reason, this one, I was just particularly... I was analyzing myself a lot. Overanalyzing, you could say, but I would disagree. I did the right amount of analyzing. So anyway, um, the day is still a young day. And like another thing about being an introvert and a recluse is like I'm afraid to do anything outdoors. I don't like I could go to a thrift shop and get some cool looking clothing. Too scared. I'm too scared of being around other people and like being myself and like cons like I'm afraid of revealing that I'm crazy that I'm like that I have a weird personality because then I'll get judged and like then I would be angry that I was judged for being awkward it's always just like that I'm awkward um yeah when you're low dopamine you're gonna come off as awkward and uh so that's why I can't do normal things like that like go to a store I haven't I can't do that can't get my hair cut right now. Certainly not right now. I'm too tired to do anything. But I, I, I can't get my hair cut yet. Because that involves talking to somebody like in a very close... like they're. It's always a negative experience getting a haircut. It's always like like causes friction. Because like, I don't know. I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready. To interact with people, man. Maybe I will be ready to interact with some kind of person after this. I'll be too tired to go out, unfortunately. But I'll be warmed up enough and comfortable in my own skin enough that if I were awake later on, sure, I could try to do something uh, interacting with other people like go to a comedy club open mic whatever the fuck well I'm too tired I'm too tired and I've only been yeah so this is what it's like to have uh, chronic fatigue anyway on that note got about six hours left in the stream so or the, in the podcast which is uh, something I don't believe is to be I don't think I'm going to make it six hours that would be insane but insanity goes with it see this is not a manic I'm not manic right now that would be the time to do a 12 hour podcast is when you're in a manic state which I am in the opposite of I'm not manic so that's why this is really dumb and bad being manic makes for good content. It's delusional. But it's funny sometimes to be manic. You could be manic and put out good content. At least I'm not manic. At least I'm reasonable. Like everything I'm saying, yeah, it's crazy that I'm doing this. But I'm not saying anything that is like crazy. I'm just uh, going through a, a dark time. Not really. I'm starting to see the sun. I'm starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel in, ter in terms of this uh, downswing. In terms of this psychotic episode that I'm going through, 
that sunset or sunrise, I'm probably going to see the sunset <clears throat> too if I stay up late enough. That sunrise felt different than other sunrises. And I exercised today and I, I had energy to get through the full exercise. And I just felt a little more energized than normal despite what you're seeing now and despite the fatigue. I just woke up a little bit more positive than the day before. So I'm just saying there is an end to what I'm going through, I think. I'm not there yet. But I think the confidence could come back if crypto goes back up. If crypto goes back up, yeah, that definitely I'll be more confident. A lot of my confidence depends on external factors like money and validation from outside, from the outside world. That's something I'm trying to work on. That's something that the mushrooms help with tremendously is not caring about outside forces that you don't can necessarily control and also that aren't based on quality or a measure of quality. Numbers are not a measure of quality. We kind of talked about this with uh, the Spotify and like what just because something's popular doesn't mean it speaks to me doesn't mean it's my favorite song. Mr. Beast is the is very popular, but it doesn't mean he's doing something uh, creative or artistic or of value other than, uh, cool. Okay. He, he paid somebody a lot of money to try to kill him or something and bury him in a hole and he survived in a hole. That's interesting, but it just stunts for the sake of um, spectacle. It doesn't really have like staying power. It's not like, okay, that's like your grandchildren are going to look at that and be like, okay, he was a stunt guy. He did stunts and he was popular for it. Okay. It's not the worst thing to be known for. Like Evil Knievel. That's cool. I mean, I would be, that'd be cool, but like, Fine, there's a place for that. Guess I can't really shit on it too much. If you know, I I don't have I don't disrespect stunt devils, which I guess you could say it's similar. To, you know, it's a, it's stunts. It's not like pieces of art, like Kanye puts out pieces of art, music, and uh, Picasso. He put out pieces of art. I'm an artist. This is art. It's more, it's like a documentary, a self-produced, unedited documentary that is uh, very poor quality and like very poor quality. Like it, it shouldn't, it's bad, but it's art because I call it art because it has no commercial value and it's freedom. It's free expression. 
I've, I could say whatever I want on here. I have said whatever I wanted to the point where it's becoming monotonous. It's become, it's been monotonous, but it's becoming psychotic. I'm starting to induce a little bit of psychosis actually. And I like that. That's on per, I'm not ashamed. I'm not, I want to be psychotic right now because then maybe it'll get good because psychosis could lead to funniness or at least not being so self-aware. Being self-aware is not funny. Sometimes you need to be you need to be a little bit self-aware to be to get laughs. I take that back. But to the point where it debilitates you from driving home the point of whatever you're trying to get a joke about make a joke about that's bad you need self-awareness in comedy in most things self-awareness is good but when it really affects your delivery to the point where you have to stop yourself before getting to the punchline and you flub the punchline because you're thinking about the way you're going to deliver it and if it's you know it's bad you got to be in the moment and not give a crap about the future of what you're going to see. You can't be anxious about. You just got to be confident and sell it like a salesman. Salesmen could not know what they're talking about, but still get sales because they're confident and people, re they just go, oh, he's he seems like he knows what he's talking about. So fine, I'll buy the stupid thing because it's just like this energy People look at the performance of the sales pitch and they go, okay, if he put that much effort into the pitch, I guess I'm responsible to appease him by buying whatever crap I don't need or want. I'm not buying it because I, I want the product. I'm buying it to appease this guy's performance. It's like giving him a, a tip. That's true in sales, I think. If you're a pushover, it's a psychological thing. It's like, oh man, I don't care about whatever the fuck you're selling me, but good job. Now I feel obligated to buy the stupid thing, but I don't actually want it. But good job. I'm not going to buy it. But good job on the sales pitch. That must have taken a lot of uh, Adderall. I don't know, something. I couldn't do that. I couldn't be a salesman. I'd be the worst salesman in the world. I can't even sell myself to people as a comedian. Um, most comedians have that problem. It's like, oh, I don't want to sell my... Ugh, I hate that part of it, marketing myself. Um, I've gotten better at that. What I haven't gotten better at is uh, telling jokes. I've gotten worse at that because I think they're all hack. And they don't give me pleasure to tell them. It's like I could think of something like I did earlier today and I look at it it's like that's not funny that's just mean so it that's so hard man like I'll think of something I'll be like that's funny and I'll write it down and the second I look back at it like I, when I'm actually ready to do the joke or try it I just go I don't I, don't, I can't sell that it's not funny to me anymore. It was such is in the moment I thought it was funny. And 
I don't know how people get over that. I really don't. I used to be able to do it a little bit, like repeat jokes that I already got sick of, but I could still do them because of alcohol. That's it, just because of alcohol, man. And I did it a little bit in Chicago without alcohol. It's because... Why was that? I guess it was just better stage... It was just better quality stage time. So I did have some dopamine, I guess, because I was excited. I was just like, okay, this is a good room, good crowd, and I'm excited, and this is a good joke, and I... It really just does come down to dopamine, and I got a good intro. Like if you if everything's going right, you you could sell a joke, and you could keep doing it. But if it's a shitty room, if it's not the energy's not there, and you're not excited about it yourself, just saying the words ain't gonna land the joke in every room. You gotta you gotta fucking be excited about it yourself, man. Even then, there's no guarantee it's going to work. You'd be excited about a joke and love it and think it's hilarious and then it won't work because it just wasn't as good as you thought. Anyway, we're going to take a little break. Okay, we're back. Fuck, I'm I'm too tired. I'm too lazy to even walk in the next room. I'm going to take a quick break. I'm just thinking about if I want to redose mushrooms. That'd be kind of weird. Not weird, but like when you're this tired. I'm w- way too tired for how early it is in the day. Part of it is because of this being, I guess, draining, maybe. This takes energy. Part of it is that I am not happy with it at all. Part of it is that it's like a just not like something I'm going to be proud of. I'm putting, I'm making something that I'm not going to enjoy, that I am not going to be proud of. That's not a good feeling. That adds on to the negativity. Um, I could just end it, but I already committed to doing a 609. That's so dumb. But yeah, I, I don't know. I guess also part of it is that I only took a tiny bit of Adderall, and that's not enough to get me through the whole day. You got to redose. I mean, I, I ain't lying. I ain't just some somebody who uh, is like taking them for fun. They actually help me like get things. They help me stay awake. They help me like. They help me. Do I have to explain it? They help me. And a lot of people that take Adderall, it only lasts a couple hours. It's been on more than a couple hours. So is it that crazy to have to take it again? No. But I'm already so tired that it feels kind of uh, like a bad idea because I'm not just like um, a little bit tired. I'm uh, like, I'm uh, pretty exhausted actually. There's, I know I still got some energy. Maybe just because this is draining. But anyway, either way, we got to take a break. There's no getting out of this. So please excuse the slight amount of downtime. I'm not quitting 
the podcast. I'm not editing this. This there will be no cuts. It's nothing. It's all staying in. Nothing has overheated yet. Nothing is on fire. This is the first half of the show. Still, we're not even at the end of the first half. Unfortunately, not even there yet. But it is a good. T- <laughs> but it is the first time that we're going to take a break. How about that? It's time. It's a good time to take a break. I need a break. I am tired of standing. I need more um, medicine, man. I'm such a little bitch, man. I gotta keep like taking like oh, I need medicine. It's like you don't have to keep talking about it, man. It's like just do it, just get it over with. Also, it feels like a cop out to be like, oh, you need more medicine, you need more Adderall. A real trooper. Would not take more Adderall. Adderall just makes me tired. It would just make me want even more tired. It just relaxes me. So for me to for it to actually wake me up, I'd have to take a lot, and I don't want to do that. I don't want to take like a lot. I already had this thought earlier of like, oh, be careful with this shit. Don't get addicted to this. Because I do worry about that a little bit. I do care about that. Just because you don't feel it now doesn't mean I ain't ever going to feel like I'm dependent on it. I guess I already am dependent on it if I'm already taking it like multiple times a day. But like that's only because of what I'm doing. I wouldn't take it if I was just lying around, if I had nothing planned. And also, it's not strong enough to even... It really just does like mellow me out I need something stronger to actually feel alert but it's all I got so and caffeine is not strong enough at all mushrooms don't stimulate me I mean in some ways they kind of do it's hard to sleep on them they stimulate your serotonin receptors they give you serotonin they make you feel love they make you love yourself and uh but it's going to be bad if I redose with those because I already had a pretty significant experience and taking them tired it's not smart. I've learned that lesson already and my excuse is that I just the reason I want to take more is because it's fun. It would just make the time go by, maybe, maybe not. It, I think it would. The right dose. How much am I gonna take? That's what I'm worried about. Gotta respect these things, man. Anyway, I'll probably get a second wind after a certain point. Um, But I ain't there yet. I ain't there yet. I'm not experiencing nothing close to a second wind. I could use some maybe electrolytes. I am fasting. I'm almost 20 
hours into my my uh, fast. Fasting is good. I love fasting. I wouldn't be able to do this if I wasn't fasting for this long. So fuck it. We're just going to keep leaning into this. We're going to take some fish oil and a little bit of electrolytes. I might have to go to the bathroom. I definitely will at some point. Not right now, but I'm just worried about the downtime because I feel like if you take too long of a break, that doesn't count as podcasting then. If you take more than like a two-second break, uh, you know, ten seconds at the most. Also, I'm very cooked up. Like being in the same room for this long is not healthy. That sucks that I can't bring the podcast outside. Because that would be much better to do it outside. Especially if you're... Yeah, being cooked up indoors, just looking at yourself on a camera. Oh, man. This podcast is getting bad. It used to be good. Two hours ago, it was good. Now, this part is bad. But two hours ago? Oh, man, that was a good podcast two hours ago. This podcast is going to put me on the map. People are going to be like, oh man, that guy, he was more about, he shouldn't have been focused so much on uh, quality, man. Quantity is what he should have been focusing on. Quantity. Number of hours per episode is what he should have been focusing on. I feel like something special has to be done with how I release this thing. I have to be like, okay. Obviously, I'll have to make a thumbnail that says something about how it's long, how it's a special 690. (laughs) And then I'll have to... Oh, man, I'm embarrassed. And I'll post it on Instagram. I'll just make a post saying, yeah, I did a 690-minute podcast of just me alone. And it's um, probably one of the most glaring signs of... uh, my struggle in life like this is something that only a sick person would do and i i'm owning it i own the fact that i'm sick <laughs> and i'm trying to get help i'm in there like I'll, I'll just try i'll just be very honest i'll just be like this was not something i did on purpose it kind of just started happening until i realized i was three hours in and that it would be funny to do 690 minutes because of 69. And I'm trying to help. I'm trying to get help. That's it. That's all I could be. I just got to be honest. I just be like, this was not a, this is not a bit. Yeah, it's a bit. But I'm not doing it expecting it to get me anywhere except for looking like a cry for help. <laughs> I mean, that's it is what it is. I'm not going to be like this was a creative i'm i'm such a creative person i'm doing so well no this is a cry for help and i'm a perfectionist so i i'm still worried about how everything's looking and sounding i like it's fine i'm still i don't like the colorations of my skin still there's nothing i could do about that though we already talked about how i need a spray tan i i 
Can't do that now. Can't get a spray tan. Anyway, crypto scams. We, we talked about that a little bit. All you need is one successful. Oh, okay. That's something I could talk about for another 20 minutes when I get back from this break that I've been talking about for two hours. Okay, we are going to take the break. It's only going to be a couple seconds because otherwise it'll count as a separate podcast. It'll count as like, oh, that doesn't count. You can't take a break if you call yourself a marathon podcaster. You got to podcast the whole time. You can't take a break. That defeats the purpose. Just because you kept the camera going, whoopee. Oh, you could have taken a nap during that time. So it's only going to be a couple of seconds, like 10 seconds, and then I'll come right back in. Probably more than 10. <laughs> I'll keep you posted. How about that? And I can't bring the microphone with me because I wasn't planning on doing this. But fuck it. I'll, I'll aim the microphone towards the kitchen area where I'll be, and I'll yell... I'll yell at the microphone to keep you guys going. Okay, I'm leaving the podcasting room. I'm in the kitchen. I'm still podcasting. This is still a podcast. I am just taking a quick break to get some water. Oh, what am I saying? I'm still with. I'm still podcasting. This is still a podcast. This is a not on camera. Doesn't mean. This isn't a podcast. Okay, I got my cigarette. I got my, uh, I got these, my Redwoods. Let's get it into the camera so you can see those. Redwood CBD cigarettes. Um, they're cool. I like them. They don't really do anything except for make me feel cool. I don't know how to get them out, but there you go. I got one. I won't be damaged. So we got that. Okay, now I'm going to get some other shit taken care of while I'm podcasting in my echoing living room kitchen area. I am pouring myself a sparkling HEB unsweetened sparkling water raspberry flavor. Raspberry cranberry raspberry. This is episode 69 of the Tim Weitzelbaum show. It is uh, 690 minutes long is what I'm going for unless I pass out. Hey, I could pass out during this, but that's still... I'm not going to stop the cameras if I pass out, obviously, so that'll be fine. I mean, that'll just be what it is. It's like, yeah, it's still... Fuck you. It's still content. All right, one more thing. A couple more things. All right, we need some electrolytes because I'm fasting. And fasting, you need electrolytes, so I'm going to pour some of those in here. All right, that's a lot. Stevia, I'm going to squirt some more stevia into my uh, thing there. And then we got a little bit of uh, apple cider vinegar. Pouring some of that in there. It doesn't taste good. And then, more things are going into my body. I am a person. I'm a podcaster. This is episode 69. I am very experienced at podcasting. And I do have to go to the bathroom, so that's going to be a reason that sucks.
Whatever, what can I do about that? Nothing. All right, I'm still off camera, but that doesn't mean I'm not doing the podcast. You can still hear me, right? Good. I am, this is still episode 69. 69. All right, I am just coming back. Oh, it's nice and quiet in here. No wonder, it's just me and my thoughts. No wonder I freak out so much when I'm in here because it's so quiet. Jesus. I keep thinking I'm seeing things in the corner of my eye, man. Like I'm not even tripping. It's just like a floater. It's just a floater, which is part of getting old. And uh, certainly doesn't hurt that you t- if you trip. You're certainly probably going to see more of those if you trip. But anyway, a couple more tasks have to be done. I got refuel my fuel reserves, re-inject myself. in the news today, kids. Well, kids are talking about this and that. All right, I'm having to do that voice. Uh, all right, I poured too much of that water. All right. We're still going. I'm just working on some things here. And we're not even close to... Uh, Insanity. We're not even. Cl- I'm not even close to losing my mind yet. I'm still pretty coherent. I am not on any drugs. Um, not ones that I care about. At least not the bad ones. I am a good person who does not abuse drugs. I don't condone abusing drugs. I condone living a healthy life. The hell is that? Sorry, I'm distracted by like a weird thing in the rug. Is that a... What is that? I think it's just a zipper. It's just a thing that has to do with a flute. I bought a flute randomly a couple months ago because I thought I was going to make a music video, which I never did because I lost interest. Same with many things in my life. I lose interest on many things very often. Anyway... I still got the flute, though. I only got it just to use in a music video, not even to actually play the flute, just to look like I was playing it for comedic value. All right. I do have to use the bathroom, so you will hear that in the background, because this house, the bathroom is right next to this room. There's there's two baths. Now, I could use the one this way, I have two bathrooms. One is this way, which I never use, which is weird. That I have a bathroom. It's like that I don't use, but it's, why? It's not that weird. Um, and then I have one in the master bathroom, which I do use and I enjoy using it. It's my favorite bathroom in the whole house. But it's right next to the podcast studio, so you will hear me using it, which is kind of disgusting. It's not that disgusting, but you will hear me. <laughs> I'm going to use the other one. I'm going to use the one that's two rooms away so you won't hear it as loud. You'll still hear me flush, but you can handle that. I think we're all adults here. 
All right, I'll be back. This is not the end of the show. This is only not even halfway through. We're about halfway through, I think, getting closer to that. Not quite. Let me see, actually. Let's do the math. It's it's Yeah, we're about halfway through. Wow. That's saying something right there. That is certainly saying a lot that I'm only halfway through. All right, I'll be back. I got you. Like I said, this is not the end. This is just a break. I'm gonna close the door behind me so you don't. turn a stupid uh, thing here off I gotta go back to where uh, looking in the lens this is still a show I can't get all loosey-goosey and look at the uh, stupid uh, monitor I gotta be looking into the lens because I'm talking to a huge audience let's get realistic here clear I mean obviously this is gonna be seen by th- a lot of people, man. So stop slacking off, man. I'm a slacktivist. That was how I was going to start the show. I was going to be like, hey, I'm a far-right conspiracy theorist and, sl- and like, slacktivist or something. I was going to work the word slacktivist in. I'm a far-right slacktivist. I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't ring. doesn't work. But uh, far-right conspiracy theorist is fine. All right, and we're back. So this is part two of the Tim. I got to start a second timer here. Do I? It doesn't matter. Does it really matter? Does it really matter? Let's do the lap thing. There we go. Perfect. Okay. Like I was saying. This is part two of the Tim Weichselbaum Show, episode 69. 
I am Tim Weichselbaum. I'm a far-right-wing conspiracy theorist and slacktivist based in the periphery of Austin, Texas. Not in Austin, Texas, just the periphery. Austin, Texas is like, which day in my periphery do we got a Alex Jones fan here? No, I'm not an Alex Jones fan. I'm the next Alex Jones. I'm the subsequent incarnation of him. I don't talk shit. I'm a smarter version of him in the sense that I learned from what not to do and not get sued into oblivion. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying he's smarter than me or that I'm smarter than him. I'm saying I've learned from his mistakes and won't do the actionable things that he did or said. I don't have a rabid following yet. I will. That's one of my goals is to develop a rabid following of my right-wing conspiracy nutjob theories that are a, uh, that I believe in and that I pen myself, that I think of and popularize. I am not actually that. I don't actually, I'm just kidding. I don't actually think of myself as a right-wing conspiracy theorist. I don't think anybody calls himself that. That's the joke. That's the joke, you idiot. Sorry, I didn't mean it. If, you're, if you think that's that's legit, that I actually think that that's what I am, that's legit. So anyway, I am. I, I don't really care about that. I think that's funny to just call yourself that. Uh, but I need a rabid following. I would like. <laughs> See, now we're getting into like things that I desire, and like, d- there's always a negative side. Even if you do have a rabid following, like uh, Andrew Tate, I hear has a rabid following. I've never met a single person that's a fan of him, but that's what I hear is that he has a rabid following. And uh, the worry of that is that people will come after you if you have a big following that's rabid. I just love saying rabid. I just love talking about that, man. I want to, because they will do things on your behalf that you don't necessarily want them to do. They will harass people on your behalf. So um, I don't want a rabid following. That's not actually one of my goals. I would like uh, a following. I think I can handle a following. I feel like you don't get a follow. You, you kind of got to do you, like a following just for me being all vulnerable and talking about my mental problems like I am doing on this thing. What kind of following would that get you? That's not, that's not going to get you a following. That'd be a weird. That'd be. I don't understand how that would get me a following. But uh, doing funny stuff would get you a following. If it's uh, consistent and you're putting it up and it doesn't, you know, it actually gets traction, that'll give you a following. If you're putting up high quality content of comedy, of you doing comedy, whether it's skit or whatever, random funny videos, yeah, you could get a following. And you, people will throw offers at you. Eventually, just eventually, you start to get offers to do bigger opportunities. And eventually, you'll be like, "Yeah, I don't even care anymore about those opportunities. I used to care about those things as badges of honor." It's like, but then once you get them, it's like, "Okay, that's I'm used to that." So everything loses its novelty. 
after a while. It doesn't matter how big it is. I mean, even like people that make millions of dollars, they lose interest in making millions of dollars. They need more. They get used to having that. And that's one of the things I was saying with uh, kind of with the the fact that in a, a world of that, in a capitalistic country, there's no limit to how much money a single individual can have. And it doesn't take much to become depend, uh, independent monet, like uh, financially. All it takes is a few million dollars. More than that in New York. You need more than that in other play in certain plays, but like in the in in the on average, you only need a few million dollars to never have to really think about money again, unless you have a terrible uh, unless you you know until your health gets bad maybe. If you have like a crazy expensive uh, health incident that costs, it could cost who knows a million dollars even. But that would be pretty much at the high end. And that's if, I mean, with insurance, I would hope it wouldn't get to that level where it's like you're losing millions on just a health problem, health crisis that happens. So, but uh, aside from that, that's really all you need to uh, never need money ever again. Once you just have a few million uh, in the stock market, you're done. You're, you could live off the dividends. You could, it's a, you, you'll make enough where you don't if you live within those means if you can be fine living off like that sort of pension like deal where you're getting paid like a hundred thousand a year and you're satisfied which you know that's possible that's reasonable you could be pretty satisfied and have a high quality life on a hundred thousand a year um yeah that's that's all it takes. But most people get adjusted to it. They get adjusted to getting paid a hundred thousand, and they want more. I don't know. Is it most people? Yeah, I would. I would definitely want more than that. Unless I'm doing other things that make me happy. If your whole life depends on how much money you're making, then yeah, you'd want more than that. But if you have other things that bring happiness, uh, and you're making a hundred thousand without even lifting a finger that's a pretty cool place to be because then you could just focus on shit that you actually want to be doing like me right now i'm not i'm not a millionaire but i'm just saying i'm doing something right now that is completely free to me to for me to do i'm free to do it uh does it make me happy i don't know we'll find out later in the show this is going to be a long episode, by the way. I usually don't say it. I usually say this is going to be a short episode. I have a feeling this one's going to be a little longer than the other one, just because we're already six hours in. And I usually don't go that long. I usually go about an hour. So this gives us enough time to actually explore the deeper trenches of my psyche. You're going to find out a lot about me in the next six hours, which, I mean, what else is there to really find out? I've done this 69 times. In this one, I've already done six hours, so that's six episodes worth. So that's already like on episode 78 or some shit. 
So what have I not? So that's seventy-eight hours of uh, content <laughs> of just me talking to myself about myself. What the hell else could you possibly need to hear about me? In like that, I haven't already said. Let's not go there. We don't have to talk about me. We already have. There really isn't anything new to, to learn about me. Talk about everything I'm pursuing, everything I want to pursue, everything I want in life. What I want in life right now is a home. Not literally. Do I have to? Clearly, I'm not talking literally. I got a home. It's behind me. I'm in my home. But it ain't a home. There's no love in this house. I love, I'm trying to love myself. Then maybe I'll start making the house more decorative and uh, more wholesome looking. This house is very like ominous looking on the out. There's nothing, there's no decorations. There's, I guess there's some bushes and like some, the landscaping is taken care of. But other than that, there's no decorations, man. So this house is not a home. And by that, and I don't even really mean literally home. I'm not talking about where I live. This is just where I live. It's not important. It's comfortable. I got pretty much everything I need, but there's not a lot of like sunlight. Like I, I keep the windows closed, so like I, I'm very isolated. And you know, I barely look out the windows, and, and I just, I just feel like a weirdo living in this isolated house. And I need a home. Creatively, I need a home. Not just a place to sleep. I need a, a creative life is what I'm getting at. I need a place to where people know my name. Like Cheers. A place where everybody knows my name. Like che- like the show, like that's why people go to bars. Because people know them there. Otherwise, they could just drink at home. That's sad and not as sad as doing it in public. It's cheaper, but there's a reason people go to bars. It's because at least they get some socializing out of it instead of just being isolated on top of being an alcoholic, which is not the end of the world either. Even if you are doing that, that's still kind of fun. (laughs) Even just drinking alone... And watching YouTube or watching Netflix or jerking off and singing karaoke or live streaming. That makes it fun. That turns drinking alone at home into a almost not bad thing to do. I was doing that and people told me like, yo man, you you shouldn't be. It's probably bad that you're drinking <laughs> all day. While you're doing this, it's like that's you're still an alcoholic. You know that's like bad, right? It's like yeah, but I'm socially like, fuck. What's the difference? It's like the same as going to a bar. Like yeah, I'm at home drinking alone, but I'm connected to a bunch of strangers that are watching me and judging me for doing it. So it's not that bad. At least I'm exposing myself to to the outside world where people are unafraid to tell me exactly what I probably need to hear. So I stopped doing it. And now I don't really, I don't live stream anymore. I would if I had the grit for it. Yeah. I don't, I'm not saying I would never live stream ever again. I like live. I enjoyed it. It was fun. I met a lot of dumb people. 
and crazy people, some cool people, but a lot, I just only remember the dumb ones. Sorry, I'm being, I, I'm being a dick. I only remember the dumb ones. The nice ones, I barely remember. I do remember one person in particular who, who told me not to get the vaccine, and I didn't because he was so passionate about it. And he was one of the main reasons I, I guess I didn't jump to get that thing is because this one dude talked to me on uh, Discord. He was like, don't fucking get that vaccine. Like he, he spent so much effort selling me on not getting it that I like just to appease him. I was like, hey, man, I don't necessarily care about what you're selling, but you said it with so much passion that it's like, fuck it. I guess I'm going to buy that. I'm going to buy the not getting the vaccine thing. And it worked out. I st still uh, have fatigue and anxiety that started during around COVID. But uh, it's hard to say if that's what causes it. I don't blame it all on COVID or not getting the vaccine. But I'm, I'm open-minded to be like, maybe I do have long COVID. That could be... One of the reasons I got this fatigue, like three years later, two years later, since I got COVID for the first time, that's when I started noticing like this anxiety and I wasn't myself and my joints, I felt more like just moving around. I felt like, oh, I feel like more like heavy and like it was bad and I guess I got used to it or it went away. But it hasn't gone away all, all... It's hard to remember how I was before COVID, but I do remember a shift, a distinct shift in my ability, my cognitive abilities before that. After getting COVID, I had more anxiety and I felt a heaviness in my joint, in my bones and joints rubbing together. Like, I just felt more, uh, weaker and like I was like aged, like an older person, and like my brain was diminished. Anyway, I made I went on to do very well. I went on to have one of the most successful years of my life, monetary, financially. That was the most successful year of my life afterwards. And I still did comedy, and I drove to Austin, and I was you know I was still pretty functional. So, uh, you know, and I ran a comedy show, but I didn't perform that often on it. And that was when I started noticing that I just lost my ability to be funny throughout the whole set. I just started having these moments of, like, losing myself on stage where I was like, fuck, I can't keep going. I kind of, I just, like, I would get, like, this, like, just deer in the headlights I was like, okay, I lost it. I lost my enthusiasm or something. I just lost the ability to get through this entire set and be good. So that sucks. And that's something that hasn't stopped. It hasn't gone away. I, I go up on stage and I just don't... I'm not in it. I'm not connecting with the crowd. Anyway, long COVID could be what that is. And one of the treatments for long COVID is to go into a hyperbaric chamber to deprive your brain of oxygen to induce, I guess, some form of hypoxia. And that causes your brain to like generate more uh, 
stem cells. I don't know if that's true at all. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. But that's one of the treatments is go to a hyperbaric tra- chamber, whatever the hell it's called. And I'm open to that. I'm also, you know, I do exercise, I do as much as I can on my own to try to get my brain back to where it should be. I do Wim Hof. That's something I've been improving with. I've been improving with Wim Hof because I do exercises now. I do aerobic exercises, cardio, and I fast. I'm starting to fast again. I haven't been using my sleep apnea machine, which is, that was bad. That causes me to wake up with a headache when I don't use my CPAP. I'm just too lazy to put it on. Because by the time I go to sleep, I'm too tired to do I can't eat, I can't do nothing. I'm too tired to just put on the mask. So that's stupid. So that so I woke up with a headache today. But anyway, yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm getting better with the Wim Hof. I was able to hold my breath for over three minutes yesterday, which is good for me. Usually I can only do about two minutes, you know. But yesterday I did three in 15 seconds. And I want to keep going with that. See how far I could get. It's cool, man. And that's a good way to to help your brain uh, recover. And uh, I don't know. Supposedly it helps your immune system and shit like that. Helps with anxiety. It helps you not worry about shit for a little while. And it's addictive. I, I do it many times a day. It's addictive. You get a little bit of a rush out of it, a little bit of a high from it. You're not supposed to do it for longer than... You're not supposed to, like, fucking suffocate yourself. You're supposed to only do it until you're uncomfortable, until you have to breathe. So I'm not trying to suffocate myself, but it gives you a rush. It's fun. It's fucking satisfying. It gives you a good rush. I'm trying to fight my demons the natural, most... Uh, healthy way possible some people fight their demons in unhealthy ways and I used to be doing that with weed and alcohol I used to be a uh, a drinker I used to need alcohol just to leave the house I was taking it as medicine when I ran an open mic in Chicago a couple of years ago right before COVID is when it ended and I was running an open mic, and I would I would slam a beer. This is like AA, man. I'm romanticizing my dark past as if it wasn't dark. I'm talking about it as if it was like the good old times, which it kind of was. It was fun. I, I mean, I, I would slam a high life at home and then walk to the bar where the open mic was because it wasn't far from my house. Those were the good old days when I could just walk to comedy shows. And then I would drink more beer there that I snuck in. Because <laughs> I wasn't going to pay for it. I was, you know, I'm a cheap alcoholic. I prefer other people to buy me drinks. Because I uh, am a performer. And I'm providing a service. And I, did, I, I earned my pay in shots. And, you know, whatever else somebody wants to buy me. So, then I would do another mic after that, and then I would do a different mic that I hosted later in the night. I was this, I was one of the hosts on a, on two mics in one. It was on Thursday, 
So I hosted two mics each Thursday. And that was such a different... I took it for granted because I... Uh, it took a you know I don't have that now I don't I can't just walk to an open mic and and slam booze and and feel like a I don't know it wasn't like who cares it wasn't anything to glamorize because I wasn't getting paid I I didn't really get any good stories out of it I just met some chicks some crazy chick that that got attached to me. And I got attached to her, and then it was just like a. I was just talking to her because she was like kind of attractive, but she was crazy, and she would. But yeah, that didn't last very long because I didn't want to be like in the friend zone with a crazy chick. I wanted to at least get uh you know not just be the uh, person that acts as the uh, absorbing all their trauma and not getting anything else out of it. Like okay. That's it? You're just going to talk to me? No. So I stopped talking to her and whatever. So anyway, crazy chick. Yeah, man. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit on the last episode. If you're not even having sex with them, what the hell is the point of talking? If like they're crazy and they're not going to have sex with you. Like, how low do you think I am? Like, that's an insult to my... Uh, it's kind of like narcissists. That's what they like. They 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 think they could just use you and like not give you anything. I don't know. Not not you know. Narcissists gave me something. They allowed me to hang out with them, and they got me. One of them got me on shows for trading him drugs. So that's something. Yeah. So fuck that. But anyway, yeah, I just felt like really, I'm not gonna just gonna be somebody that you talk about your trauma like, and just be friends. But I agreed to it. I was like, hey, you want to be like, you shouldn't. You gotta tell them ahead of time. Like, yeah, I'm not just gonna be your friend. I mean, I'll get into a toxic relationship with you. But if you're not even into that, this is over. But anyway, what the fuck was that noise? I heard like a child. I guess it makes sense because it's 2 p.m. Yeah, this is the sound of joyous children or something is happening outside. All you need is one successful thing to give your life purpose. You don't need to do everything uh, to feel like you have a purpose in life. Like even just hosting those two open mics, I felt like I had a purpose. That was enough to give me dopamine. I don't know what I did the other days of the week. I don't remember much about how I did the other days of the week. That era in my life. Don't remember. <laughs> but. I was drinking a lot. So it's hard to remember when you're drinking a lot. So anyway. Now. Yeah. So I felt like I had a purpose. Even though that's barely a purpose. Just hosting open. That's nothing. But it was still better than I got now. So right now I feel like a like a, a a boat without a dock. I'm just like floating in the ocean in the open ocean just like where do I fucking set up my anchor? So I need a club. I need a home club that I that tolerates my lack of abilities at being good at stand up but understands that I'm still somewhat funny and that I'm just going through a rough 
patch, but that I still have some, you know, some talent. I need that in my life. Haven't found it yet or anything even close to it, except for maybe one open mic, but it's not, yeah, that's that's it, just an open mic, whoopee. That's not enough to give me purpose. But if you just have one successful thing going on, like uh, if you do have a successful show, that's all. That's it. You got a life. You'll feel happy. It's got to be a pretty good show. Um, yeah. I'm just saying, just something I realized. It's like you don't need to be the big, you don't need to be a mogul. You don't need to have like multiple successful things happening at once. All you really need to feel like you got your like you have a life that's worth living is one good thing. One thing that makes you feel like you're needed and wanted and there's a community aspect to it and there's people that look up to you kind of and value you. Yeah, that's it. You just need one and that could be li- that could last a lifetime, you know? Like hosting a show, like hosting the Tonight show. That's all Johnny Carson is really known for, and that's it. That's all he needed to be known for, because that was good enough. That was great. That was big. After that, I don't know. When that ended, same with Jay Leno. What is he doing? He's doing car stuff. He seems very happy, because he has enough. You know, he still does stand up. Like he still has enough going on that he feels. You know, he still is very much. A part of things around him. Yeah, and he has another show. He's he's doing fine. So I don't know, but some people when they lose that one thing, yeah, they're gonna be fucking miserable. Like Paul McCartney after John Lennon was like, you know, you just get tired of playing with the same people. That's why you break up the Beatles, man. It's like, no, that's why you break up the Beatles. We are not in the Beatles, John Lennon. You know, you just get tired of writing the same music, the same people. You just get tired, man, Plastic Ono Band. Not tired of them. Anyway, but Paul McCartney was super depressed after the Beatles broke up because the Beatles were pretty big. So going from Beatles to nothing. From Beatles, Abbey Road, to okay... I'm a solo, I'm going to put out a solo album, I guess. That's fucking where I'm at. I used to be in the Beatles. When I was hosting those open mics, it was like, my be- that was my Beatles. <laughs> and now I'm just trying to put out a solo album. And it's rough. When you don't have bandmates cajoling you to keep going, where the fuck are you going to get the dopamine to keep going? That's why that Paul's first album wasn't that great because he didn't have the bandmates cajoling him to keep performing at his best. Like You just need the energy of people around you to help bring your best out. When you're just solo, completely alone, he still managed to do it. He still put out some great solo albums literally alone. He put out Paul McCartney 2 alone. He did that completely isolated in a farm. No other musicians. I don't know how the fuck he did that. 
and it was still had some good songs on it, but most of them not very good. Only like one good song coming up. I'm you know the song coming up. Great song, but that's it. So when you don't got people around you twisting your arm, that's why you end up like me. Just a dude in this vacuous cavern that sound that very well acoustically treated where you could hear nothing but your own thoughts and the hum of the laptop that's overheating because it's been at full CPU for six hours and it's mad at you and the air conditioning isn't on and you're wearing this stupid child-sized sweatshirt with a bunch of photos of planets on it that you're never going to visit. I'm never going to visit Earth or whatever that one is. I don't know what that one is. Venus or no? Mercury? Who the hell knows, man? It's an ugly planet. But anyway, what's this one? Is that Pluto? Oh, that's Pluto. Pluto used to just be a bunch of pixels. It used to be just like used to just be a couple pixels. Now it's like beautiful. Now you can actually see the detail. So this sweatshirt would have not been as cool before we got that picture of all the planets that we have. This is a cool sweatshirt. And it costs and I'm glad I got it. Never mind how much it costs, but it, the reason it looks so cool is because it's high quality. It's high end and yeah. Good quality clothing costs money. Good looking clothing usually tends to be more expensive. High fashion is high fashion for a reason. Because a lot of thought went into the design and look and style, colors. And sure, you know, it's also usually high quality materials. Not always, but that's generally why, you know, if you're spending that much money, you might as well at least make it out of good quality materials. So anyway, I'm into fashion. Right now, I'm not into how I look. I need a spray tan. All right, we spent enough time talking about a spray tan. I'm going to get a spray tan. If there's anything I'm going to do outside this house or in this house, maybe I'll get somebody that is crazy enough to drive out here, spray tan my naked body, and then go home, not getting murdered in the meantime. Anything's possible in today's internet age where you could just go on Craigslist and be like, hey, I'm a dude. You're a chick who knows how to spray tan. How much do you charge to go to creepy single dudes' houses and hope that they're not creeps? That that much? Okay, well, sorry. Never mind. I'll just go with a gay guy. I'll just go with a gay guy who'll gladly do it and, you know, look at my dick. But sometimes you gotta pay the price to get spray to get what you want out of life. Okay, we're getting warmed up. <laughs> I think I'm finally getting warmed up to actually do a podcast. Too bad, oh man, too bad that the first part happened. That first half was pretty rough. That was a pretty rough first half of this game that we're playing called the Tim Weichselbaum show I already talked about being a comedy purist I don't think we have enough topics to last another six hours but I'm good at stretching 
If there's one thing I learned in 69 episodes, that I could stretch a topic until there's nothing left. Oh man, am I good at that. Some people can't even do an hour-long podcast. Well, (laughs) you'll get there. It's not that hard. You'll figure it out. Doesn't take much confidence. Clearly, I don't even have that. I'm doing it for an hour. All it takes is believing that what you have to say is interesting. Which I don't. And I'm still doing it. So it doesn't even take that. All it takes is wanting to do it and that and not caring about the end result being negative. <coughs> That's all it takes. That's how you do an hour long podcast. You just don't care that it's going to suck and that most people aren't going to listen to it. And that's how you do an hour-long podcast. My legs are too big for pants. I'm starting to work out on an exercise bike. My life is very good, healthy. I'm living a very healthy lifestyle, which includes cardiovascular fitness routines. So I'm starting to get my legs up in uh, musculature, And so I can't wear pants that I bought a couple months ago because they're too tight. So that's because I am building thicker thighs, which make me more attractive to some people. I would say most people prefer a slight little bit of thickness in the thigh region. That has not always been popular, but in today's day and age, that is one of the things that is now trendy, is to have a little bit of thickness in the thighs. And we're coming to you live from KLS Las Vegas. And another thing. So that's it. My legs getting sexy. They're still very hairy. That's another thing. Because I keep wearing the same sweatpants over and over again. Like I, I sleep in the same sweatpants that I go out that I live my life in for the rest of the day because I'm health, because I'm a mentally healthy contributing adult to society. So I go out in the same sweatpants that I sleep in and without taking them off. So I, I'm just noticing that I have a lot more like of my, of like ingrown hairs. Like they're just because <laughs> they're being pressed up against the same sweat, greasy, like it's pretty weird and not appealing. But I have hairy legs like Joe Biden and that's a reason that I'm going to need a lot of spray tan. So when I get so if you want to come over here and spray tan me bring a lot. I think we covered that subject. Okay, 2022. Let's talk about that year. That was just a year, that was less than a year ago. We're only 3 4 almost 4 we're only a, Almost four months in to 2023, which is a substantial part of the year. That's over a quarter of the year. But 2022 feels like a long time ago for some reason. I think that's because I quit weed. Because when I remember I was saying, because of course you've been watching this whole episode. Of course. You remember? It was only four hours ago. Remember how I said that weed makes time go by quicker? Yeah. Now that I'm not smoking weed every day, all day, it already feels like 2022 was like two years ago, even though it was only like 90 days ago or some shit. Isn't that crazy? 
I don't know. When I see things that say the word 2022 on it, I go, that was only last year? I really feel like we're in 2024. We're in the fucking future. We're almost in 2024. I mean, 23, that 2023, that's a big number after Christ died. It's just, that's a very futuristic sounding year. It's the year 2023. Most people are dead who talk like this. Most people who know what I'm talking about on the radio have a transatlantic voice are dead. Everybody who uses the transatlantic accent is dead in the year 2023. And so it's a futuristic year. I can't believe we're almost at 20. It's going to be like we're in the we're in the future. So that's why we're in a dystopia. Like, like people thought that it would just become a utopia for some reason, even though we weren't even getting anywhere near that. Why the hell would they just assume that things would be sorted out, even though nothing has been sorted out ever in the history of ever? We haven't sorted out anything. Nothing's becoming more utopic. In the 60s, what was an indicator, or 50s, when they thought that we'd have flying cars by now? Why did they think that? Because they had trains? Because they had highways and byways? They thought, okay, since we're so good at making cars and shit, we're not that good at making cars. We can't even figure out 2D traffic. What do you think we're going to get with the uh, people in the sky? Flying cars? No, we have we don't have a good infrastructure yet even for the ground. And you want to you think we were just going to magically in 20 years or 40 years have it all utopic? Nothing was utopic except for maybe okay, maybe it was a little bit utopic. In the 50s and 60s when like everybody just had a white picket fence and like, but like people, come on. That was great. Like people like, like the suburban, like that was like peak normal family values and like, hey, Sparky, we got a dog. Hey, did you, did you get, did you do your paper route? Roy, whatever your, whatever you name your kid back then. Hey. Arnold trying to think of a baby boomer what would a name be of a dude born around that time like chuck chucky i don't know man it's definitely yeah who knows man chucky hey how's your paper route not a lot of kids are named chucky anymore uh, yeah or uh bob you know bob bobby so anyway that was a good time. So maybe that's why they thought it would only get better. But then segregation went away. And look what happened. Segregation went away. And now we're more segregated than ever. And we should have just kept segregated. Because now we're even more segregated. So it's not a utopia. We're very, it's crazy how like people thought. like Back then they thought we're going towards a utopia. Because they were really wrong. We're not even close to utopia, man. We got like all this hatred and like bigotry on both sides of the aisle 
and all these like wars still and like people fighting just to get shit from the mall like from black friday still people still care about like consumerism and uh getting eating a bunch of food and not dying of diabetes a lot of people are still very fat and the reason they're fat is because not just because they're addicted to food it's because they have trauma there are some people that gained a lot of weight in the past five years because of Trump getting elected and ruining their mental health even more because they are already mentally unhealthy because they grew up with parents that are like Republicans and now Trump gets elected so they it's like even more reasons to face all this trauma because their baby boomer parents are like fuck yeah I love this guy why don't you love this guy why are you just fucking getting fat why don't you have a job look how we're doing we got a house in, in, in Trump why are you failing as a human being, you fucking millennial? And then the millennial is like, because I don't have the same opportunity that you have and because you are a douchebag. And now I hate you even more because you're still talking. You're still the same person that you've always been. And you're empowered even more by this Trump guy. And now I got to hear even more about your... Republican ideas that I already don't agree with and how you don't believe in global warming and you love Tucker Carlson. So I'm just going to keep eating and eating, man, and I'm going down a downhill spiral. And I still don't have a job because too fat to get into the office. So it's Trump weight. It's, it's called Trump weight. It's like some people gained like 400 pounds because of that shit. And it's not just Trump. It's because of their parents giving them trauma the thing about having traumatic experiences with your parents is like it sucks that they will they're um you love them still because they're your parents so you can't just cut them out of your life which is the most healthy thing to do because you still expect them to for some reason uh give you something they expect you to do you expect them to still give you the love that you need but it's usually not the right kind of love. It's usually just more of the same. They don't grow out of it. But you love them, so you keep going, okay, maybe this time they'll actually show that I, like, actually treat me like an adult and not make me feel like a kid and, like, just be like, okay, they are just feigning interest in everything I have to talk about and they don't actually, like, support anything I'm doing. So why do I keep giving them chances? Oh, because you, they're your parents. They're the only ones you have. And you're going to be sad when they're gone. So you keep them in contact because of guilt. It's like, I don't want to just abandon them, even though that's what's best for my mental health, because they only have so much time left. So it's you keep giving, you keep contacting them at least every once, you know, once a month maybe. And then you find out that it's just for their benefit. You know, get you get nothing out of it. It's just a reminder that they're not good for your mental health to talk to. So it's like this uh, repeated, uh, recurring trauma that doesn't go away. And after they're dead, it's not going. It's not doesn't mean it's going away. It just means 
you probably feel guilty even more. You still feel guilty, and in addition to the missing out on what they already never gave you in the first place. So it doesn't resolve the trauma. You're not getting any new abuse or whatever, but you're also, you got to forgive them at some point, and you miss them too. So it's complicated. Even though they were bad for you, they you still miss them because you know they're your parents so that's rough and that's what being that's why i'm a comedian that's why most people get into comedies because they have a bad relationship with their parents if you have a good relationship with your parents it's still possible to get into comedy it's called being a jewish person it's called being a funny jewish person and I think that's overgeneralized, and I think most of those Jews that happen to get into show business or comedy are also have some bad relationship with their parents. I think it's impossible to have not have a good relation. I think it's impossible to get into comedy and have a good relationship with your parents. I just don't see that very often. I can't think of many examples of that where like they have a great relationship with their parents. But anyway, I. I uh, Once you get over that, <laughs> once you get over the trauma part of this, it's like, okay, I get it. I, it's not, There's nothing I can really do about it. I got to focus on myself and improving, not letting it make myself manifest into these flaws that are debilitating because a reason you could become a perfectionist is because you're trying to always impress get the approval that you never got from your parents so it turns you into a perfectionist and one of the bad things about being a perfectionist is you don't want to do as much stuff because you know that it'll take so much more effort to actually do it right so you just you just never you don't even try so you that leads to more despair because now you're not doing anything with your life that you want to do you're not achieving you're not even reach you're not pursuing your goals because it wouldn't be ever good enough you think so that's a bad manifestation of trauma of abuse from parents perfectionism i guess there's a reason people get these qualities man there's a reason people get the qualities of uh, narcissism th themselves because of abuse trauma or because their parents don't correct their behavior at a young age their parents enable their narcissism or it just transfers onto them somehow i don't know man i gotta sit down it's i can't stand for this long we talk a lot about narcissism on this podcast it's one of my favorite topics to talk about i like it as much as yeah i like it because you could talk about it Without worrying about being censored. Alright, I need this chair, man. I can't do that. I can't just not stand. I can't just... Maybe I can. I could keep standing for like another two hours. I don't want to throw in the towel on this, man, by sitting down. It's like, oh, your knees are a little bit achy? Doesn't count. It's not a podcast if you're sitting down. Okay, I really want to sit down. Holy, that, yeah, that was that's that's this is bad. So anyway, 
I like talking about narcissism because it's not like a blacklisted topic. It's not like the other topics that I talk about, like drugs, sex, blowjobs, Jews, and that's it. Oh, yeah. And then the other one. Deletion, self-deletion. That goes with narcissism. That, that does come up with narcissism because that's the only cure for narcissism is them not existing anymore. There's no cure. Because if narcissism is all you have, that's all you know. If you're a narcissist, you don't know any other life. It's like, oh, I could just be... I could uh, have normal friends that aren't high status and don't give me a, a narcissist that can't help me get anywhere and I can't manipulate them. Why would I, I? I don't speak that language. I could just all of a sudden just turn that off and start actually wanting to contribute to society and get a regular job and be in a office that in a be in a healthy relationship. Nobody. No, no narcissists understand that concept of healthy relationships whatsoever. So it's kind of insulting when somebody even suggests that, like, you know, you don't have to be friends with, like, comics that are more successful than you. You could just be friends with, like, a regular person. It's like, why? Like, you mean, like, a repairman? Like, a, somebody that just works at a store? Like somebody that's not a comedian, okay, so they're not funny, so I wouldn't want to be around them already. So they, they have no sense of when they're being funny or not. That's great. So I got to listen to them talk about unfunny shit. Cool. And they don't, they can't help me get anywhere in light, in, biz, in the business. So it's an insult when somebody suggests to me that, hey, maybe you should consider being friends with, uh, not a comic, like a regular person. Like, okay. Yeah, I'll just turn off the whole narcissist. I'll just I'll just be a normal person. I'll just be like, you know what? Even though I think I'm better than everybody else, except for a, t a tiny percentage of people that are successful in comedy, except for those 10 people in the whole world that I th that are better than me, that I want to be friends with, yeah, I'll just be friends with some average Joe who can't do nothing for me, that isn't funny, that I don't look up to, that has no skills that I'm impressed by. Yeah, great. Thank you for the suggestion. I'll just be normal. Yeah, so that narcissists can't do that. That's the only thing they know in life is uh, chasing clout and putting other people down. It's either you got something to give me or you're not, You're in my way. Get out of my way. Maybe you could manipulate these people below you to help you. I don't do that, but other people do. Other narcissists go, okay, you're not high status. You're low status. Be my assistant. Come to my gigs and film all my gigs. I'm not paying you, but I'm better than you. So you should be happy just to be around me. I'm giving you a special privilege of getting to film my do work. I'm giving you a free internship that and that's it. And the second you say one bad thing to me, you're that's it. So anyway, that's why it, I had to explain myself. There's no cure for narcissism. 
how the fuck do you cure that? Like, you see people as either pawns to be used for your gratification, or they're above you and you want to impress them so they so you could get more of a supply of narcissism. So you could it's called the narcissistic supply. Obviously, we've all heard that term, but that's it's pretty like it's either one or the other. I'm better than you, or you're somebody I want to have the approval of to make me feel even better about myself, to confirm my feelings of superiority. I only care what high status people think. If you're not high status, anyway, that's narcissism. And uh, so that's, yeah, I got to be careful talking about this, about that, because, uh, there's no cure, except for <laughs> going to Oregon. That's the euphemism. That's a safe w- way of saying what I want to say is that like you have to go to Oregon to cure your narcissism. That's the only place in the country that has the cure for it. For it, and uh, that's pretty dark. That's a pretty dark thing to say, but I like it. Because it's even, it sounds even darker when you put it that way, when you, instead of just saying that they should kill themselves. I like that. I'm starting to become more sensitive to what I'm talking about. Um, because I'm a very sensitive person, and I don't just throw words around and not worry about the consequences. I know that if you say certain things, people, there's consequences to your words. You might not like those consequences, so that's why you should not say them. If you're not prepared for those consequences, like if you are worried about getting fired from a job, maybe don't do a 7 or 12 hour long podcast where you wring out every last bit of your uh, psychosis in, in, into the world and in, in project it and upload it to YouTube. Maybe don't do that if you're worried about that, if you have a job. I respect people with jobs. Not really, but I get it. When they say, oh, I got work tomorrow, I get it. They got work tomorrow. They don't want to ruin their relationship with their employer. That's kind of part of having a job. You have to show up at a certain time. So when somebody says, oh, I got work tomorrow, I don't take it as an offense. I just go, okay, you have a job. I don't. I'm my own person. But I understand you're not as good as me at life yet. You're not as good at life as me. And you still have to have an employer. You still have to co-mingle or collaborate with like other bigger forces that have more control over, you know, that have more power. You're not quite as powerful as me in that sense. But I respect that. You got work tomorrow. I'm better than you for not having work tomorrow, but maybe if I had a job, I would still feel better than you because it would be a better job because it would be one that I'm doing and any job that I'm doing is more important because I'm the, I, it's my job and I'm an important, any job I'm doing, it must be very important if it takes precedence over, if it, if it, it takes priority over uh, this you gotta pay me a lot of money to not do this podcast 
for 12 hours. The only thing I would not do this for is like a, a 2000, like a big paying gig. Like a gig that pays a lot of money and one where I get a lot of attention from women maybe just by showing up. Not by working, but just by showing up. That's what being a celebrity is all about. It's just like you show up at a gig, you get paid up front, and you get female attention. You just, you know, you just show up. It's like a party. And, you know, you take drugs, maybe, if you if you indulge. And you take selfies with people, and, you, and, and women ask if they could go home with you. And uh, that's pretty fun. And that's what I'm... That's what I would do instead of this. I'm not there yet. I'm not good enough yet. McConaughey is better than me. He's one of the few in the whole country. He's one of the few dozen people that I would actually be friends with because he's Matthew McConaughey. And that's what people don't understand about narcissism is that we can't just turn it off. We can't just be like friends with somebody that's not in a movie somebody that doesn't help have any power like oh you, you haven't been in any movies do you at least like write screenplays not, nothing why, why would I fuck would I want to hang out with you unless you're talking about me maybe if all the time spent with you is just you talking about how great I am fine but I'm going to look down on you. for. I'm still going to not value you as a person for that. And you're going to resent the shit out of me. Because nobody likes narcissists. That do that to people. Those friends. Those people in their entourage. That just suck their. You know. give them, Make them comfortable. Give, give them the supply that they need. To feel good about themselves. They resent. The narcissist. And the, the leader of that entourage. No fucking one in that entourage. I'm sure there's some exceptions. There's some narcissists that maybe aren't like this, that have some equals and friends that are just equals. I I don't know. Then that probably wouldn't be narcissism. There's plenty of regular people that have friends that are not narcissists at all, some of which are in comedy. That's the defining thing in comedy. If you have no friends in comedy, you're an, you're definitely probably a narcissist. It's either that or autism, just a heavy dose of something. If it's just autism, I feel bad for you. But also not really because that's your choice. You probably don't want friends, very many, if you have autism because you don't like other people. It's a similar end result. You end up pretty isolated with both conditions. But I think autism people might be happier because at least that's how they want it. Narcissists don't want to be alone. They're they're in pain. They are tormented by their existence of not getting what they want. So it's, very, it's very rare to meet a happy narcissist because how many narcissists are getting what they want out of life? Very small percentage. They just want a lot out of life. So if you have no friends and you're a comedian, that's a sign. That's a telltale sign. You're either a narcissist, or you got other some other problem, personality thing. One is worse than the other. Autism is not even bad. It's not even like a negative thing. 
that just means you don't like being around people. You don't like other people because you don't relate to them. They're you don't like you don't have much serotonin or whatever. Doesn't mean you're a bad person. It means you're probably annoying, but you're not a bad person inherently. Like a narcissist is uses people anyway. We spent how much time on narcissism? It's hard to feign interest. Okay, that was that was like a joke for the stage. Too good for the podcast. It's not good enough. It's not too good for the podcast. I just don't think it's funny. I don't think it's funny. And I already talked about a little bit of it. Gay dreams. All right, we're almost out of topics here, so I might have to riff for the rest of the show, which is a pretty much that's. It's gonna be tough because we got about four hours left, <laughs> five hours. Yeah, and so that's gonna be tough. <laughs> I mean, I'm, of course, I, I could riff. I I know how to riff, but for four hours. I don't even know how much time. A lot. We got a lot. Like yeah, about four and a half. Yeah, four and a half hours. We got four and a half hours left. A oh, holy fuck! I gotta document this. I mean, I'm not a big social media guy, but this is funny. I'm starting to become a little bit extra. Like I'm starting to get over the bullshit of like hating myself. Oh, I got an Amazon delivery. I got two Amazon. I got two things from Amazon. I don't even. I don't. I don't know what I ordered besides the one thing. I wasn't expecting two. This is interesting. I'm freaking out a little bit over this Amazon bullshit, because I was only expecting one thing. So let's check. Sometimes you just forget what you bought. Okay, I remember. It was supplements. But I don't remember the second thing. I don't remember all of them. And I had to reset my password so I can't get in. I could just walk to the door and check and just get it. Alright, we're going to do an unboxing. I'm not in this. This is the fun part of the show where we do an unboxing. Alright, kids. This is the first time segment of the show where we're going to do an unboxing of two items. I don't know what this is. This looks like an electronical. Okay, we'll start this one. We'll start this easy one because you just rip it open very easily. And this is uh, Probiotics. I heard that probiotics are good for getting out of uh, some problem that I have. I don't know which one. I don't remember because this was like last night that I bought these things. Which was a long time ago. That's like two mushroom trips ago. So when did what did I buy these? I know it's for like either long COVID or just fatigue. It had, I think it was for long COVID. For that thing that I self-diagnosed, as well as many other things that I self-diagnose, probiotics. 
I guess, is supposed to help with, uh, I don't know. But I bought them. And they're not bad. They, they, they can't hurt because it helps you It helps you get your gut biome in tip-top shape, you know, if you're trying to live your... Because gut, okay, yeah, I'm starting to remember because, like, somebody said, like, your gut is, your, like, your second brain. Okay, I think it had to do with depression, maybe, like... Or getting through anhedonia, maybe, is why I got this. Because your gut, if your gut is unhappy, your body's gonna, your brain's gonna be unhappy. Jesus. So, yeah, I'm, so, so, the goal is to ha- make my stomach happy by taking these, and then maybe my brain will be happier. Hey! I ain't a scientist. I'm open-minded. I, anytime somebody says anything good about a supplement, I buy it. Because why the, you know. So anyway. And then we got this mystery box. I don't know what this is. Does it, Yeah, it says my name on it. So it's not like it was accidentally delivered. What is this? Oh, Yeah. This is very exciting. So the other day, I was like, hey, I should get some grease for my garage door. This is garage door lube. Literally, exactly, that's exactly what it says on the thing. It just says, garage door lube. And I'm glad I did a seven and a half hour. I'm glad I'm doing a 12-hour show today because if... If I ended this earlier, you would not be hearing about this great item that I just got into my possession called Garage Door Lube. And the reason I got it is because my garage door is pretty noisy. I was like, hey, maybe I'll just look into that. I'm a homeowner. I mean, I can't just call my landlord... There's no landlord. They won't pick up. They'll be like, uh, I, I'm, I'm not, you're, I'm, who are you talking to? I'm not a, la- I, you don't have a landlord. Nobody would answer. They'd be like, they'd be, maybe the old one would answer. They'd be like, you don't live here. What are you talking about? I'm not your landlord anymore. Oh, I thought you were. I thought you were forever my landlord. So anyway, I don't have a landlord, so I got this lube for my garage door to make it smooth and quiet. Because I'm a good neighbor. And State Farm is there. So I'm a good neighbor. So I was like, hey, let's look into this. So I googled it. And uh, I I learned a little bit about like which chemicals to use, like silicon-based. And this one is just a three-in-one. It doesn't say what's in there, so I just went. I just went easier. I just skipped the research. Um, doesn't say what's in there. I'm not gonna keep it in the house. I'm gonna put it in the garage, probably where it belongs. I'm gonna be back. I gotta clean up some of this mess here. We're not ending the show. This is just. This is just the cleanup part of the show where we clean up some of the things that were involved in the entertainment portion of the show.
I'm a good person. I lube up my garage door once a year, twice a year. I've never greased up my garage. I've never lubed my garage door. But this is my second year. So I was like, you know, I think it's time I lubed up my garage door to make it a little bit less. Because I heard somebody else's garage door the other day. And I was like, ooh, that's loud. Is mine that loud? I'm going to be a good guy and buy some lube for the garage door so that other neighbors won't even know if it's closing or open and they'll just be like i've never i can't even think the last time i heard his garage make noise i don't like making noise with the garage door uh sometimes i come home late i'm a comedian sometimes in my life i'm not a sure i'm not famous and making money from it but i i do comedy so i yeah so i do comedy and i come home late sometimes after bombing from having from doing a uh from doing a very bad set and i don't like to bother my neighbors that actually have real jobs in the morning so i lube it up they got jobs in the morning and here i'm just some asshole there's a catatonic set. Just goes on stage with... Oh, uh, all right, thank you. And then drives home. You know, still catatonic. Can't even get out of the car. It's like... That was a bad night. I'm too catatonic to even get out of the car. I'm just going to sit here and absorb how sad this night was and cuz why not? I could I just sleep I could, literally have no I have nothing waiting for me inside. I don't even have a dog. Nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> I could just die here. I could just turn the fucking exhaust on and literally I could end it right here. But I don't cuz I am not that depressed. <laughs> That's not how I would kill myself. Tornado is not how I would kill myself either because that would be a weird way to kill yourself. I would not kill myself anyway except for by going to Oregon. Which means that's the legit way of doing it. And I wouldn't just do it out of... See, that takes a lot of plan... Like, that, you know... That's not an impulse decision to just go to Oregon and get medical... Whatever. Assisted... So I went suicide. I'm fucking, I'm saying the word, but, uh, I'm just making a joke. I'm just making a joke because, um, it's funny to me to joke about dark things. Um, think, I mean, it's, that could happen on accident too. You could accidentally kill yourself. <laughs> you could accidentally, um, Uh, whatever we got time we got time to think of the word uh kill <laughs> you could accidentally uh suffocate by closing the garage door you might not even know because it's lubed up you might not know that the garage door is closing because you lubed it up so nice and then before you know it you're dead because you also forgot to turn off the car maybe i shouldn't have gotten this good garage lube 
This garage lube might be the death of me. That might be the last thing I do in life is lube up my garage because I won't know that the door is closed because I'll be too catatonic thinking about how bad I did on stage. Because when you do really bad on stage, I love how I'm wearing like a wizard sleeve. Like what the, like what the hell? This this is ridiculous. But anyway, when you do really bad on stage, that feeling stays with you for a long time. Usually the whole night. If you do really bad on stage and then just drive home to your lonely house, you have nobody to talk to you about it, nobody to console you, you're just going to be catatonic. You're just going to be sitting there like, should I even get out of the car? Should I even turn off the car? What's the point of gas? Do I care about gas? Money? I'm not going anywhere tomorrow. I have no reason to think about tomorrow. Should I even bother turning off the car? And then before you know, and you press the, but you somehow you press the button because it's a reflex. It's muscle memory to close the garage door. And it's all lubed up because you just lubed it up the day before. Because you're, uh, you're in a good mood enough to lube up the garage. And you're wearing this wizard sleeve sweatshirt, which is ridiculous looking. It's like, you know what? I'm a fraud. <laughs> I'm, I'm a fraud. I'm wearing children's clothing that's still way too big on me. And before you know it, you suffocate in your own garage on the fumes. So that's not a way I want to die. Uh, that would be sad. Not funny. I made it funny only because of the garage lube. The garage lube in the catatonic part. That is kind of funny. And thinking about how bad you are at comedy and how you're failing at your dreams. That's kind of funny. But to accidentally kill yourself is uh, sad. <laughs> That's the sad part that I can't make funny. Because my family would be sad. Yeah, they'd be like, ugh. <laughs> that was preventable as fuck. Just because he lubed up his garage? That's why he died? Because he was too stupid to realize that his car was on? While he was having a catatonic episode of self-hate? He didn't even do it on purpose? They would think it was on purpose not realizing it was just a mistake they would be like he committed suicide for sure for sure he committed suicide nobody who was in their right mind would accidentally kill themselves uh, suffocate like, so he must have been depressed at the very obviously he was not in the right state of mind I mean who would do that on accident me me thinking about how bad my set was I would do that on accident it was like don't even want to get out of the car I lubed up the garage I didn't hear that close I wouldn't even be thinking about the stupid garage I'd be too busy thinking about how bad I am at comedy which is the whole reason I'm still in the car to begin with because I have no reason to go on so it kind of is like a, it's like an incidental like it just happened to work out that you killed yourself 
without even trying because you kind of the stars align it's like a passive form of you know so sometimes it just works itself out sometimes life just has a way of not going on life just sometimes doesn't find a way life finds a way to not keep going sometimes sometimes you know anyway that, that was, that was, it's not funny the second time life sometimes life life finds a way life also sometimes doesn't find a way what's making that noise oh it's my it's right it's in my pocket but sounds like it's a mile away so anyway my grass is getting cut i believe maybe not what are the notifications yeah it's definitely my lawn being cut right now you can kind of hear the microphone and i'm sure is picking up a little bit of that i get my lawn cared for because i'm a good pedestrian i don't do it myself because i don't know how i'm afraid of there's many there's a thousand reasons why i don't do my own lawn i could list more reasons why i don't do my lawn than reasons sorry reason number one i don't know how reason number two i don't have the equipment reason number three i'm afraid of bugs reason number four i don't want to reason number five i don't like being outside did i already mention that that's kind of part of not wanting to let's just number seven number six i really don't want to number seven I don't like cleaning up. Number eight, I don't like people looking at me. Number nine, I'm too good for that. Number ten, too lazy. I think that's enough reasons. Oh, okay, number eleven, it's easier to pay somebody else. Number twelve, other people are way better at it. Okay, they're all the same things. Many reasons why I don't do my own lawn. None of which are bad reasons. They're all good reasons because there's a marketplace and people are good at it and willing to do it and it's affordable. So I am not even self-conscious about that decision right there at all, man. Like if you're going to shame me for something, shame me for something good. I would feel cool if, okay, I'm shaming myself. It's not that I'm shaming. I just feel like it'd be kind of weird to do my own lawn when I don't even have anything. I don't have a fan. Like, I have nothing interesting going on inside. Why am I spending so much time on my lawn if I don't even care about my own self esteem? Number That's the 14th reason why I don't do my own lawn is because my self esteem is too low where I wouldn't do a good enough job. So that's kind of just the same thing as, as uh, not knowing how. I don't know how. Same reason I don't know how to do stand-up is because my self-esteem is too low. You need good... You would think it's the opposite. You think having good self-esteem would ruin stand-up. Not if you're funny. If you're actually funny, you could make anything funny even if you have good self-esteem.
dude. That noise is irking me. That's such like a violent. It's such an irritating sound. It's like, like, it's like a lot of frequencies. Like, it's like that is such an annoying sound, dog. Also, most sounds are annoying when you're on mushrooms. When you're coming up on mushrooms, like you're not you're not through the peak yet. All sounds are annoying. Like you can't listen. I can't listen to music. You, I can't listen to music when I'm coming up on mushrooms because it's too much sensory overload. It it, it it drives. It's like infuriating. You get the opposite of enjoyment out of music. The come down is you love music. You, yes, you. I'm talking about every other person on the planet that's ever done mushrooms. They all love to listen to music even more like they make it even louder than normal because they really absorb it and it resonates they love it all of them yes you not me not talking about me i'm not john lennon you enjoy music a lot more on the come down of mushrooms on the come up it's like get out it's like infuriating same with the sound of people like scratching up the people doing your lawn. It's not that bad. I like the sound of work being done, so that's kind of counteracting the the sound that's annoying about it. It's somebody doing a job. So I like the sound of hard work. So I actually am not perturbed at all by the sound of the grass. Sorry, sorry for zoning out there for a second. There's a reason for it. I'm not catatonic. I'm open. My I'm taking in a lot of perceptions, changes in perception, which are cool. Anyway, I dig it. So I had a dream. This will be a good one. I had a dream a couple days ago where I f wanted to start. I didn't even start it. I, it was just a dream about an idea I had where I wanted to start a uh, insurance company. And uh, it's hot in here. i got to turn the air conditioning on. It's like we're at, at this point, it doesn't matter if the air conditioning is on. I'm over the hump of like perfectionism, way beyond the point of caring about perfectionism. I care about longevity. And that's it. And my commitment towards longevity, not towards quality. Quality, oh man, we lost quality. 20 minutes, like, I don't think anything about this was quality. It's becoming high quality. I think it's getting better as it goes. Now that I have, like, a, this weird second wind of uh, intoxication. Nah, I'm not intoxicated. I feel good. I had to put the air on, and I didn't smoke. Did I smoke a cigarette? I don't think. No, I didn't smoke. A cigarette. I did a long time ago. I did it like six in the morning. It's very beyond six in the morning. Okay, I gotta stop getting distracted by the thing. This is the third time. 
that I had to turn that off. I keep getting distracted by my own beautiful picture of myself. I had this monitor of me. I, I, it's hard to not watch myself. So anyway, we're not going to do that. We're gonna, this is a show. We're watching the camera. This is the longest show I've ever done. Not the longest I ever will do. But in terms of this podcast. Yeah, no, I'm not going to do a longer podcast. On this one. This will be the longest Tim Weixelbaum show episode, I think... I'm ever going to do. At least I know that there's a barometer for what the longest episode will ever be. I could be like, somebody will ask me if I ever have a guest, which I felt really bad that I had to cancel on somebody. But they, uh, if they ask, how long do you normally do? I'll go, on average, because I had one really long one, four hours. But that's on average. That's only because one was four days long. So don't worry about the average. Usually, it's only about an hour. But on average, because of that one four-day episode, on average, four hours. Why do you ask? Why the fuck would you ask? Oh, because you're the guest. Oh, because you want to know how long it's going to be? I don't know. I don't decide that until four hours in is when I decide how long we're going to go. Is that cool with you? We're going to go four hours and then I'll tell you how long we're going to do. Might be four days. I hope you enjoy meth. I hope you have a high tolerance to a lot of drugs. I hope you are willing and ready to go on a bender. Anyway, this will be probably the longest episode I'm ever going to do of this podcast, but let's not say never. I'm a very, I like to be original or outdo myself. Like if somebody challenged me to do a 24 hour <laughs> uh, episode, I don't even think YouTube goes, I don't even think YouTube goes as long as I'm doing. Uh, I got to Google that. I think YouTube goes to 12 hours. Let me see. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's not telling me. Uh, what's the longest? I don't know. I haven't seen anything longer than like, okay, have I? I've seen 10 hours. Yeah, I think it's about 12. Perfect. Because that's. So I was about, I was going to, I was going, I'm planning on going 11 and a half. So 12. Yeah. Let's just go with 12. But if somebody challenged me to do a 24 hour podcast episode, <laughs> I would probably take them up on that. But that's only if somebody, that's like down the road. That would be obviously months, years down the road. I wouldn't just do it if one rando. Fuck that. They would have to be somebody of high value. And they would have to be like Matthew McConaughey. For me to do that. They'd have to be like somebody of high status. That's why I had to put my 
hand up in case you don't know what high status it means like up there that's where high is high is up there okay that's the first time I stopped myself from doing a, a, a joke. Now I'm hack. Now I'm starting to think I'm hack. It's like, okay. Oh, funny. High is up. Oh, funny joke. All of a sudden, I'm mad at myself for making a hack joke. That's the line. I found the line. That's the line. Doing an act out. Everything else up until then was comedic gold. Even the part where I was just standing there sobbing, talking about how I have all this trauma and how I want other people to go to Oregon. That was gold. But that second you put your hand up and explain how high is up, that's when it felt a little bit too young for me. Like a child could think of that, a kid could think of that. You're in your 30s. You're wearing a wizard fucking vest. You're wearing a wizard shirt. Come on, man. You can't be doing jokes like that. You don't force jokes. You don't point upwards and be like, that's what high means. And expect that. Are you kidding me? You've, you're old. You're in your 30s. Look at how long these sleeves are. And you're doing... It, now I'm mad at myself for this joke. Like, dude, we get it. The sleeves are like... How many times are you going to point to the sleeves? Now I'm mad at myself for that. It's like, how many times are you going to do that joke? Now, we get it. You're wearing a stupid shirt. It's a sweatshirt, whatever it is. A tracksuit shirt. It's ridiculous. When you point out how big the sleeves are, if you don't, if you don't call attention to the sleeves, then it's not that bad. It just has planets on it. Big Whoop has planets. You don't have to keep making fun of it. The second you call attention to it is the first time people have a reason to make fun of it. Other than that, they thought it was just cool. They're like, oh, he's cool. He's comfortable in his own skin. He's not going to mention how he's self-conscious of his outfit. And then he does, and he loses you. He's like, oh, he's not cool anymore. Not cool. He's self-conscious in it. Yeah, man. Being self-conscious is dumb. But I get it. It's some people who just don't have the the uh, ability, the fortitude to not be self-conscious. I was self-conscious. Dude, I was so self-conscious a long time ago. Like, when I first started doing this podcast. Ooh, man. I'm talking about this episode. I was a, that was a long time. I was a different person, man. Um, eight hours ago or however long, man. Ooh. I was very self-conscious when I first started doing this podcast. But now that I've been doing it for about eight hours, I'm pretty good at it. You could throw the book at me. And I would be like, I know how to get out of that problem. I've been there before. Oh, you should have seen me. Not even knowing... How to get through a simple topic of like how long I've been sober, man. That was the old me. The new me is I'm proud of all my achievements. I was a stammering moron when I first started doing this podcast. Now I'm, a, I'm really good at it. Now I'm seven hours in. I'm a seven hour podcaster. 
There's not a lot of those walking this earth. Not a lot of seven-hour podcasters in this town. This town ain't big enough for both of us. If you're a seven-hour podcaster and you think this town is big enough for the both of us, go back to Twitch because that's where you could do that very easily and people will be like, big whoop, seven-hour stream. No. This is not a stream. This is a dude talking to his camera offline to nobody for seven hours. That's way harder. That's way cooler. That's way more artistic and artsy and new than just doing it on Twitch where you get a bunch of people feeding you shit to keep going and you get to sit down. Oh, that's so hard. You get to sit down and people give you little chats and they give you a little on-screen little money update. Oh, you got paid $5. Of course you're going to keep sitting there for seven hours if you're getting paid seven bucks an hour. A lot more than that probably if you're hot. If you're hot. If you have a following. That's nothing. Have fun in your ivory tower. Downtown. Oh, you're on 5th Street. Oh, you have a penthouse. This is where the real art happens. It's in a place where there's absolutely no culture. No artistic expression happens here. The security alarms, the street lights, if you walk past somebody's house, you're going to hear a bunch of fucking cameras telling you that you're on camera. That's where the real artists are. That's where the real art happens. Here, in a nameless, cookie-cutter neighborhood where all the houses look exactly the same. That's where real art is happening. Not the ones that are unique. That actually had like an architect for each one. Like each one had a different vision of like, oh, what's this house going to be? No. We think bigger than that. We think about whole neighborhoods. We ain't got time to go to each individual house and go, oh, there's going to be a cute little red one. No, we're, we're thinking big. We're thinking like oil money big. Like, okay, this neighborhood is going to have a bunch of Tesla employees. This neighborhood is going to be Apple employees. The real artists. The Apple employees are the future of art. And the current day art, vision of art. I'm the vision of art. I'm the future of art and the current day vision of art. Fuck the future. I could die in my garage. Today with the garage lube. Not knowing that the door is closed. Because it's quiet. And there's nobody to check on me. That's art. That's where art happens. Not in a fucking dingy roommate. One bedroom, two bedroom. One person on the couch. Nobody dies in their garage in Riverside where a bunch of losers live with roommates. Nobody has glamorous lives there. 
Not a lot of art happening in Riverside. This is where the art happens. In a nameless cookie-cutter neighborhood that I don't even know the name of because it's so boring that I don't even care and I live here. People ask me, hey, what neighborhood do you live in? I don't know or care. I don't care or know. But I don't care more than I don't know. That's the answer to that question. Next. Hey, what neighborhood do you live in? I don't care or I know, but I just really don't care. So how about... Don't make me even look into my knowledge banks because I would I don't want to even say it because it's embarrassing because because I don't care. I didn't pick this neighborhood to care about what it's called. That would be embarrassing. The less I know, the better. Somebody be, be, could be getting murdered two houses down. And I don't give a f- I don't care. I would move to Riverside if I cared about that type of shit. If somebody is getting murdered here, that's their business. I'm an artist. I care about art. I care about not getting murdered by my own garage lube. That's the real murder. Suspect. They're like, oh, who murdered this guy? Well, the only suspect is this, is this well is this can of Garage loop. Very suspicious. Very nondescript can of garage loop. It just says garage loop. Like it's from a cartoon that was like it doesn't even have a brand name or nothing. It just says garage loop. There's no way that this is not part of the puzzle, man. Don't ignore the garage loop. And then he talked about it on his podcast for twelve hours. And it was a big motif. Of the whole podcast that was 12 hours long. It's obviously connected to the crime. We can't just discount the fact that there's a perfectly good can of garage lube. While ignoring the fact. (laughs) Let's not ignore. (laughs) Stop focusing on the wrong thing, detective. Just because he did a 12-hour podcast, what does that have to do with mental health and whether he was suicide? Of course it wasn't a suicide. Nobody who's suicidal would do a 12-hour podcast. It was clearly the lube that killed this guy. Let's, let's blame it on an inanimate object. <laughs> Holy crap, that's zany. That is a, that's a zany bit that you'd only you'll only get it if you're if you've watched this whole episode. At least the last two hours of it. Whenever I started talking about the garage loop, at least an hour ago, you wouldn't have known why that was so funny. If you only started watching twenty minutes ago, that's why this is twelve hours long. I was building up to the crescendo. Yeah, I started weak. Yeah, I, st- I had a couple false starts where I like pretended to restart my phone, and I actually did, because I literally did want to restart it. I was being fake. I wasn't in my own. I wasn't. I was out of my comfort zone. I wasn't in the flow state like I am now. 
I don't think I could do that bit on stage. I don't think I could go up there and be like, there'd be a lot of setup. It's like, so I got this garage lube. <laughs> Nobody would, like, and then what? What's the punchline? Okay. So I think it, yeah, I can't sell, I can't condense this down to a three minute bit. Um, it's only funny on this po- on the context of this podcast. Me doing a, a bit about how I did a 12-hour podcast in a 12-hour podcast. That's meta as fuck, man. You know, I'm trying to think about how I could do it on stage. You can't. You can't go up there. I love always saying that. Go up there. Whenever I say you can't go up there, I'm talking about on stage. Obviously. But in my life... Going up there is the most important thing you could do in your whole life is go up there and have something to say that's about something funny. And like, I'm saying you can't just go up there and do that all the time. If you could, I would respect the shit out of that. But you can't just go up there and be like, so I did this 12-hour podcast and I, I uh, if I get killed, if I accidentally commit suicide... How the f- And uh, it's because of the garage lube. It's not because I did a 12 hour. I'm sure there's a way to make it funny, but obviously that doesn't make any sense. You gotta lay it down. You gotta. You actually gotta write it as a bit. I don't know why I'm bringing this up. It's perfectly fine that where it was the whole time. No reason to put it closer to my dumb face. The audio level is something I already checked. mocking me dude i i'm such a amateur i have such like this weird um uh what do you call it imposter syndrome wherever i see a microphone i go oh yeah you think i'm not good enough to talk into you oh oh yeah you're a fancy microphone only for professionals who went to college or who are, have work in radio or are f- like successful podcasters can use that microphone. Fuck you. I'm I'm I've I'm good enough to talk into any microphone. I don't care if it costs ten thousand dollars. Um, it's not worth the money. I, I wouldn't ever spend that much on a microphone. But I don't feel like I would feel pretentious with a tenth. Okay, that's a different story. If it was like a. microphone, that would be pretentious as fuck. So never mind. I take that back. But other microphones like this one and the Shure 57 or 58, if I see a 58, I'm no longer intimidated by that thing. I go, I am good enough to talk into you. I'm a real comic. My voice deserves to be amplified i'm not just a poet i don't just go to coffee shops and share my poetry in a i don't just do improv theaters where you don't need a microphone i'm bigger than that and that is a conceited thing to think about yourself now that i mention it because improv you could be pretty good at improv so every stand-up comedian that thinks they need a microphone is kind of pretentious just to think that they need a microphone like you don't unless it's a big venue 
The microphone helps though because it helps pick up. I already actually. It depends on your. Once you get to a certain point in comedy, you modulate your voice, and you need a microphone to pick up the quiet parts that might not be picked up and emphasized without the sound system. Because sometimes you do want to use the sound system to emphasize a joke. Because you don't always have to be talking right into the microphone. If it's a good sound, if it's not a crazy huge venue, you don't have to be talking right into it. You could be holding it farther from your face. But then if you are talking very quiet, it could help the joke to put it up right next to your fucking mouth. Because then it picks up the subtleties better. It's called uh, proximity effect. It's actually a name for it. There's a fucking word for it. Label for it. Fucking, there's a fucking name for it. It's called the proximity effect. So there's a reason that microphones are necessary for stand-up. Because it's a vocal word. Vocal word? What? It's a spoken word art form. And you do use the sound system to make the performance better. You go like, like you, you yell into it and you get a distorted effect. That could be funny. Having a loud sound system can make a comedian funny. Just the fact that their voice is being projected or whatever the word is, magnified in such a way alone can be funny. It's like, why is this weirdo why do I need to hear this guy better? This guy's an, an, an introverted idiot. This guy's a nut job. Why do I gotta hear his voice like across the room? So just that alone, the fact that there even is a sound system already is a joke. If you're a good comic, you would pick up on that. If you're a shitty comic, you'd be like, yeah, of course there's a microphone. I don't give a fuck. What does they have to do? Of course there's a microphone. I'm not going to do stand-up without a microphone. And they don't have any idea how to take advantage of what I was just talking about with the proximity effect and the modulating and the whole concept of the fact that you even think your voice is good enough to be thrown around the room and magnified and how it's much bigger than you as a person. All these diff- All these things you can make fun of. It's like I'm a small person, but... You could hear my loud voice across the room thanks to this sound system. That's kind of funny in and of itself. Just the fact that I'm here. Why am I doing this? (laughs) Why am I projecting my voice? I would never have the I would never have the confidence to yell at people. Why am I using a thing that is the same thing as that? Why am I using technology to magnify my voice when I wouldn't even want to do that ever unless somebody asked me to? Why the hell? I'm only doing it because it's a joke. I would never just go to a bar and be like, hey guys, listen to my voice more than anything else. Listen to my voice as loud as if I'm singing a rock and roll song. Okay, I'm done now. You guys can go back to drinking now. I would never do that. It's because other people do it too. 
that I got into it. I thought it was funny that other people were doing it. It's like, really? You you do that? You you go to a, a bar and have people listen to your voice through a sound system way louder than you would ever want to talk to them off stage? Why? And then I started doing it. I was like, oh, because it's fun. It feels powerful. It gives you this gratification. It feels amazing when you do well. Uh, but it's still pretty ridiculous to do that. You, I hope you remember that. If you really boil it down, stand-up at all is a ridiculous thing to do. You're making people listen to you talk into a sound system. Why? Why would anybody want to listen to that? And then you won't even want to talk to them. With Then the second you put the microphone back and leave the stage, you don't want to talk to anybody. So what the hell's going on there? I don't get it. I've been doing it for years and I still don't understand the even basic concept of why that is a thing. Why as an introvert who doesn't really want everybody's attention... You know, I like some people's attention, but like the whole bar? No, forget about it. Why do I do it then? Well, I don't. It's embarrassing. That's why I don't do it that often. It's embarrassing. You have to remember that fact. Forget about jokes. Just the fact that you're bothering the entire establishment just... To talk into a microphone? I don't care if it's to do jokes or anything. I don't care if it's to spread a message about hate. About like, hey, we gotta start the next thing. Uh, like a political speech. That's different because usually that's, there's a purpose to that. But just to tell jokes. It's like, of course that's not going to go well. And if it goes well, that's weird. That's weird. People like that. I could read. I could have somebody tell jokes to me at home. So I don't get it. I don't get stand up. I don't. I've never understood it. I pretend that I like it, only because I like doing it. Sometimes, <laughs> mostly I don't, because I'm normal. I'm a normal person who happens to be talented. <laughs> so as usual i don't like doing stand-up very often because you kind of have to be crazy to want to do something that weird all the time it's like yeah i'm gonna go to another bar i'm gonna tell people more jokes into a microphone and hope that they don't hate me for it it's like they will they will at least be confused i mean they're gonna not hate you maybe they're gonna be like what the hell why is he yelling into a microphone why do i care why is he talking into a microphone? Why him specific? Why do I care about this guy's stupid voice? Why does it got to be projected at me? You're doing that every day. And you think you're normal? You're not. I'm normal. That's why I don't do it. I do it as a joke. That's why I go up as Timmy Gusto because it's the most obnoxious name I could think of. Because that's an obnoxious name. Even I hate it. I hate that name. That's why I picked it. Because I, I, I don't understand why anybody would take that art form seriously. 
Like, yeah, I like good jokes. I like hearing about, like, a good story. I like stand-up when it's, like, appropriate to do. Like, if it's for your own audience. But if it's just, like... Or at least if it's, like, you know, there's an audience for it. I get it. But, like, why? Why are you trying to impress a random crowd of strangers with your thoughts, your stories, if you already know you're talented and interesting? What, what are you trying to prove? I don't get I don't get it. And now this is becoming less of a joke and more of like me actually looking like a bitter idiot. <laughs> it's like who actually has this opinion. And I kind of do. I guess I do actually have this opinion because even the best comics that's still all they're they're like dressing up their best thoughts into a palatable format. For a random group of strangers. For what? So, Because it feels good. For you, the comedian. The audience loves it. Because at that point, if you're a professional, it's probably going to be actually worth listening to. <laughs> It'll actually be warranted to have a sound system. <laughs> yeah, fine. It's just when you're not a professional, when you're just doing it on the amateur level. That's when it's ridiculous. But once you become a professional, okay, it's not that crazy to be talking into a sound system alone on stage doing professional level jokes. That I respect. I understand it completely. I just, I just can't do it. I, I'm just jealous that I, I, I just resent. I'm just trying to ridicule it because um, I currently can't do it and that's uh why i'm sad about it not sad that's why i have a good i guess i'm only sad <laughs> that i have a stupid stage name because that means i have to go up there with a ridiculous stage name that i hate and i have to go up there and own it and pretend i don't i think that's fine though i think because you could be a performer and still be angry about certain things that you made like angry about your own decisions it's too late to get a new stage name but it's not too late to go forward with a better attitude about it just because I don't like the stage name all the time I can't use that as an excuse to not go up just because I don't you know that's a stupid because like whoa sorry I thought that's I keep sorry Thought there was another thing, like a bug or something. Turns out it was also just my own vision playing tricks on me. As you get older and consume more hallucinogenic drugs, you start to keep thinking that they're working even when they're not. No, they're working. I'm very chill right now and locked into the moment. I'm very like in the flow state. I'm I'm in the episode. I'm cons I'm very like uh, in the uh, moment. I'm in the flow state of the episode. Only took about seven hours to get into that moment, but that's just how long it takes sometimes. If you're a beetle, you would know because you're. Come on, we've all been beetles at one point in our lives. We've all been beetles, so you get it. Takes you about eight hours to come up with a new good song. In the studio at Abbey Road, you know, you'll be 
right? You'll be at the piano or the harpsichord or whatever, the Moog. You'll be at the Moog synthesizer. And Paul, you we all know this, but you specific, you know, Paul will give you like a, he'll like whistle out a tune. He'll be like, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? And you know, you're John Lennon. So you go, eh, it's not that good. I'm the Jewish, I'm the most, I'm the most, Jewy beetle that there is. So I don't think it's good enough. I got the biggest nose, therefore I know what I'm talking about. It's not that good, Paul. How about this? And then you play something on the Moog, like that actually has soul, because it's you, and you know, we've all been there. We've all been a Beatle before in this exact situation, millions of times. You know, you get tired of working with the same group of guys. It's like, you know. So that's why you ended the Beatles. That's why you end the Beatles. But what I played on that Moog synthesizer was way better than what Paul threw at me. So that's why Strawberry Fields was not that good of a song. I could have came out better. Yeah, you know, I'm still proud of it. You know, you, you, we've all written Strawberry Fields Forever at least once in our life. We've all written millions of fucking songs that, and then we wish they came out better. And it's fucking because of Paul making us keep doing these albums. It's like, who we, what are we trying to, who are we trying to impress? We already got millions of dollars. We already as successful as you could get. We're paving the way. For what success even is. And you still. Want me to go on the Moog. I still gotta go on the Moog. You're like. What do you think of this? Like dude. I heard it. We're the same guys. We're the same lads from Liverpool. How many years. How many times we gotta do this? Okay fine. I got a couple more in me. Yeah let's do a couple more albums. A couple more Sergeant Peppers. Sure, we've all done that before. We all know what that's like to make Sergeant Peppers a few times. And then it gets old. And then Paul keeps bringing it in the studio. It's like, dude, I'm ending the Beatles. I know it's going to suck. Oh, it feels premature. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not premature. We've been doing it. We put out, like, how many albums? How many Sergeant Peppers? How many Abbey Roads? And they're all good. I'm tired of it. I want to put out some bad albums for a while. I'm gonna. I'm ditching the Moog. I'm going back to the roots. My roots. I'm gonna go back to the with the hang out the the Zigglers, whatever you call it. I'm going back to my roots. I'm sick of all these fancy multi. Tracking, you know, the phasers, or like the. I, I'm tired of this. I'm gonna go back to my roots with the skiffle band and bomb for a while on my own, the plastic onos. I'm gonna put out some good music on my arm because everything I touch, you know, there's some soul to it. You, you, at least you get why I do it. Even if it's not the best song in the world, you at least see what I was going for. Because I'm John Lennon. And everything I touch has some artistic integrity to it. Even the shittiest shit I've ever done is better than the shit you're throwing at me. 
It's like, oh, another song about polyethylene? About, like, another song about a raccoon? Who the f- Who cares about a raccoon? Take more acid. Then you'll be writing better songs like Tomorrow Never Knows. You're not taking enough acid, man. That's why I'm into the Beatles. Nobody cares about Rocky Raccoon, the Maxwell Silver Hammer, and all this shit that you pull out of your ass. That wasn't because you're just trying to impress who? Your school teachers as a kid? They're already dead. They already are impressed. They already have heard of the Beatles. They don't give a fuck. You're not going back to school. You got to keep writing songs about raccoons and Maxwell's hammer and stupid shit like that. My shit is better. I sing about... I have songs about walruses, which are somehow more relatable than yours, even though they're way more far-fetched. It's because they're coming from a place of art and not just commercialism. I am the walrus, and your shit sucks. Paul is dead, and that's why I'm ending the Beatles. That's why you end the Beatles, you know. Come on. You you get tired of working with the same guys. It's like, no, we don't know what you're talking about, John. We don't understand that. You're only you're the only John Lennon. You're the one that we're asking this. We if we all have been there before, we wouldn't be asking you why you ended the Beatles. Like, well, okay, so I got to keep Sorry that I word Sorry that I used the word you. I was talking about me the whole time. It's just easier to say you than Oh, I got tired of, oh, I, me, me, me. No, it's easier to just put the blame onto other people because it's, it's like, oh, you would understand if you were me. Fuck you. You would do the same thing if Paul kept throwing all these stupid tunes at you and you got to pretend that they're good. It's like, it gets, it gets exhausting, man. And I'm burnt down, man. I've taken enough acid. It, you know, I've taken a lot of acid, man. And it ain't getting better. It ain't getting better. I hate to be a, go against the grain here, but like it can't get much worse. It ain't getting better. And it's not all good day sunshine, man. Some days are rainy as fuck in this Liverpool, wherever the fuck, in L- London. Oh, we're in London now. Big difference. We went from Liverpool to London. Four miles. Whoopee! It's not all sunshine. And everything is yesterday. Everything good happened yesterday. This is only good song. This is only good song. Hey, whatever gets you through the night. That's it. That's the only song he's ever done that's good. I put out Help. That was a good song. I'm proud of that one. That's probably my favorite song that I've recorded. You know. You've been... It's what you do when you're in the Beatles. It's like, like we get it. That's what you do. Okay, sorry. That's enough time spent on that. I got really into... I got really sucked into that vortex of like... Thinking I was John Lennon. 
I do wish I was John Lennon at times. Like that's probably my biggest idol in life. In in my life is uh, the guy that beat women. So that makes sense. But now he was a good guy. I don't know. You could say bad things about him, but I'm just talking about the, what he did in the Beatles. Uh, was super like you can't really top that in terms of like creative fulfillment. Fulfillment, yeah, fulfillment. He was a fur, furry guy. Uh, anyway, you can't beat that, and but he himself still had these thoughts of like, am I really that good? I don't know. Just because I did some things that worked out, eh, I don't see it. So that's why he ended the Beatles. I don't fucking. I can't speak for him. I can only speak for myself. That's why I ended the Beatles. As soon as I said him, I was like, I don't fucking know why I ended the Beatles. I was just doing a bit. I was just doing a character. I love John Lennon. I lo- and because uh, yeah, and George Harrison too. Why not? But John Lennon was like more involved in the formation of the band and more of the leader. He took the leader role more than Harrison. So I can't say Harrison was my favorite Beatle. Fuck that. Not even close. But he was good. He's not even close. Pretty close. It's pretty close considering there's only four to choose from. It's a big difference. Whatever. I'm idolizing an individual. That's a very narcissistic pathway um, uh, pitfall. I'm not saying I'm a narcissist for... Kind of. If you idolize people, that doesn't mean you're a narcissist. It means you're susceptible to narcissistic abuse probably that's my guess that's my hypothesis it's my hypothesis if you idolize people be careful because they will take advantage of that some of them john lennon was a good guy i rest i'm not even uh i'm dying on that hill he was a good guy he never hurt anybody and he was self-aware enough that if somebody idolized him, he didn't take advantage of them. Yeah, you know, I'm sure he did it maybe earlier in his life, but not old, not in his old age of 39. When he reached the old age of 38 and 39, he was old enough to realize that he was one of the greatest artists of all time. But he still realized that, uh, I don't know, maybe he was probably, maybe he did treat people badly. I'm sure he did. All people do if they're that good at something. They don't take it, they're not dicks necessarily, but they have an air about them that shows that, like Michael Jackson had it too. I don't care, I don't know, he, like, he was like, he, he would be, I don't know that much about Michael Jackson's, but like he knew he was talented as fuck. He knew that he was good. He didn't. He was humble, but that doesn't mean he didn't know what the fuck he was doing in the studio. The second second he got into that studio, he knew what he was. He, he knew what end product he was looking at, and uh, I don't know. He was a perfectionist, and uh, thank God because those albums are really good. Thanks to a lot of other people too. But he was the one that wrote them. He was the one that came up with a lot of the music. Not all of it. Not human nature. Not all of it. 
he was really good at coming up with music, like instrumentation on the fly, and like using his voice to to compose complicated parts of music. And you gotta respect that, you know, just out of artistic curiosity. It's like he really cared about the subtleties of a melody and harmonies in a way that you have to have a good ear to, to do and a, be a good artist to do. Just because you have a good ear doesn't mean you're going to come up with the shit that he came up with. And part of it is because he was abused as a kid. Let's not discount that. That's why he was so good, too, is because he was trying to get over that trauma by being as good as possible at his art to overcome the abuse that he got and he never probably got over it because you can't it just made him a great artist it doesn't mean he got over the abuse i'm just speaking as somebody that understands what he's going through because i'm also the same as michael i'm also just as talented as michael jackson i'm one of a kind i'm one in a million one in a billion anyway yeah, you can't just get over your trauma by uh, working super hard at something that has nothing to do with the trauma. All that is is the trauma forcing, like molding you, sculpting you to have this characteristic, this trait of perfectionism. It don't mean that you're confronting the reasoning, the, the core root of that trauma. If he wasn't abused, he wouldn't be a perfectionist. And he wouldn't have put out as much good music. So that's why it's okay to abuse your kids. Because they will put out good fucking music every single time. It's never not happened. Every time a child has been abused, it led to the greatest selling album of all time. So I hope that's a good reason to keep abusing your kid. But it's now trauma. I think what I said has some truth to it. I don't know. I'm not a physicist. I'm not a scientific person. I like to say I am. So I like to use big words like hypothesis. It's just a hypothesis, man. So you can't call me racist for whatever I just said, man. The Beatles, man. They, sorry that they're over. Don't call. Don't blame me. I wasn't even alive. Oh, it's my fault that the Beatles broke up 50 years ago? I wasn't alive. Sure, I take some... You know, I'm not saying I'm without any blame, but to blame it entirely on me? Somebody born 30 years after the thing came out or after they ended the Beatles? I was born... 20-something years. Damn, it was only 20 years. I was born a solid two decades after the Beatles collapsed. And you're blaming me? I can only take maybe like a tiny, like maybe like two percentage of the blame. You know? It's too much. To, you can't blame me for shit that happened before my birth. Maybe a little bit, but not all of it. You know, like maybe like a couple, maybe I was involved a little bit in the argument, you know, but I wasn't, I wasn't alive, but like maybe like I was there in spirit because we're all the same. We're all the same, man. <laughs> anyway, we're not all the same. Um, 
in the spiritual realm. I don't fucking know what goes on down there. Are we all the same in the spiritual realm? Probably. I think all of humanity is the same thing before birth, and then it gets squirted into these capsules that we call individuals. It gets It's like an injection mold in a factory, like a plastic injection mold, and each mold is different, so it's a terrible metaphor because we're not all the same as humans, but injection molds usually mean that they are exactly the same. So that's a terrible metaphor, but just the part where the raw material being injected, we're all the same, man. And then we're injected into these flawed molds because it's a shitty factory. But the raw material is perfectly the same. Perfectly high quality material. Just a shitty factory. They're trying to make all people all the same. They fucked up. Terrible factory. DNA. And uh, we're all the same. Otherwise than that. Raw material wise. So. I don't know what that answers. What question that answers. It doesn't answer any. Nobody asked me a question. Pretty sure I'm alone. I didn't ask that question. I already knew that. I've taken enough acid. I already know that. There's no reason to to be sad when anyone dies. Uh, Because uh, they all go back to where they were, which is where we all going back to, man. (laughs) I'm gonna be a. I could be a cult leader if I actually didn't laugh. If I did, if I actually like didn't have a sense of humor, I'd be a. I could be a cult leader. Thank God I got a sense of humor and actually realize how absurd what I'm saying is, man. Because if you don't have a sense of humor, that's how you get uh, Dan or David uh, Fisher. David Koresh. That dude, he didn't have a sense of humor. He actually like believed the shit he was saying. He actually got people to act like kids. He actually got kids to believe that he was like the next he was like Jesus and uh, it's funny only up until the point where you actually believe it like yeah it's funny now now that like it's not currently happening and it's even at the time I'm sure people were making fun of it because it's a cult and people can make fun of cults when they're still happening and it's a real thing, but like, to be a cult leader, how the hell do you do that without having a sense of humor and seeing how ridiculous that is to say about yourself? And like, anytime you do something that shows like a human flaw, like if you accidentally trip on something, it's like, and you have to own up to it and be like, even though I tripped right there and it was very embarrassing looking, I'm still the savior. Even though I completely made an ass out of myself right there by opening the door the wrong way, I thought it opened this way, it actually goes inward. Yeah. I'm still the savior, and I have that was not funny. You're wrong to laugh at that. And uh, you're out of the church forever, and, uh, unless you sleep with me. I'm still the savior, is what I'm saying. There won't be any sleeping involved. You could do it this afternoon. We don't gotta make it the whole night. But 
by that I just mean you have to blow me. I didn't want to say that in front of the kids. The kids are allowed there too because I'm a pedophile. So, but I like to be, I like to use not coarse language. Because I'm the savior. And you're out of the church if you tell anybody about that. What I just did there with the door, the door hinge. Somebody fucked, somebody made a, somebody was trying to uh, be blasphemous by playing a prank on the Savior, the next coming of Jesus Christ. I'm a carpenter. I should know how that door works. I'm the one who built this stupid thing. Don't tell anybody that that happened. That would ruin me. That would lose me at least a couple members of the sh- like a large amount of the people would be like, really? The dude that calls himself Jesus and is a carpenter? He didn't even know which way the door went? What an idiot. And he got mad at people? He didn't even like play it off as a joke or nothing? He didn't even like laugh at himself? He has no sense of humor about it? What's it? Well, I guess... I mean, I'm in the cult already, so I guess I'll burn with him. I'll die with him. I mean, I'm already in the cult. I wouldn't be in the cult if he had a good sense of humor in the first place. So, this is a weird hypothetical argument. You're asking me? Yeah, okay, he looked like a douche, but like I'm already in the cult. He's in a human body. Humans make mistakes. Just because he's the the Lord and say You don't think the real Jesus which he is, but let's say the the first one, you don't think he ever accidentally opened the door the wrong way or tripped on something? You don't think the real Jesus ever did that? Come on. The real Jesus, which David Koresh is also, but when I say I'm just using that the word real because I don't know the other way to call him, the other dude that called himself Jesus... You think he never had a bad day? It's because he's a human. He's a human. It doesn't mean he's not the Lord. Humans do dumb things. He has no sense of humor about it, man. Stop trying to make a joke of that about David Koresh tripping on that door. He will still have sex with your family tonight, whether you like it or not. So I would recommend not calling attention to the fact that he just made a jerk out of himself with that door thing because he will make a jerk out of you later with his wife, with your wife. So that's how you get out of it. Oh, I didn't make it through the door. Oh, I thought the door opened a different way. Well, fool me once. I'll have sex with your wife Either way, after this, I don't give a fuck which way the door opens. I got nothing. I don't even know why I have the doors. It's an open door policy. I don't fucking knock on. I don't care about doors. I'm gonna fuck your wife anyway. So who's the asshole now? Me, you, because you ain't the Lord in Christ. You ain't the Lord and Christ. Same thing. You ain't both of those things. You ain't either of those things. I'm both of those things. I'm the Lord and Christ. And the first guy that called himself Christ, he was just the first coming of Christ. That 
he ain't special. I'm the second one, which means I'm currently the only one that matters. The old one is a hack. I'm better than, I'm the new one. My name's David Koresh. Fuck the other guy. Fuck the first one. He'd be, yeah, you know, I'm him. I'm the same thing as him. Like, I, you know. But I was drinking back then, man. I was drinking back then. That was my drinking days. The 80s or whatever. Was it the 80s? <laughs> back in the 80s. The BCs. You know, it was the 80s. I got to write the first time. Because that's what they called it after death. I was dead by then, so never mind. I, don't, I forget. Back in the ADs when I was dead, those were my drinking times. It was almost made sense. That would have been a brilliant thing, I guess. Back in the 80s, I like that. That's, that's funny. That's a good... Uh, it's been done. Anything that has been, that you think, of course that's been done before, back in the A.D.s. Get it? A.D.? Because it's a long time ago when Jesus was dead, after, like, the after death. Uh, sorry, for, I don't want to keep explaining it, because it already wasn't funny to begin, but like, now it's really not funny. But I, I'm sure an improv group has done that premise, or that pun, a thousand times. So I'm not a genius. I'm not the second coming of Christ. I am the second coming of John Lennon. I'm that. That's that who I am. That's who I am. That's why I know what he was talking about. That's why I could speak for him so well. I can't explain Yoko. I can't explain that. That was a different time. I was drinking. That was my drinking days back in the 80s. The 80s. The 70s. I was dead by A.D. By 80s, I was dead. I only made it through one of the 80s. The first one, A.D. And then I was dead. Alright, this is too high. This is becoming too weird for me to... not sell tickets for. This now is going to cost $40 for the rest of the show. Now that I'm hitting on all these weird... Uh, what do you call them? What I call. Anyway, so this is going to cost 40 I'm not doing this for free. Now that I am in the swing of comedy, now that I'm a talented one-man show podcaster in this very hot apartment, let's just call it an apartment. Why am I doing this for free, man? I got all the fucking confidence in the world. To do this for the real money, man. Austin, Texas, man. People are paying $40 a day or some shit. To see people that started doing comedy two years ago. What business do I have not charging anything for a 12-hour podcast episode? The last four hours of this podcast are going to be only on Patreon or something like that because it's too good man it'll be up on YouTube for for a few months <laughs> but then 
once I become brazen enough, I'm going to move it to Patreon. The last four hours. Just the part where I started talking about John Lennon and how I got hyper-focused on that bit. I was doing a one-man improv show with myself. And you can only do that when you're me. When you're on a certain amount of chemicals and performance-enhancing drugs and you have years of experience and dedication to the craft of art and comedy and living alone and glorifying your patheticness. If you glorify how you live in a nameless cookie-cutter neighborhood, why is that window closed? I could have been looking at the nice, beautiful... I could have been taking in the nice outside vibe instead of just looking at a beige window. A beige shade of a window. Everything's beige. Why is my favorite color beige? Who the fuck gets inspired by beige? Okay, my reasoning for picking beige is because it's neutral. Because then it's it doesn't... You don't notice it. It blends in. It's like, okay, I don't notice that it's there. It's only there for functional reasons, to to absorb the frequencies so that you hear nothing but your dumb thoughts and the hum of the computer, which is getting angry. Let's turn the air conditioning back on. That's the first priority. I don't want shit to overheat. That's the worst of my worries is something overheating besides my own heart. Like the computer. I don't want shit catching on fire. I don't know if this shit's rated for 12 hour long podcasts, man. I usually only do an hour. So, doing a 12 hour one today. And that was just kind of something I wasn't planning on doing until the last minute. I didn't know if I was going to do a 12 hour or just a one hour. I was like, well, it's either one or the other. Either we're going the full 6 9 or we'll just do three. I was about three hours in when I was like, you know, let's just go for the full 12. What am I stopping at two for? I was over two hours and I was like, you know, I still got all, about 10 hours worth of things to talk about. So let's keep going. You know, I could stop it and save it for next week and just release it as is as a two hour. If you're going to do a two hour... I got 10 hours left in me. So I went with a 12-hour. So now we're doing a 12-hour podcast. Not a stream. I'm not interacting. That would make it easier. This is hard. This is something you have to be trained to do. In, and psychotic enough to do. Two different... That's rare. You don't see a lot of 12-hour podcasts... Because, um, I hope I don't have to explain why. What if somebody was like, wait, what? Why not? It's like, well, let me answer that question for you, buddy. How about if you have to ask that question, you're crazy. But no, I, nobody asked that question is the point I'm making. That was the joke I'm making. And now I'm trying to turn it into more jokes. Hey, why is it not a 12-hour pocket? Nobody asked that question. So you could stop it, right? There's no hypothetical person 
walking down the street going, wait, what? There's, n- you're, there's not a lot of 12-hour bi- I don't understand why that is. Well, because that's what an audio book is for. If you're if you, if you going to listen to something for 12 hours, hopefully it's not just a podcast. Hopefully it's something with like, like a book, something you're actually going to not regret spending 12 hours listening to. Doing it, I understand. Doing this is artistic and like expression. Am I showing enough of my waist? Should I put the camera down? Am I too close to the camera? I think it looks better with me farther away from the camera because then you can see that I am definitely standing up. And it makes me look more crazy because I'm detached from the, you know? I don't know. It's a slight change to try out for a few minutes. And so anyway, do it. Whoa, the trees. They look fake. Fake plastic trees, man. Sorry for zoning out there for a second. I, I, mean, I, I, mean, I was thinking about, should I take more? <laughs> I think we got time to do another, to do more. All right, let me think about it. So we went through the thing about the gas lube or the garage lube, right? We talked about did I mention the lube? Pretty sure I mentioned that. Yeah, I think I spent enough time on the garage lube, the garage opener lube. I feel like if I was just Tanner. This wouldn't be that bad. If I just had a tan and shorter hair and didn't look crazy, like facial-wise, like if I wasn't like looking like all dazed and confused, maybe this wouldn't be that crazy. But um, it, it isn't that crazy. It's only crazy if you don't think it's crazy. That would be crazy. If I was doing this thinking it was like a good idea, and I was like, this is fucking great, that would be crazy. The fact that I'm calling attention to it, how crazy it is, that's not crazy. You're normal. You're a normal, boring, everyday Joe. You have no business behind a microphone. You have no business talking into this, the business end of this microphone. Anyway... I'm starting to get some gastric distress, like slight, okay, it's like bloating, I don't know what it is, I'm about 20 something hours into my fast, yeah, 21 hours into my fast, so I shouldn't be experiencing any problems with uh, digestion, I'm done digesting food, now I'm digesting my life. I'm digesting the aura. Anyway, I'm having a good time. I'm starting to wane on... Things are starting to wane on my uh, enthusiasm towards what I was talking about. That makes sense because it's about two and a half hours since I... Okay, we're going to take another little break. We're going to take another ten second break. To refuel, 
I'm gonna be drinking some food or uh, not food. I'm gonna be drinking some liquid in the next room over. We're not stopping the podcast. I'm just uh, that'll be a quitter. I'm not quitting the marathon podcast. I'm just refueling by taking uh, some water. I just need some water with uh, you know other things. I'm not quitting. I'm not a quitter. Quitters quit after about two hours. I go eight hours. I go twelve hours. Because I'm not a quitter. A real comedian and an even realer podcaster. I'm the most real podcaster ever. All right, I'm almost done with the break. It's fucking hot in here, babe. It's not, you know, it's not even summer yet. I can't imagine how bad it's going to be doing these 12-hour podcasts when it's, like, in the middle of July. In the middle of July. When I'm doing these 12-hour podcast episodes every week, which is, like, might as well just not stop recording then. If you're going to do it, like, you might as well just do a 24-7 podcast. That'd be cool. Not stream. So that how would you release it if it's 24-7? <laughs> you just have to like start uploading it as you're starting the next episode. It's like, okay, I got to pause it. I got to pause the recording so I could upload the previous 24 hours and then start the next one. So I'm not going to do that. I'm not that on meth. <laughs> If I was on meth, I would just not... What's the point of stopping the recording? That's the weird part. Because you'd have to release it. But it would just just be like a bender type of deal. If I was actually on meth and doing what I... Then I would just do a long, like a 72-hour podcast episode. I wouldn't do a 24-hour, seven days a week. That'd be insane. Nobody would, could do that. <laughs> it's possible to do that, but like, it wouldn't be good. It'd be mostly you like living life and sleeping, and also trying to call a podcast. That's funny, but like, it's also no. It's it's funny. I take that back. It's great. That'd be a great idea. I'm not gonna do it because I'm not that desperate to go viral. You're going to hear about the guy that does a a 24-hour-a-day podcast. Not a live stream. He literally records himself for 24 hours a day, then uploads it as a podcast, and then does it again with zero time in between as a podcast. Isn't that cool? Isn't that a cool gimmick? It's like, not that different from being a live streamer, right? I mean, might as well just be a live streamer. Yeah, but that's been done. Yeah, but everybody does that. Everybody does 24-hour live streams. Now, this guy does podcasts. Back-to-back. His whole life is a podcast. Get it? That's the bit. That's the bit. I gotta turn this away. Just making sure it's still recording, man. I mean, I don't think it's good for my computer. I think my computer is gonna need, like, a, a detox 
from all this shit going into it, man. The, my camera, my my computer. I'm not too worried about the camera. But I wouldn't be surprised if the camera was like, yo, man, that's enough, man. But the computer is going to need a detox. It's like, it's like, uh, it's going to be hung over. It's going to need to slowly be nursed back to health. I can't just go right into like another hardcore task. I got to let it relax with some softcore. You know, you don't want to like turn it off altogether because that would cause a withdrawal syndrome. Oh shit. Okay, this is part three of the show and the final part of the show. We're not separating it out technically, but we are separating it creatively, artistically. There's going to be part one, two, three. This is part three. I don't know how much longer we have to go because I'm not good at math. I think we only got about two hours left, which seems too good to be true because, like I said, I'm not good at math. I believe it's three. Yeah, it is three. Good. I wanted it to be harder than I thought originally. I didn't want to be like, oh, that's easy. Only two hours? No, we got three hours left. We're going for 690 minutes, which as... We found out earlier in the show, that's 11 and a half hours of podcasting. 690 minutes to celebrate the 69th episode of me being a podcaster. Soon I'll be a professional podcaster if I keep it up at this quality and quantity. If I keep it up at this quantity, I'll be professional in no time. Fuck quality. Dude, those trees are freaking me out, man. They're ugly. The one on the left is just looks like it's getting banged by the one on the right. It's like all twisted up, man. Because the ice brought it down. And it looks like, it reminds me of like Dr. Seuss. Nature sometimes is evil. Like sometimes nature gets angry at you. And that's what that tree's doing to me right now. It's like that tree reminds me of a vision I had of a of a different tree where it was like, damn, trees could be evil. They could be ugly looking. Like they could make they could become like scary, man. And that tree is uh kind of tripping me out a little bit, you know. It kind of has like a weird 2D It's like, you know, like it looks flat. Just the, the, it looks all, like, it's all twisted up from the ice storm. So it's, like, half killed. It's half keeled over. It's, like, are you dead? Are you going to, so you're hanging in there. That tree is literally, like, hanging in there for dear life. It's, like, I feel bad for that tree. I should stop looking at it as, like, judging me. I'm judging the tree. I'm the one that that tree's looking at me, going, like, look at this guy. What's wrong with this guy? Why is he judging? He's like keeled over. He's hanging out for dear life doing a 12-hour podcast and he's judging me? A handicapped tree? 
just minding its own business, trying to get back on my own two feet. I have a life. You don't. I'm a tree. My life is figured out. And you're looking at me like I'm crazy. Sometimes you just want to, sometimes you just have to stare at uh, disabled people. And that's what I'm doing with this tree. And that's part of ADHD, I think, is because I used, I got called on that once for staring at a handicapped gentleman. He's like, yo, I don't like that you stare at me. I was like, I didn't even realize I was doing that that much, but okay, I'm, I'm sorry. I f I'm sorry that I'm doing that. I didn't know I was. I'm a kid. You're a very mature kid. You're more mature than me. Um, but then I felt bad for him, so I was like, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. I didn't feel bad for him. I just felt like an asshole because uh, I was being an asshole by staring at him. But I was only doing it because it's fascinating. It's fascinating to look at something that nature is, is that's fucked up, that came out wrong. That tree was fine a couple weeks ago. That tree used to be a regular tree. And then it got cold. And now that tree ain't ever going to be the same. And it, somebody's got to do something about it. Like, it's just, like, hanging on. Like, it's at a 45-degree angle. It's like, it ain't gonna... It, what, is it just gonna all of a sudden just start going back to normal? Like, it's already at a 45-degree angle. It's it's creeping me out. It looks like a Dr. Seuss illustration. And that's Texas. I don't know. I'll, I'll move on from it in a second. I'll move on. The next chapter of the story is uh, underway. It's loading. It's propagating. The DNS network is propagating the next and final chapter of the three-hour uh, show. rest of the show is three hours. Yeah, we cut it in uh, three parts. This is the third part. This is the best part. Way better than the first 20 minutes. Oh man, that first 20 minutes of the show. I was. Like very hard on myself. I was like. Because I put so much anticipation into this episode. I had performance anxiety. Now that's past. And that's because I've been doing this. For eight hours. Because if, if you do a podcast for eight hours, you're going to get over the anxiety. You'll get over the nerves about seven hours in. You'll be like, oh, okay. Maybe I'm not that bad after all at talking into microphones. It's just that you got to shake off the, the rust. And it takes about seven hours. So that's what I'll tell people the next time I do stand-up. Is I'll tell people, hey, I'm rusty. Give me about seven hours. Is that alright? Just give me seven hours. And then I'll be funny. And then you'll get your money's worth. Then you'll get your $30 worth that people are charging. You believe it? People are charging $30 to see people that started comedy like two years ago. That's how you know there's a bubble. There's a bu We're in a fucking bubble. And I'm not even one of those people on the show. Um, 
what a crude or rude, ironic, how ironic, one of the most artistic expressors of freedom, of American creative freedom, is living in some unknown neighborhood with all these cookie cutter castles, McMansions, and he don't even get to get paid part of that $30 a ticket? And he been doing this for 10 years? What a rude irony. What a painful irony that this world needs to fucking be awoke up to. Be woken up to. Somebody's going to write an article about me. Or a fucking article. Somebody's going to write a fucking documentary about me. If you need footage for it, I know a guy. I know a guy who can get you footage of, of me doing a podcast where he lays out a lot of quantity, a lot of quantity content. I don't want to say quality, but you know, a fair bit of quantity content. So if you need high quality, if you need high fidelity, low quality content, I know a guy. His name is, he's the dude. The dude that you're writing a documentary about happened to record himself for about a year. Over a year. In his own house. Sometimes for about 12 hours. So you got a lot of quantity source material to work through here. You got a lot of film to go through. This guy put out a lot of quantity material. Wouldn't say quality. But if you need to write a documentary about me, oh man, there's gonna be a lot of a lot of source material to fill it up with at least. 30 minutes worth of quality content. I don't know about quantity, but it'll be quality. You know, he's got quantity content already, but if you want quality content, yeah, it'll probably come down, it'll be it'll be boiled down to about maybe, I can't see you doing a mini-series on this guy. This guy isn't mini-series worthy. He's, he's got a, he's maybe like a one-episode documentary Netflix, not good enough for HBO. I say this guy, yeah, fuck it. This guy is going to be a legend. He's already, I mean, he'll be a legend by the time the documentary comes out. Obviously, you're not going to do a documentary about somebody that ain't already a legend. The documentary is what gives his cult following a thing to jerk off to. That's what the documentary is for any cult following of any legendary comedian podcaster that calls him, that hates his own stage name and cringes whenever he goes on stage at his own comedy and hates himself at his own comedy. He, 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 his style of comedy can be described one word, catatonic. Ooh, man. He's going to be getting paid so much $30 tickets. He's going to be getting paid... $30 so many times over. Wouldn't you hear about this guy? 
I can only describe his comedy in one way. And that's catatonic. The most catatonic thing you've ever seen. He's going to blow this scene a new ra- asshole once you see how catatonic he is. He has all the catonia in the world, man. He died in his garage because of he didn't even realize that the door was closed and his car was still on because he was thinking about how bad he was at life, at comedy, at his dream. He was pretty good in other ways in life, but not at his dream. He died chasing his dream and being sad about it because the garage opener lube made the garage door quiet. So he didn't know that it was closed. He pressed the button on the garage door, forgot to turn his car off, but remembered to press the button on the garage opener. So he just had lubed up his garage door. So the garage door was quiet. So his catatonia is what killed him and what made him a great comedian. Isn't that fucking amazing? That's fucking beautiful. His own powerful catatonic personality is what killed him. That's what got the better of him. All the best performers die from their own devices. What makes them a great performer is also what kills them. And in this guy's case, it was catatonia. He was so depressed by how bad he was at comedy that that's what killed him, being bad at comedy. If he did good that night, he wouldn't have died. He would have had more pep in his step. It all comes down to pep in your step or coke in your pocket. Same thing. It all comes down to having a lot of pep in your step. And he would have done better if he had cocaine in his pocket. If somebody had like, if somebody gave him a good line of cocaine before he went on, on, on stage as Timmy Gusto, he would have been like, fuck that name. I don't care that that's my name. I'm a fucking talent. Because that's what cocaine makes you feel like. It's like, I'm a talent. So you go up, he would have went up there, but that's not what happened. He died in his car. So I'm just saying, that's not what happened. He would have still been alive. We wouldn't have had this documentary going. If he was still alive, he'd be the narrator. He's already the narrator because he gave a lot of source material, you see, because he had a lot of quantity time on his hands. He had all that quantity in the world of time. So he actually did happen to predict his own death and gave us so much source material that he actually is the documentary narrator. He actually is the narrator of this documentary. So we don't even have to hire a voice actor because he gave us such a, an amount of material, quantity-wise, not quality. I wouldn't say it was quality material, but the quantity was unparalleled. It was first-rate quantity. This guy's con- content, first-rate in quantity. There's not a guy that produces longer podcasts that I can think of. I can't think of the last dude that put out a 12-hour podcast. I mean, Joe Rogan's are pretty long, but 12 hours? Anyway, that's like pretty much the YouTube limit. This guy's a genius of of being a, 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 a catastrophic catatonic failure.
That's what the bad. So this is the title of the document: Catatonic Failure. <laughs> Cut out the laughter. You can't laugh at the depressing documentary title. Say it normal. You're the narrator. Catatonic. I forgot what was it. Failure. Oh yeah. You're watching Catatonic Failure. I'll say it straight. I'll say it deadpan. He was a catatonic failure. Because of course they're not going to say the title. But they might say it like, you know, how they, you know, they'll say it, but not like, you got to say it as if it's conversational. Dude, he was a he was a catatonic failure. His catatonia is what killed this guy. He, you could say he was a catatonic failure. Dude, he was so bad at comedy, he, that's what killed him, the catatonic. He was a catatonic failure. Alright, use one of those. I won't be there. I can't give them, I'm the dude in the documentary that we're talking about here. I'm a dude playing a dude that's going to be in a documentary. I'll survive. I'm going to fake my own death in a car. It'll be a realistic dummy. I'll just fake the death. I'm going to survive. I'll be in the credits. Oh no, I'll be like after the credits roll. I'll do a cameo, like, but it won't be. You won't know it's me because that'll totally ruin the documentary. If it's just like, oh, he's still alive. No, they'll think I'm still dead. But I'll do a cameo, like Andy Kaufman style, as somebody else. I'll be like, dude, here's a cat of time. Fit. What can I say? Yeah, what a loser. I'll do something like that at the very end, and you won't know it's me. But I'll be there. The real fans, the conspiracy fans, the ones that have listened to the entire episode will know that there's a conspiracy because I'm saying it right now. <laughs> I'm saying it, I'm revealing it right now in a podcast that nobody's going to listen to because this is 12 hours long. I could say any conspiracy theory that I plan on doing and nobody's going to ever hear about it. This is like the safest place to give you a plan of a crime <laughs> that I'm about to do. You know the safest place to tell you to tell somebody your crime? A podcast. You might as well just tell it to the ocean. If you're telling it on a podcast. Hey, did you hear about this guy? He gave a he said he was planning on uh, doing a big crime. Like, no. Where did he say that? On a podcast. Oh, well, that's why I didn't hear about it. Of course I didn't hear about it. It's on a podcast. Might as well have been doing it in the middle of the ocean. On the Fiji Islands. Oh, on a po- So he didn't tell anybody is what you're telling me. So he didn't confess to nothing. That doesn't count as a confession if it was on a podcast. Nobody listens to podcasts. Not even for evidence. Even if he gets accused of a crime. Nobody's going to dig up a 12-hour podcast for evidence. Not even the truest detective of them all. Not even first season of HBO True Detective would anybody have the patience. Not even that guy, Matt McConaughey, would not even listen to a podcast for evidence. That's not a good reason to listen to a podcast, man. Just because somebody committed first-degree murder? Tell me when it's zero-degree murder. Then maybe I'll listen to a podcast. Tell me when it's negative two-degree murder. First-degree murder? I don't give a crap what he said on a podcast. He was just trying to get people to listen to a stupid podcast. He could have said anything on there. I don't care if he 
planned Watergate or if he planned the the Ohio uh I don't give a crap if he started 9/11 or like I don't care if he's the mastermind behind the Oklahoma City bombing. If he said it on a podcast, we'll never know. Cuz I ain't listen to that podcast. That'll be that'll be a good documentary. That'll be a good documentary. Hey, I know when to end bits. I'm just thinking about any other, any other conspiracy theories I could start or like give information because nobody's gonna hear this. I could literally say that I'm about to do a mass crime, and people will be like, "I I that came out of nowhere, man. You didn't tell anybody." He didn't tell anybody that he was going to do this mass crime. And then I'll do the mass crime. And I'll be like, what do you mean I didn't tell anybody? I told it, I, I said it on my podcast. Like, yeah, we. that's what we said. We didn't tell anybody. What do you mean it said it on a podcast? That's what we just said. You didn't tell anybody. No, you listen to your fucking podcast. You fucking loser. Fuck, that doesn't count. Oh, you said it on your podcast. Oh yeah, so that that means we should have seen it coming because everybody loves your fucking because you get millions of listeners. You might as well have talked to uh, told it to like a fucking dead person. You like whispered it to somebody that's not even. Like, might as well have whispered it to a coyote or something. Like, I mean. It's the opposite of going out in, in public with a megaphone. Oh, you told it on your podcast. So you, you told nobody, is what you're saying. You can confess to anything. You can confess to the Watergate bombing. You can confess to uh, the, uh, the, the oil spill. You can confess to that on a podcast. It doesn't count. Nobody listens to podcasts. Nobody fucking listens to your fucking podcast, fucking loser. You could have told you could have said anything on there. You could have confessed to like killing uh Nancy Reagan on your podcast. Oh Well we don't know. They we don't listen to your fucking podcast, you fucking loser. Oh now we know who killed Nancy Reagan. Well we don't know because you didn't say it to anybody you didn't confess, is what I'm saying. If you say it on a podcast it's still a cold case because that's not nobody knows. Nobody listens to your fucking podcast, you fucking loser. You could say anything on a podcast. You could say you murdered Andrew Dice Clay. You could say you had sex with a you started COVID by having sex with a gorilla. Nobody would know how COVID started. You could have a smoking gun. That shows that you started COVID by having sex with a bat. And we'd still be like, I don't know, was it a lab leak or something? You could be the guy that started the financial crisis of 2007. You could be that guy. You could be Satoshi Nakamoto. You could literally be that guy. If you say it on a podcast, we will never know who that guy is. Because nobody listens to your fucking podcast, man. 
Who the fuck listens to podcasts? Oh, you got smoking gun evidence that you're Satoshi Nakamoto. You got the, the first address forever. You got the private key. And you're going to prove that you're Satoshi by sending a coin from that address. Well, we won't ever see that because you did it on a podcast. And nobody fucking listens to podcasts, dude. You could do anything on a podcast. Nobody's going to fucking care. You could murder somebody on a podcast. You could literally murder somebody on a podcast. No one will ever know who murdered that guy because it was on a podcast. No one listens to fucking podcasts, dude. Anyway, I don't think I'm going to do this for another two hours. Um, I kind of wanted more drink. I wanted more to drink a little bit. It's always good to have something. to. It's always good to take in a little bit of fluid. When you're doing a long thing like this. So fuck, I'm going to take more fluid. I'm going to get more drinks. I'm not, I'm not ending the show. This is not the end of the podcast. I'm not throwing in the towel. I'm a professional broadcaster, self-taught broadcaster. I didn't go to school. I didn't have to. I'm a natural-born killer, instinct. I got natural instincts to be a killer at podcasting and talking in an accent. A fake accent from Chicago where I no longer live. I, I don't live in Chicago. I don't have to. Wherever I go, Chicago happens. I'm Chicago. Wherever I go, I don't have to be in Chicago because I am Chicago. I bring Chicago wherever the fuck I go. Wherever I go, Chicago is. I don't gotta go. I don't gotta be in Chicago. I am Chicago. I'm from there. Not only am I. Fr- I'm not just from there. I am Chicago. I don't have to be there. Oh, I don't live there? Oh, whoopee. I never left because I am Chicago. Chicago happens wherever I go. That's where Chicago is. Chicago is wherever I am because I am Chicago. And nobody's going to listen to your fucking podcast. If it happened on a podcast, we're never going to see it because it happened on a podcast. And nobody listens to podcasts. Fuck it, I'm putting out, I think I'm ready to finally, this is the last act of the podcast, this is the sunglasses era of the podcasting career that I am exhibiting. This is like a a nutshell of, this is an entire podcast career that we're going through on this 12 hour uh, exhibit. I am Chicago. I'm the most authentic person you can meet. From Chicago. I got the spirit in my bones. In my blood. I leave it on the seat when I leave. You could just be like. You smell the chair. Like oh Chicago was here. You could feel it in the room. Excuse me. You could feel Chicago in the room. Whenever I'm there. Even if I'm not saying nothing. You could just be like. Hey. Feels like Chicago's here. Feels like a little bit of Chicago here, E. Feel a little bit like, you know, I feel like like I'm in Chicago all of a sudden. You know, maybe I'll get some 
some Lou Melnades, you know, maybe we'll see a Cubs game. Yes, because I'm in the room. I'm Chicago. I am Chicago. That's why you feel that way. Because I, you know, I don't give a. F- I don't have to live there anymore. I bring Chicago with me wherever I go. That's why. I never feel. I don't. I don't feel like I ever left that place because I'm still there. Because I'm Chicago. Wherever I go, doesn't matter. Chicago. People are going to smell hot dogs. They're going to be like, oh, we to, what the hell? All of a sudden, I feel like I'm on Clark Street. Am I on Clark Street? Is there like a fucking, uh, what do you call that fucking place? <laughs> Wiener Circle? Am I at Wiener Circle? All of a Maybe I'll get some hot dogs. Like, no. Just me. It's just me. Just because I'm here. Because I am Chicago. Wherever I go, that's Chicago. Because I am Chicago. So I never feel, I never felt like I left. Dude, I don't even feel like I ever left Chicago. Because I brought it with me here. I brought it here. I am, you get it. You get it? What am I stepping on that is so, like, what am I stepping on? Why does it have to be right there where I'm standing for 12 hours? So anyway, I had a dream that I started an insurance company. I was like, ooh, man, I want to start an insurance company. And that was a dream. That's what I dream about. So that's why I'm a professional entertainer. Because that's what I dream about, is running an insurance company like Warren Buffett, owning one. Maybe not running, but just owning one and playing with the money like it's mine. Playing with the money like a sandbox. It's just making a bunch of people rich. And be like, yeah, buy Berkshire. You'll be happy that you did in the 1990s because in 30 years it's going to be worth like $400,000 a share because I own an insurance company. And I get to play with all the money, all the insurance money that comes in as uh, premiums. Yep. Owning an insurance company is the best policy for any emergency if you own an insurance company. It, hey, fuck tornadoes. I am covered. I am covered from any emergency because I own my own insurance company. Fuck the client. The customers are fucked. I can never pay out what the customers are paying me in premiums. If I had to pay out every last penny of what the customers pay me, I'd go out of business. So obviously I'm banking on not a lot of emergencies happening. Because I'm fucking Warren Buffett. And I own my own insurance company. So if you own your own insurance company, you can do whatever you want with the money. You're going to have this huge amount of money that just comes in for doing nothing. You're not even doing shit. But people are paying the money because they hope that just in case an emergency happens. Well, usually emergencies don't happen. Most of the time, there ain't no fucking emergency. So you're making money off not emergencies happening. And it's all good business to go in. 
Because most of the time, there's not an emergency, or else they wouldn't be called emergencies. If they're happening like 40 times a day, it's like, oh, what's the emergency again? It's like, well, it's 941. That's the emergency. It's 941. Oh, 942. Here's another emergency. What is it? That is 942. I just told you what the emergency. Well, that's not an emergency then. If it happens all the time, that's why it's called an emergency. And that's why owning your own insurance company is a great business. You're profiting off of normal shit happening. Hey, if normal shit happens, I'm going to be a millionaire. If nothing bad happens today, I'm going to make a million dollars. I'll bet you on that. I'm putting a million dollars on black. Oh, whoop. Oh, I won. Nothing bad happened. Another day, another not 9-11. I just profited off of that. Nobody drove a fucking plane into something. Nobody lit your house on fire. There wasn't an earthquake. I could do whatever I want with that money. I could play with it. I could fucking take a bath in that money because nothing bad happened. And I get money out of I own the I own my own insurance company. I could do whatever the fuck I want with that money. I could build a sandcastle. It's not even your money. It's not your money. It's not a bank. You're paying me in case something happens. If nothing's happening. You ain't going to call me. It's my money in case of an emergency. But if there's no emergency, don't call me. Yeah, if there's an emergency, well, okay, I'll give you a couple dollars. But I still got a huge amount for all the days that there wasn't an emergency. Because 99 times out of the day, there ain't an emergency. But I'm making money. Off those non-emergency days. Man, man, do I love it when a day goes by and nothing bad happens. Because that means I'm making money that I can do whatever the fuck I want. That's what an insurance company is. Do I have to keep explaining it? So if you don't got your own insurance company, what are you doing with your life, man? So that's why I dream about it, man. That's why I have dreams of owning my own insurance company, man, because that's a dream. Just be lying in bed, nothing bad happening, no emergencies, and you're making millions of dollars because people just go, hey, I hope nothing bad happens. I'm going to pay this guy. I'm going to pay this guy in case something bad happens. And if nothing bad happens, I got ripped off. But they never say that. They just go, okay, well, that's fucking life. Nothing bad happened. That sucks. For me, I'm like, hey, great time to be me because nothing bad happened, which happens most of the time. Most of the time, nothing bad happens in life. You know, what happened? was the last time something bad happened to you? Maybe a couple of months ago, you know. You know, maybe a few years ago, you get something... Your house got caught on fire or some shit. It doesn't happen every day. Unless you're a fucking loser. So what are you doing? Not having your own insurance company. Everybody should have their own insurance company. Unless you're a fucking idiot. What are you doing? And if you don't, at least have... I can understand not having one. Maybe you don't 
have the means to start your own insurance company. That's why you dream about it. That's why it's my dream. That's why it's my dream, because I don't have one yet. When I have one, I'll be sleeping like a baby. There'll be nothing to dream about, because I already have my own insurance company. I'll wake up with, with no problems in the world. Because I got my own insurance company. That's better than having insurance. Have your insurance company. You're covered. You're covered from any emergency if you own your own insurance company because you got millions and millions of dollars of other people's money that's now yours because it's you're providing a service it's actually not there it's your money stupid why is this so hard for you to understand it's not a bank insurance companies are not banks all the money that they have was earned through premiums it's not a deposit they don't get that money back you're not a bank stop acting stop thinking that Oh, it's other people's. No, it's not other people's money. That's the company's money. You earned it by providing a service, which is promising them that if something bad happens, you'll pay up. But usually, that never happens. That never fucking happens. For most people, that never happens. For auto... It happens very often, but fuck that. I'm talking about life insurance. I'm talking about like home insurance. Most homes don't get blown out by tornadoes. Most insurance policies expire way before anything bad happens. So they're paying you hoping that something bad doesn't happen. So it's a win-win. They, they feel like, oh, I'm getting my money's worth because nothing bad, I'm, you know, I'm getting my money's worth because I hope I don't have to use this policy. And if they do have to use it, they're still unhappy. I don't know. They're happy. I, I don't know. Are they happy? No, they're, a ter- they're in terrible shape. So you can take advantage of them. If they have their house blown over by a tornado... And they actually have to use their insurance, which, by the way, if they live in a place where tornadoes happen, they got they ain't covered by insurance, but let's say they are. And you actually have to pay out the money. Just be like, I'll give you this much. Just take advantage of their grief of their grief for losing the house. Because they're going to lose all these possessions that are invaluable to them. So just be like, Alright, I'll give you something for it. But like, hey man, I'm just being I'm just being honest, man. This shit ain't covered, man. Did you read the fine print? You got to make them feel like they're getting a good deal just by getting anything at all. Tell them about the fine print. Make them feel like they're lucky just to get a penny out of you. That's what you do in this rare situation. Okay. And then the, you say, I, 
Uh, did you read the fine print, sir? You got to call them sir to make them realize that they're not special. Just call them sir, even though they're policy holders and you know their name. It says their name right on the paperwork. Call them sir to create distance between you, to make it more impersonal. Sir, can I call you sir? Even though I know your fucking full name and address and everything about you. Did you read the fine print, sir? Tornadoes. They don't have, that's not covered. You live in a tornado valley or alley, whatever the fuck. You live in tornado alley, which is literally the only place in the world where tornadoes happen. And you're expecting us to just cover your house? This is for fires. You didn't read the fine print. This is for fires. I hate to be the bad guy, sir. But this is for fires. I'm sorry. I'll give you 8000 for the whole place. And that's me being generous because, I mean, that's just because that's not up for policy. That's not like, uh, I'm just being generous. You're lucky to get anything. Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't be that transparent. But that's what you're doing. You're you're trying to get them to believe that they're lucky to get anything. They're not going to read the fine print. They're not going to act. Some people, if they live in Tornado Alley, are they smart enough to read the fine print that says that they're covered by tornadoes? No. Chances are they're not. And they're, they're going to be happy to just get anything. So that's where you undercut them. That's why they're called insurance adjusters, because we adjust downward, below. That's what it means. It doesn't mean to go up. That's the opposite of what they're hired to do. Anybody could go up. We didn't hire them to go up. Adjusters are called adjusters to go down. That's why we call them adjusters, to adjust it for us. We don't give a fuck about adjusting it for them. We wouldn't have hired you to adjust it for somebody else. We want you to adjust it for us. The the owner of the insurance company, the guy who always wins, no matter what. It's a win-win situation is what I'm saying. Even if there is an emergency... That's why we got adjusters. The adjuster, they call them up on the phone, real sweet talky voice. They go, Oh, sorry, Miss Miss Ma'am. Sorry, ma'am. I got your name here, but would you, <laughs> would you I'm gonna call you ma'am. Sorry, I can't even do it. I can't even do it as a joke. I can't even do the sweet talky thing as a joke. I break character because Let's be honest, those insurance adjusters are scumbags. No, 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 no. They're cool. But they're working for us. So they will call them in the sweet talk voice. Be like, Miss, Mrs. Flanagan? Mrs. Redneck who lives in a tornado alley? Sorry, I'm trying to think of a redneck name. Flanagan. Probably not. Not a lot of Flanagans live in Tornado Alley. Probably just something like one syllable like dirt. Dolt. 
I don't know. I can't think of a good name, a good example. Like Smith. Hey, Mr. Smith. I don't know. That's too on the nose. Sorry about your house. We're going to adjust it for you. That's why I'm called an insurance adjuster. It says on your policy that it covers $100,000 worth of uh, property damage. Well, if you read the fine print, the tornado, it was only an F0. We only cover F2s and up. It was an F0. Sorry, honey. Sorry that your shitty house got killed by an F0. But we don't cover that. We cover actual emergencies. And that's just your house, man. That's just your house. You got to bring it up with your builder. You got beef with the person that built your house. 400, however long ago they built that thing. They did a shitty job. Because this was an F0. You're calling us for an F0? Okay, anyway, sorry, that's what the fine print is for. And so we're going to adjust it downward to maybe, uh, we'll give you still some money because we're nice people. We want you to keep giving us the uh, premiums, which will go up, obviously. You understand, anytime you use insurance like for the actual reason that you got it, obviously it's going to go up in price. We don't want you to actually use it. We want you to just give us the premiums. So we're going to increase the premiums. Otherwise, fuck you. Go to a different guy. You know, we still want the premiums because, you know, we can just adjust downward. We got the best adjusters in the business. They could adjust anything. Fire. Terrorism. I don't even care if Osama bin Laden himself blew your house away in a tornado. I don't even care if he was the one that orchestrated that tornado. We'll adjust it downward for us. To keep you on our plan. You know, because it's a bump in the road for us. 100 grand, 200 that's nothing for us. We're making billions on these premiums. You know, we'll give you something. As long as you keep giving us those sweet premiums. Same with health insurance. We hope that you don't use our health insurance. If you're a health insurance company, you're a scumbag. I don't deal with that. I'm only talking about home and car and maybe life insurance. Life insurance, I'm not that much. I don't. That's a little bit scummy to to make to make money on people's death. But that's funerals too. So fucking some people are into that business. I I'm a home insurance guy because nothing bad happens to homes. Like how often does a fire happen? Once in a thousand fires. I'm going to take the gamble. But I'm not going to take the gamble on a car or somebody's body not exploding. People's bodies are crap. So if you're a health insurance company owner, that's a risky thing. I I just don't respect that because everybody's body breaks down after a while. That's a, How do you make money doing that? You must have to charge a lot. To be a health insurance company. Everybody's body is going to have an emergency. Everybody's. I guess it's because, I guess that's why they ask you all these questions. Like, how old are you? Do you smoke? Do you do hallucinogens? Are you crazy? You're going to die. Like, they want you to die. <laughs> if you do hallucinogens, they don't give a fuck. 
They want you to be doing something that causes cancer. They don't want that. If you're doing something that causes cancer, they'll be like, okay, that'll be 10000 a month in insurance because we're trying to make money. We're an insurance company. We're doing this for the money. That we could do anything we want. We don't want to actually pay for people's cancer treatment. Are you kidding me? So that'll be about 10000 a month. If you show signs of having cancer, if anybody in your whole family history has ever had cancer, both sides, uh, we're going to cut that right, nip it in the bud. We don't treat cancer. We only want people that are going to stay healthy forever into their hundreds and twenties. And we're going to keep collecting those sweet premiums. And if they have to get a drug we also, you know, we make profit off of that, so we don't mind if they need certain drugs. Certain drugs that we get good deals with, sure, we'll help with that. You still got to pay for the good ones. We'll give you the shitty drugs for cheap. The real drugs, the name brand shit, you're on your own. You kidding me? We're trying to run a business here. We're not going to give you name brand pharmaceuticals trying to run a business here we're middlemen we only pay if something bad happens and if you need a drug that's not an emergency that's just you wanting a cool drug or you want the name brand version of whatever methamphetamine that's coming out of pocket that's too obscure for us we only pay for the boring shitty drugs that anybody could get so anybody (laughs) Anyway, that's why I want to run an insurance company. But I didn't make that clear. Should I spend another 10? <coughs> I think I spent enough time on that topic of the insurance company thing. That was pretty, I don't know how long, a long time. That's how Dave Chappelle does four hours. I don't know. I think that's what it would look like is he would come up with like a premise like that. And it would turn into 20 minutes very easily because it's fluid. Because he's in the fucking uh, flow state. And he just keeps hammering it on and keeps ironing out the premise. And it's continually, it's continuously, it's funny. It goes on to be funny because he keeps drawing new bridges. He keeps finding new veins to tap into. So I don't like to explain the process of comedy, but that's only because this is a 12-hour podcast and we got time to do that. We got time to do that. Maybe he does that too on his four-hour sets. Like, now I'm going to explain to you why that was funny. <laughs> now I'm going to explain to you why I'm Dave Chappelle and you're not. Um, it's from experience, man. It's from experience. Is, it the, is this a good look? I don't want to burn the house down. Speaking of life insurance... I don't want to go on a tirade about how emergencies don't happen and then light my house on fire. That'd be ironic. That'd be ironic. But luckily, emergencies rarely happen. Because most people are not stupid enough to light a cigarette in their own house with this kind of lighter. This is only for show. 
I don't want to break the show. I don't want to end. I don't want to cause a ripple in the performance by getting the regular lighter. So we're going to use this one because it's closer to me. And I happen to have it in my hand right now. So it's, we're just a couple seconds away from getting through the most dangerous part of this podcast, which is lighting a cigarette in my own house, which most people don't do. Most people, when they're smoking a cigarette outside they don't go back in with the same lit cigarette they usually wait for it to go out me no i'll smoke a little bit of it outside i'll go back in to smoke the rest of it i'm not out here just to smoke a cigarette i don't have a i'm not a loser i'm not like i'm out here to get fresh air i'm not here just to smoke a cigarette i'm looking at the sunrise i enjoy nature I'm going to go back in and smoke the rest of the cigarette. I'm not an animal. I don't go outside just to smoke cigarettes. I'm going to go inside to finish the cigarette. All right, it's lit. It's lit. I don't need to keep lighting it. I don't know. I just got to be careful, man, because after going on that fucking 20-minute tirade about how emergencies never happen well yeah they don't happen unless somebody is an idiot enough to light a cigarette in their house and they're cocky and they're doing a 12 hour excuse me i got ash in my mouth or something i got cotton mouth but anyway this is a rare thing that i'm doing and it's possible i could light my house on fire at the end of this thing i'm not a fucking sane person by now by now I'm pretty insane. As much as I'm legally allowed to be, <laughs> as much as I'm a lot, not legal, I'm definitely not doing anything legal. I'm not saying this is legal what I'm doing, but um, what I'm what I'm allowing myself to do in the confines of my own sobriety, this is about as insane as I'm willing to get. All right. Anyway, we got a couple. Uh, Whoa. I'm not tripping out. I'm not tripping out. I'm just wondering if I'm tripping out. There's a difference there. There's a difference. Tripping out, I don't have to ask. I'm wondering if I'm tripping out. Like how much I'm tripping out. And it's not that much. It's very managed. It's very normal and pleasant. I'm over the hump of trauma. I should take more. I could take more. Nah, more would be a bad idea. See, I know that much about my stuff. It'd be a bad idea to like take a double amount. I don't know, man. We only got a couple hours left of this show here. You don't want to abuse psychedelics. You don't want to be taking them like as a replacement to to other uh, recreational substances. I think that's a bad idea. But I'm only going by my gut feeling, not by anybody else telling me what to do. Nobody has said, like, oh, you shouldn't replace uh, 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 alcohol, for example, with uh, mushrooms. Nobody has ever said that because nobody likes mushrooms that much as much as alcohol. It doesn't do the same thing. But I'm a special breed of crazy. I don't think it's that weird. I think it's people do it. I think it's just people that 
I don't think it's that weird what I'm saying to abuse psychedelics. It is abuse, but it's not weird. There's a that's all I'm saying. Yeah, it's abuse. It's bad, but it's not weird. It's only bad in the sense that it's it's bad for my mental health. But it's not weird. Tons of people do things that are bad for their mental health. But that's it. It's only bad for my mental health, not for my physical health. My physical health? I mean, sure, it could turn into physical self-harm, but it won't. Yeah, yeah, I can guarantee. I can't guarantee nothing, but I can guarantee unless the garage door opener gets me, uh, the, the, the cum, the lube. Sorry, I, I misspoke there. Whoa. Getting ash. This is disgusting, man. But talking about a fucking person that smokes in their own house is fucking nasty, man. I mean, I get that you're doing a 12 hour. Like, I get it. You're doing it. You're going a little bit zany. You smoke. You're doing a 12 hour podcast. I get it. But, like, really? You're not going to crack a window? You're not worried about the fire alarm? Like,. Anyway, it's only bad for my mental health, is what I'm saying, to abuse psychedelics. And that could translate, it could convert into physical self-harm. Because mental self-harm, or whatever, uh, mental, uh, what do you call it, illness, could absolutely cause self-harm. But I'm not mentally ill. This neutralizes the mental illness. Does it? That's a weird thing. That's kind of like how ADHD people have to take stimulants. Like, If you're crazy, taking mushrooms does the opposite of making you crazy. It makes you not crazy. If you're already crazy, take mushrooms, man. It'll neutralize. It doesn't work that way, my friend. It doesn't work that way. It makes you crazier. Makes you crazier, but usually just makes you want to kill yourself. So that's not interesting. It's not like crazy in a fun way. Anyway, I should probably stop talking about people killing themselves. <laughs> Who man? But that's true, though. That's all it does. It just makes you dark. It just brings out the demons. It doesn't make you like crazy and like in the crazy sense. Um, it just makes you kind of dark. And uh, nothing wrong with that. As long as you, I mean, being dark is fine as long as you're not hurting other people. Don't hurt yourself and don't hurt other people. How about that? We're getting serious. We're going to end on a serious note. Whoops. I don't know. It's a weird thing, man, because like comedy. If you do dark comedy, you're kind of condoning darkness. You're kind of like, like you're using dark themes to bring happiness to, to make people laugh not to bring, make them happy but happiness comes from laughing i guess does it it's an escape from uh reality to just laugh at crazy shit dark shit i guess is what i'm saying so now that i'm actually thinking about this and not just rambling without actually having my brain attached to what i'm saying It doesn't mean we want people to kill themselves. Is all I'm saying, man. We, the comics, when we do jokes like that, we, yes, I'm speaking for more than just me. I'm not an idiot. 
I know that you know I can only speak for myself, but I I when any comic for the most part does a I can't think of any comic that does a dark joke and actually wants people to think it's literal, or when you joke about dark things like uh, suicide. Ooh man, that's a dark one. Doesn't mean we want you to do it. We don't want you to do it. Nobody wants you to do that shit. It's, uh, we want you to, uh, um, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Now, now I'm really having a deep, I'm going back to the first act of this podcast where I was like, actually, uh, whoa, whoa, should I say that? Does that make sense, man? Be careful. Because, of course, if you're hurting very badly... So that's why I can't... You're a lot... Fuck it. I am going to say this. Because um, it's on a podcast. And nobody listens to podcasts. So I can say whatever I want. So uh, why did I... Yeah, I forgot about that. We're nine hours into a podcast. Nobody's going to listen to this. So why say it then? It's like in, it's like you might as well yell it into the wind. It's like yelling at the clouds. Fair enough. That I guess that's the only reason not to say it is because it could only bring the video down. But uh Yeah, I feel for people that go through that, man. I'm not making light of this. I should take the sunglasses. Right, I'm. I can't talk about. What am I doing? What am I doing, man? I'm losing it. I'm not losing it. I'm just. It's like, do I really want to talk about a serious topic? I feel like I'm obligated to finish the thought I have on it because I opened up a can of worms. I was like, don't kill yourself. But everybody says. Everybody says that. Some people are gonna do it anyway. Because they are in pain. So that's why I'm having this like profound, like deep, uh, not knowing what to say next is because uh, what do you say to the people that have no other option, man? They're in pain. So yeah, I don't know. I'm like, you can't tell them to keep going. You can't just be like, uh, well, don't. Keep going anyway, even though you're in pain and there's no solution. Keep going anyway. Like, you can't always say that to them. So you have to be empathetic to what they're going through. But uh, I'm just saying, hear about this. Don't do it frivolously. Don't think about it first. How about that? Just make sure you really, really want to. Don't just do it to impress a girl. Don't... <laughs> Don't just jump off a bridge because it looks cool to impress your friends. That's an insult to people that actually want to go to that bridge to use it for what it's meant to be used for, which is to jump off and not to impress a girl because they had a long life of emotional trauma and they thought about this for years and years. <laughs> That's an insult to them. He's going to jump off for fun and survive? And then be like, yeah, it was just to impress a girl. I didn't actually want to die. Fuck that. That's not what the tourist attraction's for. That's disrespectful 
towards the people that actually go there for what it was built for, which was to jump off. Don't be disrespectful. So that's all I'm saying. It's just uh, don't be fluent. I mean, flippant. I mean, whatever. Frivolous. Don't be any of those things, man. It's disrespectful to the people around you, man. They will miss you. They will miss you. So don't jump off a bridge unless you really have no other option. And even then, give it another day. How about that? Give it another day. I'm just acting as if I'm actually talking to somebody off a bridge. I'll tell them this. I'll tell them, give it one more day for me. That's what I'll tell them. Because then it makes it uh, them feel like a dick if they... They'd be like, oh, fine, you're asking me for a favor? The last day of my life and you're asking me to do something for you, you scumbag? Okay, it's all about you. Making this all about you. Fine, I'll stick around for one more day. But then I'm definitely doing it and I'm going to do it even harder. I'm going to jump even higher because of you. I'm going to write you in my suicide. I'm going to be like, this guy made me wait one more day. I resent him. I'm going to jump even higher. So anyway, and then the next day, if I'm there the next day, which I won't be, let's say I was, because I'm a crazy person who goes to the same bridge two days in a row, to not jump off it, just to talk to suicide people off a ledge, which would be draining. That'd be so draining to be a suicide hotline operator. But anyway, let's say I am that. And I go to the same bridge, same time. I go, okay, so you, you, you're still here? You still want to? Yeah, I waited, the other, I waited another day. I'm going to jump even higher. I don't know what I would tell them. I would be like, I'd be like, well, can you not? Can you just do it when I'm not here? Like, do it. Don't do it. But if you're going to do it, don't do it in front of me. Don't ruin, don't give me trauma. Don't, yeah, so that's how I would look at it. Don't give other people trauma by just living your own trauma until until natural causes happen. That's the American way. Accept the trauma as something that can be tackled in expensive, super hard to find and access uh, resources such as therapy and magical mushrooms, which are way easier to access these days. You just get them anywhere. But let's say, yeah, that's the American way, is to fight your trauma one podcast at a time. Even if it's a 12-hour podcast, that's still that's better than jumping off a bridge. So that's the American way, is to sit in your catatonic state and and just absorb the negative frequencies and let them and try to get stronger and let them bounce off you the next day. See if like yeah, they're taking it down today, but it doesn't mean you won't learn how to or at least tomorrow you might be stronger. You never know. You might wake up feeling stronger. The next day, even though you still got that you still got that fatigue. I'm speaking from my experience, man. 12 hours ago, a, a, a long time ago, when I first started doing this podcast episode, 
not this podcast in general. I'm just talking about this episode. I was like, that was a long time ago when I first started doing this. I was a different person. And I struggled with fatigue and chronic fatigue. And look at me now. I'm almost 10 hours into a podcast. I'm standing on my own two feet. Yeah, you know, I got some pain in my bones. My feet hurt. I still got, my back hurts a little bit, but it's not stopping me. It ain't stopping me from focusing on the performance. I can take a break later. I still got the fatigue. Now that, now that you mention it, sure, I still got it in my brain. I got the fibromyalgia. I got something going on in my brain where it's like, it's like all over. It's like whatever. But anyway, look at me. I'm figuring out a way to live life still despite the handicap. Despite the chronic fatigue caused by emotional trauma burden, a burden, same, yeah, the trauma, the burden, I'm carrying a burden, that's why I got fatigue, it's not for nothing, that's, it's very hard to diagnose that, because it's, if it's in your head, it'll, the patient will be like, fuck you, it's in the, it's in my head, fuck you, (laughs) it's not in my head, I I feel horrible every day, I can't get out of bed, it's in my head, but it is, it's trauma, that doesn't mean it's not a real disease. It just means that the the cure is is uh, interwoven. There's no cure unless you inner unless you get into the nitty gritty of your subconscious. It, like I don't know if there's a cure. I just know that uh, mushrooms open you up to at least un looking at the bundle of trauma and at least. Be like, okay, I'm going to un... Uh, whatever you call it, disentangle it. And maybe if you disentangle that trauma enough, it'll help with some of the physiological symptoms. Once your brain... Once you look at it and have emotional strength over all these subconscious burdens of, uh, you know, what I keep calling trauma, maybe then the physiological symptoms will subside because... Catch-22. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? The head, it was, it was, it was the head. It was the trauma. It's, in the, it's a mental thing that came first. Then the physiological symptoms came later. Uh, that's me figuring out what uh, chronic fatigue syndrome is. For the ones that have no, like, physiological di- reasoning for it, like, let's, like, if there's no, maybe long covid is um yeah it's very I, I don't fucking know what I'm talking about because long COVID has similar uh symptoms as a uh, chronic fatigue syndrome and that's just physiological you got a virus it weakened your immune system and you're still fighting it that's it's taking resources off your immune system to f- keep fighting this latent yeah it's very complicated I'm just talking about chronic fatigue for people like me my experience what I was learned today with no research just from my own experience is I got this I got a bunch of knotted up bullshit in my head in my subconscious like maybe I'm gay that's in there somewhere you know so I got so that that's a bad thing that I care that much about that's not a big one 
that's not something that's plaguing me. And uh, I'm not gay. That's a bad example. I'm not gay. That was a terrible example. I should have brought that up. Why did I bring that up? I'm not gay. Some people. <laughs> let's move the. Let's move the defenses. Let's put somebody else under the bus. Let's throw somebody else under the bus. I'm not gay. I'll leave it at that. The least gay person ever. No, actually, I don't mind. I don't have. I'm not the least gay person. But anyway, I don't care about that. I have other traumas way above that that are even harder to talk about than just if I'm gay. If I was gay, I would tell you in a second. I'd be like, oh, yeah, finally, I know I'm gay. But if I, if, but these traumas that I'm talking about are more um, prickly uh, because uh, boring. It's not boring. It's just trauma. It's like me talking about my trauma. That is tough because that's the reason it's trauma. And also, it's not my business. It's not other. It's not uh, fair to lay out. It's just not appropriate for the podcast. How about that? I'll keep it for stand-up. I'll keep that for random audiences that that who gives a fuck. But when it comes to this podcast, I'm very specific about what I talk about on here. I have a deep sensor unit on at all times. Nothing just I don't just say whatever comes out. I'm very like thought out. Everything that I say on this podcast goes through a sensor. A real-time sensor. I never have to edit anything out because I have a real-time sensor that edits it before it's even said. That's why I pause for 12 minutes. It's like, should I say that? Should I say that? Anyway, and I do that on stage too. I go, I'm not going to say that. But then I bomb. It's like, you're supposed to say stuff on stage. You're not supposed to just be like catatonic. Like, I'm not going to say that because that wouldn't be funny to me might be funny to them i'm not gonna say anything until i think of something actually funny to say and then before you know it it's time to get off stage because you haven't thought of anything funny to say anyway that's been my whole comedy routine for the past two years as soon as i got to Oz, i was like i got nothing funny to say so i'm not gonna say it sorry to waste your time sorry to waste yours times So that's what I'm going through. That's what catatonic. That's what like, it's bad. It's bad. It's funny, kind of. That, that I, like, um, it'll be funny once I figure. It's just low dopamine caused by chronic fatigue. Caused by it's very complicated. It's a web. It's a spider web. Spider web is what it is. So anyway, that's what this episode is about. It's like the most deep episode. I, what, what if it wasn't? What if the 12-hour episode was like the least deep one? It's like, he didn't say anything deeper. Don't, don't listen. It's like, all he did was joke about bullshit. He didn't get deep at all in the 12-hour. Listen to the two, listen to the least, listen to the hour-long one. 12-hour long one, he was just trying to fill time. He didn't go deep into his personality he didn't put anything on the line and I, yeah i got nothing to put on the line uh but yeah there's a reason i don't i don't air out all my traumas on this fucker that'd be like too much man it's between me and the people that caused the trauma 
I'm not gonna like that'd be a little bit. I have decorum. I don't use this as a uh, talking shit. I don't talk shit on this podcast. I don't talk shit about people by name, at least. If I say, it's like if I can't avoid the specific, if I can't make it obvious who I'm not talking about, <laughs> if I can't fucking talk shit without it being obvious who I'm talking about, I can't do it because I'm a nice guy and I have respect enough to bring it up with them off the show. This is a show. This is a show. Who the fuck would use a show to do something as rude as to cause personal conflict, like bring up personal conflict or whatever, cause, bring up, reignite, create personal conflict with somebody else. That's not what a show is for. This is for entertainment purposes only. And I'm only saying that now? 12, 10 hours in, I'm saying that now. I feel like I should be saying that at the very beginning of the show, before I get into all these topics. Then people go, oh, it's just for entertainment value, not for like actually listening to as like advice. It's just for entertainment purposes only. You dum-dums, you li- you're actually taking a chapter out of you actually think what I'm saying like is real? Like, like sure, it's based on some truth, but like, it's like it's for entertainment. Everything I'm doing now is for entertainment to create uh, intellectual property to make me money on a documentary after I fake my own death. So don't take it person. Don't listen to. Don't actually take it as advice, except for when I talk about comedy. Of course, you could take. Of course, that said, just because it's for entertainment, there's still some truth from it. There's still some grains of educational truth, maybe, like that you could draw on how to improve your life. But uh, that's not what it's for primarily. It's primarily for entertainment value purposes only. Only, I'm not discounting that you could draw some grains of truth here and there from it that might improve your life. But that's not what it's for. Because of course I'm not going to discount the grains of fucking gems of genius that I'm laying out here. But it's for entertainment, primarily. So don't take it too serious. Use your discretion. How about that? Yeah, that's... Yeah, I hate to call you an idiot. So I'm just going to say this. Use your own discretion in life. I'm not your fucking leader. I'm not a cult leader. I'm not David Koresh. He was a leader. <laughs> he was somebody to draw answers for like what how do I do this? Like you suck my dick and then I'll tell you. He was that guy. I'm not that guy. I'm an entertainer. Don't look at me as like a fucking landlord or uh the next coming of Christ, man. <laughs> I'm just an entertainer. I am but an entertainer. 
That's all I am. I'm but an entertainer. I am nothing but an entertainer. So stop. And I love being an entertainer. Hey, I ain't knocking it. I ain't knocking it, but that's all I am. Is an entertainer. So use your own discretion. I'm not a fucking le- I'm not your fucking dad. Use your own discretion, man. That's what the word was invented for. It was for people like me to say on their media that people consume who are too dumb to live their own life. That's why it says viewer discretion is advised. As in, maybe don't watch this if you're too dumb to understand that it's for entertainment purposes only. Viewer discretion is advised. It's for entertainment purposes only. I'm an entertainer. I am but an entertainer. Not a doctor. You're looking at me like I'm a doctor, like I know what I'm talking about. I'm an entertainer. Everything I'm saying is primarily for entertainment. Viewer discretion is advised. And that is the end of this disclaimer. Which I don't disclaim, by the way. I, I thought it was a pretty good disclaimer. But everything I said within the disclaimer, don't be, come on. Don't listen. I'm an entertainer. Alright, this was fun. We only got about two hours left. Okay, that was a long one. That was a long hour. I won't lie. That was a long hour. I was hoping we didn't have two hours left. That's actually pretty rough to hear. That's actually pretty bad news to actually learn that I'm actually two hours away from being done with this. Two hours? We're going to be doing it for another two hours. Is that accurate? Yeah. Not quite two hours. An hour and a half. Okay, when you put it that way. We're in the middle of two hours and about an hour and 45 minutes. An hour and 40 minutes away. That's not that bad. That's not that bad. I think I got another podcast in me. Hey, I'm on a podcast tour. And this counts as me headlining a fucking Woodstock. This counts as like a huge... This counts as like Madison Square Garden. This counts as like... Is that? Is the Chicago Theater. So, what am I talking about? An hour and a half. I could do an hour and a half. I'm on a podcast. I'm, I have an infinite number of podcasts in me. I'm on a podcast tour. I forgot. No wonder I'm able to do this like, like breathing. I do podcasts in my sleep. I could shit out a better podcast in my sleep than most of the fucking sleepers that get paid 30 bucks a ticket. Who are only two years into comedy in this fucking shit dick of a community called Austin, Texas? Two, you get paid, you get sell, you get, people are paying thirty dollars a ticket. 
to see somebody that's only been doing comedy for two years and you see him fucking do the same dick jokes that their fucking nephew could pull out of their ass because they're like two years in. They haven't even realized that the only reason they're only doing comedy in the first place because of childhood trauma. They don't even know that that's why they're doing it. They're just doing dick jokes. That's that's it. That's embarrassing. Why do they even need a fucking amplifier? Why who two years in would think that they're good enough to talk into a microphone about their dumb dick jokes, not realizing the only reason they're doing it because they're so fucked up. Because they have childhood trauma. That's not funny. There's nothing funny about that. What the hell are you doing here? What am I paying 30 to- This is a scam. This is a fucking scam. People are paying $30? To see somebody who doesn't even realize that the only reason they're there is because they got childhood trauma? You're paying $30 to see somebody with childhood trauma? It's not that fucking interesting. It's not that rare to have trauma. You're paying 30 bucks a ticket for somebody who's been doing it for two years. It's not long enough, man, to realize how to talk into a microphone in a way that's not pretentious. It took me 10 hours to figure out the right way to talk. And I've been doing this for 10 years. And you're telling me you're good enough to do it two years? For thirty dollars? This is for free. You're doing it for thirty? This is for free. And I don't even think I'm good enough to talk into a microphone half the time. I'm ten years I'm ten hours in. I'm a ten year pod or ten fucking hour podcaster. I got my ten hours in. I paid my dues. Now I'm ready to talk into a microphone. I'm ten hours in. I paid my dues. You saw me struggling in the early parts of this career. In the early days of this podcast episode, oh man, I was so awkward up there, man. But I paid my dues. I toughed it out. I talked about all sorts of shit. I bombed up there for hours, literally hours. And you're t- and now I'm a little bit competent. Now I'm a little bit competent. To where I could kind of talk into a microphone. And you're doing it for $30? You're only two years in? I'm 10 hours in. I got eight hours on your two-year bitch ass. Two years. Sorry, I shouldn't have said bitch. That was hack. I cut the character. Cut the cord on the fake character. I just stepped into a line that I'm not willing to cross. Calling people bitch ass is a little bit over the line, a little bit over the top. You didn't have to say that. It was funny before you said that. Then in the thing is, bitch ass. It's like, what are you five? See, that's what ten-hour comedians do. That's what ten-hour podcasters do. They know how to edit themselves. They know when they're going over the line. They would never sell themselves for $30, man. Someday, when I'm ready, I've been doing it long enough to sell at least a little bit of money to see me. But it doesn't mean I'm good enough. It doesn't mean I'm going to do well. It's just because I've been doing it for... It doesn't mean nothing. It means something. 
But you also got to be funny that night. Yeah, 10 years experience, needs, usually you need at least that. The very, you need like more than that to kill, to do an hour, whatever. To be $30 good, you need more than 10 years of experience. 10 years is nothing. So if I ain't even ready to charge that kind of money, who the fuck do these people think they are charging $30? $30. You get it. I have to keep repeating myself. I think I repeated myself enough times. You know, that's not even my accent. I, I copied some. I'm copying somebody else who's probably also copying somebody else. It all goes up the ladder. Like it's all fucking cheap ass day goes all the way down. The turtles go all the way down, man. I don't know where I got this accent. I stole it from somebody who stole it from somebody else. It goes back to Italy to an original gangster and he invented it. His name is Joe Pesci. Pray to Joe Pesci. He invented this accent. I don't know who invented this accent. This accent's all over the place. But when I do it, hey, today, $30. $30? I don't know who invented it. That's not me. I didn't fucking invent that. $30. But it is a little me because I could try not to talk like that. Okay, let's just do the same bit without the accent. $30? People paying $30? Let me not do the Chicago accent to satisfy people that don't like when I do a fake accent. People are paying $30. Did you hear that people are charging $30? So it doesn't fucking work. My heart has to be, if my heart is in something, it'll come off that way. So it's not fake. Of course it's fake. Nobody talks like that. But when I'm doing a bit that's real, when it's a real bit, yeah, I'm going to do a, I'm going to do an accent because it sells the bit. I'm a salesman. And I developed it my own. I didn't like watch somebody on TV and go, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'll do that." And I studied it. No, you fucking, not that. I'm not a loser. I developed it. I don't know. I guess you don't really have to study people to pick it up. It's just a, it's just a hearing thing. If you just pick, you could just pick it up by exposure. It doesn't mean you're studying them to have the accent. But. uh it's funny, and uh, I don't know. I don't. I'm only doing it now because I'm overtired. That's another thing. I do it when I'm tired, when I'm like, like experiencing uh, sleep uh, deprivation. That's when the uh, the Chicago accent goes on full display, and I apologize. Viewer discretion is advised. It's for entertainment purposes only, and uh, that's why I do it. Do I have to explain myself? It's for entertainment purposes only. Let me do it without the accent so people don't judge me for doing a fake act. It is for entertainment purposes only. Oh, that was so much better. That was so much funnier when you did it with Dude, keep doing it without the accent. Keep forcing yourself to not do the accent even though it's harder and unnatural. And takes more effort and doesn't make it as funny at all. Keep doing what takes more effort. 
Yeah, keep yeah, put more effort into not being funny. Yeah, do here, for me, because I don't like when other people get laughs in a way that I don't feel is genuine. How about this? Anytime you're gonna say something that's gonna get a laugh in an easy way, don't. I'd rather see you struggle up there. Say it in a in a real boring way. Say it without the accent. Okay, I'm going to do that from now on. Let's try that for the rest of the show. No more acts. Because I don't want to piss somebody off that I don't care about. That I, I mean, I care about them if I'm talking about them this long. But, like, obviously, I, it gets in my head. But I don't respect them. I don't, in the terms of, like, I don't think they're funny. I respect them enough as, like, acquaintance. Like, it's somebody that's, like, also doing something that I'm doing. But I don't look up to them. They're not funny to me. I don't. They've never made me laugh. And they're telling me how to do comedy, but I get where they're coming from. They want to see someone genuine. I get it. That's why I'm so hard on myself. That's why I don't always do it. But uh, so let's do something that takes more effort and doesn't get as many laughs to appease some douchebag. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. I don't even have a real laugh. I don't even like have a real laugh, you know? Like I have a real laugh, but I don't show it in public. I'm ashamed of like my real personality because um, I don't have one. My real laugh is good. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's very personal and vulnerable to reveal your real laugh to the world. Because it's very personalized. And it's uh, it's embarrassing. It's not a good laugh. That's why people... I don't know if other people do this, but that's why I would want to dress it up and put a, a lacquer on it and like polish it up to make it a better laugh. So even that I'm ashamed of. Of course I'm ashamed of everything else I do. But... Uh, It's a real accent. It's how I talk when I'm trying to when I'm like passionate about something. Like fuck you. I don't know. And that's also a character. I don't know. It's weird. It's very. Uh, it's better than nothing. It's better than not having anything. But I could tell that it's not that original. That's how I feel about it. Otherwise, I wouldn't care. If I thought it was brilliant and original, I wouldn't uh, worry about it so much. If I didn't all kind of see where they're coming from, it's like, yeah, that's kind of not that original. It'd be like a day go, to just do like a, a Chicago accent all the time. So, uh, I'm going to keep being catatonic instead because that's killing. That kills the crowd to be catatonic and not even think of nothing to say. I'd rather be catatonic than be a hack. Though, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'd rather be who I really am, which is a catatonic uh, person that's afraid to even go around the block. I don't know. I de you develop a persona because talking into a microphone in public is a crazy thing to do if you're an introvert. It's like, what the hell? Why am I amplifying my voice? to the whole bar 
when I don't even want to talk to a single person in this bar and I'm talking to all of them, that makes no sense. So the way to do that in a way that actually feels conducive or has a point and to give you that narcissistic, okay, I'm doing this for is fun. You develop a persona. You, everybody does this. Most comedians do this. They develop some kind of like persona. Because usually themselves, if you're just yourself, nobody's that interesting. If you're nobody, most people don't have that interesting of a personality to just be themselves. They have to develop a persona, a heightened version of it, to actually get people to laugh, on, to pay attention to you on stage. And that could be a persona that's not entirely unique either. Because that takes a long time, I think, to develop something unique. Otherwise, but you need something. You can't, I mean, sure, because you got to get, uh, you got to learn how to kill as soon as possible. And if it's not the most unique persona, that's not the biggest flaw. Because not all persona, because I already know that I like, I, what I'm doing is Tony Clifton sometimes. But uh, at my most extreme, I do Tony Clifton when I'm not even trying to, do anything relatable like bits at all i'll just do tony clifton like what are you talking about like get get up like as you're about to go into a, a, a joke you get mad at somebody and that's the joke that becomes the joke you getting mad at the crowd is the joke i i do that and people don't realize that that's what i'm doing because they think because it's not easy to tell because i'm tony clifton so what I'm talking about though is like having a but yeah whatever okay it's not that unique I haven't thought of something groundbreakingly unique yet who cares that's it that's the only reason you're not doing it because it's not groundbreakingly unique yet everybody's gonna call you a hack even if it is unique man even if it is who gives a shit just focus on the material you could tweak the delivery later. Focus on the material. I can't do that. I'm bored of the material. That's why I do podcasts. That's why I do 12-hour podcast. I don't think I made that Did I make that clear? I'm not good at honing material, man. If I was good at honing material, I'd be like getting paid $30. I'd be one of those two-year comics getting paid $30 if I was good at honing material. Clearly, I don't give a crap. I don't give a crap about material. I am Chicago. Wherever I go, Chicago happens. That's a stupid bit. See? That was four hours ago that I thought of that. Stale. It's already stale. To me. Because I did it already. I'm an artist. I'm a fucking artist. Most people can't do that. Most people can't just come up with something funny on the spot. Because they're not from Chicago. So I don't need people telling me that I'm not from Chicago. That I can't exude the vibe. And figure out how to go on stage and be who I am. I don't give a fuck if it's a fake character. I don't give a fuck if it's like a phony, bullshit, baloney 
If somebody calls me out, it's like, okay, and? It's for entertainment purposes only. Use your discretion. That's why you didn't see the disclaimer? Viewer discretion is advised. Of course, this is not my real personality. My real personality is catatonic. Who gives a shit? That's not fun. That's not entertaining. Oh, that's hilarious. Seeing a dude just think about what not to say. Nope, that's not funny. Nope. Not going to say that. That's not entertaining. I don't give a fuck if you think I'm a phony. I know that I'm a phony. It's, it's what I'm doing. I know. The whole point. It's for entertainment value. Why do I have to repeat my... I don't know, man. Some people just aren't going to get the gist of it until you repeat it a million... Th- people just fuck you. And I'm one of them. I don't remember shit. I don't remember anything that I'm talking about. A couple themes came up. I did a bunch of recalls. That's only because I do comedy enough where I am. I have the instinct of doing, uh, what do you call them? Recalls. Callbacks. See, I have a horrible short-term memory. Except for callbacks. Because that's part of doing comedy. Because it's it, you build the instinct for it. I have a horrible short-term memory. I don't know the fuck my joke. I, I I could think of a joke two minutes ago. It's gone. It could be a brilliant premise. It's gone. Unless it's a callback. Unless I already said it earlier, then I will call back to it because I am a professional. So I don't go out for $30 shows because I'm not ready to... I would not perform in a professional manner because I'm a professional. That's why I don't do shows. Because a professional wouldn't do shows if they weren't ready to be a professional. That's how I got out of a gig a couple of years ago. I think I said this before. I was like, they were like, why have you pushed a single line of code? I was like, because I'm a professional. Professionals don't push lines of code. They survey first. They They survey. For many weeks. Then they decide if they want to push code. I'm not a fucking amateur. I literally. That's literally kind of what I did. I was like. No I want to be professional to push code. Without knowing what the hell's going on. And I think that's true. That's kind of true. And that's what I'm saying right now. Is um, the professional thing to do. Would be to not expose myself. When I'm going through a mental health. Divot. A crisis, a fucking crisis. Nobody's crying. It's a divot in the snow. It's a little fuck. It's a little. It's a slope. Nah, it's not a fucking. It's a little bite missing out of the snow, man. Picture a, a snowy hill. There's a little clump of snow missing out of that hill. There's a couple snowballs. There's like one big snowball missing from that hill. That's what I'm going through mentally. I'm going through a mental health divot. Not a crisis. Um, 
Because I got resources to get me through a crisis before it even happens. I got insurance. I got good insurance. I own my own insurance company. I can get through any crisis, any emergency before it even happens. Tornado, mental, mental. There's no insurance against that. Health insurance, they don't want to hear about that. Are you going through a mental health crisis? That's out of pocket. It's out of pocket. Sure, we'll give you some pills, some cheap-ass generic pills that'll just gonna... It's like wearing a... It's like putting on a thicker hat. But if you actually want to confront that bullshit, that ain't our job. It's not an emergency. That sounds like white privilege work for us. For you, not for us. We are for emergencies only, not for your privileged little trauma uh therapy session so yeah good luck with that good luck finding a good therapist it'll probably cost like 300 dollars a session if they're good and they probably already booked up they're probably all booked up if they're good because they get recommendations man it's all word of mouth they don't gotta advertise you fucking you kidding me if you're a professional you don't really have to advertise Sure, when you're first starting out, you might have to start a MLM to get your fashion line out of the to get it famous. But once you're professional, once people know you, you gotta fucking advertise. Only fucking the shitty ones advertise. I don't advertise. You don't see me advertising this thing. I post one. I post about it on Instagram. Not all the time. I've done some amazing work on this podcast. I didn't post a single thing about it because the good guys, we don't got to advertise. I let people come to me. I don't push myself out there. That's what the clips are for. That's what the reels are for. I don't waste people's time. I don't expect people to listen to the whole 12-hour thing. Maybe, you know, 11 out of the 12, but not the whole 12 hours. Not every episode, but that's what the reels are for. I push my, I, I try to, I'm doing better. I'm trying to make something out of the, like put something worthwhile into those. Like even if they're just slightly funny, who gives a shit? It's free. Just throw it out there. You never know what will work because I've seen trash on there get millions of hits. I'm just like two year comics, just like talking to each other and just laughing at a dumb joke. It gets like two million views. Not a lot of likes, but just views. Because it's not that good. Same with what I was saying with like... Popular... Like, I don't know. Was that something I was talking about earlier? Is that a metaphor? Is that a similar uh, concept of what I was bringing up earlier? With like the whole... Uh, I'm trying to tie it back to the two-year comic. There's a market for anything that's like has to do with like comedians talking, I guess. Because of Joe Rogan. But then when you actually watch the video, unless they're 20 years in, is it actually going to get a, a good amount of likes? Whatever, man. High qu- There's obviously exceptions. There's some comics that are just naturally fucking killers. That are like, just naturally talented. There's room for that. But it's because they got more dopamine too. If you start, because everyone starts off with more dopamine, man. 
even if you got ADHD, because that gives you dopamine. Being a new, fresh comic gives you dopamine. Doesn't matter if you got ADHD. That'll give you a reason to fucking focus on something, man. So that'll fade. Those assholes. They ain't no Louis C.K.'s on on there who are two years in. They ain't doing nothing comparable to no Louis C.K. I don't give a fuck how many views they got or how many followers they got. Who I mean, people pay. You'd be cra- You'd be surprised what people consume. It don't mean as good shit that they're consuming, man. You'd be surprised. You should see what people put into their bodies all the time. And you're surprised that these shitty comedians get 2 million views? Look at what people are putting into their bodies every day. People drink soda? They eat Oreos? They eat, uh, I don't know, cornstarch? And you surprised that they're consuming shitty media too? Ooh, what a shocker. Takes talent to seek talent. And I ain't seen talent in a long time. At these two year comedy shows, they charge $30. $30? And you think you could just roll in there with your two years of dick jokes? Not even knowing that the whole reason you're there in the first place because you're. have childhood trauma and you're not even gonna. That's not funny. You don't even know why you're doing You haven't even like made peace with how fucked up you are in a mature, sober way. You're just still just drinking and like, yeah, this is fun. I'm just drinking and making people... Li- I'm the best. No, you're fucking... You're, you're just drinking your own Kool-Aid. The best don't think they're the best because they, they're, they're professionals. They know that they're not good enough for those shows even though they because they don't have the dopamine. So they stay home and they do 12-hour podcasts and they think of tons of material on the podcast and they never put it out except for on the podcast. They don't fucking hone it because that's, it takes dopamine. And they don't got the dopamine. Who the fuck gets excited about honing bits if they're 10 years in or 10 hours in? Same thing, man. Ten hours of a podcast episode, that's enough to pay your dues. That's the same as being a ten-year comic. Ten-hour podcast. If you can do a ten-hour podcast, you pretty much got what it takes. You're pretty much my peer. I would fist bump you. Not, you know, not the most authentic. Like, I wouldn't press that hard on it. I'd be like, you know, 10 hours. Probably just sat there the whole time. Just because he did quantity doesn't mean it was quality. But yeah, you put out the quantity. wouldn't say quality. It's because he did 10 hours. So anyway, I do, I do 10 hours of uh, variable quality. Not just quantity. I do variable quality. You know, that's the best way to... Put it out, man. Variable quality. Unpredictable quality. That's the best quality. The best way to compress your videos using uh, variable bit rate. 
because you never know which parts are good enough to like use the juice for. Don't use the same bit rate on the shitty parts. Use variable bit rate because certain scenes of that movie that you're compressing might be better than the shitty boring parts where they're just on a bus. They're just on a bus. No, man. Keep the juice for the fight scenes. For the shit that needs it, man. For the most emotional parts of the movie. That's where you should have the high... That's why it's variable bitrate. That's what that was invented for. Not just the same bitrate. You're going to waste all this money and bandwidth in all this hard drive space on boring bus scenes. They're just on a bus. Does it have to be 10,000 kilobits of just people on a bus? Variable bit rate. That's what they was invented for. Viewer discretion is advised. And this podcast is variable in quality. Goes up and down. Some parts it's like, okay, what the hell is he talking about? The other parts are like, whoa, this is like a uh, this is the next great bit. This is the next Bill Hicks. Oh man, he could kill in the he could he could fucking sell out the Apollo for thirty dollars a ticket. But then uh, two seconds later, it's like, whoa, this guy is barely an open micer. This guy's catatonic. This guy got to die in his garage with the, this is the, the guitar lube. I mean the garage lube. But you know what I meant. Because at this point, we're only doing callbacks, baby. I think I could get away with only doing callbacks for the whole rest of the podcast. You know? This is how it is. Where you just get tired of playing with the same four guys. You know? That's what you do when you're in the Beatles. You know, we've all been there. We've all been in the Beatles. We've all written Strawberry Fields. How many Strawberry Fields do I want to write in one career? It's like, you know, that's what you do. That's what you do. I'm a 10-hour podcaster. I think I know what I'm talking about. I wouldn't be doing this. If I got nothing to say, I ain't gonna say it. I'm gonna stand there, catatonic as fuck. Whoa, I thought I saw this book. People are gonna write a book about me. I mean, a, I mean a documentary about me. People are gonna write a documentary about me. Sorry, I'm just getting hit by a, a wave of exhaustion. I just realized that I'm actually like getting like kind of tired. Like I'm pushing the envelope on my uh, physical, mental health. The barrier, where's the barrier? Is it physical or mental? It's, it's like it feels like a little bit of both. Psychosis is setting in. I'm from Chicago. I don't feel like I ever left Chicago because I am Chicago. Wherever I go, Chicago. It happens. I don't fucking care. 
If I'm in Chicago, I'm in a fucking cul-de-sac in some rando subdivision in the middle of nowhere in Texas. Is that Chicago? Not if you look at a map. Unless you look in my look into my eyes. Fuck the map. You could tell that Chicago is here. You feel like you're in Chicago when I'm in the room. All right. That was one of them. That was a bit. That was a callback. That tree is looking creepy as fuck. That's one. The lighting. The lighting sucks. I need a tan. Alright, I'm forcing it to him. I'm forcing it. I don't think I could do only callbacks for the whole hour that we got left. We li- we have a whole hour. That'd be so... That'd be such a crescendo. That'd be such a grand finale to do the last hour only calling back for the first 12 hours. <laughs> I would do callbacks... On the last hour too. So I do like a callback. On a callback. Like Inception style callback. That's never been done in comedy. Nobody's ever done a callback. On a callback. I'm kidding. They have. It's called improv. Every improv class teaches that. But not. That. Not in the way that I'm talking about. On a podcast. It would still be. uh, Whatever. I don't think I'm that creative. The callbacks fill time. They're entertaining because everybody it, it gets them to listen up, or they recognize recognition. Instantly gets people on board, so you're creating recognition in a very short time span. It's like nostalgic; like they're nostalgic for the first time it happened. So you bring it up again. So you're creating this mythos, like or this like intellectual property. You're making them miss... I don't know. That's what... It's like a weird way to like... uh, Get people to... Really like you. Is by doing callbacks. As much as possible. Can't do too many... I used to think... Really? That guy's doing a callback? Yeah. Because it works. I used to be a new comic. And I would see older comics doing callbacks. I was like... Yeah. I see what they're doing. And it works, but what is it necessary? I think it's uh, more than necessary. I think it's essential to entertainment is uh, recognizing something that they liked before and do it again. Milk it. Why not milk something um, to fill time? That's what professionals do because then it's more economical as a manufacturer of comedy. If you're manufacturing comedy, who wants to manufacture 40 minutes of original? No, you want to do some of it where you're just repackaging. So come on. This is just business 101. Of course you want to repackage. Or else you're going to have to charge more money, man, because it's more intellectual property. It's like a sequel. That's why Hollywood does sequels. Anytime you see a comic doing a callback, that's just good business. 
Don't be mad at the player. That's just good business. It's economical and people like sequels, man. Intellectual property recognition. Brand recognition. It got famous the first time they did it, so they're bringing it back. It's like the Spice Girls. It's like, oh, they're back. Oh, they're back. That's what a callback is, and that's why it's appropriate for every comedy set and podcast, no matter how short or long. The more, the better. It's more economical. You're saving money, and you're selling. You're it's making people happy. It's 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 like corn syrup. It gets people just as happy as real sugar, but it costs way less. Come on, manufacturing 101. It's like business 101, man. Bottom line. Of course, you're going to sell them cane syrup. That shit takes forever to grow. Corn syrup, man. Fucking dime a dozen. Same with callbacks. The more callbacks you could do, the better. I don't shy away from callbacks. I would do a whole podcast of callbacks if that was possible. The problem is, you need a first original thing to do a callback from. You can't just start with nothing and pull a callback out of thin air. That's what the whole very first five hours of this podcast was, was me creating the groundwork for the farmer to eventually... Reap the harvest, which is an infinite amount of callbacks, man. We just need one harvest. It'll never get stale. Maybe in 30 hours it would get stale, but not 12. Everybody's got time for a 12-hour podcast. We all got commutes. We all got long commutes. We all got long commutes, man. This fucking urban fucking shit hell. They built this place for cars. Only, there ain't no trains. We ain't got no train system that goes super thousand miles an hour. So that's why the longer the podcast, the better. Because people got long commutes, man. They can't afford to live in the city. Not everybody can afford to live in the city. That's why we make long podcasts for your commute. You're welcome. Hey, this is for free. This is for free. Now, if you want to support me, I charge $30 a ticket to see me do a catatonic set in my garage. I just sit in my car catatonically in a funny way because, like, because I do this. I just lean back like this, and that's worth $30 to see somebody do that in their garage. So it's $30. And I'm not, and uh, that's it. I hope you're almost at your job. That's a very long commute. 12 hours. We're 10 and a half hours into this monkey. And you're only, you're still listening to this? You're not even at your job yet? We're 12 hours. This is a 12 hour show, but like, like, you should probably look into maybe getting a closer job or moving closer to the city. If you're still, if this podcast hasn't ended yet, by or at least if you the podcast, of course the podcast hasn't. This is the longest podcast ever. I'm saying if your commute hasn't ended, you should probably get a closer job because this is a pretty long podcast. And like we know, we're very compensating. We like to give 
truck drivers on long haul trips a nice thing to listen to. I think this would probably be not a nice thing to listen to. I think this would probably be very bad for their mental health if they listened to this one for 12 hours. They probably want to take a little viewer discretion is advised on that for sure. I would definitely use your. I would definitely recommend. And by that, what that means is, don't, don't do that. This is for entertainment purposes only, not for actually listening to. For 12 hours. This is like the whole point of this is like, wow, we actually did a podcast for 12 hours. It's not to actually listen to for 12 hours. It's like, oh, okay, that's something I'm to never listen to. Don't actually, viewer discretion is advised. As in, don't listen to this. That's what that means. I don't know if that is that what that means. I think that is what that means. It's like basically that's just the leak. <clears throat> that's like legalese for saying, "Hey, you don't gotta watch this." You know, if you don't like the video, if you don't like what we're saying in this video, you don't gotta fucking watch it. I think that's what that means. Like, hey, you're an idiot. Is what that is. Like basically, you're saying, "Hey, you know, you you got your own choice in the matter." I would advise that maybe you use that discretion. That's such like a fancy way of calling people dumb. Like, hey, just so you know, you don't have to watch this. You're a fucking idiot if you blame us for saying this because uh, it's a free world. You could also make something that people don't want to watch. You don't see us banging on your front door telling you not to do it. That's why viewer discretion is advised. It's for entertainment purposes only, man. Don't actually listen to what I'm saying. I don't condone doing what I'm doing. I'm not responsible for anything that I condoned on this podcast. In my personal life, I condone it. For me, not for other people. This is for entertainment purposes only. Like what? Like Everything I said and all the drugs that I'm talking about abusing... It's for entertainment purposes only and documentary purposes only to see for clinical people that are studying. You know, I'm not just saying it's only for entertainment. I mean, come on. I'm not going to discount the vital information that I'm laying out for free that I would never charge $30 a ticket for. I'm just saying that primarily it's for entertainment don't fucking listen to me. Like, oh, he take he takes a lot of he ta- he's a drug addict. Like, I was, I'm, I'm yes, but I'm, that might be true. But I'm saying that for entertainment. Anytime you see uh, a TV show that depicts somebody addicted to drugs or abusing drugs, that's for entertain. Don't you realize that it's for you don't have viewer discretion. I'm supposed to actually do what they're doing in the movie that's for your own discretion man live your own life don't you realize that's the only reason people talk about that shit because it's entertaining (laughs) 
Not to discount all the valid medical information that I'm espousing and giving out free of charge. I'm just saying, primarily. Anyway, this is a... It's a quantity product that I'm putting out. This is a very quantity product. Top quantity. This is the toppest quantity. This is top shelf in quantity. What I'm laying out to you right now, two eyes only, it's from me to your eyes only. I'm being generous. Let's round down. Let's assume that not more than one eye is going to ever see this. So for my eyes to to zero, for my eyes, for my is that for yours for your eyes only, as in nobody, because nobody listens to podcasts. You could say whatever you want on a podcast. Nobody listens to podcasts. You don't get that? You think we heard about the time that you killed a dude? No. Not if you said it on a podcast. Nobody listens to your fucking podcast. We don't care if you're Jeffrey Dahmer. We don't care if you're the guy that killed all those tigers. We'll watch the documentary about it. Because that's well edited. That's high-quality content, not quantity. We don't want to watch your stupid podcast, Joe Exotic. You can say whatever you want on your stupid podcast. You can say you wanted to kill a bunch of people on your stupid podcast, which he did. But the only reason we heard about that is because somebody was crazy enough to research their documentary and they actually did somehow have the audacity like not the they actually had the mental talk about trauma they must have gotten trauma bonded onto this Joe Exotic guy by watching hours of his stupid podcast his piddly podunk podcast piddly little just to find out that he wanted to murder somebody That must have been a desperate documentarian. It must have been a rough thing to only do for Netflix to, to be the number one show on Netflix for a while. You had to watch somebody's podcast? Nobody watches podcasts, man. You could confess to murder on a podcast, and like unless you're becoming the next Netflix documentary. Nobody's gonna watch it, man. If Jeffrey Dahmer had a podcast where he laid out all the plans to, for who he was gonna kill with pictures and evidence and their human flesh and bones and skulls on the actual podcast, nothing would, he would have gotten away with it for many years. Nobody listens to podcast. Nobody would have watched that shit. Even if it was the first one before podcasting technology existed. The very first RSS feed, XML, 
you could have done it in the 90s you could have had an x you could have had an rss feed it wasn't called that but all this is xml it's just a fucking file an xml file which is similar to html but it's you it's anything it's variable you could just put a variable for anything and then somebody came along and was like, oh, I'm going to invent something called RSS, which is just a schematic. It's just a framework for how to create an XML file to pass along metadata for a podcast. Dahmer could have done that. Thank God he didn't, because now we heard about him. If he did a podcast, nobody would have heard about the guy. They'd be like, oh, the guy with the... Uh, I don't give a fuck if he murdered people. He's got a podcast, man. I don't want to listen to somebody that has a podcast. That ruins people's legend. Having a podcast ruins people's lives. Having a podcast is worse than not doing anything at all. Being a complete zero that nobody's ever heard about. That's better than having a podcast because at least nobody cared. At least, at least you know. At least you, it's better to know that no, it's better to not know that nobody cares than to than to take away all doubt. It's better to live in ignorance than to have a podcast and remove all doubt that nobody actually cares about you. I'd rather just be living my life in ignorant bliss. Being like, oh, I, I don't know, I guess nobody, maybe nobody cares about me. Or you could start a podcast and you'll find out exactly how many people don't care about you. Turns out it's everybody. Turns out it's everybody on the whole planet. So it's be- it ruins people's lives to start a podcast. So it's better that you don't. I would not recommend it. Um, unless you're mentally ill and you like and you're a specific type of mentally ill and you're fine uh, being made fun of. If you like laughing at your own despair, don't start a podcast. There's enough podcasts. Unless you want to put me on your podcast. I'll go on your podcast, but don't start one just for me to be on it. I'm not, I'll do it. But don't start a podcast. It ruins people's lives. It's better to not have a podcast and not know that nobody cares about you than to start a podcast and remove all doubt. You'll find out exactly how many people don't care about you. It turns out it's everybody on the whole planet. I wouldn't recommend starting a podcast unless you like finding out that nobody cares about you. But also, you could say that about uh, many things. You could say that about social media. The second you start a social media profile, you'll find out how many people care about you. If you're not that interesting, it'll be a dose of reality. So it's not that different from starting a podcast. But if it's a podcast just about you... The show, you, I'm talking about the show. I'm not talking about you as a person. I'm talking about the show. Do podcasts about the show you. It's a good idea. 
people would actually listen to it and find it enjoy and maybe you'll actually it won't ruin your life do a fucking podcast about a show or a true crime killer like Dahmer who didn't have a podcast thank fuck he didn't have a podcast because now nobody would have anything to do a podcast about if Dahmer had his own podcast what would the true crime they'd be like well he really has his own what do we gotta do another podcast about somebody that already has a shitty podcast that would take all the fucking glory out of Jeffrey Dahmer's legacy is if he had his own podcast like Joe Exotic the reason he was able to get away with having a podcast is because that's the whole point is that he was a self-involved phony and a creep that's why it didn't matter that he had a podcast because that's part of the selling point that he was a loser and a bad person having a podcast you could say a few things about him that wasn't the worst thing about him that he had a podcast you know there's worse things about him like Jeffrey Dahmer think fuck he didn't have a podcast because that would take away all the respect that he earned from killing all those people Joe Exotic was already kind of a phony like he didn't you know he's just known for buying and selling tiger like who cares if he had a podcast he was already no he wasn't he was already like looked at as like third rate but Jeffrey Dahmer is the creme de la creme of people that people respect so people look up to him so Thank fuck he didn't have a podcast. That'd be like if like uh, Steve Jobs had a podcast or some shit like that. That'd be like if uh, I mean Steve Jobs, he was involved. He pretty much in, was involved in creating like popularizing podcasts. So that's a weird example. So that'd be weird if he had one though, because he invented them. If he popularized them, he doesn't need his own. So that'd be weird if he had one. Thank fuck he didn't have one. Uh, who? Yeah, if Jesus had a podcast, oh man, that would suck. If David uh, Koresh had a podcast, it would suck. It would ruin his legacy if you heard him talking about, okay, today's podcast, thank you, Up, oh, we gotta do some house cleaning. I got a Patreon, it's $30 a month. Because I'm two years into podcasting. So I think that's enough to charge $30 a ticket. I'm David Koresh. I'm the second coming of Jesus. The first guy. I was drinking back then in the 80s. I was drinking in the 80s, man. The 80s. Not the 80s. I'm talking about the 2,000 years ago. Are you listening to me? That was the old me. Yeah, that was me. I had a cool beard. I looked cool. I had swag. That's because I was drinking. Everybody has swag when they're drinking. The 80s... It's not a good time for me. Because I was dead. I don't know if you know this, but AD stands for after my death. But I don't know what to call it when I was alive. So I just called... I just round up to the 80s because it sounds badass but anyway that was the old me anyway so thanks 
Thank you for tuning in to my weekly podcast. I'm David Koresh. I hope I don't get a bunch of people shooting up. I hope I don't get... Uh, I hope I don't have to burn down my own building with people. And I hope I don't have to, like, kill a bunch of people because of people not get, like holding me hostage in my own house, in my own compound. But anyway, this is a good... Anyway, next on the show... We have, we're going to get this some mail envelope. We're going to check the mail. Like, thank fuck he didn't have his own podcast. Because now he wouldn't be cool. He wouldn't be cool. So anyway, who else should not have a podcast? I, sh- I don't give a fuck about, I'm a nobody. I'm proud of my podcast because it's um, this is the podcast to end all podcasts. This is a podcast about nothing, you know. It's so uh, this podcast is so it's it's post postmodern. It's the end of podcasting as we know it. It's a reason not to do a podcast. It's a instruction manual on why it ruins people's lives to have a podcast. And my life was way better before I started this thing. This thing has ruined my life. Telling people that I have a pod... Every time I tell people I have a podcast, I have to feel the shame of them finding out that he has a podcast. And they go, oh, well, I don't like you anymore then. I used to kind of think you were kind of cool. Now that I know that you got a podcast, it's like, what is it, the 2008s? What is it, the early 2000s and 10s? What is it, the 80s? Everybody has a pod... Everybody has a pod... You're not supposed to have a podcast. Only losers have podcasts in the 2020s. Oh, you just started a pod... In 2020, you started a podcast. Well, it was nice knowing you. You do a 12... You did a 12-hour podcast. And I'm supposed to talk to you like a normal person still? Go to Oregon. How about that? That's all I got to say to you. Go to Oregon. I heard there's some nice places there. I'm not mean. I'm not not to be rude, but it, you should check out Oregon. No, fuck it. Not to come off as a. Not, this might seem like kind of like a, coming out of the blue, but uh, have you ever been to Oregon? Just wondering. Just wondering. Just get. It, just wondering. Nothing. You know. Just trying to plant the seed. You did a 12-hour podcast, huh? Cool. I'm supposed to talk to you like a normal person? I mean, that's something. That's something that you... That's quantity. It sounds like a very quantity product. But I was wondering, have you ever been to Oregon? No reason. Just wondering, man. Just planting the seed. I heard they got good seeds there, man. No reason. I'm not. Why am I smiling? I, sorry, I, I'm just kidding. I'm just fucking around. This is a. It's just an inside joke between me and my podcast listeners that I don't have because I don't do a podcast. I'm not a loser. But if I did have a podcast, I would do a joke on it about how you should go to Oregon and you just smile at them, hoping that they. 
go away because that you don't want to talk because who the fuck would want to talk to somebody that did a 12-hour pot it's like it's like Hope you're not charging 30 bucks for that. But, all right. I'm trying to think of callbacks. Callbacks. All right, we're in the Twilight era. We're in the Twilight Zone of this podcast. We're still in the third part. I'm not changing. I'm not separated. I'm not putting in a uh, partition. But we're in the Twilight Zone. Less than an hour. We only got an hour, less than an hour, which sounds crazy to say that we're actually almost through this I'm actually beside myself looking at the clock realizing that it actually is 7pm I'm kind of in a way proud of myself but also sad am I like dejected I feel like um I'm going to miss uh, the old me. No. I'm going to miss myself before I started. I'm I'm a different person. I'm a 10-hour podcaster. I gained a lot of experience points on this podcast. I leveled up. I don't think I'll ever be the same podcaster ever again since I did this. I'm going to be approaching podcasting as a very different person now that I've done a 12-hour podcast. I'm a veteran of podcasting. This was a sequel of the first... This is part three. Still, I'm not experiencing any effects of uh, psilocybin. I don't really feel the mushrooms... Unless I really like stare off, they're gone. They're they're subsiding. I think that's insane. I, I that's like uh, you you develop a tolerance very quickly. Thank God. But that sunrise was incredible. I'm just thinking about it. I guess the reason I'm kind of. This uh, melancholy is because I'm missing. Uh, I'm prioritizing this podcast over something else I could be doing, which is way more productive. Which is being catatonic in public. Nah, too nah, too tired. Anyway. Let me check. So for this this open mic, um, by the time this comes out, me checking if an open mic is happening or when to get there, it's not that interesting. But it's I'm gonna miss it is the point that I'm making. I'm gonna miss this open mic, and it's the most important open mic in the whole city. Also, there's Kill Tony, but I'm missing that too. I'm already late for that too. I'm missing both of them for this podcast. Yep, sign up at 6.30 for 
both of them, I think. I don't know. Doesn't say for the open mic, but it started at seven. Oh no, just it says uh that's Tuesday, that's tomorrow. Okay, I guess there's no open mic. I was misreading it. Really? There's no open mic. So I'm not really missing anything after all. I'm just missing a thirty dollar showcase with two year comics. So I I I lucked out. Thought it was an open mic. I guess that was yesterday. I yeah, that was yesterday. Today's Kill Tony. I also missed that. Oh well, fuck Kill Tony. Um. So tonight at Mothership, that's tomorrow. No, there's nothing at Mothership except for Kill Tony. That's it. Okay, I'm not missing anything. That's cool. Just double and triple checking. Okay, now that I clicked on this, there is an open. It says Mothership. Oh yeah, it is an open mic. Seven o'clock. I definitely missed it. Cool. So it's not like I'm on the fence of like if I'm gonna go or not. I definitely missed the sign up. And for me to have this heavy like feeling about it when it's just an open mic, it's not just an open mic. It's it's like the one that is uh, one that it's the most important one in the whole city, man. And I'm an open micer. Not a comedian. I don't do comedy. I do open mics. Very different thing. So for me, it's sacred. Open mics are sacred ground for me. But uh, that's why I look at it with so much gravitas. Because this ain't just any open mic. It's the most sacred one in the city. That's why I'm dressed in this planet at Terry outfit. It's because... I'm an alien. Anyway. Not that I was planning on going. So I don't know why I give a fuck. It'd be nice to have something to do after this. That's the thing with with like. Anytime you do something. Me. You. I'm talking about me. But I use the word you. Because it's easier. Anytime you do something. That feels like. Work. You want to do. You want to have something to look forward to afterwards. That's like recreational and communal. And without my, without a community, you're gonna be lost. You're gonna be like a, a fucking uh, ant without a hill, without a mothership. Literally, like you're gonna be a, an ant without a queen. And that's why we're ending on this somber note. How much time left we gotta go? We're not ending yet. We gotta hit this 690. I'm not saying we're ending yet, but based on how long it's been so far, we're pretty much getting towards the end. 45 minutes or 30 minutes ain't that much longer. Of it, of uh, so it's pretty much the end. Just do the math on that one more time. 690 minutes. I mean, the whole point of this is that it's episode, yeah, 11.5 hours. We will double check to make sure that we hit that time because I am a perfectionist. I don't fuck around. I don't overanalyze. I do the correct amount of analysis to get the quantity end product that I'm looking for because I'm from Chicago. 
So I'm looking for a specific end product, and that's got to be 690 minutes to the dot. We'll edit it if it's a little over, I guess. Because, yeah, if it's over 690, kind of defeats the purpose. So I guess we have to end right at that moment. Who gives a shit? Doesn't be right. The, it, yeah, it has to be pretty accurate. And there's a lot of false starts at the beginning. But we're going to keep all those in unless we, you know, maybe not. That gives us some room to edit down if we don't hit it right at the 690. But we got a long time to go before we have to worry about that. We got about 30 minutes. 31 minutes. High quantity podcasting coming right at you from an unnamed neighborhood and a cookie cutter neighborhood and uh, unincorporated, nameless neighborhood that I don't even I don't care what it's called. I know, but I don't care. I don't know where I, I you know I kind I guess I know, but I don't care what it's called. And if I don't care about it, I don't want to know it. I don't want to tell you that I know something that I don't care about. It's a waste of time telling me, asking me where I live if I don't care where I live. I don't care where I live. What are you, filming a documentary about me or something? If it's not important to me, why should it be so important to you where I live? Are you stalking me? I don't have guests on this podcast. Like sometimes I do, but you don't need to know my age. You don't need to know where I live. I live in some unincorporated, nameless neighborhood with cookie cutter houses, and there's no artistic culture here except for me. Indoors only. I'm afraid of going around the block. I will try to go around the block today. I've never been around my block, my own block. I don't even know how far of a walk it is. That's how That's how much of a good neighborhood this is. I don't even know what that is like to walk around my own block. Because I don't do it very often. I've never done it and I never will probably because all the time anytime you go past people's houses feels like you're a criminal. All these stupid burglar alarms go off. It's like, woohoo, we got you on camera. Hello, what do you want? Why are you walking on my edge of the driveway? Or why are you walking on the sidewalk, the public sidewalk? What are you doing that for? How dare you? You're a criminal. You must be a criminal if you're walking around the block. That's how I felt walking around my own block. It's 6 in the morning when the sunrise was happening, which was a very good sunrise. I just was like, you know what? I wouldn't mind taking a walk. I don't need to stand in the same spot. Why can't I just take a walk? So I tried taking a walk, and I get spooked by an average person living a normal life about to try to go to their job. I don't want to walk past somebody going to their job in a pickup. They're like standing in a pickup truck, like super high up there. I was like... I ain't walking past that. I don't want to disrupt their flow. 
with my weird energy that I'm putting off. So I, I was like, nope, I, too much for me. And I turned right around and I was like, nah, I don't really gotta walk around the block. Cause I don't like, I don't want to be that close to somebody in their driveway. Like, uh, it's too close for comfort. Getting too close to somebody else's livelihood. It's like, I'm just walking past, I'm just in the sidewalk. Don't mind me, but I feel like you will mind me. So I'm going to turn around. <laughs> I'm not even going to ask you to not mind me. I, I could really sense that you probably are going to mind that I'm on the sidewalk. So I'm going to turn around and enjoy my part of the neighborhood, which is... Uh, my house. That's the only part of the neighborhood I find neighborly. Is <laughs> my house. Then I watched the rest of the sunset arise, whatever, same thing. And it was very good. It was a very high quality sunrise. I would recommend if you've never done it before, if you've done it before, you already know. But do it again. If you're ready, if you could handle the trauma, the burden of, you know, going to the introspective hole that could end up being a little bit too much, it'll pass. Or it won't, and the whole thing will be bad. But I'll recommend, if you've never done it before, take a small amount of mushrooms, just enough to, to feel something, to trip a little bit. And uh, watch a sunrise. Do it uh, not frivolously. Don't do it without planning it out a little bit. It's good to do it on an empty stomach. You don't want a bunch of food being processed in your stomach. Well, you know, better on an empty stomach. Do it as a tea. Do it in a good mood going into it. Try to sleep well before you do it. And. Hopefully that's enough for you to have a positive experience because if you do it just before sunrise and you time it to where it's coming on just as the sun's coming up, it just feels so refreshing. You just you just feel like this is what life is all about. Just a new day cresting in front of you. A new day, but it's still dark. So it's surreal, all these colors of trees. Like you see this purple backdrop behind a tree. And it's like it looks so like cartoonish. It's like that can't be how it looks normally. Because it's just slightly off. You're not like tripping your balls off. It's just slightly off for you to be like, whoa, that's cool. I'm not totally paranoid. I'm just a little bit over. I'm in awe of the beauty of the nature in front of me and that just makes you realize that everything is uh in in that you have is uh not that bad like you, you know at least for me when i say you i'm not talking about like everybody on the planet but you know other people do this other people say you and they really just mean me i'm talking about me we didn't say you. Look, I'm trying to like make it relatable. Of course, not everybody's gonna. Doesn't mean it's not true for some people. I'm saying 
generalize like I'm saying you as in one could also have this experience I'm not saying necessarily like I'm predicting that you'll have this exact experience I'm saying you because it's possible that you might resonate with this experience be like yeah I see what he's saying there's a value to there's a high quality value to this not quantity quality value of like oh shit I'm actually very excited now this makes me like actually kind of hopeful for the future instead of dreading it it turns your anxiety inside out and it becomes uh, bliss because you're looking forward to the future you're not just dreading it but you're also happy in the present you're excited for the present that's what it really is not really the future you're looking forward to who you're going to interact with in the future because you feel like a renewed person but it's really in the moment that you're having that you're excited about you're excited about something that we take for granted the present that's what mushrooms do they help you enjoy the present and uh, make you at peace with what really matters which is the present gives a shit about the future man I'll, you know because all we got is the present sure you should plan for things to be not so horrible in the future that's intellectual and that's uh, a re- we, we need to do that cavemen you know there's a reason we have the ability to plan shit out because mushrooms make your brain less function they take away certain parts of your brain it's less brain activity so it just puts you in the present it's a meditative state it's not that like that's how you could be all the time because then you wouldn't be able to plan shit out for the future and you want to have you want to be able to look at things with other parts of your brain that make you not as open-minded because you shouldn't be walking around in a meditative state all the time and like oh everything's blissful everything's beautiful that would get you killed so that's why you know this is a something you do hopefully in a good sentence setting not around a bunch of dumb animal people yeah this is something you do with uh, respect because it's your mind you're playing with your mind you're like adding You're melting your mind, man. It's like you're taking your mind and turning it into into liquid. It's instead of a semi-solid. The mind is never a solid. It's always malleable. That's why we have emotions that go up and down depending on the context of who are... Like, obviously, the mind is not a piece of solid granite. It's always semi-liquid, but mushrooms turn it into a more less vicious, viscous liquid. And if you take a lot, there's no viscosity and your mind is a pure liquid that is like as is, is, is liquid as anything, as water or soapy water like it just like slips through everything slips through the tiniest crack 
That's what it does if you take a lot. If you take just a little bit, your mind will pulsate. It'll like it's like melting ice. A little bit of veins of water will drip through the ice or the semi-liquid. I don't know. The metaphor is breaking down. But I don't know. It 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 causes more uh fluidity to your minds and your mind is very powerful your mind is what uh, colors your perception you could perceive a sunset as just a phenomenon that's just scientific it's just light being scattered across the sky the atmosphere and it's very mundane it's like whatever, it's just different color light. It happens every day. That's your mind deciding that. That it's mundane. It's a reason that your mind becomes brittle and becomes less malleable and easily stimulated. There's a reason for that, I'm sure. It, it needs to be hardened. But that's probably because it's hardened because of bad experiences. So it becomes less malleable and less sensitive because as a defense mechanism so you don't enjoy sun that's a very bad byproduct of abuse is that you can't enjoy sunsets anymore or sunrises because your mind has become too hard too solid it's it's no longer a lava flow it's just hardened calcified and that ain't how you enjoy things in life if your mind is just set in stone and that's as a defense mechanism of growing older and, be and becoming numb to the experiences in life but usually in a bad way because you have a mundane existence maybe it's not necessarily abuse it's just because you just have a life that isn't stimulating you so your mind starts to calcify and become brittle and hardened because it has no other choice it, it, it's just this thing attached to your body that goes along with your body like a barnacle well that does but it's not the thing that's driving your body anymore it's just, it's no longer in control and it's no longer the engine. Your mind has to be in charge. And it has to be sensitive and not in a hardened, numb, catatonic, you know, tough state. It has to be malleable. And if that means being ex uh, exposed to these buried traumas, that's the only way to get rid of them, I think, is by uh, unwinding the, uh, the knotted up entanglement of them, of these cords. The sooner you get rid of those, you face those traumas, and realize that they are fixable and that they aren't they don't define you 
then you can start enjoying life the way it's meant to be enjoyed and you will start enjoying sunrises again because you won't be numb to them your brain your mind will be fragile again the way that it should be in a childlike way even though you're an adult you need you you'll go back to how you were even even more than you ever remember as a child because as a child that's when your trauma started that's when you started building up those defense mechanisms and that's when you started not enjoying sunsets as much but then as an adult you finally twisted through them you took the knotted up ball of extension cords and like you know what I'm done carrying all these horrible tangled up webs and I'm going to actually untangle them, disentangle them, and remove the icy shit on top of the mountain and get some new water flowing through these cracks. New magma. I don't know. I was trying to use another metaphor that somebody else talked about how snow, but I already laid out enough. Uh, I think I described it enough. I made enough metaphors. I don't need to, like, you know, latch, like, shoehorn. Another one, but it's a good metaphor, I guess, is like a snowy hill. Fuck that metaphor. I like my, I like what I said. I made enough metaphors. Once you free yourself with that trauma and realize that it ain't defining who you are and that you shouldn't build a personality around them, it just ain't a, it, it's even Michael Jackson, he built a personality around his trauma, which turned out to create some great music. But his executive functioning was actually not that good later in his life he couldn't continue to do it man because the dopamine he was like me he was catatonic he needed a bunch of weird shit in, injected into his dick to fall asleep and like I don't know what he was taking to wake up I mean if you're taking that shit to fall asleep profile, I don't know what he was taking to wake up but he wasn't cranking out the music he was a recluse and he was going through mental health problems so as much as it got out of some great albums he couldn't continue doing that because it was only a, a way to he was only it was only based on uh, one-upping I don't know it was he was pissed off at the world for not recognizing his talent so that was good, but once he got recognized, it's like, okay, I'm the best. Thank you. Now what? Then he just lived a very reclusive life. Because, like, he was already, he already got what he wanted. And it's like, how do you get dopamine if you already got everything you want? How do you keep making great albums if you already made great albums? It's like, I already did it. I gotta keep doing it. That's how the Beatles broke up. Did I tell you that story? You know, I think you know how it goes when you're playing with the same guys, 
pumping out album after album. You know, you always write a couple hit songs. Like you write a couple of songs that go down as like some of the best songs ever written. I think you know what that's like. Do I really have to? You know, Strawberry Fields. We've all been there. We've all written a few Strawberry Fields here and there. And Paul will throw something at you that's like goofy. It's like raccoon. Like what? Rocky Raccoon? Where did you get that? Like I did a song about walruses, but that was like a joke. That was just me doing like some trippy, you know, surreal shit. Because I'm cool. But you're actually doing a, like a song and dance about a Rocky Raccoon? That ain't cool. This is the 60s, man. You're supposed to be into surrealism. You're just doing this old song and dance BS with the Maxwell Silver Hammer. What does that have to do with anything? What does that have to do with what we're doing? Strawberry Fields. Way better song. Come on, man. Tomorrow never knows. That's where the that's where it's at. Not yesterday. Keep focusing on the past. Yesterday. No, it's tomorrow never knows. That's the cool thing about the Beatles is that we're focusing on tomorrow. Not yesterday. Yesterday was an old that was the Alright, whatever gets you through the night, you know, and it ain't always, you know, it ain't getting better, you know, it's, is it getting better? Not for me, that's why I ended the Beatles, because it wasn't getting better, it's like, is it getting better, it's like, is it, it's getting better, it's getting better all the time, I, I highly disagree, Getting better all the time. I think it can't get much worse. So that's why you end the Beatles. Not me. I'm saying you as in, you know, me. But I'm saying you because it's easier to say you. Because I'm trying to like relate it to other people to make them understand why I ended the Beatles. But I'm saying you figuratively. I don't mean literally you're the one who ended the Beatles person I'm talking to. You're someone interviewing me. I know that you are not me. I'm me. There's only one John Lennon. I know you didn't literally write also a song like Strawberry Feet. I know it's not that relatable. I'm trying to be relatable as much as I can as a fucking Beatle. By saying you get tired of playing with the same guys for 10 years. You would too. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying you understand. I'm trying. I know you don't understand what it's like to be a beetle. Only three other people do in the whole planet. I'm saying you, as a figure of speech, to convey why you would also end the Beatles if you were me. You, me, whatever. Don't get fucking in a clusterfuck. Don't get all entangled. And it's not my fault that the Beatles ended, man. It's like I was born 20 years after they ended. You can't blame me for something that happened before I was born. I mean, maybe like 
like not all of the blame could be on somebody that wasn't even alive at the time. I was not even born yet. The idea I wasn't I didn't do nothing yet. Can't blame me for something that happened before I was born. Not all of it. Not like not like completely. Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. You know, I, maybe I was there in spirit. Because you never know what you're doing before you're born. But you know, what was I doing? I don't know. Maybe I was like Billy Preston. Maybe I got Maybe I was influencing him or some shit. Maybe I got into somebody's head. Maybe I influenced somebody to, to break up the Beatles. But I wasn't born. You can't blame me. Maybe a little bit. So that's why you break up the Beatles, man. That's why you end the Beatles. I didn't break up the Beatles. I I ended the Beatles. I didn't break up with the Beatles. I am the Beatles. How can you break up with yourself? So anyway, we're about seven minutes till closing time. Which, uh... I'm gonna delete this. From my me- I, not the podcast. I'm gonna delete this podcast from my memory of ever happening. By going to therapy. And paying somebody thousands of dollars that's not covered by insurance. Because I don't own my insurance company. If you own your insurance company, you're set for life. You can just do whatever you want. It's not other people's money. It's your money. Premiums are your money. You're not a bank if you own an insurance. You can do anything with that money as long as an emergency doesn't happen, which they don't. Emergencies don't always happen. That's why they're called emergencies because they emerge out of no, out of thin air. They're not every day, every minute of the day. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to a therapist and tell them, you know, I, I must be going through a mental health crisis or divot. Let's not say crisis. It's not a crisis. Let's just say I'm going through a little divot. In mental health, like there's a whole, like a little bump in the road. How much do I gotta pay you to f- get the memory that I did a 12-hour podcast out of my head forever, so I don't have to have that on my emotional resume or lack of res or as my rap on my rap sheet. The opposite of a resume. Hey, can I see your resume? Well, you no. Oh shit, did I? You mean raps? Is that the same as rap sheet? Starts with an R. No, that's the opposite of a resume. Why would you give us your rap sheet? It's like, well, I don't know. It's the closest thing I got to a resume because it lists a bunch of things that I've done. That's not the same thing as. How's that not what you're asking for? It's a list of things I've done. To show that I'm qualified for the job or some shit. It's like, yeah, but this is not a job in in criminal. This is not a crime job. This is not a job to be a criminal. Why would we need to see a rap sheet? No, we need to see a resume, as in showing the good things that you've done, not the the crimes. Not that you did a twelve-hour podcast. Why would they put on that your re- Why would you put on that your resume? It's like a something you would put on a rap sheet. That's like the worst crime you could ever commit that I will ever find out about. 
because I no longer care about you as a person because I just found out that you did a 12-hour podcast. You could say anything on podcast. You could say that you did 9-11 on a podcast. Nobody will ever know because nobody listens to podcasts. You kidding me? You did a 12-hour podcast. And why? I mean, did you, did your, did you, it's because you're, you don't have access to, to mental health resources? No, because I'm an artist. They, well, how much money do you make? How much money do you make as an artist? And I'll go, I'm not commercial. I'm quantity. I'm I'm quantity over quality. I don't sell. I don't sell tickets to this. I'm not an artist that sells tickets for thirty dollars. I'm a real artist that nobody knows or cares about because he has a podcast. Which he, you can say anything on podcast. But anyway, I I have a I'm not a sellout. I don't do thirty dollars shows, ticketed shows. I'm not good enough for that. I'm a professional. A professional doesn't even do open mics because they're not good enough because they're catatonic. If there's one word that I could choose to describe this guy's comedy, it'd probably be catatonic. He rippled the crowd. Oh man, his comedy was so catatonic. It caused like an earthquake of catatonia through the whole crowd. The whole crowd was speechless. They just fucking sat there like this the whole time, like expressionless. They were cat. It was fucking amazing, man. And then he died in his garage. It was very not sad because he had a podcast, but it was. It would have been sad if he didn't have a podcast. But it was funny. It's ironic because he died doing what he thought he... He died living his dream. He died after he died on stage. He died in his car because he was catatonic still because he bombed on stage so bad and he was so ashamed of himself that he couldn't get out of his car. And he just got this garage lube, this lube for the car, for the garage opener, for the door to lube up the garage door opener, whatever you call it. It's a door. The thing that goes up and down. So he didn't, he, he lubed it up the day before this, this happened. So he exited, he didn't know that the garage door was down because he didn't hear it. He pressed the button out of instinct, out of muscle memory, but forgot to turn his car off for some reason. That part he didn't remember. So he just sitting there catatonic. And that was the last thing that happened to him because unfortunately he was catatonic. And to, uh, he wasn't taking in sensory input. He didn't realize what was happening around him. And that's what he, so he died doing what he loved, which was being, he got, that's what killed him. That's what killed him. Sometimes things just have a way of sorting themselves out. And then he went to Oregon. So we were praying for him. He went to Oregon. He's the, he's like uh, that guy, David Koresh. He's the second coming of Jesus. Way better than 
in the drinking days when he was in the 80s. All right. All right. This was fun. This was episode 69. I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Should we do another 12 hours? No, I'm just kidding. No, we're not going to do another 12 hours. This was episode 69, and we did 690 minutes as a special one-off. I'll see you next week. Next week, I probably won't do the full 690. That went by very, that went by like a breeze.